Coming at you from deep within the Weird Science Studios, it's the DC duo, the jumbo shrimp of podcasting. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're currently listening to episode number 131 of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. You call me a shrimp. You call me a shrimp, you <laughs> Now you're Jumbo, baby. Hello and welcome one and all to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of July 8th, 2017. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network as proud. well. Eric, and I'm going to tell everyone, if you want to find us shrimps around on the intranets you can go to facebook where we're at weird science dc comics we're on podbean at weird science dc comics at podbean.com twitter where we're weird science dc and like i said earlier our award-winning website weird science dc comics.com uh when we go and we have the podcast obviously we record the bulk of this and this intro on the weekends and yeah on the weekends we usually have a lot of non-dc reviews up by True. guys like ryan and repairman jack and things like that but and they're awesome but i just wanted to mention i did put up a preview this weekend on the dark knight's metal i don't know if you saw that eric we got a preview for that boy it, it looks crazy it looks really good. I, I saw we got it. I didn't look at it yet. Yeah, it has the map of the multiverses involved in the comic and stuff like that. I knew that oh, would fuck. get you Screw this giddy. podcast. We're going to go check you this get, shit out. You But yeah, we also have a Patreon that we like to mention at the beginning. If you would like to support us for everything we do, including this podcast, the awesome. new 52 Review podcast, the Pop Culture podcast, the, all the other stuff, and the stuff that we do just for Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash weirdscience. You can find find the link to go there in the show notes in this podcast also on our site on the sidebar all over the place and i just want to say that this week we have for the patreon exclusive spotlight that will only be on patreon is actually batman 26 eric so you you can't hear me uh, blow a gasket here on the regular podcast and i know some people get angry at this i just want to mention i'm not going to pretend that that is not something that's been going on that people have messaged me or sent me emails and said it's bullshit that we pull a thing off but that's just how it goes (laughs) that's how it goes people paying for it they deserve to get what they're paying for and they vote for it it's the badasses that vote for it before we go to the badass roll call i do want to tell you that this week on the patreon if you did subscribe there you would get an early access to the new 52 review show of green arrow volume one i would like to say that our our podcast of it was good hopefully better than the book itself God, right? so. we also recorded a necessary nonsense show me eric and reggie's top five 90s movies uh that will come out this week and i believe there may be two bonus spotlights uh one book that actually will be an advanced review for a spotlight and will probably just be me myself and i doing me, myself that. and i eric, me myself and i but yeah the batman 26 exclusive spotlight was voted by the badasses now the poll is already up there and if you're a badass you get to vote as well uh vote the up, poll baby. for next week is up and the badasses themselves were surprised that the uh dark days the forge or the casting i mean it's the, the casting, casting yeah. one is up on the poll so if that gets voted on unfortunately you, you'll have to go to grass, patreon man. it is not winning right now right now the the one that is in the lead is the red hood and the outlaws so we'll see what is the but the 
voting goes until Thursday, and whatever they want, they get Eric because they are badasses. Because they're the badasses. And I want to say, well, shout out to these badasses. So if you want to blame anybody, you can blame the names I'm about to say, Eric. That's one of the things. Uh, I think it was Double A Run said to me, oh, it's so cool that you do this badass thing because it makes you want to get involved in the group. And I, I said to him, no, it's so I don't get blamed. That's why I did it. I don't want blame. Though the blame is coming squarely on my shoulders, Eric. But as we listen, they're badasses, so they deserve this. Are you are you smoking like a badass right now? Of course I am. Nice. Here we go, Eric. Roll call. Give me a little roll call chant. Roll call. <laughs> we got Monty, Hakeem, Jolly, Drew, Manship, Brian from Arkansas, a little lady called Tanya Werner. I don't know how she snuck in. Ian, D-Man, Reginald Hancock, Brandon Murray, Swanee, which Taylor, he hates the name Taylor, but I like the name Taylor. I, I like it. Anthony G, we got Josh Vermillion, Little MRT, Bobby Bain, Jazz, Haviland, Dalton, Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond Mark, and of course, the first badass Christopher Hyden, and they are the ones who were involved in doing the voting, getting everything going, and not just the voting for the spotlight. They also get to vote for what I have is the Back Issues podcast. They also vote on the Necessary Nonsense. Basically, everything that we record for Patreon, they are the ones who vote on that and also bleeding over into the regular podcast. Plus, there will be times when we have other things that we want to have, you know, that we want to do. And it's going to be up to them. It, even if it's something like, hey, we want to do this segment, do you think we should do it? It's up to them, Eric. They control, yeah, keeper they control it on everything. They, yeah, they're the keeper of crappers. They are the check valve for whatever and all the things that we do. And we do seem to do a lot, right? That's, that's a, basically, we have this Patreon so that, you know, I can justify myself to my wife and kids that I spend, you know, and you spend Daddy's at least. That is a big shot, kid. Telling you, we spend at least four or five hours a day after work oh doing God. everything for this podcast and the website. And again, it's also for the website, the reviews, all that. And we'd appreciate it. And I, I said, I don't think we're going to get rich, Eric. We're no Rockefellers. Nope. Uh, I just no want some I care more about the support than the, than the dollars. Yeah. I, I really do. It makes me actually sad when I think that people aren't supporting us. It makes so. things feel worthwhile. Yeah. And yeah, it does. It makes you feel wanted. And that's something we haven't felt a lot in me. our... We haven't really felt wanted a lot in our lives. So it is something good. <laughs> but Eric, we're going to get on to the regular podcast. Enough of this nonsense. Uh, I, I'm sure people are fast forwarding. Because, you know, they're fast forwarding not because they don't want to hear us fucking, you know, sing and dance or uh, fucking plead. That's uh, they want to get to the rant and raves, Eric. Doesn't everyone? Doesn't everyone? Though, I we actually... Some more. Remember, we actually lost a Patreon because of the rent raise. <laughs> so, but you know what that you know what happens, and also like this this goes hand in hand with like way back. Dancing Mike put a tweet out that DC was offended by. Uh, not really, it was not meant to be offensive. Dancing no. Mike did not mean anything by it. Uh, they took it the wrong way and then messaged us and said, or messaged me and said, "You're going to take that down, right? Because that's very offensive." No. 
I'm not taking it down. No. That, that's a member of the Get Fresh crew, my man. Yeah. And I said that's a member of the Get Fresh crew, and it wasn't offensive. It was not done in any sort of way that was malicious or anything. It was an no. inside joke in the podcast. If you don't get the joke, DC, then you ain't listening. You ain't oh. part of the Get Fresh crew. You ain't part of the badasses. Yeah, here, come on, Eric. Now we're just ah. talking regular Get Fresh crew. I'm all fired up now. So yeah, dancing Mike. Dancing, we have dancing Mike's back. No matter what, he throws shade at us occasionally, but it's because he cares. Also because he's a longtime listener. We love dancing Mike, and we're not going to let anybody throw shade at him. Brothers except, fight, but they also us. hug Jim. That is true. I knew these two <laughs> brothers when I went to college in West Virginia. That would actually—they were twins. Though I—I I would guess they weren't identical twins. Never really asked them. But the one was kind of a fat little guy, and the one was real skinny. They didn't mm-hmm. look anything alike and Jumbo so trip. what they would do but they were twins and uh they went they would go to this bar that we'd go to and everybody played bumper pool that was the big thing in west virginia right. when i went so they would actually get some guys to play like they'd meet some like a guy hey you want to play some bumper pool i need a partner yeah yeah everybody's drunk and they play against each other and then they'd start talking shit on each other awesome. till the people that are there started talking shit with them and then they'd both beat the guys up that was their whole plan the oh, whole time. That's a dick su- move. Such fun times they had. It was the most ridiculous thing. I hung out with most of the wrestling team when I first got to West Virginia, and all they wanted to do was fight. That's all they wanted to do. That's not a fun steroids, time for Jim. me. It's not a fun time for me. Eh, no. no, actually, if it was anything, it was they were trying to suck weight, fucking spitting in cups and running around in fucking, you know, those that's goddamn right, sweatsuits right. with the they goddamn foil. Yeah, so that's the problem is uh, then you're miserable. You can't have snacks and shit. You go out. You can't rare. Some of them couldn't even drink because of the yeah. carbs. So, you know, then you do liquor, Eric. Liquor doesn't have carbs wow. for the most liquor part. Liquor is quicker. And, and then you, liquor is quicker. And then the next thing you know, you're fighting and everybody's bloody and laughing. I, they thought it was the fun. I, I was going to say, the thing is, I was going to say that fucking, you know, people in the 20s are assholes in college because, you know, I was too. So I can't say yeah. shit. I did the same goddamn things. Yeah, I, I tried not to be. I went off and I left Quakertown, went to Morgantown, West Virginia, and actually kind of – I did actually. That was the only time because we talk about it a lot where you move and things. You're like, oh, I'm going to redefine myself, I'm gonna baby. I'm going to be the new, the new Eric Shea. I yeah. Actually, that was the only time in my life that I actually did do that, and I can't say right now that it was a success or a no. disaster. It was kind well, of – Right now, either I'm trying to reinvent myself or going through a midlife crisis because I just dyed my hair jet black and trying yeah, to get back did. in shape. Like, Eric Shea Dies his hair. <laughs> there you go, Kent Brockman with you. Uh, yeah, you, you dyed your hair. I'm gonna laugh so much at you. That's one thing you can say. And oh, I, also, I wish you were at Walmart with me today because I was going I through. Was. And I, I saw well, not with me, but I saw I a guy been. and a girl that I graduated with. And oh my god, every time I see somebody that I graduated with, I wish that you see them because of all the fucking crap you give me. Holy moly! I'm telling you, I look like I was 12 compared to these people. Holy crap. I, I looked at them, and they looked legitimately looked 20 years older than me. Uh, what I was going to say is that's one thing. You, you can yell and scream at me. I don't need to dye my hair, Eric Shea. Nope. Maybe my beard, but not my oh, hair. God, I, I got the touch of gray that you've been talking about, so I can put it in yeah. my beard as well. Friggin', I got yeah. some weights. I got some fucking, you know. Uh, oh, Eric Shea's starting to panic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. It's, it's a long time coming. Hair. I said it's a long time coming. You hit 30, and the 30 hit you back. Oh, my God. Did it hit me hard? Yes, it did. Eric, 
we have a rant and rave line. I, I don't know if you're aware of this. It's something that we came up with, uh, you know, while you were gone, I think. Because, yes, Wait, welcome back happened? as well. Welcome back. Uh, you were at uh, your daddy's grave last week, and you didn't know that while you were gone, I, in- I visited instituted. Da- I visited daddy's grave. I'm like, daddy, I miss you. And he said back to me, you look fat. And I no, a- actually, it's funny, too. You're like, hey, hey, daddy, if, if you miss me, act like you did when you were alive. And he ignored you, and you knew he missed you. Oh, I love you too, Daddy. <laughs> you just sat there with your suitcase, crying. Ah, uh, yes. You got a lot of food, though. You, you, I think that's what it is. It wasn't that you went to see your daddy's grave. It was that your grandma, your mima, bought you so much food, you stuffed your goddamn face and gained eight pounds, and I now you're fucking freaking out. I gained and I fucking panicked yeah. right now back to you're work You're freaking out, aren't you? You're like, Jesus Christ, because that shows you you can do it. You can do it, Eric. You can gain that weight. You can end uh. up like my father, my big fat dad. Job of the American. There you go, Dad. But yes, we have a rent rave line. You can call us at 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. Just that easy, folks. It is just that easy. What what was the delay there? Were you, you I don't know. I was thrown, no, I was thrown off because instead of doing my karate moves I usually do during that, I was drinking them, so I was kind of thrown really? off. No karate moves? Well, no. you, you like the uh, back and forth I have, the little fucking rhythm I have with that? You do a little oh, karate moves. It, hey, the first one is from Jolly Drew. Jolly Drew is going to – he's going to pick us up with a little tune there. Yo, yo, right. yo. Jim and Eric. Shout out Fresh Crew. Whoop, 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 whoop. Just wanted to uh, submit my weekly rant and rave before I forgot – and, you know, I was just thinking, uh, Jim, you've been stressed out lately. Yes, I have. Uh, you know, we, we all go on a roller coaster ride of emotions yes, with you, do. you know, especially when a, um, I won't say his name, but it rhymes with, um, <laughs> Palm Brom Ring. And, uh, just wanted to write a little song, uh, you know, whenever you get super, uh, mad, uh, or sad, or, uh, disheartened, when you read oh, a that's every day. like, or one that makes I'm gonna you have angry, to, I'm gonna have this on an endless fucking loop. crap <laughs> on social media. Just remember these words. Hey, Jim, yeah. don't get so mad. Tom King's Batman can never hurt you. Remember... To shout out the Get Fresh crew boop, boop. Yeah. Saying whoop whoop, whoop, whoop Will make it all better Hey Jim Don't get stressed out Take a deep breath And do some yoga Maybe The yodels. minute Tom King gets under your skin Make fun of Eric and make it better. And anytime you feel the pain, hey Jim, refrain. Comic books aren't meant to be so stressful. I know. I know, Drew. For well you know Eric's the fool, you rule, he drools <laughs> all over Fuck. his custom castle gray skull. Alright, have a good show guys. Nice. I'm not so well now. 
that makes me feel better. Peace. And Peace. yeah, uh, that's one thing. If you did listen to the Patreon only spotlight on Batman, uh, a couple people did comment that uh, actually giving you the book uh, wasn't a stress. I you didn't get any flack. That's because nobody gave me shit. Nobody gave you shit either. either. I said I bail. You bail at the most inopportune times on a book because it usually then gets canceled and then I'm free. Uh, I bail right when the tide turns uh, because the reviews still – there was still a bunch of tens this week for Batman. uh, But it wasn't like like the week before. It really wasn't. Uh, It's starting to – go a little down it's never going to go fully down it seems like tom yeah. king has fooled every i don't know i can't say fooled but people seem the people that are left reviewing it seem to be the ones that are into him so that's fine i yeah. have nothing against tom king i i just yes batman it's just not hitting with me and then people wanted to hit back eric and you they, take it they said we landed on plymouth rock well plymouth rock landed on us eric oh I don't know why I'm getting all fired up here. I don't know I am why I'm sweaty. Uh, speaking of things that stress me out as well, we were recording. I told you we were recording the '90s top five '90s movies last night, and by the middle of I got, the, I gotta hear this. By the middle of the episode, you know what I'm talking about because know, by the middle the of the episode, I start smelling the craziest smell, <laughs> and it smelt like, and I can't even explain it except to say it smelt like an indoor pool. Right. And this is something that way back in the day, we had a YMCA, an old YMCA in Quakertown that I used to go to. And you'd go and they'd have it really chlorinated. Just like the Workout but, Plus as well. Yeah, and, and at, because it was indoor and I don't think there was a lot of ventilation where it nope. was, it really had this stink to it that by the end of swimming, I'd always have a sore throat. So last night, also, I'll, I'll also tell you, this may even come up in the uh, Jim Has Issues with His Kids podcast. At one does. point, my wife was, uh, she was kind of, addicted to putting bleach in a humidifier so that the whole uh, house smelled like bleach and it started smelling a bit like that as well but something was off and we were we were recording so I couldn't really say and we recorded two hours straight so it wasn't yeah. like we were taking breaks or anything but as we were going my throat started hurting I, I had this weird smell and I was like god damn what what the fuck's going on so then when we got done we got done and then Eric says to me hey Wait till you go downstairs. Uh, you're going to have a surprise because your wife had gone on Facebook and said, my wife said, that the kids had pissed in a bucket of bleach. And See what happened. they indeed did. It was a little bit of an experiment they had going. They had a bucket full, full of bleach and then peed in it. And I guess the ammonia, I don't know, whatever, the uric acid, whatever, did interact with the bleach. And the whole fucking house smelled. And it was like, it didn't smell like piss. Nope. Didn't smell like bleach. It smelled like I said. It smelled like a chlorinated it like pool, chlorine gas, and it hurt my fucking throat. And I couldn't escape it. It was the whole house. Uh, I sat on the porch for a while. We ended up getting all the fans. Now we don't have central air here or uh, air conditions in that we put. It, we don't have any of that. We have fans. Right. You know, I I am a simple man, Eric. And we got all the fans. Then now we have to have all the fans downstairs going. So the rest of the house is burning hot. So then it forced me because we do have an air conditioner that goes into the window, uh, but we weren't going to use it because it's not fair. It only fits in one one room. Has windows that have that because our house is so old. We have these really odd like skinny windows that an air conditioner won't fit in. So it's not really fair for who it was, Rafe and Logan, to put the air conditioner in their window and everybody else burning hot. But we did that, and we all were in the room then, and we were watching things. And then I realized 
Those motherfuckers. It was, it was Rafe and Logan who yeah, pretty much did it. So, but I don't think they thought ahead that that was their plan to kind of stink everyone out, get the air conditioner. I was so mad. Well, and I, I see said, here, Jim, because I had an idea when you were talking about that because I didn't think about the ammonia and piss. But yeah. you know, mixing bleach with ammonia generates toxic chlorine. That's vapor. what I'm mixing saying. Bleach I and ammonia yeah. is extremely dangerous. I'm telling toxic you, vapors will be produced. Yeah. I'm telling you, the ammonia in, and the uric acid, whatever it is, but it's probably more the ammonia in the urine. It did let off a gas, and it's yeah. and. You just said it was chlorine, you know, chlorinated gas. That's what it's. It was fucking awful. Chloramine so vapor, angry. it says here. I was so Toxic angry. Chloramine yeah, vapor. Yeah, I'm telling you, I still have a sore throat. My throat is killing me. Before we started, I said night. to you, I said to you, my throat's killing. And I said, why did you do that? Huh? That, yeah, that's that's there. I'm telling you, ask my kids anything when they do anything. You might as well ask Scooby Doo. <laughs> fucking kill him then then at one point today somebody went outside left the door open our, our dog got out almost got run over was hiding under my car on the street we had to coax her out uh, uh, just nonsense nonsense there so i need this song by jelly drew to get me going what i don't need what i don't need is jed i don't need jed bothering us eric but here he is anyway You'll never believe here he is you'll never jed. believe it yeah, that's right. It's Judge Jed, kid of God, Jed. It's Judge Jed. Senior. And I figured, I'm going to take my sweet time. Sweet time. Leaving y'all a shit-ass iTunes review. I might as well you Might as well do join in with all the other now, trash tigers. I don't But I figured I'd live twat it on the phone. Nice. Here we go. Here I go on the iTunes, leaving you a shit review. If I could leave less than one star, I would. But I cheat without having it register as something. It's hard to understand. One you, star right? it is, but just know. I'm turning it up. It's a fuck you zero. It's a fuck you zero now, they gave us. Oh, it definitely, it's a fuck you, isn't it? Get it. Senior. Senior, because I took over for Babel. Why, that's too much. Hold on. I don't know what he's saying. I'll sleep with Jed Gadget. He's make, he's doing his review on parentheses. Judge Jed. Yes. Close parentheses. Now. Parentheses, sir. Before I begin, I'd just like to say I have been raised on comics and I happen to know a thing or well, hold on. This motherfucking there. shit's telling me I spelled comics wrong. What the fuck? See? He spelled comics wrong. The fuck is this shit? It's Jed. I know comics has at least three K's in it. At least it doesn't know oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to have to cover y'all back. I may or may not strike again. It is July 4th. Independence Day. And I may or may not strike because I do take this day to have my freedom. Yes, he he's does. got the freedom he's to call it. He's coming. He's uh, coming back, he's and he's still coming. God damn it! Either tonight, he's going to strike tonight or tomorrow. Could be next week. You oh. never know. I'm a man of mystery. That is true. Yes. like Austin yes, Powers. Be there, motherfuckers. <laughs> We we watched uh, Austin Powers today, and I told you I didn't think it was going to hold up. It actually does uh, hold up a little more now uh, 
that you're kind of away from all the the craziness of the Austin. Like everybody would go around and you know, do I make you horny and all that? And it got so ridiculous. Whatever, man. I watched Red Dawn with yelling Wolverines the whole fucking time. Were you the original or the yeah, new the original? One? Oh, thank God. Well, speaking of which, I did. I, I've mentioned it before, and I did want to spell it all out. The last review we did get, I was loading up iTunes right now. The last review we did get is from Iceman3113, Eric, that says, mm-hmm. These guys are definitely putting up an act in being overly dramatic. Ooh. Ooh. The foul language. I like oh to. Oh, my. He, he, uh, he, it, he breaks, like, who he's talking to here because he says, these guys are definitely putting up an act and being overly dramatic. So he's telling the audience this, yeah. right? Or anybody. Then the foul language makes you sound childish. Is he oh. talking about the audience still or, you know, yeah. people who hey, are looking? Audience, stop with the foul There are much better podcasts. I like it, too. There are much better podcasts to get your DC news fix. So, to me, he listened up until the news and you bailed. Say, I, I agree. If you're looking for news and you yeah. go other places for that yeah. shit, yeah, we're not can. very good with that. He says, look elsewhere. So, Iceman3113, we, we shout out to you. Thank you. Uh, obviously, then I looked and uh, Judge Jed did not. Leave a review, Eric, so he didn't leave a fuck you zero. But you never know when he's going to pop back up to culture that ass. That is true. We also have another. Jed has more problems, and hopefully hopefully the connection is a little better, Eric. But this one, uh, he seems to be mad because I took umbrage of the guy. Oh, actually, you weren't even here when I was telling Reggie about the guy that lives on my street. That uh, has like all these Confederate flags hanging. Oh no, I, I listened from to that part truck. of the podcast. Okay, like, yeah. Jesus Christ, quite yeah, the time. Uh, so what the fuck? Speaking of which, he is best friends with the guy we work with that you like to call the Melting Man, Eric. Of so course. It, that that kind of spells out a little for you. But here we go. Here comes Jed again. Well, you'll never believe who this is. <laughs> I, I'll believe. I just heard you, Tim, and your little friend Reagan, Reagan, on your little podcast yes. talking about. Yeah. No, Ronald. Some guy with a Confederate flag on his truck that you'd see. Flag. The window. Now, let me ask you a question. I will. I'll answer. You got some kind of problem with Confederate flag? Because if you do, check your history. At least that's what they say. My internet history? No, I don't ever check that. Now. No. Make you feel bad about yourself. If you don't know, incognito. Damn right. With the South. Here we go. Is this actually dancing? Well. <laughs> Do a little bit of reading if you can, if you can read. Because okay. you'll see Quaker Town fall hard. You, know, you hear them bombs going off in the background. You hear <laughs> them fireworks for the 4th of July. Didn't Reggie say that Quaker Town fought hard for the South? I know. It's <laughs> Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth there. Mother. Earth. Yes, Earth. Anyway. Welcome to Earth. They watch still. <laughs> I will be back. He will be back. He's, he's not going to leave for another minute. He'll, he'll be back. Fire, part two. Mm-hmm. About the fact that I feel like it should be about part four, five, or six, or just infinite, was a grand masterpiece. I know what we're talking about. You didn't talk about it. <laughs> we'll eventually go in my iTunes review when I can get it to accept my spelling. Yes. He's having problems with his spelling comic. Which has multiple K's, but it won't <laughs> accept multiple it, K's. so I'll have to uh, I got you. Fine, won't I? Anyway, Judge Jed is out. Jedediah Jeddington say 
in your ears out, and he will strike. I He's going to strike again. Strike He's going to strike Possibly out. again on the 4th of July, but the day's almost over. Yes, it is. I will be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's going to be back, Eric. Oh, God. I will strike. Eric, he's going to be back. Eric, trace the call. It's Eric. coming from inside the house, Jim. Eric, can you hear me? Yes. It's coming. It's coming from that guy's fucking truck. That's where the okay. call's coming from. We have one last rant and rave. Uh-huh. And uh, this one's directed uh, right to you, Eric. Ooh. This is one for strictly just Eric Shea. Are you ready? Right. Because I know that you scare easily. Eric, I do. I don't want you to scare that easily because oh, the, this, is a, this is what I call spooky ghost. Eric oh. Shea. <laughs> oh, no. What? Eric. Is it, what's going on? Spooky ghost. It almost sounds like the ghost of Big Tom. Stop watching Ghost Adventures. <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> 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 Spooky ghost says that uh, Ghost Adventures is bullshit, Eric. Can you believe it? Can yeah, you believe I it? You every goddamn week. Uh, yes. I always ask you about it, though, because I like when you tell me, and then we laugh. We laugh, Eric. We laugh together. And then walk through the park. But that is the Rand Raves. There's not a ton of Rand Raves. Yes, I I just want to make a suggestion. I I think Jet needs to record at home and send it in. Uh, Because I I can't, that connection. I don't Uh, know what the hell is going on. That's the one thing. uh, The problem with the Rand Rave line is sometimes the connection is really bad. Sometimes it doesn't even record. Uh, That happened to Alex Emmy, who left a long one. And then he's like, man, you didn't read my thing. I'm like, no, I don't think we got it. And you didn't push pound, motherfucker. You didn't push follow, you didn't follow it by the pound sign. <laughs> it wasn't that easy. Eric. But we're gonna go off now. There is some news this week, but before we hit the news, I do have something I wanna play because Dancing Mike and Brett ended up uh it was my birthday last week and and really oh, happy birthday, uh, I thank Jeff. everybody for wishing me a happy birthday. Uh this was probably the only year that I've ever let out that it was my birthday to anybody because yeah. I I hate birthdays and I hate getting attention like that. And I I don't like getting attention for uh to a Batman or my birthday and I got All both I know last is week. I looked on the Slack chat so everybody wishing you a happy birthday and you thanking everybody so I'm like oh he's thanking people I went on Twitter went to the message but happy birthday baby and you let that shit sit for hours I'm like you yeah. motherfucker fuck that I don't need to hear it from you you freaking pandering piece of shit that's <laughs> what I say <laughs> I'm telling you I hate birthdays but I know. this is awesome uh Dancing Mike and Brett Brett wrote some lyrics Dancing Mike lent his vote local talents to this and they sent me a birthday song and i wanted to play it so everybody can hear it and then we'll be back with the news
from Jim and Shay. blogspot.com I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. I'm Jim Warner. I don't know if I want to attach my name to this, Eric. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Great week. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. See you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> what an ending. I don't want to attach my name to anything, Eric. That made me laugh the most. I was sitting there smiling, but that's so awesome. But yeah, oh, I, I, I don't I just don't like attaching anything that you're involved with, Eric. I know. But we're I... gonna stop right now for a second, uh listen to a lot of, a little bit more of Dancing Mike and be back with the news. Hey Eric. Hey what? We got an extra rant and rave after we had already recorded. What kind of son of a bitch would send the rent? That would be Dancing Mike. And since we just listened to his awesome song, we're going to listen to his rent rave now. It goes against all the rules, just like Dancing Mike himself. Uh, But a lot of production, a lot of production value in this. He said in the email that he sent it in, and I got it after we got done recording last night uh, because this is now Sunday day. And he's like, oh, man, I hope I got it in on time. I'm like, God. Darn it, we already did it, but yeah, there's a lot of production, so we're going to play it now, Eric. Here we go. Yeah. What's up, that? Already more production quality than this podcast. I know. Listen to that. Listen how good that sounds. Greetings, Eric, and hello. Mother. That's some synchronization. First of all, I want to give a shout-out in the immortal words of Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) I am your reckoning. 
whoop, whoop, the first man. thing I want to talk about is the song "Want to Throw a Party," which I sent to Jim on his birthday, which you might have heard in Slack, and I'm not sure if Jim will play it on the show. We just or played it. Anyway, that song has a very, very, very long history, or longer than usual for me. I was looking back, and Brett actually sent me the lyrics on February 4th, after which I promptly got sick and couldn't sing anything really well for a couple of months. Uh, Brett thought I didn't like the song because it was something I hadn't written. Right. I was saying, if you don't like it, and I kept assuring them that although I'm worse than Wonder Woman's patrons, I really, really did like the song because it is excellent lyrically. And I finally got it about as close as I can. I just cannot hit Peter Cetera's vocal range at all. Uh, for some like reason, it. that was really, really hard for me. And there were a lot of background vocals, but it was a wonderful song. I'm glad I finally got it done. Me it too. was a nice bonus that it did come to you on your birthday, Jim. Yep. And like I said, that is all Brett. I only added um, whoop whoop instead of because, you know, I replaced uh, Cetera's original Ooh, ooh, and um, I added the sound clips. Of course, I had to add the Hello, Motherfuckers, because that's what we all think of, of when course. we think of Brett, because he always requests that. So anyway, um, like I said, I'm glad that I got that done, and now I can get on to some other songs, which hopefully won't take me quite as long, because that was... It was a labor of love, but I apologize again to Brett. It took so long, but I hope that everyone enjoys it and appreciates it. I loved it, it Brett. And uh, I'm my, sure everybody anyway, loved it. I, I loved it, too. I didn't get to call him last week because I was busy doing stuff like, I don't know, recording songs and other life things. Uh, I just wanted to give a quick comments on my com- uh, comments on my comics from last week. Uh, Batman Beyond number 9, I do agree that the... Art is good, but that story is moving glacially slow. Uh, Detective Comics number 959. I'm loving Detective Comics again. I was I was on board a, a week earlier than Jim, but I'm glad yeah. he is back on board, and I'm hoping it continues in this direction. I'm really excited for where that one uh, seems to be going. And Wonder Woman number 25. It was an okay issue. I mean, it kind of was... It was nice. Uh, nice. Basically, here's... Wonder Woman getting her lasso back, which you see on the cover, and uh, did like the uh, writing of Batman and Superman. I thought their voices were really good, but the art in that section was a little bit, little bit off. Their faces seemed yeah. rushed and not quite finished. I do agree with uh, Eric that Superman looked a little too thin, and... Um, when did Superman start wearing origami as a cape or origami as a cape? Because there are some crazy, crazy angles in that one drawing of his yes. cape. It's like, are you unfolding that? Is it going to, the sharp edges? He was quicker than Superman down. folding laundry. And I also have found the bright colors that Eric is looking for in the Green Lantern series. They are all in Batman's cape, which was ah. fully out there and very, 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 very purple. So, yes, that's where the bright colors from the Green Lantern uh, series back in the Green Lantern are hiding. Already. It's yes. in Batman's purple cape in Wonder Woman. Anyway. He's um, part of the Indigo tribe. On episode 130. By the way, this is the Here we go. little bit of shade Here we go. segment of the podcast. In the Batgirl discussion, episode 130 of the podcast. I don't remember I it. I remember this as if it I don't remember anything. I didn't get that far. Thank God we're going back in time. Since when has Batgirl had all those earrings? That's when right. she she has three earrings in her one earlobe and then another one, so she has four, right? 
That is not yeah. a good idea for somebody who has to try not. to maintain a secret identity. Because no. at that point, it throw it it kills me. Because she's there with these very specific earrings, and then when she's Barbara Gordon, I look. There they are. She doesn't change them. She doesn't take anything out. Why would you do this? Why would you have that to make her? That guy. That guy is. Uh, that's phony really uh, compassion. Really passion. Recognize that. Maybe it's been something that's been there the whole time, and I just I'll didn't be honest, see I, it. I, I, Reggie was just going to say he didn't care. Yeah. Distinctive piercings. Yes. Distinctive piercings. Yes. Distinctive yes. piercings. Yes. <laughs> yes! How about very distinctive facial piercings, a very distinctive blue haircut, and a mask which is basically a G-string for the head, which shows off the very distinctive facial piercings and the very distinctive blue haircut, and somehow... I'll pause it there. Obviously, he's yelling about Harper Row, which I mean, as he goes, he's going to keep yelling. I just want to tell him that there's a little bit of a difference between a Barbara Gordon backer and a Harper Row bluebird. Uh, really, when it comes down right to now. things where most of the people, the, the other main issue for me is why I thought it was such a big thing with Barbara is, number one, you would have somebody say, oh, look, this bluebird who, uh, who I see, I've seen three times. Oh, there's some facial piercings. Nobody knows Harper Row. Like, no. yeah, you may see Harper Row at the Wawa. It's Hoagie Fest, Eric. She's hungry. She's there God. getting a Hoagie. I don't think you'd go. You but Barbara Gordon is the head of a huge clean energy fucking thing now where I think it's a little bit of a difference in scope of a Barbara Gordon Harper Row. But he's got a point. He, yeah. I would think that Harper would do something as well. Well, that's okay for keeping a secret identity. It's nonsense to quote Jim in Batgirl, but somehow when uh, Brother Scott and Brother Greg do it, <laughs> it's rock and roll. It's yeah, funny, too. He says this. Joy. He says this trying to make it seem like I said that it was, those words never would come out. Have you ever heard me yell? Jim, like, I, think I know that I don't think he means. Yeah, I don't think he means me in general. He means just the public. But it yeah. sounds like I just want to point out that it does sound like he's talking about me. And not once have I ever in my life said that that is rock and roll. Unless I'm listening oh, and somebody goes, "What rules. type okay, of music roll, is that?" Yeah. That's rock and roll. I would say I would never say it about a character design or anything. Want to get with my brother Scott? Good rock and roll metal. Get me some of them cream candy bars. Yeah, cream candy. Scott Snyder. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going calm to down now. calm down now and not go off on my rant about Snyder, which I'm sure I can save for another day. And finally, let's talk about Batman number 26. Uh, Dick Sprang, in case no one else has brought it up was one of Bob Kane's favorite ghosts during uh, the Golden Age. Uh, those were the writer, uh, the artists who would draw everything that was credited to Bob Kane because That's of his right. contract with DC. Like, yeah. No matter who draws this, we'll give you credit on yeah. the cover. So uh, Dick Sprang uh, was apparently pretty instrumental in creating the Riddler and Batman's iconic square-jawed look did a lot of great, great art and uh, in the Golden Age for which he was uncredited. Yep. And I think it was kind of disrespectful for Tom King to use his name as kind of a cheap joke because, you know, it's like, yeah, he's making the bad joke about it, which wasn't funny unless you're, you know, 11. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah, funny. It, it was, that was just not funny, not didn't like that. You're 
trying to throw up fan service, but don't do it by disrespecting uh, great artists from the past. Uh, this I actually agree with some. Not, not that I has care some that much about it, but it's it, it a um, lame joke. Some you mentioned on the podcast, and I'm going to mention a few more that weren't mentioned. So the undercover cop was apparently Gino Baby Cheeks Fanasa. <laughs> baby on Cheeks. On the next page, Batman is going through all the people describing I called him baby them Cates. again, and it's apparently Baby Face. Yeah, so changes. from one page to the next, uh, there was a stupid Twix or Snickers ad in between. But yeah, oh, that so was from the one worst page to the next, he goes from being Baby Cheeks to Baby Face. And Big Gun was married to a guy named Sam Lipshin, a fifth grade teacher. Because the mob has always been viewed as a very progressive organization, and I'm sure they welcome openly gay members at all points because, you know, those guys are known for being tolerant. Which brings me to my big problem with the issue. Not only is Batman narrating just the dead guys, you know, here, but he's lauding them and pointing out all the good stuff like they're freaking heroes or something. It's They are gangsters. These are mobsters. These yeah. are criminals. These are bad the guys. It doesn't matter if they, you know saved a puppy out of a tree i mean yeah the undercover cop the one whose name you can't get right it's like okay maybe he deserves some praise but not these freaking as jim said piece of shit criminals these guys are bad guys it's like you're going on and on about oh and he was paying for his mother's well you know you can pay for your mother's medical maybe get a job but maybe do something else besides go to a life of crime oh my gosh and um, settle down, Mike. Of course, <laughs> like you guys said, and everyone's been saying, there's two splash pages in the last issue, which you know, issue 25. It's like, oh, this is going to be cool, and then this issue, we get two splash pages with the teams already chosen up, yeah. taking away the thing that everyone wanted to see. Not Batman waxing poetic about criminals and and just stupid stuff between Poison Ivy and Riddler and. Uh, knockoff scenes from Batman 89. No, we're just not going to go to the choosing of teams and how, you know, each, the criminals go to each side of the Joker Riddler war at all. No, we're just going to just have it split up and yeah, there you go. That's one and of my next we'll go off to Kite Man. So, Hell anyway, yeah. that being said, I, overall, I give this issue, Batman number 26, I give it a 10. <laughs> <laughs> out of 20. Yes. So that's about what I that's gave about it. All I've I think got. I gave that's it an FU5, right? Very, very disappointing issue. I don't recall. Man. Uh, I the art was good. That's about it. That's my 10 out of 20 or my 5 out of 10. The art was good. Yeah, it was. So until next week, uh, watch out because you never know when we'll be rubbing up against you from behind and then that's say true. it's just going to be the Especially tip. And in then the we'll subway. just shove that pop culture all the way in your ass with no lube. Open nope. there. No Spotlight lube. out and see you in. Seven. See you in seven, Dancing Mike. Yeah, uh, he talks about all that. It's, it's crazy because I, I don't that think is Dancing Patreon Mike only. My sign off of the pop no, culture, and it's it's just Patreon only too. The Batman. So if you want to hear what he's talking about and what we thought about it, unfortunately for you, you got to go there and support us there. You got to support our asses. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Mike. And anytime Mike sends in a rant and rave, it doesn't matter if we've already released the podcast. I will pull it back and insert it in. But now I do exactly. believe at this part of. Of the podcast, we are going off to the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and
Blueberry and covers Before all the meat and the cheese that's from under And now it's time for Jim and the news And now it's time for Jim and the news And now it's time for Jim and the news Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there uh, yes, and this is going to be the news, and hopefully, Eric, we can impress one Iceman 3113. That's right. And give him all the news he needs right here. Right here on Weird Science. Woo-wee! Listen to Dan say it. You know what? You're going to get the news? Right here on Weird Science. Oh, my goodness gracious. We got two retards? Right here on Weird Science. Oh, my goodness gracious. God, we don't know truth. what we're talking about. Right here on on Weird Science. Oh my goodness, Dan, he's a soothsayer, that guy. Mm. <laughs> he recorded that years and years parts. ago and knew that there's at least one asshole. Right here on Weird Science. Yes, at least Aww. one asshole. Eric, yeah, it's you. I, I, know I hate to say it. Yeah, I, I knew it was you as well, right here on Weird Science. But we're going to start off, Eric, with a bit of news that I, I know that Dancing Mike's like, he likes to throw shade Scott Snyder's way. I do think that this next bit of news has a lot to do with him because it's DC Drops Dark Knight's Metal cover price. After what is described as surprisingly large pre-orders, DC is dropping the price of Dark Knight's Metal number 2 through 6 from $4.99 to $3.99. So the number 2 through 6 will actually be a dollar less, saving you $5 for that you know, if you want to call it an event yeah. or a, a miniseries or whatever. I'm I'll tell you, this is something that Scott Snyder has been trying to do on his all-star Batman. I mean, he really Didn't does want it to be. Yeah, no, they, they would not let him. So he has told me before that it really bothers him to have anything above three ninety nine. Now, some people, oh, $3.99 is still too much. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You shut your mouth. Orders for Dark Days to Forge and the casting have exceeded our expectations, and we're on a similar track for Metal Number 1, said DC's SVP of Sales and Trade Marketing, John Cunningham. That's allowing us to decrease the price of the remaining issues of Metal, which means customers can buy the whole series for $5 less than before. Dark Knight's Metal Number 1 is scheduled for an August 16 debut, and that will be the that's $4.99. So they, they aren't changing that first one. No, uh, the first every, issue you want to go for the gusto with that I, I just think, I don't know. I guess maybe it's something to do with orders and things like that. I, I don't know. But whatever. It's a nice thing. You don't rare, you rarely see things like this happen where they I'm telling the price I actually down. expected Snyder just to drop those backups in All Star and be able to freaking drop yeah, that. Yeah, it price seemed down. like he was going to try to do that, but now it's ending anyway. So exactly. I bet you, so, I bet you, it was one of those where it wasn't worth fighting anymore just exactly. because it was ending. Uh, the and thing though is, this in my mind. Well, when you have this, though, you know there's DC haters out there. I don't know that you're aware of this, Eric. Some people uh, claim it's me and you. Not in my uh, circles. You know, that that's the thing. Some people say they're DC haters. Right here on Weird Science. That is oh, not God true, Dan. Dan. Why up. are you saying that? Oh, my God. Somebody right now has to pee. Right here on Weird Science. How does he know this, Eric? We just started a new segment. How could that possibly be? I just want to know why you need to pee? pee because we just started a new segment. Didn't you that's go pee, That's what I'm there? saying. How would he know that? No, I think he said, wait, what's that? Dan says, somebody here has the smallest bladder they've ever seen. Right here 
Oh, oh, right. He's talking about sense. you again, Eric. Uh, of course he is. Some guy gained four pounds this week. Right here on Weird Science. How and then the, guy, that... the same guy lost six pounds then after that. Right here on Weird Science. I'm not a crazy Boom. bitch, Eric. I'm not going to come in here and tell you what you can and can't talk about. <laughs> that is I'm losing the weight, Jess. God. You hear me, Jim? Edit that I out. I do hear come you. On. Get him to work on time. Please. Yo. Please. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. What were we talking about? Oh, I said, there, there's probably some Marvel guys. Uh, because anytime I say DC haters, I also mean Marvel lovers because that's yeah. how it seems to be. Uh, they're probably like, oh, they're just dropping it because it's not selling. And who knows? Who knows what the real deal shit. is? It's nice, though, to, to get it down to three ninety nine, And I think it's also they want to have those monthly books all cost the same amount. So it makes, makes sense. sense. Here's the next uh, bit of news, Eric. The next bit of news. Right here on Weird Science. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Man. It's Sean Gordon Murphy, SGM, I like to call him, gives readers a crisscross applesauce starting in October. And I don't know if you realize that, Eric, that is my headline. I did not grab that headline off of the internet. I, I wrote that myself. Could you tell? Of course you did. It was your header Sean for another Sean Gordon book Murphy week. gives readers a crisscross applesauce starting in October. Sue, and you uh, saw this, but you don't know what it's about because we no, did I'm get an I, email. I saw it come in the mail. I saw a bunch of other sites reporting it, and I looked through a bit. Like, you know, I saw basic stuff that they're throwing out there. I didn't look through any of yeah. it. So I'm like, all right. So basically, night. you treated it like everything in your life. Pretty when you much. say you, you know, Ignore hey, until it, it goes away. Yeah, no. People are like, hey, did you hear that? Uh, you know, my great podcast, Eric. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, he, I he hear you things. do good stuff. Right here on Weird Science. <laughs> right here on Weird Science. I, I want to hear. I'm glad you I'm didn't like, read it. I didn't bother to look at it because I knew I would learn all about it. Well, this is. Oh, uh, come on! Let's push right here on Weird Science. Oh, Eric. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go again. I'm ready. I didn't look into it because I knew I'd just learn all about it. Bonjour, Jim. Bonjour, Eric. What happened? Oh, Bonjour. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Let me get it. Let me get this right. Go. Now I'm ready. I didn't want to look on, into go. it because I, I th- figured I'd learn all about it. Look at all those chickens. Why did it take so long? Watch your profanity. Because I hit LeBron James. There we go. For some reason, Le- LeBron James kid didn't go. I wanted to think that you got your DC news from right here on LeBron James. LeBron James. And then you're like, hey, LeBron, can you tell me more? He don't want any parts of you. LeBron's a big thing. That guy, he's big. That's the king. That's King James to you, Eric. You don't call him LeBron. You're not on his fucking posse. What the fuck are you doing? He'd be, he'd fucking kill you, you fucking asshole. Why? <laughs> I think Iceman's right. It is. He's right. There is a bunch of fucking nonsense. Wait, wait, wait for it. We need a right producer on Weird Science. Where is the producer? We need an editor. We need somebody who's going to put a cane out and fucking drag me exit stage left. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Eric. We always said we wanted to have the podcast to have fun. This is the only way I have fun. (laughs) Superstar writer and artist, Sean Gordon Murphy. Did you know I like to call him SGM? Did you know that? He did Punk Rock Jesus, which I loved. I, I, it's weird. Do you remember me talking to you about Punk Rock oh, Jesus way back? I remember everybody talking about Punk Rock remember Jesus. Remember, actually, I was a Punk Rock Jesus fan before we even had the site, which is True. nonsense. Uh, the Wake, 
he did as well uh, with Scott Snyder. Brings you his tale of a twisted Gotham and a seven-issue miniseries with a massive, massive cast of heroes and villains. Now, I'm not going to say that I have looked into this, but I do believe that if All-Star uh, Batman continued, there was going to be an arc with Sean Gordon Murphy. And I mentioned this to you that I thought oh, maybe... Oh, yeah, that's right. And I thought maybe this, this story was what it was going to be, but it doesn't sound like it. Because Batman White Knight is told on an epic scale, but at the heart of it all is the tragedy story of a hero and villain. A tragic story. Tragedy story. That fucking Iceman. The he tragedy right. story. The tragedy story. The Batman and the Joker. The question is, which one is the hero and which one is the villain? I'm saying Batman's the hero and the Joker's the villain. The Joker's been called a maniac. He's a maniac. Mani- a killer. And the clown, you didn't join in, so I'm never going to continue. He's a killer, Joker. Uh, the killer and the crown prince of crime. But White Knight? No. Never. Until Not on now. my watch. We know Joker's a genius. We know he's relentless, and we know he can play the crowd. So why not make him a politician, said Murphy. Why not strip away the psychosis, the thing that's holding him back, and let him challenge Batman unimpeded? Uh, and to make it even scarier, what if he did it legally and without breaking any of the rules? So that Batman couldn't stop him, Eric. Isn't the world there like what... a, a law if you've you know, broken federal offenses, you can't do that kind of shit? No, this is a different world. Set ah. in a world, in a world where the Joker is cured of his insanity and homicidal tendencies, the Joker, now known as Jack, sets about trying to right his wrongs. I'm telling you, I want to review this because I want to have my header of the first one, You Don't Know Jack. Boom! True. First by reconciling with Harley Quinn and then trying to save Gotham City from the one person who he thinks is truly Gotham's greatest villain, the Batman. So basically he's Lex Luthor. Seeing Gotham for the first time with clear eyes, his psychosis now cured, he starts to understand the absurdity of vigilantism and how Batman's actions are only contributing to Gotham's endless crime cycle, said Murphy. Joker sets out to beat Batman by becoming the White Knight that Gotham really needs. Batman White Knight number 1, written and illustrated by Sean Murphy, arrives on October 4th. Uh, Cover artwork by Murphy and with colors by Matt Hollingsworth. So, uh, eh, what do you think of that? Honestly, I, it's one of those stories that doesn't really grab me. You know, like if, if it's not part of the main continuity and like it doesn't have something you're, you're that like out, you know, is over the top that I've This'll never be heard before. Deal. Like I, I need something to really grab me. And the whole idea, like you, like you said though, sounds like Lex Luthor just with the Joker playing him. Yeah, like, eh, that's what it sounds eh. like. It sounds like uh, sort of what Lex Luthor goes on and on about Superman, but maybe that's maybe it'll be a cool little twist. Maybe it will. I'll probably end up reviewing it. I'll, I'll throw it out there. I have not done many of these miniseries. Uh, they're usually things that interest you or Reggie uh, yeah. and not myself. So I'm going to do Batman White Knight. Boom. The next one I don't think either of us is going to do. Maybe this will be something where uh, we get a bonus Patreon uh, spotlights on these because there's no way in hell you'll ever let me talk about these on the nope. regular podcast. Gotham City meets Riverdale, a new comic book crossover. DC Entertainment and Archie Comics are proud to present the adventures of a lifetime with Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. Their hijinks are brought to you by the real-life team-up of Paul Dini and Mark and Draco. And I really like Mark and Draco. With art by Laura Brown who does the Bombshells book. It all starts this October as these teams of best gal pals cross paths between Gotham and Riverdale. Here's some quotes. It's the sort of offer you scream out, yes, 
to it before your eyes reach the middle of the email, said Danny. Hopefully you, know you have the... You and I have two different ideas about screaming yeah, out it's yes. It's funny, Danny. too. He screams out yes. Hopefully, it's basically it started out with the money amount they're going to pay yeah. him. That's why. Yeah, I've always wanted the chance to play in Riverdale and to help Harley and Ivy invade it is a dream come true. Mark's a great talent, a yeah, good very friend. very different dreams, Mr. Dini. Yes, these, these are weird dreams that Paul Dini seems to have. It's Writing the series with him has been like sitting on the lawn during summer vacation and reading a big pile of DC and Archie comics. I'd, I'd rather be inside. I'm yeah. more of an inside, though. Except you we have to stay indoors. He says, though, so, yeah, except we have to stay indoors and type a lot. It's yeah. fine. I'm, I'm more down with that than sitting out on the lawn. You get Sounds the fucking mosquitoes. Fucking it's going to be a blast to bring these amazing ladies together in this once-in-a-lifetime crossover, said Braga. Each character is different and special, while Harley is one of my favorite characters ever. Betty and Veronica are giving her a run for her money. Ooh, I love all no, these ladies. Oh, I love all or these ladies. Did. Girlfriend! And this book is going to be nonstop fun. When I got the call for this, I was in disbelief, said Draco. Then, then he's like, well, what What are you talking about? <laughs> I'd be have, a disbelief too. for me to getting do? To, awesome. Getting to co-write with Paul on a series bringing four of the most iconic ladies in comics together under one roof for the first time? This must be what winning the lottery feels like. I cannot wait for readers to see what mischief Paul, Laura, and I have dreamt up. So I'm guessing Mark and Draco is not going to get back to that whole Adam Strange, Death of Hawkman story anytime yeah, I soon, I guess huh? he's not. He's, he's Unless pretty... Adam Strange shows up in Riverdale. He's tied up in Riverdale, Eric. I, I, I know that I was fans of, like, the uh, Predator meets Archie oh, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. that, those things, that yeah, that was, those things were pretty cool. So maybe this will be okay. But Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica starts with a plan for free college tuition for all Riverdale residents. The town just needs to build a new campus by draining the wetlands that lie between Riverdale and Gotham City. That spells trouble, Eric. The only snag a certain botany obsessed. You didn't realize it. A certain botany obsessed supervillain. When Poison Poison Ivy enlists her bestie, Harley, to kidnap both Veronica Lodge, daughter of Riverdale's most important citizen, and her friend Betty, she's counting on some assistance and mayhem. Are these two teams of BFFs headed for disaster? Two of comics' coolest villains paired with two of comics' hottest icons are what cross-publisher uh, team-ups were made for, said DC Entertainment Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris. I- I'd like to think that the villains are Betty and Veronica for fucking yanking fucking Archie's chain all these years. How about that, Eric? Harley and Ivy met – what's that? Archie – like they never promised Archie anything. They can do whatever uh, they, they no, want. They, they, They're independent they, women. It's not like they promised anything. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. Number one is on sale October 4th, 2017. Why is shit coming out October 4th? I know. It's October. It's going to be fucking, you know, chock full of nonsense there. I got Halloween in the deal. This is okay. Like I said, maybe I'll do a... uh, a spotlight on it and, and have some fun with it because some of those other Archie crossovers were, were pretty good actually. Archie meets Sharknado, yeah. Eric. That's hilarious. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. But that is the news. Uh, I would like to say that uh, Iceman three one one three. You're fucking one hundred percent on. Yep. <laughs> you, you can definitely definitely find better news elsewhere. But what what you can't find elsewhere, and what I wish that Iceman would have stayed through is we're gonna go now to the first mail section of four, and I would say that the amount of time we read mail is unprecedented. It's in more the podcast landscape. Yes, it is. So we'll be right back with the first bit of that mail. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Jim. 
Yo, yo, Eric! Yo, what's up, baby boy? You in the house, baby cakes! Of course I am. Is that what they yell? You in the house, baby cakes? <laughs> I want to know who That's they are That's what all the gangsters baby. yell, right? Uh, baby cakes. I wish I had some baby cakes now. I'm a little hungry. I, I haven't cakes? eaten. I don't know. It's something with cream filled. Maybe oh, a okay. little chocolate drizzle of the right. time. I'm baby down. cakes. Baby cakes. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, this actually is... not. It's against my diet now, Jim. Oh, your diet. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> While we're at work, I eat my oatmeal and you just smoke. So, smoking part of that dieter? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. How about vaping? You gonna vape? No, I'm not gonna vape. You're not wrong turn. Eat your oatmeal, but I actually go and pinch a little bit of the raw oatmeal and put it in my mouth and suck on that. You're gonna say you pinch a loaf and that's how you lose weight. I I, I love when guys come out and Jesus Christ, I must have lost eight pounds. Everybody who says that's usually like a big fat fuck. Uh, The mail section number one, Eric. And if you want to get involved in the mail, all you have to do, yeah, really, is (laughs) email us at. WeirdScienceDCComics at gmail.com, and you'll get on the show, positive, negative, or neutral. Mm. First one, though, I'd like to say is positive, but Eric, I know that you think this is the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. You are completely – you're wrong. You are wrong because this has now turned into the Ulysses Jones show, and I wish I had music uh, for Ulysses because Ulysses is – this is his first mail, and – I'm telling you, there are times when I have said before that, man, for a first male that kicks ass, Ulysses may – he may win the prize. Eric, really? He says, yeah, yeah. I, I really like this male. It, it has a lot. And any guy in a male that mentions that he loves Cannonball Run, Eric, he is tops in my fucking uh, deal. Oh, he's aces indeed. Howdy there, Weird Science and the Get Fresh crew. First time writer here, and I just wanted to share my opinion with your show and a few other DC things. I live in the same fuck-all state of PA, right in Avondale, Eric. And Avondale, I think it's pronounced Avondale or Avondale. I don't know where that is. It's about an hour and a half away from us. It's where uh, Longwood Gardens is. I said Longwood. Eric, it's boring, and no one around here is really into comics. It has a something. It was something I really got into after I had a rough time in high school. Him and me both. Are comics well. a coping mechanism? I don't fucking know, but I digress. I had no one to talk about comics with, no one to discuss how boring Batman Eternal was. No. So I went looking for a podcast. I heard the fucko complain about how you and Eric are naughty. Fuck you, buddy. Every other DC podcast is filled with those preppy fucks who are cheerleaders in high school. When I heard the opening of Weird Science, Eric's Welcome, and Jim's monotone and soulless, and I'm Jim (laughs) Werner, I'm telling you, that's the last bit. That's like I'm almost able to grab onto the the freaking, like, ladder and save myself, but now I'm, I'm... Stuck in the pool of weird science. I don't even know if that makes any sense, but that's what it feels like to me. It's my last attempt to save myself before we get the podcast going. I knew I found a podcast who wouldn't jerk me around when I didn't want it. Thanks, guys. Damn I right. don't really have books. I buy trades almost always, which I want to thank you for using the correct terminology. I used to call them comic book books. And I said to you, kind of did myself too, because you know, you're like, oh, I like the comic books, but these are books. 
However, I still have an opinion regarding the Dark Days books. You point out that it was hard to pinpoint where it is in continuity, which is an issue I feel DC needs to correct as soon as possible. The Watchmen-DC crossover is something I feel Jeff Johns thought it was a good idea before he actually had the full picture. The button was a flop critically, at least to people giving an honest review. It was also heavy into the current storyline, so here's my issue. You and America's Sweetheart thought the Dark Days was pretty decent. I think he's talking just the Forge uh, right. so far. If DC so far. doesn't place that bitch in continuity soon, the cracks... Oh, jeez, my thing just shifted. Uh, if DC doesn't place that bitch in continuity <laughs> soon, the cracks of this whole Watchmen thing is convoluted and affects the quality of our books are going to show. I love the Elseworlds titles. Red Rain is one of my favorites, but it has nothing to do with the bigger picture. DC right. should be careful, though, that they don't start putting out books that are critically good but have nothing to do with their bigger picture. I, I, I think that I think that they're going to start to reel it in and show us where. Uh, the problem is, is in this rebirth in general, it's really hard to pinpoint a lot of times. Even well, the you, we're talking books. to like we just end up talking a lot at work about different things. I end up yelling about fucking timelines as much as you yell about fucking Tom King and Batman. Yeah. Or, you know, we have the new Wonder Woman rebirth and everything like that, and then we're going through the God Watch and like we're going through the years. All of a sudden, it's like eight and a half years later. I'm like, eight and a half years. That's not yeah. the timeline we've been given so no, far. No, we, like, we do yell a lot about right, that. And like the continuity, like Steve Orlando, he'll throw shit at you from the fucking 90s, whether it makes sense oh, or yeah. not. Just let's it go. And especially, and then Sam Humphreys goes and changes things yeah. that we should know. I mean, you are the continuity kid. And really, yeah. this is what, now, I, I'd like to I'd explain this a trillion times, but how continuity, when you're reading a book and all of a sudden, they Steve Orlando throws in a 90s villain that we know had died in the New 52 already or whatever. It throws you out of the book, right? And now you are outside the comic, and you're like, God damn it, I, was, I wanted to – you want to be in the story. Back in. This is what happens to me when a scene doesn't – this is all I'm trying to say. I'm going what back a- to me, Eric. When, when things don't, aren't lo- – it's weird because logical – I don't mean logical. It is comics, but when something is in a scene and it throws – it just throws me out. And that when throws me out more – there willy-nilly with no re- – Well, that's, that's my it, problem. It fucking throws you off. That is my problem, and it's – maybe it's like OCD – uh, where people say that a change of art throws them out of a book, that doesn't bother me usually. It really doesn't. Yeah, it just depends kinda, on the title. It just kind of goes. And it, it, it depends on the title. It also depends trade, on how much. It really much. throws me off. Yeah, but I, I think I'm used to that. But it's when I'm reading it and I'm really invested. When I'm reading something that I think is cool, I'm like, oh, man, this is neat because he's doing this and this and they're doing that. And then all of a sudden it gets thrown out of that. I'm like, ah, fuck, why do I care? Like, I've I have to not read... looked at the Batman Eternal trade, but that just has to be a mess with all the different artists jumping yeah. in with that each Especially issue. I'm like, God damn, you, that would that not read well. Guy, when that one guy shows up and there's that centipede uh, freaking villain, that lady who's like a centipede and Batgirl looks like she's a goddamn cherub from a fucking anime oh, cherub. That. Yeah, it I, was I, that I can't one. remember who the hell the goddamn artist is I think it's Ian – Ian – Ian – not Churchill. Burnham? Something like that. It's like Burnham. It's something like that. Chris Burnham? Nah, Maybe. I have I yet know. to read, maybe, maybe it is, but oh man, that, that one issue, I was like, holy shit. I have yet to read Brian Hitch. I feel like reading that for pleasure, uh, and it will be the, like those people who like getting their balls stepped on by hookers, which is one Eric Shea. God damn, why um, did you tell people that? I would say, uh, uh, Ulysses, go back. If you haven't read Anno Sandy's Catwoman or Katana, that's a lot, a lot more fun. Uh, anyway, I think I've taken up too much of your time, and you have not. No. We don't mind that. We do not have a timer on this. I'm gonna main. I'm going to Maine for vacation next week. Woo-hoo-wee! 
Fancy. Mr. Fancy! And I've already planned out all the comic book stores on the way to Maine. I plan on visiting them all. And Eric, I can't wait to get my hands on Batman Elmer Fudd. I want to see Batman punch an old man in the fucking face. Don't hate on Fudd. <laughs> Thanks for a great podcast, you funky fucks, Ulysses. And Thank that's you, awesome. Ulysses. And then he has P.S. Jim, I am 18 years old and on his way to college. And I was aware of the Cannonball Run movies for a while. That's awesome right. because they're so much fun. They're so goofy. The second one had Jim Neighbors in it, which is true. Yep. A singer I'm a fan of. If your son swings Sweet Low, Sweet Golly. Cherry in the shower, he'd like him. Also, Jim, you're just as supportive as my dad was when I said about uh, singing as a career. It made me go from I could sing for my supper to maybe I should get a real job. You're setting uh, him on the right path. Yeah, PSS, right, sorry man. for a long mail. Omit if you must, and we will never omit anything. And thanks, Ulysses. Is that awesome? I'd like to hear where he's going to college. Hopefully it's not Penn State, Eric. Hopefully it's not fucking Morgantown. Hopefully it is. West Virginia University. And, yeah, I, I laugh because I – Jim Neighbors is uh, is the greatest because yeah even on you know Gomer Pyle and he was on uh, what's it called oh, yeah. where he started uh, Andy Griffith and mm-hmm. he went, oh golly Sarge <laughs> every time he's like that guy is the cell. he has the fucking voice of an angel that guy but when he talks it annoys me so much golly Shazam Shazam I went to get a flower voice of an angel. Ah, where is Zach? Where's Zach? He's fucking. He told us the other he's day. He's ignoring a, you. He's a fucking prodigy. He told us. I'm like, no, oh. no, you're not. Yeah, that's what he's like. I said, oh, is you he know, the what? twisted fire starter? I don't know. Fire starter. I said he went to this thing in Rochester. I'm like, oh, so what'd you learn? Things. Oh yeah, oh. really? Things, did you? Jerk. I, I I hope those things were worth the five hundred dollars. You son of a bitch. And then I'm like, just, you know, sing. And then he's singing in the shower. And I'm just screaming. And I'm like, enough of this. I hear him. And it's just like, ah, I'm like, God damn it. Just stop it. You know I'm a prodigy. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. I did not know that. Thank you for spelling that out, you pretentious prick. Uh, you know, I, wa- like I wanted to be an archaeologist. Both of us have to come to our goddamn senses. Uh, later on, we're going to hear how I could have made it as an archaeologist if I would have followed my dreams, though. We will hear from uh, Batman Beyond Mark will tell me that I might have. I am like a doctor in an empty hospital, Eric. No patience. The next uh, mail is from Repairman Jack. And uh, Rafe, <laughs> if he was here, he'd say that that's a dad joke. Repairman Jack says, God damn it, guys. God damn it. I start to actually feel bad with how many emails revolve around only Tom King or his Batman run. Lucky for me, I don't think there is any actual defense for this issue. He's talking about this issue, and right. again, it is and on our Patreon, so it just sucks. It's boring, it's dumb, and worst of all, it's kind of pointless. If we don't hear more about any of these victims, basically every part of this issue that is from Batman was absolutely pointless. He spent the whole issue basically reading off names to Selina. She has yep. to be bored out of her fucking mind by the end of the issue. This is where I think that Batman that's sexy to him. He, he, they have sex, and then he gets out the phone book, starts reading names. Why like, are Joker? She's like emo. Hey, baby, while I'm inside you, I'm gonna tell you the names of dead people. Yeah, I just yeah, she's like that. Well, she did steal the night, Eric. So he God is into it. the dark poetry. She is his muse. So there you go. That's the dark poetry. It's like watching that goddamn uh, freaking uh, Soul Asylum video, Runaway Train, where I'm, I'm jamming Never out to the song. I'm sitting now. there. I'm jamming out to the song. All I see are these missing kids on the video. I'm like, why the fuck are you bringing me down? I don't want to watch America's Most Wanted. Come on, Dave Pernier. 
That's a deep cut, Eric. Why yeah. are jokes and riddles? Uh, why are jokes and riddle riddlers very? Oh, jokes and now. riddlers. What's going on? Why I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm collecting myself here, uh, Eric. Sometimes composed. people have a big problem reading right here on Weird Science. That's true. true, Dan. Why we'll are Joker? Section. And Riddler's very first thought to reach out to third parties in order to act out their revenge. Why? I'm going to do this slow. Don't tell me that they're both afraid of each other or see each other as true adversaries because that isn't sold worth a shit in the story so far. They were both face-to-face between three pages in the previous issue, and Joker simply shot and walked away, kind of like Eric at the end of every date he's ever won on. Mm. Now his first choice is to call Falcone and make him do it. Riddler's first thought is to seek out Ivy and sell her on this whole he-wants-to-watch-the-world-burn story. Eric, what did he say? There you go. Then what is the reason Joker leaves Falcone alive? I get that Falcone has to be alive and can't really be killed, but what is the reasoning for Joker to just maim him and walk on? It's funny. We were talking at work, and I just started yelling at him. He has to live because of kind of – this is nonsense. I kept yelling. They are like, no, you know. And I'm like, no, why put him in the story if you know you can't kill him in a scene that he should have been killed? Stupid, Eric. This is, now I'm getting fired up again. This is nobody's going to die in this except for random people that Batman names off because yeah. all of these characters are still alive. Yep, yep, that is true. This is a Joker that is most morose and, and most unwieldy. Uh, we're supposed to think this Joker just doesn't give a fuck and just tried to basically kill himself by shooting his driver while in the car. In the car, but he's not detached enough to shoot Falcone. Let's talk about the repetition. Something I've harped on since I am Gotham. I think it goes a whole new level in this issue. We get Matt Batman giving us the description of Riddler's doctor. Only I have Gordon repeat it right after. Yeah. Right, that really annoyed me. Fucking then at the end, we get Batman just repeating himself for effect, like he realized Selena wasn't listening, which who would be? I hey, imagine babe, I'm he saw. I imagine he saw her nodding off, and that's why he stood up, and it woke her up, causing him to repeat himself. Side note, Ten Bucks says the script called for Bruce to be naked in that last page. This is all not even mentioning the repetition throughout uh, with Bruce reading through the, all the victims over and over and over again. Tom King just really felt- likes naked people in his fucking comics. Yeah, he does. Uh, that's them stripped down to their humanity, Eric. Oh, God, that's shit. how God brought us into this earth. I don't know that you're aware you were not born with a three-piece no. suit on, Eric, no matter how much you want to say you were. You fancy. weren't that fancy. No, you weren't a fancy guy when you came out. The issue just about made me as mad as rooftops. This was just dumb and so aggravating. Bad. Nothing happened. If you want to hear some random names of Gotham and watch Riddler scrawl a question mark into his chest, boy, this is the issue for you. <laughs> Mr. Miracle and Metal can't, uh, can't come soon. Soon enough, so I can get the best of both worlds. King on something he's hopefully good at, and a good Batman story. Fuck out of here, out of fu- out of ten. Fuck out of here, out of ten. He says is the rating. Um, yeah, that's the problem. Is uh, not the problem, but the whole thing behind all this. Uh, Repairman Jack loves like Vision. He loves Tom King when Tom King's writing a character that he can write, and I think that. You know, Repairman Jack agrees with me that this is just a character he can't really get a grip on. And I'm telling you, I think that at the end of the day, when Tom King's run is over and people go back and look back at it, I think that they'll say, you know what, there was some good moments, but overall it it wasn't Batman. Uh, That's just my opinion, Eric. You know, sometimes we talk a lot of shit right here. On weird science. That is God true. Damn it, Dan. The next email, I'm not sure. You're going to have to tell me if this is a real. It seems real. Jenna Tilwartz 
Genital warts. Genital warts. It's funny. Uh, when I was in college in West Virginia, I heard people talking at one point, and everybody seemed they must have been friends because everybody always had her like genital warts over because they're like, I have genital warts. Genital, and, and I'd genital say, genital warts man, was a big problem in college. Yeah, and I was like, this must be a troublemaker, this Jenna, because all the people who said is like, oh man, I got genital warts again. And I figured, like, you know, she wrecked up the apartment and then came over the next time. I don't know. It was a big problem though hi boys i'm a big fan actually hey boys i'm a big fan especially of one eric shay oh god he and i hooked up many years ago and i've been a part of him ever since we have on and off relationship some might say that it's a bit of a flare-up I added that part. I come back. See, I made you laugh. I come back every so often and stick around for a while. I will always be a part of him. Keep up the hard work. It's funny, Eric. When Jenna Till Warts comes back into town to visit you, it's like uh-huh. a speed bump has hit your life. Uh, but yes, that is the end of it's mail section. It's funny, too, because that, that mail came in last night and you read it to me. And up until the end, when I didn't get the joke right away, because like, you said Jenna. I'm like, oh, fuck. I used to date a Jenna. What's going on? Oh, yeah. oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you thought that this was going to be one of those, like, uh, Jenna, uh, Jenna, I'm sure her last name was not Till Warts. And yep. it was like, hi, guys. I'm a big fan, especially of one Eric Shea. Yeah, me and him hooked up. I just want him to let him know he has a son, and you will be getting court papers within the week. I finally found you, you motherfucker. Fuck. You can't run and hide anymore. Is that what you thought? No, no, no. I just thought it was going to be a crazy stalker bitch. You thought there was going to be actually, child not support. Even, not not right even a crazy here. stalker oh, bitch. I thought sides. it was just going to be a bunch of shade being thrown is what it was. You thought there was going to be shade being thrown? Right here on Weird Science. Yes, yes, you did, Eric. Yes, you did. But we're going to stop now and go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we Right, Eric, it's time for the meat and cheese of the podcast, and I mm, know that you're a delicious big fan. meat and cheese. You're a big fan of cheddar, uh, but I'd like to pair that with uh, Bobcat, a Bobcat hind leg. And I'm Bobcat online. Goldweight? No, I'm online right now, and if you wanted to get a Bobcat hind leg that averages about five pounds in I weight, uh, you could buy that online for $199.99, Eric. I don't want it. Uh, would you like 
uh, possibly uh, guinea pig meat. Would you like no. to have that? This says guinea pig meat is high in protein and low in fat and cholesterol. It's described as being very similar to rabbit and the dark meat of chicken. The animal may be served fried, broiled, or Why roasted. And in, in urban restaurants, may also be served in a casserole or a fricassee. Uh, they were originally uh, domesticated for their meat in the Andes, Eric. And you know, the, the only better fella. the only better thing to eat in the Andes is your fellow soccer player, Eric. Dude, I'm telling you, I almost watched a live this afternoon. Really? And Je- yeah. I'm like, Jess, you know, you want to watch a live? She's like, it makes me what's hungry. That? That I'm like, movie. you don't know what a live is? It was such a big deal when it came out. Yes. Oh, it, it was huge. I'm but like, that's this... what I told her. I am the keeper of the knowledge that everyone else forgets. You are Eric Shea. You are. And then she left me. <laughs> <laughs> then she left. She left you for good. She just yeah, left. It's, it's over. No, <laughs> it's it's over. She says, "Listen, if you're gonna do that, Eric, that is inappropriate, and I'm yes, about that. Is. Hey, I'm angry about that. Yes, it is. I'd be angry too. You become the keeper of the knowledge what? of how I get She's off. She's like, no, you forgot all about that. Edit that out. No, I'm not editing that out. That's the truth, Jess. Why would Eric say that? You hear me, Jim? Yes, I do hear you. I don't know, but I'm just gonna go over. I'm gonna go over and pleasure Eric myself. If you can't do it, Ooh. have fun. No, I'm talking just, about not being able to pleasure her. She told me to have fun, Eric. I guess I will. I, guess I hope I you will, will, and I will. I guess I will have fun. <laughs> uh, but this is the book section of the podcast, and I, I'm going to warn people right now. Just because we don't like every book does not mean we're negative fellas. Nope. I, I want to warn people There's this week because... a lot of stinkers this episode. Boy, this, this week is down. It is down, down, downtown, Eric. I'm going to bring it around downtown. There's a lot of... And it's one of those this week is almost to the point where you could just skip everything and you'd, you'd be better off. Yep. Uh, there are so many of these books this week that are just recap or one shots or whatever that it just it kind of got to me. We're not doing much in general. No, it kind of got to me by the end of the week and then we have to do a podcast about it. So if we come off like we're fucking nitpicking or, or pissed off, it's because we have to read this nonsense, you know, multiple times and it ends up doing that to us. Uh, but we still love the comics enough, Eric, to talk about them. Plus, I like to make you laugh, Eric. That's what I do. That's why tee-hee. we have the podcast. Yeah, it's really, see that? Is that how you Ah, because you know what? That's how we play things. Right here on Weird Science. <laughs> that is my go to. That is definitely my go to. <laughs> if this episode should just be called Right Here on should. Weird Science, I wish that I had uh, Let Your Geek Flag Fly. You mentioned that. I wish that you was had Dan's it big sign off. And if people don't know who that voice is, Hello, Weird Science! That is our man Dan, and he used to do a geek segment. Dan Strand, the newsman. Dan, Dan Strand, the newsman. Hello, Weird Science! There he is. He's trying to, he might still be stuck in that van that I thought ISIS had trapped him in. Hello, Weird Science! He's just yelling he was eaten by cricket monsters. Yeah, at one point he was eaten by crickets or taken away, because at one point, remember, usually he gives you this. Hello, Weird Science! You no, know, pretty enthusiastic. That one time he was like, Hello, Weird Science. Uh, oh, shit. What's I, going on, Dan? I got my Apple Watch. And we ended up finding out that he was uh, down low recording from a closet. But we're going to talk about the books. We're going to talk about the books, starting with which one, Eric Shea? Superman number 26, written by Michael Morrissey, with art by Scott Godlewski. High five. What was that? What was his name? Scott Godlewski. Okay. In this one shot, you may carry on, Eric. 
in this one shot issue. You we can see carry that- on now. Just go. You don't have to pause. You don't have to wait for me. I'm here with you. Uh, I'm holding your hand. We can just get through this together, Eric. Look, I practice this, and you're throwing me off, motherfucker. Uh, come on we we don't have all the time i say we don't sit there and watch the clock but you know i don't want to stay up until 5 a.m with your nonsense eric in this one shot seriously just get going eric you don't have to pause and just just do it just go with it i know you can't see well just go in this one shot issue you see that parenting isn't always easy and that it's hard to get to the get it right the first time especially for the man of steel who was trying to mentor his son on the ways of supering but at the end of the day, it's up to John to do things his own way and learn from his mistakes, not just be a little clone of his father or Damien. Get fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. There I'm taking go. that goddamn soundboard away from you. You did it, Eric. You did it. How? I- I'm proud of you. I almost Thank said, you. how dare you? Ah, <laughs> uh, you did. A roller coaster ride of emotions. It is a roller coaster ride of emotions, which I think that this issue kind of is supposed to be as well. Uh, the problem is, it, it's a one shot. There's sometimes you get these one shots, and it's just so obvious that it's there just to take up a space. Oh, yeah. And this is one of them. And, and I, it's. I can't even – it's one of those – you said it last week when you talked about Wonder Woman. It's just a nice it's, issue. It's a nice issue. It It is. There's nothing wrong with it per se. I do have one bit of a nitpick yeah. that I had with it. Actually, two. Uh, but it's just – it's just there. It doesn't do anything now. The art, obviously, is not the normal artist or the writer. but And John seems to have aged uh, a bit to kind of, I don't know, with, you have the story with a young Clark with Pa, Pa Kent on there. And I think that the way they wanted it, they wanted it to be like the same age because the, the Superboy at points to me looks a little older than he should. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I like uh, it though. It's okay. The one point he looks like uh, – I don't know what. The one point when he's just standing there smiling at, at Clark, uh, he looks really odd, like an adult on a little kid's body. But we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about? No, no you'll see. You'll see. It, it's so crazy. But it does start off with a flashback. It's you know Smallville then and basically the whole thing with Pa and and Clark. And it's how Clark learned to kind of you know accept being human as well, yeah. not to always rely on his powers, do things the right way. Right way, just not the easy the Superman way. Superman we all know and love. Now, now the thing about this is the one thing that actually threw me off. We've already had this in this run. We've already had where John was going to use his powers, and Lois in the one issue told him he can't use. No, you're grounded. You yeah. have to do things without the powers. I think there was, was actually the, two was issues. That, I think there was Super Sons. Uh, it may have been, maybe. I thought there was in this as well, because I think there's been two times that we've actually seen that in this book as well, where he's been doing chores or something and they're telling him to do. Maybe it was Super Sons, but still, uh, for me reading, it's just, we've seen it. But yeah, oh, I'll great. give it a break the, then. The, if the big, it's in the big Superman. point, though, with that whole thing with, you know, we've just got off of Black Dawn. Manchester Black wanted to turn Superboy into a goddamn monster, super yeah. soldier, whatever he wanted to do with that whole idea. But like, all right, John's got his powers coming in. Superman, at this point, you got to train him to do the right thing and do it, yes. like, well. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing that gets me, though, is you do have the start where it is a young Clark. He's on the farm. Pa says, listen, I want you to be the man of that, the house, the man of the farm for the day. You're going to do all this work. And it's it's Pa teaching him, you know what, you have to do things the right way, not the easy way. Like we said, don't use no, you know, you can't use powers and do it. And what ends up, and I'll just say right now, we don't have to, you know, beat around the bush and go back and forth like the issue. What happens is uh, Clark waits till Pa is 
out of, you know, can't hear or see him and uses his superpowers and ruins pretty much everything that he did. He didn't ruin yeah. the whole crop, but he ended up, he's harvesting wheat and instead of and doing it with the entire row. Yeah, yeah. And he did a whole row because he just went zoop and tried to do it and with his powers and, and ruined it. I know so it. little about farming. I see him I know. like some of the wheat Same strands is crooked. I'm like, eh, it looks good to me. Yeah, he's supposed to use the harvester that's that they call Lucy, Eric, but he didn't. He ended up doing it himself and ruining it. And this is where As you have I. the whole wraparound where Pa's like, listen, I'm mad at you, but I also, you know what? I should give you a little benefit too. You you should be able to do things in your own way. We both have to come together and kind of yeah. have a happy medium where I have to, you know, keep in mind that you are different, but also you and have you to can't, listen to I, you me. You can't do things my way. Yeah, like, and, but this also is how I know it, and you yes. you can have to do things differently because of who you are. Yes, but and we also have to find Pa a though has to, and Pa though wants him though. Listen, when I tell you something. It's for because I have experience. You're lucky and you're vulnerable. Because I would beat the shit out yeah, of you. Yeah, and this is learn. this is the thing with Superman. Basically, Superman and John. It's a little different because obviously they're both super powered. But the Superman is trying to tell his son, "Listen, I have a lot of experience. I don't know if you realize I am goddamn Superman." Yeah. I have fought some things, so I, you know, while many readers will say that I don't have a, a fucking brain, I do, and I remember what happens, and you have to think things through. You are young, and, and the whole thing is the wraparound. You know, I, I know what it's like to be young and with powers, and you get all excited. You have to calm down. Now, in the yeah. meantime, you don't had pointed out to me. Bleach. Yeah, and you had, yeah, really, you had pointed out to me that there is a little bit, and I actually wish there was more of the fact that it seems like John is really listening to Damien and nobody yeah. else. It does come out a little bit. I wish there was more of it. I wish well. that when they were fighting, because Damien's all about tactics, all this, and I wish that when they start, it's uh, Clark and John, they're fighting these robots. These robots are these attacking them in town. drone robots. Yeah, these drones. And I wish that they would have had more of this. Well, Damien told me that you go with this, and Damien told me, and I wish that Superman got so pissed off that he just said, fuck this Damien, and got mad. But, but the whole time is basically Superman saying, you know, just calm down, we're going to do this, and John just won't. John, no, no, we're going to before you just go all yeah. brash like because you know funny, they're fighting yeah. these drones and when they freaking scatter them out they find the leader drone and John just ends up smashing it right away and the Superman didn't want him to because yeah. that was their only lead to find out who's controlling them and in the middle there's even points where Superman's like listen they have weaknesses though and John keeps finishing the sentence but not in the right way yeah, I yeah. know, I know. They have a power core. I'm going to go get it. No, no. And he oh, goes no. and does it. And then, yeah, they can't trace him. Uh, in the meantime, as it keeps going back to Superman as a kid, this is what gets me, though, is because Superman is actually dealing with John, but also thinking back at what his dad did. That would have been the, the thing that he should realize. That didn't work. Exactly. Uh, yes, because the resolution he, of that he should have known right this all first. along. Yes, it, it would have been right at the beginning, like, okay, John, I know, but you know what? Pa, your grandfather, he he actually, me and him learned something that we we both have to know, and it, it's strung out through the whole thing, so it doesn't play out right. right. It seems like Superman can't remember, and then all of a sudden at the end, you know what? You know pa what? taught me it this way. Out for pa but, me it, earlier. but so that part, it didn't hit as much as it should have. Right. What I did like though was Lois, and Lois is like, you know, you're being real hard on him and things like that, and Superman's like, no, you know what, you know. I have to be because all this stuff with Manchester Black that happened, he has to learn. So I love the fact that it's like Superman coming out of Black Dawn, he's really 
he's hurrying it up. He's going oh, yeah. too things, fast. Things, John has to get on the goddamn super trolley fast because yes. people are going to want to use him and his naivety and the uh, the idea that he can't understand how to use his powers properly. He needs him to understand how important it is that he does things the right way. Yeah, I wish the, we would have yeah. taken off things a step further, though, with the whole Lois and Clark bit because for some reason I'm reading this and it's like, I want to go, now, you know what your son did today? Yeah. Oh, I, I just, I, your son. Yeah, I, yeah, really. I just wish that it was more more of a stress, not just the you have to learn to do it the right way. I wish you really got the idea that Superman was just going a little too fast. Like yeah. at the end, like you know what, you can't learn everything in a day. I'm sorry, you know what, Pa gave me a lot of leadway. I had to learn, and yeah, and also could have went into the end where, and again, this is something that would lead more into the Super Sons book. But Superman basically saying full out, I know, you know what, you're gonna have to learn on your your own anyway you're gonna have to have the you know the knocks and bruises the only way i know that you have to you know kind of plan things out is because i was an idiot at one point and you i gotta understand john i grew up on the school of hard knocks <clears throat> yes i tried to cough and i freaking coughed and then turned off my mouth i thought you had I, a stroke it was i'm all right. telling you it's this i still can smell that goddamn fucking chlorine i, I might die in the middle you of this might. But yeah, there there isn't much to this issue. I mean, we're talking about it, and I'm trying to, you know, think of more things to say oh, yeah. about it. But yeah, John goes a little too far and well, too like quick and like, gets like rid of those Pop things, did, and they can't track the guys. Like Pa freaking did with Clark saying, how hey, you're going to be in charge of the farm for the yeah, day. That's you what he wants like, to hey, do. Superman goes to John, you know, he wakes him up. He, he actually plans to wake you up and tell him, you're going to be Superman for the day. But when he walks in the room, John's already up and doing push-ups. He's like, Damien says you always have to yes. be ready. I'm like, here we go. That's Fuck the it. part I wanted, though. That's what I wanted more. I know. I wanted I – wanted- Clark to keep coming into like who because you know and I know you don't know as much you you only have two kids that you don't really know about Eric yeah. but I have five boys so it is a fun thing and especially as a new dad you really think that you're going to you know everything that you like they'll like like yeah, oh you're gonna man, be the right and also, I can't wait till I get to show them Star Wars. And then when you show them, they don't like it. And you're like, oh, God. And then you do something like, oh, my buddy at school did this. So I really do. And I think that they really should have pushed it more. And I think they tried to a little bit. Because if you look, when Clark shows up and says, I'm going to wake John up early. I'm going to make him go. We're going to do the Superman thing. And John's already up doing the push-ups, one-arm push-ups. And he's like, hey, Damien says you always have to be ready. The other thing in there, there's a Flash that poster. Flash and going a bat- fast. And a little Batman, little uh, stuffed animal. There's no Superman oh, yeah, stuff in one. there. Yeah, so it's like even then you're like, God damn it. Because, again, when we say who's your favorite character, who's this, Superman is John's given. You yeah. know what I mean? That's his dad. That's gimmick. not going to be the, oh, man, Superman's so cool. No, that's his dad. So it's pretty cool. But I know as a father, Clark has to go in there and look and look. Goddamn Flash! You know what? Look at that. They're fucking nonsense. But uh, I really Fuck do like you, that. I Barry. wish that it was. I wish it was pushed a little more like that. Like uh, almost to a point where Clark thinks that he's kind of losing touch with John. Uh, this is more just again. I say it all the time. The surface level deal. Yeah. This is just a, a nice issue to show that you know John is getting his powers. He's going to be Superman one day, and and Clark is going to teach him. But it is funny because he says, "Listen, you're Superman." for the day and he's like i'm superman it's a no 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 No, slow down a little but the problem is is as they go it's a little different from when pa talked to because pa at least went and said listen do this and he left him he left him to do it i guess maybe superman doesn't want to leave him i mean he also could get hurt but he's just there the whole time though just saying 
But he's just saying the whole time, no, don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. He never once lets him It's like be every Superman. parent giving you a driving lesson. Yeah, but that's the problem is this isn't it's a driving worst. lesson. He's trying to do what Pa did and won't even be able to step up that much. But then at the one point, they're there doing stuff. They're saving a lady. A train gets saved. And then they hear, uh, Superboy hears, uh, hey, Hamilton, we have to go there. There's trouble back home. And it's funny because they go back to Hamilton County. I think the art got a little wonky there, and I sent you a message because yeah. when they do go back to Hamilton County, I think that that is actually Metropolis that the guy was drawing here because they're skyscrapers and there was no skyscrapers. Well, look, look, I'm telling you, I, I tried to explain it to you earlier. No, in the last there's issue no of, explanation. Uh, of they had already Dawn, rebuilt the city. We already the saw them. Aliens rebuilt Hamilton County and they added skyscrapers. Yeah, they added Jim. skyscrapers now. Yeah. When when the when the the artist was reading the script and it says go back home, he just had the idea that home for them was metropolis and even so it seems like it should be anyway because they yeah. were moving uh so they go and there's i'm telling you the things that are in this hamilton county are not hamilton <laughs> county it's fine though it, it's nothing it's these aliens uh that Dread they're gonna end up fighting. siphon yep and siphon and they just they end up fighting and uh well, you talk about it because there say, really isn't much to talk no, about. No, Daddy, the thing show up. The, the the leader of the robotic drones are Dreadnought and Siphon, and they go around freaking conquering other worlds like this way. And the initial freaking battle with the robots was their beta to see how things. Yeah, worked that out. was to see how it would work now, out. Now, now yeah, here's now the thing: down. before we go with that, wh- why would they come then? Because that, that, that beta out. test did not work out. That was an epic fail of a beta test. Totally there was, was no reason they would have come. Because if anything, they would have had visuals of Superman and Superboy beating the shit out of these fucking drones. So they're fucking morons. So go on with it. But yeah, there's a nitpick that I had. Because I'm like, it's a beta test? That beta test failed. Why are you there? You go to the well, next even world though it that seems like Superman happen. has already faced these people before, why would they come back? Yeah, why would they Superman come back there? when and they would have seen like- him? They go to Hamilton County, which turns out to be Superman's hometown. They don't know this at this point, but the robots failed. But they come back, and yeah. initially John is still acting brashly and getting, you know, getting thrown about fucking Hamilton County or Metropolis yeah. City, whatever you want to go with, because they're getting thrown in the skyscrapers. <laughs> but, skyscrapers, you know, Superman Big says, "Fucking Look, trains and I is, mean buses." Oh yeah, but he's like Superman's like, "This is my fault. I should have been listening to you. I should have been you know, <laughs> teaching you by example, just not telling you how to do things." Look, we need to work together. We're going to use everything you like, whatever you want to do, but make sure that you like, you heed my advice at least a little bit because, you know, you got to go do things the right way, even if, you know, you want to do it your own. You know, I'm fucking rambling on here because I'm trying to figure out what I want to say, but. I want to work with you, son. We, we should yeah. not be working against one another. And you, let's do this together. So they go in and they hit him high and low at the same time and pretty much just immediately defeat Dreadnought and Siphon and send him packing. Yeah, well, the problem is there is a little bit of a thing where uh, they end up actually making Superboy's powers go wonky. And he gets all upset because that's what happened with him with uh, Manchester Black. So he kind of – actually, it's the one thing that happens that ends up making him kind of come back to Earth and realize that he may not be – you know, doing things the exact right way because, you know, oh, I jumped right in because he did. He just went, oh, fuck it. I'm going right in again. And they basically made his powers go wonky. And then Superman came in and like, listen, you can't make my powers go wonky. And then the both of them defeat them. (laughs) And it's, you know, and it ends up, like you said, it's just a nice little issue that ends up 
with them kind of together and it goes and at the end it shows you know pa and clark talking the same deal that this happened to clark as a kid and this is what i why i said it kind of throws it off for me because this should have been what clark already knows this should have been a lesson because really anytime we see something like this it is a you know pa taught me this and pa taught me that because yeah pa was a great guy and clark thinks of the world of him and everything he taught him he tries to you know keep going and, and live by so why at the beginning didn't he just go, you know what? Me and Pa were just like me and you. We didn't see eye to eye on whether I should use my powers or not. But in the end, we both realized that we had to go together and kind of find a happy medium. And that's what we did. How about me and you go do that now? And then you have a little bit of a different issue uh, that would, you know, the same uh, concept of an issue, but I think it would have flowed better where they go out. Well, and, well, you go out then, and then actually you could still have John like, no, 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 Damien said this, and then John's like, uh, or Superman could just sit back and like, okay, I'm just going to let him fuck up a little, and, at the end and of then the I'll issue, come Superman in. Superman goes to Gotham, goes to Batman, and then beats I don't want the shit your kid out. playing with yeah, my kid says anymore. It. Like, listen, you're not allowed to have any fucking, you know, play dates with my kid anymore. Uh, but yeah, I actually, the one thing I did like, the, the thing I loved the most was when John was doing those push-ups, and yeah. just because of the Super Sons book, of them bickering and stuff like this, I like to see John in this book, uh, you know, kind of like going and, and following Damien's, while Damien's not there. Because right. if Damien's there, he has to put up his front and do all mm-hmm. that. I would actually love to see at some point where you have Damien somewhere, even on the Teen Titans, and yeah. actually defend John. Like, so, well, that'd be a oh, great split issue where it's, you know, it's Super Sons, but they're off on their own and just thinking yeah, about what the other that. would do. I would love the like you just saw how John was following Damien's advice. I would love to see Damien sticking up. Like, say, Beast Boy. Oh, yeah, that's Superboy. He's a real clod. And then, you know, have Damien, you know, he's not just strong, he's smart. Like, I would love to see that. That would make the character of Damien, even the people hating him would have to love him then. But oh, yeah. really, we're, we're talking about this issue. There's just not that much no, to talk not. about. There really isn't. Uh, but I can't say, it, it's one of those. If you don't read it, you are not missing anything. Not no, this one is just a thing. floor issue before we get on the family vacation yes. and the road trip arc next, uh, now, next issue. But that's the thing. If you do want to read it or you're already – you have Superman on your pull list, I can't say that you're going to be upset about this either. No, you know what I mean? You're nice just going to read it. Yeah, you're just going to read it and go, oh, man, because really what they probably did, they got these guys on for this one shot and really went with the heart of what the Lois and Clark book was into the Superman book. It's all about family and all about yeah. their relationship. So – do that. This is a, a nice enough issue that shows that, but it's nothing that we didn't know. You know what I mean? We know that oh, yeah. John is a little brash, but it, even so, to get this issue going, they ended up having to make John a little bit more of a dick than he really is. Like how it didn't that seem, Damien kid too much. Yeah, and that, that's where we can go with. But you know what I mean? He's a little off. He is yeah. a little off, and I, I forgot to mention that page. I'm telling you, I, I have to find it because this one page where John John just is there and he's talking to Clark and he just looks like – he does. He looks like a dwarf, and it threw me off. I may have to show you in person because I, I can't even find it. I'm going through it. But what did you give this? I gave this book a 6.8 out of 10 because I, I enjoyed the art enough, but like overall – like I said, it's a nice story, but it does nothing for the overall plot because we know that you know Superman cares about John, that he's a good parent, and eventually John will listen to his father because he's a nice, respectful young boy who doesn't piss and bleach. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the thing is, that's what I think it's it's missing a little bit of that that John really. No, no, the pissing oh. and bleach. Nobody needs that. Uh, John. <laughs> 
out of anybody who you know damien flash on the wall whatever superman is his it's his dad but also his hero and i think he would always listen but he's getting older i know that that's also the concept is he's almost a teenager and he's doing that it is the panel when superman says about the leader drone was our only link to whoever sent this army and when i'm talking about this you go his john's face is so off he looks like a dwarf uh i'd probably i'm gonna go a little bit more positive again this is gonna be this is gonna be like everything else what'd you give it what'd you say 6.8 out of yeah i think i'm just gonna go seven uh i liked it enough it's just a nice issue i'm gonna be mr positive it's one of those though that you don't have to read so just take that as my full out review of if you want a little nice issue you like the superman you're collecting superman you don't want to miss out on a numbered issue you get it if if you were thinking of getting on the book just wait till next two weeks from now and then you'll be fine uh but yeah we'll move on now to the next book which we both kind of had the same opinion of as this yeah. one too did you find that picture of the, I did. the door yeah he, doesn't he look a little off there uh, actually i think he looks <laughs> more, uh, more off later on really i'm yeah. telling you his nose is crooked there uh like when just... they finally decide to work together against dreadnought and siphon i think right there he looks like a dwarf more than anything else really well and that's my i the art's okay in this yeah. i think that john is the thing that's a little wonky but it's fine uh but we're gonna move on to the next book nightwing number 24 written by tim seeley with art by miguel mandanka diana canisa chris sotomayor and carlos and manuel Nightwing isn't having a very good night as he tries to escape a shit ton of bad guys from trying to see what his insides look like, and to do that, he races through Tiger Shark's submarine in search of an escape capsule, taking out villain after villain on his way. Too bad Blockbuster was counting on Nightwing succeeding and is waiting for the hero by the escape pod where he punches in a self-destruct code before leaving because he knows that our hero won't leave the rest of the nasties down there to die while he goes after him. Thank you, Aaron. Very well. eloquent. Very, very eloquent. Now, uh, the issue, this is a continuation from the last issue, obviously, and the cliffhanger had me very excited because oh, Nightwing yeah, ended up. Oh, yeah, you got a shit ton of villains. Oh, yeah, Nightwing went, ended up, and I love shit ton of villains anytime, but it's, these villains are fun in theory. Uh, these are a lot of, yeah, we even talked about it last episode uh, when we were talking about this last issue, uh, where you have what I consider, we, we talked about it, like you have Count Vertigo, who I consider maybe, for Green Arrow, he could he's be He's an A-list, A-list in my mind, yeah, yeah. He's for Green Arrow. Uh, some of these go down to Z-list, though. <laughs> uh, and the fun part of it is, these are all, actually, if you're reading all the books, all of these villains have either been in the book recently or are actually going on right now that's yeah. a lot of fun to me now that that's also leads to some problems because it some leads of the to a lot of problems you don't sense. do your research to go when you go into this whole thing to write yeah. this whole story with all these villains yeah and that's what i said to you i i said that tim seeley must have went around or went to his editor and said hey i'm looking to see who the editor is the uh editor is rebecca taylor hey rebecca uh Go talk to everybody. See what villains they're doing. Like, I need, like, lower-class villains. Z-list. Okay, yeah, there's this, 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 and this. Now, the problem is you grab those and not know what they're actually doing in the books. It could lead to some problems. And it does lead to problems here that we could really nitpick about and say, like, why is he here? Why is that here? And we'll mention them as we go. Uh, I can't say that I made uh, that much of an effort to – 
you know, kind of give the book lower marks because of, you know, them calling the burn the underground men and maybe mixing that up because who knows what's going on in that Green Arrow book. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's still, if you're reading, you kind of are like, huh, that's odd. And there are a bunch of moments where that is odd. But it does start with Giz, who is working on a gun that it seems Dick gave him. But it seems odd. Uh, we, and I'm telling you, I don't remember really Dick remember giving him this gun in order to freaking check out to see what's going on with yeah, it. But no. like, yeah, yeah. But again, this is part of the tech that's kind of gone into Bloodhaven. Yeah, yeah, the secondhand stuff. So it makes sense that we could kind of say maybe he is. But even that, it's just ridiculous. He's there. He's got it plugged into his laptop and all. And he's, he's monitoring it and checking it out. He's like, oh, this is like something out of a comic book. It's got a 2,000 gig hard drive capable of tracking projectiles and reporting data. I'm like, what hard drive tracks projectiles? It's very odd. It's just like Tim Seeley giving, you know, fucking mumbo jumbo that yeah, thinks sounds cool. and it's funny to me because when they said it's something out of a comic book to me that was like the license to make it do whatever oh, me the as fuck well. you want and it just doesn't even make sense but that that's only a little bit of a nitpick at the beginning because we do get to to dick who's talking back and forth with giz and you know he's talking her because he's pressing his temple that he always does that is the night everybody does. Way. That's, how, that's how you do everybody does Telling you, you this was the most on? the oh. most i've ever seen that though was him and Grayson he was right. constantly pressing his temple uh, but yeah you have him there and he's being attacked by all of these villains uh, because Tiger Shark has basically said hey have Adam Ch- check out this weapons you know try these and out Blockbuster and- set him up to show up at this freaking yeah. weapons drop where the whole thing is you know hey Nightwing I need your help I'm back in my hometown it's it's a piece of shit I yeah. can't clean the place up on my own. I'm going to need your help. Yeah, so here's help the name of some cops that, you know, who are on Tiger Shark's take, who are bringing these guns into Bloodhaven. Check them out for me, would you? And when yeah, Nightwing check checked them out. them out at the friggin' gun drop, he was surrounded. It was all a setup. And now, you know, because Tiger Shark hired Blockbuster to kill Nightwing. And it seems like, you know, not just killing him, but we're going to use him as a demonstration with all these villains to see how yeah. the guns work. And Nightwing, uh, he's not about doing that. So he's going to no, go no, into no. Tiger Shark's submarine, hoping that Tiger Shark cares way too much about a submarine for them to go fucking fire and go hog yeah, wild yeah, on his ass. he's smart. And, and the whole thing is based on uh, – he even says it at the one point when, unfortunately, he's fighting Kid Amazo. He says, yeah. no, I don't have superpowers. I do my homework. Now, in the meantime, I would like to think that the villains are hunting the most dangerous game. Man, Man. because they're in there. But he's smart. He goes in. Now, we'll start right away with what you just said. They're in Tiger Shark Submarine. Now, it doesn't have to be the submarine that was an all-star Batman. No. But last issue of all-star Batman, Tiger Shark was in his submarine and got slashed by the villain there that we don't really have a name for yet. I'm still just calling it the first ally just because that's what the story's called. I don't think it will be that at the end. No, I don't think he's in fact. Yeah, but it is like the Black Knight who seemed to have slashed Tiger Shark, killed him, and then blew up his submarine with him in it. So it's odd just to see that. It's almost like part of these villains in this, it seems like Tim Seeley, like – he wants to rem- like almost like he's tugging at the heartstrings of anybody who liked Tiger Shark because he's in the sub again. It's like, oh well, no! It's but, so yeah. weird because not only do we have all these villains that are showing up in other books right now or have recently showed up in other books, but we also have a story that's very similar to what happened in All Star Batman with Tiger yeah. Shark sub, and even the conclusion or the cliffhanger we had for this yeah. very reminiscent of that it's last All Star Batman. It's pretty much the same. It's very odd. You go back to the Haven Community Center where you see Sean hanging out and and you don't really and with mouse yeah, uh but you, girlfriend. you don't really need 
this. You, you know what I mean? You don't need any of this. No. It's all about the funds of the goddamn community center being Which cut. Which we saw she, last issue. Exactly. She's all stressed out because that's happening. Dick's fucking told her the truth like a goddamn dumbass about yeah. how he feels about them having a kid and shit like that. But it all comes down to Pigeon getting out of jail. She's on parole and it yep. seems that, you know, Sean has invited her to fucking Bloodhaven to stay. Yep. And so they can reconnect. I'm like, what are you doing here, Sean? You, you yeah. have worked so hard to fucking get yourself. I know we have seen in the background that she's been talking to Pigeon. Yeah, and she's shit been like calling that. Pigeon. If people don't know, Pigeon was the villain that Sean was to face or was her sidekick. Back in the yes. day when Dick was Robin with Batman, uh, Sean, his now girlfriend, was the villain to face her who was Pigeon's sidekick. And yeah. had and since then, she's got she's reformed. She started the support group for other villains called the Runoff. She's had all this stuff in Bloodhaven, and it seemed as if when she was calling, the problem that I have is when she kept calling, it did seem like she still that Pigeon still had that grip on her. You exactly. know what I mean? That she couldn't get so seeing Pigeon show up. Not that it's not a good part of the story because that interests me. Like, oh no, because it seems like they have to get Sean out of the story at some point Immediately. anyway. And this is a good way to do it, to make her actually bad again. We'll see. In the meantime, though, her real superpower, if she had one, Sean, is bad-mouthing Dick. Because she's there. We already saw that last issue. Dick was like, you know what? I had problems with these interviews or stuff. Mouse is like, hey, how's Dick on? He can't get a job. <laughs> He didn't even have an interview. He can't God get to an interview. Oh, why she's why do bitch. all the girlfriends I know talk shit about the I man know, behind the back? Always showing up talking shit. When Pigeon shows up, though, Mouse flips out because, again, this is a villain. And this is a villain that Sean has spelled out, used her, had her, uh, control over. So Mouse attacks. Now, the problem mm -hmm. I have is Pigeon looks like she's about 12. Well, Pigeon I'm telling you, that's the be, thing. Yeah. If Sean's superpower is talking shit on Dick, then Pigeon's superpower is fucking de-aging because she looks yeah. younger than Sean. Yeah, she looks younger than Sean. She looks very, very young, and I think that that was just some sort of miscue on the art. I really do, and that, I don't know that, why that honestly, wasn't. we don't know anything about this Pigeon character, yeah. so honestly, it could be a de-aging character. You mean maybe she's even a mortal? Maybe, Maybe she's immortal. She's got We don't know anything wings. about it. We just know she shows up these goddamn wings in the Bloodhaven, and it looks yeah. like she's going to be rooming with Sean. Now, and she shows up, and I again, you want me to nitpick, Eric? I wonder how she ends up, because it seems like she was in Gotham in prison. Now yep. she's on parole. I don't know that she'd be allowed to go to Bloodhaven. That's what I was thinking. That's, That's just a nitpick me. in my mind as well. It seems weird. I would also think that uh, part of a parole would have to deal with not being around anybody who was formerly a sidekick in your evil doings. Again, I'll go she with it because she's going to go back to jail for breaking parole. Yeah, she's going to go back to jail along with Oliver and, exactly. and freaking fucking Green Arrow. They're both going to get <laughs> bail, scooped fucking up. Fucking bail jumper. The DCU is just everybody breaks parole and jumps bail. It, it just happens. Uh, but no, I, I don't mind it, though. It, it, you, have to have something, yeah, you have to have something for Sean to do. And this is okay. I guess, and I guess to me, though, to I know I don't like this part. I think it's very unnecessary and it kind of basically pulled it slams on the brakes of the action going on with with dick but i just think they need something to get her out of the book well, because honestly, we saw they, if we go by solicits it seems like dick's gonna get back with barbara so if, if i'm going by solicits so we'll see how does that, that goes. mean that dick will become a bad guy 
I don't know. He well, no, it'll just Barbara be Hillary. only dates. Yeah, bad she only guys. dates bad guys. But yeah, in the meantime, there is Nightwing, and he's fighting these guys. And again, we can go through the list. There is the head of the uh, Whale Enders gang that we actually yep. that is from this book. So we had the Whale Avery Enders Martelli. gang. Yep, or Avery Marcel. And then there's weird ones. There's Crash uh, Irons, who is actually uh, John Henry Irons' brother, who is a big deal right now in the Superwoman book. Now, the problem with it is there is also Skyhook in this book. Both of those are from the Superwoman book. They both are pretty much at odds with each other and want to kill each other. Why are they here together? I'm it telling you, very odd. Skyhook kidnapped Crash's baby, like, you know, child yeah, Zeke. Child. You know, there's, a, it's a, there's a big fucking to-do going on in Superwoman yeah. about this. The idea that they would be together for the bad blood they have seems odd here. Yeah, and it's not even just bad blood, just that. If you remember, the reason he did that is because they're pretty much warring over Matrod. Like, they want to have a gang fight uh, fucking in Matrava. They are mortal enemies at this point. Well, freaking Crash stole a shitload of money, I believe it yeah. was, from Skyhook yeah. and fucking and you know, ran off. And got him in jail and, and ran off. And then so Skyhook kidnapped this young baby son who he, he wasn't really paying attention to, As yeah. but it He's didn't matter. Father, he was still matter. pissed. John uh, and this and is Natasha care. The whole thing that's going on in the Superwoman book deals with, uh, you know, them trying to battle both Skyhook and Crash, so yep. it's very odd. Uh, but yeah, it's okay, and it, it it's okay because it, it, this is what it is, I guess. It's not Tony, okay. it is a rundown. I don't know why I said that. It's so odd to me because you know we have this whole setup where we have all these villains after Dick, and he is getting the blueprints from Giz so he can make his way through Tiger Shark's gigantic submarine. Yeah, I want to know when the fuck the goddamn villains got in front of him because as Nightwing is yeah. progressing through the submarine, he keeps coming across new villains who were previously behind him. Yeah, behind him. I, I, I'm getting. Here's the thing that if you're really gonna go with this issue and just you really have to suspend a lot of disbelief because just having these villains, like we said, we have Skyhook and Crash, it makes no goddamn sense no. together. So you have to kind of go past that. You have Count Vertigo, which we haven't really even seen. I want Count Vertigo to be in Green Arrow, not hanging out in fucking Tiger Shark submarine with these fucking like, know. You know, low lives. It, it's very odd because I love Count Vertigo. Instead of uh, instead of Count Vertigo, we're getting the burned right now, which show up here as well. Show up here anyway because yeah, it's saying, weird. I'm, I'm, I look at Count Vertigo, I'm like, yeah, you are a badass yeah. little motherfucker. I, I love his you. design. I love Count Vertigo's design. And basically, Dick knows that if he can get him in close quarters, that when they both try to use their abilities, they're going to kind of go against each other. And basically, uh, Skyhook accidentally gets into Count Vertigo's deal and throws up, and it's disgusting. Oh. And it's funny, too, because Count Vertigo's just like, you foul, filthy beast. He's like, this <laughs> is the most horrific-smelling stuff I've ever smelled in my life. But I I liked it. I, I, and that, while that he's part, distracted, like, Dick kicks him in the face, knocks yeah, him out. Yeah, kicks him in the face. And I'm telling you, while everything is ridiculous and while most of these villains do not make sense being here, I still found myself having fun because the nature of it and like what you were saying about them getting ahead, you also could complain that they go down very easily. But they are shitty villains, so I well, like I'm that concept. The, the, the one I had the biggest problem with was Shadow being taken out by freaking yeah, Dick. So Shadow's easy. she's not, this goddamn ninja, yeah, like you know, Shadow is not lady. a. She's not a joke. Count Vertigo no. shouldn't be a joke, but the way he kind of spins it around and makes uh, Skyhook barf. Now, would you ever, if I would have bet you money that we were going to see Skyhook in in a couple books in within a month, would would you have taken that bet? Because there's no, no way we ever would have thought Skyhook would show up in a couple of books. I thought it was odd in Superwoman. I know. Well, then... 
Dick gets past them, he goes, and then he runs into what appears to be the burned from the Green Arrow book, yet they are called the Underground Men, and it is a gray area of oh, what no, is and what have, isn't. You have the Underground Men and you have the Burned. There are two separate things. The Underground Men look like Nosferatus, and the goddamn Burned are burn victims. Yeah, and these look like burn victims. They yes. do look like and they are went, in the burns uniform. It seemed like they wanted to have the underground men, but when somebody went to go look to see who they were, because unfortunately the underground men haven't been seen that much. You know no. what I mean? They they haven't been fully the burned have been a lot. So I think that they accidentally made a little snafu. Well, and I the imagine burn, the last thing we hear, like you know, if you, Rebecca's going off the editor of Tim Seeley's checking shit out on his own. In the last issue of Green Arrow, Ollie is going off to stop the underground men's freaking, you know, their slavery yeah, racket. Yeah. But in that, you also see the burn. So I think some freaking, you know, like uh, some wires yeah. got crossed, whatever Thank you want to call it, you know. I'm telling you, somebody they just talk got about a the book underground sent, men, but you have yeah. the burn in that book. Yeah. And they kind of get taken out by Dick, but then also get taken out by Strato, who is the air god enforcer of the China White Triad, who's from the Superman book, the new Superman book. And I like them. I like Strato, China White, and Snake Pit. Uh, They're kind of fun to me. I actually do like them, but they're only here for a second. I do like the call out, though, because it does say Snake Pit. He's super strong. He's gone toe-to-toe with Superman. And it's funny because you can say, oh, that's the new Superman. Actually, he went toe to toe with Superman in the Divergence issue before the DCYOU. That was Anyone one of the, toe to toe with Superman fight. in the new Superman book. Yeah, so I like it that he's gone a couple times. They keep, yeah. and that's his thing. And that really is his calling card. He goes with it. Now, but, now Jim, if I was going to say to you that I would say, like, you know, in a couple of months, we're going to have China White try it in a bunch of books. <laughs> I'm going to say, would you have taken no, that back? No, I'd be like, fuck <laughs> you. You're never going to see that. It's funny because when you said about Shadow, I kind of feel the same way with actual China White. Now I yeah. can't, I can't speak for Strato. I know that Snake Pity went toe to toe with Superman. China White's a badass though, and she kind of just gets kicked and she's gone. And it's almost like, and it is, it's Dick is using the room, his surroundings to try to get the, the, it's not friendly fire, but it ends up being that because at one point Strato just goes behind the, the, underground men and chokes him out with his you know his gas there it's, it's very everybody is, it's seems so to be taken to be, out well the thing is it's so weird because out of all the villains we had fucking you know it crash we had friggin uh uh the friggin the whale enders leader friggin uh martel and then yeah. you had skyhook count vertigo and you had the friggin shadow white tried the only one to wound dick in all of this was the burned yeah yeah they the stuck burned. a knife in his goddamn arm all these other motherfuckers nothing yeah, it's funny too because and, – and also we didn't even mention as this was going on and you had the original ambush of what they were going to do and all of that, uh, Tiger Shark did up the ante and said, listen, get this motherfucker and whoever does gets a year's worth of weapons. And I was like, yeah. what the hell is a year's worth of weapons? I don't know. Tell me what a year's worth but of weapons is. you know is, what? I would go in for it. I'd be going too because that's what got everybody fired up. So he even had Count Vertigo. He's but like, it's going to get his country weapons. If any of you fuck up my goddamn sub, the deal is off. Yeah, which they do. Snake Pit yeah. uh, actually – yeah, actually, it's Dick. It's like all of them. Shit is going wrong. It is going wrong. But most of these villains just get taken out fairly easily, including Shadow. Like you said, Shadow's badass. Dick just ends up sliding, jumping, headbutt, done. 
That's so it's it. just and like, he, you know, if it works for Bane, it should work for Shadow, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he does it to Shadow. Shadow's out. No, in the meantime, I loved it because all of a sudden I'm like, who's this other guy? Because we didn't know. There were a couple other guys that we didn't know last issue when we had. We got very close to getting them all. Yes. We were pretty right on. Uh, Clock King's there. <laughs> so the only and, one I don't think we knew off the top of our head was the leader of the Whale Enders, Crash yeah. Irons, and freaking uh, Kid Amazo. I think yeah, we yeah. knew last time that yeah. uh, Clock King was now in the I deal. Yeah, Clock King, I don't get the idea of why he would be here. He you know, does not seem like a guy who's involved in weapons like this. Like, this really is a, I imagine hey, come Clock and get King, these weapons. He's, he's got his stick, right? He's always working with his clocks and the fucking timer. There, yeah. He keeps getting his ass kicked. He's tired of it. He's, he's tired of it. He's stick. like, listen, I, I I'm, need I'm to now. do something about this. Because really, the last time we saw him, uh, again, was in what I believe was Green Arrow, when uh, Oliver and uh, Emiko kicked his ass. So, yeah, yeah. maybe he's pissed. Remember, he had those watches that when they, they end up getting you all fired up, but then when they he has to rewind them to get what you fucking without your Because he showed in something else. No, we, at, at the beginning, though, it was weird. At the very beginning of Rebirth, once the Deathstroke book, we had that really old Clock King. That was odd. No, and I, then I remember I, that, but I thought we saw this, this Clock King and something forget, else besides forget. that Green Arrow. And we thought to, it was odd. Really but the green, Clock King now. Yeah, the Green Arrow was the big one. It might have even been Detective Comics, actually, now that you talk about it, but we'd have to go back. But yeah, yeah. it just... He seems odd to me to be a guy who's after these weapons. You can say, I can go through all of these uh, other villains and come up with a reason why they would Shadow. be getting these these vil- – Shadow? I would just say the League of – I don't know. I don't <laughs> Maybe know Maybe I couldn't think I'm of like, Maybe come on. <laughs> she's stepping it up too. She has an assassin gang. I don't know. She ended up – I'm part of the now. Yeah, the maybe she class. wants to – maybe she – I could – how about I go, Shadow is there undercover. She's trying to infiltrate this this thing and stop it. How about that? Right, she I'm never good. gets the word to Dick, and he headbutts her. But all the other villains. I'm, I'm going down the line, and everyone you'll mention, I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Skyhook. <laughs> Skyhook is there. Skyhook is there to get weapons to beat up fucking Crash. Crash just ended up happening to be there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, Dick just goes through him. He runs into Magog. Magog, Magog, toss him. Magog does do some damage to him. Yeah, Magog does do some damage, and Magog is in right now a big part of the what I would call the, the the Supergirl. Isn't it the Fatal Five? Is yes. what he's in now. I could say that they want weapons to fight Supergirl, so that I can Except go with that. Yeah, I can go with that. But he's there. He does some damage to Dick. He throws him across the the room because he's stunned from uh, headbutting Shadow, and then kind of punches him at one point. Uh, but yeah, all of a sudden Dick just grabs a, a bone and puts it into Magog's eye, and Magog is out. He's short I'm circuits. Like, That's fucked up, Dick. I know it was. I actually, and it's funny because they really spell out about it being the mechanical eye. I'm yep. like, ooh, that's pretty harsh. Uh, then you get the worst one of them all because after Magog goes down, there is our buddy from Super Sons, fucking Kid Amazo. It makes no sense. This Not at makes all. no sense for him to be there. In fact, most of these villains, at least I can say to you, in every book, they're still out and about. You know what I mean? I know that it's weird to have Skyhook and Crash going on, but in the Superwoman book, they are still at large. Yes. Kid Amazo in his book is not he is in jail as far as we know. He has, Lex the has taken back the Kid Amazo yeah. suit ripped off of him. So it really throws a crazy, you know, timeline thing in it. And from what we already know in the Super Sons book, 
uh, this kid, it doesn't make sense for him to be here. No. Basically, he shows up and says he wants to grab powers, but in the Super Sons, he was a guy who was affected by, his family was affected by the Amazo virus. He ended up going and breaking into LexCorp and getting this Amazo suit, putting it on, torturing his family because his other ability, it says that his ability, like that he can absorb powers. I don't know that Tim Seeley knows that his real ability is to duplicate he is a duplicate powered uh villain and you don't get any of that really here you just just have the standing there in the kid amazo suit trying to act like a badass and dick takes him out instantly i'm like you know what you just shot a kid with a goddamn agog staff and threw a goddamn wall that's fucked up man and just like i said the whole thing is he doesn't even get really what his real ability was yes he also absorbs powers because he has the amazo suit on and all that but his real ability is so convoluted i don't know what the hell's going on it it really comes off And, and because of that it seems really really odd there but yeah dick gets through them all and he almost he collapses he's talking to giz uh the big joke is that giz keeps giving him the uh the secret name of blue cheese which i like, really like because you know I back with fun. shazam he was the big red cheese and that yeah. everybody used to call him that i'm like you know i'm calling him the blue cheese he's I'm the like, blue yeah, cheese he's, he's, he's just a guy it. like shazam was i could see yeah. that and i liked it too because giz says he's like okay blue cheese we got he's like listen nightwing's already a secret <laughs> identity you can use nightwing it's a code it's name like, use nightwing. there's no problems with the code name nightwing here and he keeps using it it made me laugh uh but then he he's trying to get out he's trying to find a way at this whole time giz is trying to tell him where the exit is he's trying to get to and he's almost there yeah he's almost there and that's when roland desmond blockbuster shows up and basically ruins his day again and says nope you're not going anywhere uh you know this is this was my plan all along and this is where i thought roland was going to say listen this was my plan because all right buddy I needed let's get you out of here help me yeah. let's get out you know what i was undercover with you i know i set you up i'm sorry but here we go nope He's pissed. He's jealous because Nightwing showed up in, in Bloodhaven acting like the town was his. That's basically And he like, you're not even is. from this place. You can't be its hero. That's my job. Yeah, that's basically all it is. That's the whole thing is that he's jealous that Nightwing came in. And, and yeah, you I'm, can go with if you are if you haven't been reading the Nightwing book, when Nightwing showed up in Bloodhaven, uh, they had billboards. They had a fucking, you know, a whole to-do about Night. We Now we got ourselves a superhero and stuff like that. And I could go that Roland looked at that and was pissed now at that point he was in jail Eric because he just kind of got out but hey we'll go with it uh but yeah he's just jealous ends up leaving and it's such and a weird setting thing up a bomb well the thing is like I really like the idea of going into this and thinking that you know this blockbuster was a good guy he was gonna work with Dick I'm like that's yes. a change in the character I've I not loved seen it. that I'm like I I'm all about it. it just making him a bad guy again is so weird but and a bad guy I, just out of jealousy but the uh, thing is me. even with that jealousy the whole idea where he set all of this up for nightwing to, and the thing is while reading this i realized i saw this duality going on where it was a lot to me like um like uh batman nightfall back in the 90s when bane okay. first showed up to break batman where he broke all the uh, villains of arkham out to wear batman yeah, down yeah, before yeah. breaking yeah, him. it was like, and I'm like that he got and all blockbuster those. is kind of like bane's freaking you know i mean uh blockbuster is like nightwing's bane where he is yeah. smart and he is a brute and he just sent all these villains at nightwing to fucking wear him down and now he's just gonna kill him i'm like you know what that's kind of cool i kind of dig it is that kinda but- cool the problem is i have is that he doesn't kill him he ends mm. a, he, at this end, Dick is basically like you said. He's like Batman. He's worn out. All, all Blockbuster had to do was break his back, kill him, and he's like, nope. He just he takes his little drop of his medicine, becomes just rolling. Gets in a tube like uh, 
escalator or elevator type thing that I love. I always like the tube elevators. And then leaves <laughs> with a bomb ready to blow up the submarine. Dick is trying to Because he knows you know, Dick won't chase it. after him with yeah. all these people down but there, again, even if they are scumbags. It's one of those where I could go to work and I can have this fucking eight-step plan to get you to go outside to my car or I could just grab you and go, come here and let you. He could have killed Dick yes. a- at any point before. This is very odd. But I like it. I like what you're saying because I didn't even think of that fully, uh, him being almost well, the, like the, a the, Bane because he's the smart. The problem with that, though, is like I really dug the concept of what we get from this issue, though, because that was a long-form story. It went on yeah. for a long time where Batman dealt with yeah, all these different villains until he eventually got to Bane and we realized what the whole big plan was. But here it's just one issue. Everything is thrown yeah. at you, and it all is just – him running through a submarine and taking out bad guys, pretty goddamn easy, and it's yeah, very like I said, if it ended with if it ended with Blockbuster kind of taking out Dick, like just like Bane, you know, doing that, but instead yeah. he's like, hey, here's a bomb, I'm heading out, see you later, smell you later, and goes and Dick's trying to disarm it. He's like, hey, tell Sean I, and then the thing blows up, and a poor fucking tiger shark. Which is, he, I, know. I don't know how many subs he has, but every week a sub is blowing up. And I, in my mind, tiger sub. shark was on board as well, so not only did he see me dead in All-Star Batman, yeah. but dead here as well. I don't yeah, know. Both by, like, how, both how by his get subs. Out of this sub? yeah. I think that after this, because I'm sure he'll survive there. Of course. He should get rid of the subs. No more subs for Tiger Shark. I'm making the call the for him. I'm going to tell him, yeah, battleships. Battleships or biplanes. No fucking subs. You're done. These I subs are bad luck. Like, all right, all right. You know what? I'm going to get a battleship. And the thing is, the first battleship he wants, that's the one where Superman and Deathstroke were on. It tore apart. <laughs> it tore apart. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. He, he can't win, Tiger Shark. He's a, he's a snazzy fella. He's very fancy. He can't win. No. But what, what did you give this? I'm telling you, I, I like the art in this book. Miguel Mondanka is my favorite artist on the Nightwing book right now, and I'm happy whenever he's on this. And I thought the book looked great. It's just the concept of the story was just Dick running around taking out villains, and it just yeah. did not come off at, like a big deal. Like you throw all these villains at us. That's kind of cool. The way he takes them out here and the way the progression of the story is – it was just really rushed, and I didn't I didn't have any great feelings about it at the end. So I gave it a 6 out of 10 because I really yeah. like the art, and I like the cliffhanger a lot. You know, it's a really cool cliffhanger yeah. where it looks like the hero is going to die. And I can't figure a way out of this, but you know he's going to survive. But yeah, I don't know. I still look forward to the blockbuster arc that we're dealing with. It's just, just this that, issue was really it's disappointing. It's funny because to me. I'm, I'm really trying to think of the villain that could do something to save it. Like one of the villains, like say you had somebody that can make uh, – you know, fucking shields or teleport or something. I don't see any of them there, but we'll see. Maybe Magog, uh, Eric. I don't. Oh, Magog. So. I don't think so. But I. Magog's gonna, going shit I with have, his eye fucking poked out. I have started my new. I'm positive, Jim. Now, no positive, Peter. Positive, Thank Jim, God. Eric. And I'm gonna any time now. I'm gonna think of a score, and I'm gonna go two points higher, and just fake the funk. That's what I'm gonna do. From I don't like this game. I know. It's just I I get depressed when people yell. I know, at me. and people are always yelling at me. Uh, <laughs> I thought this issue was fun. What? It's very it rushed. Fun. Uh, it's fun. It's very rushed. Uh, some of the villains, like I said, don't make any sense. Kid Amazo yeah. just threw me off. Uh, but if you aren't reading the books that all these villains are in, it's weird because I was going to say you're fine then, but then you won't know who they are. So you get this, you know, duality here where if you do know them, hey, Kid Amazo, 
the fuck, Kid Amazo? What the hell's he doing there? And he's not a superpower siphon. Skyhook and Crash together. That don't make no damn sense. The bird like the underground man. And and not only that, uh, just to throw the fact of the matter, Skyhook basically is spelled out as a pedophile in Superwoman as well. This isn't just a bad guy. This is a piece of shit who ended up stealing a little baby, a little kid. So who knows what the hell's going on? It's dark, and I don't like it. But I do like the China White Triad. I'm going through here. And I will tell you, seeing the burned outside of the Green Arrow book makes me giggle. It makes <laughs> it makes me laugh. And in the meantime, in the Green Arrow book that comes out this uh, week, he's actually on the road trying to go and stop the Ninth Circle and the burn and all that. So... I kind of think it's kind of cool that they are there, and it makes them seem like a global thing that they're supposed to Agreed. be. Agreed, that they're yeah. supposed to be, that but, you never get the idea yeah, of yeah. in the Green Lantern. So uh, that Green was Lantern actually book. okay. I like seeing Count Vertigo, but again, at the end of the day, it's just nonsense. They t- Dick takes them all out easily. The Sean thing with Pigeon, it's intriguing. It just kind of it, it put a halt to the action there. And, and the, the thing is, something needed to halt the action a little bit because that's all this book is. Yeah, it was. It really was. And it's a very fast-moving issue. Uh, but I liked it. I, I have to say, I actually enjoyed it enough. It's just there's not a lot to it. So I'm no. going to give it a 6-8, Eric. I was going to give it a 6-5, but when we were talking about it, just I can kind of embrace the fun factor of it with all these villains just seeing them you're never going to see a book with this many crazy right. villains in it in the next year or so so i'll go with that but like you said you actually it's like i'm like fucking tim seal sitting there's like god damn action comics has all the best superman yeah, villains yeah. Ever. So what kind of villains going. could i get oh only the shitty oh, ones the bird. oh geez snake pit I hate that guy. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I like the idea that he guy was wearing hook. him down like Nightwing or Nightfall. I mean, uh, yeah. that's pretty cool, but it, it really doesn't. It's, that's what I realized anything. at the end. I'm like, you know what? It's, it's very similar to that. Just who Blockbuster is the smart yeah. Blockbuster. He's very yeah, smart. He's very smart. strong. But again, if you want to go through that, and I, I can't blame this issue um, for just that. But having the smart Blockbuster that seemed to be trying to do good. That was really, really neat. That was really I was all intriguing, about it. and now it's kind of ruined. It kind of gets just thrown on the heap. That seemed like that story could have went. I'm telling you, if you would have had Blockbuster be kind of a sidekick to Nightwing for a little, would have been fucking. I'm telling awesome. you, if we if we would have extended this, and like you know how we have in Batman right now, the War of Jokes and Riddles is pretty yeah. much the big summer Batman story arc. Yep. If we would have had a big Nightwing story arc, all dealing with Blockbuster, I would have been fine as long as we could have, yeah. you know told a bigger like story bigger and actually story, had a, yeah. you know i don't want to say this is actually in my mind a padded out issue if we didn't yeah. have to have a padded out issue and actually told a longer like you know oh yeah larger I'm story you, i think would have been a lot better if we would have had script doctor uh if we would have had blockbuster roland desmond blockbuster show up say you know convince dick that he's on the up and up and then he keeps going like oh you know we're gonna clean up uh bloodhaven i just heard the underground men are here and each issue you had these battles and you had it progressing yeah. a little and then at the very end we realized that blockbuster the whole time was doing a nightfall and, and not only that, but also getting rid of the awesome. competition so he could be the yeah. big bad of would have been it would have been really, really cool. Yeah. In the meantime, he wears Dick down by getting rid of all the competition, and then he's in. Because it would have been a cool really spin cool. because back when Dick first went to Bloodhaven in the old continuity, Blockbuster was the big guy behind yeah. everything. You know, the hidden goddamn figure who was yep. controlling everything. It would have been cool. It would have been pretty cool. But, uh, you know, you get this. If you like a lot of action, it's here. But that is it. Ooh, that Nightwing. 
Is that mm-hmm. what we just mm-hmm. talked about? Nightwing? Sure was. Was it Nightwing? The wing that goes by night, Eric. That's what they call him, all right. I don't think they do. Yes, they do. But we're now going to talk about what I'll tell you right now is my favorite book of the week and one of my favorite books in Rebirth in general. And that book is, Eric, Deathstroke number... I remember 21. I'm trying to find my notes where it is. Deathstroke number 21, written by Christopher Priest, art by Diogenes Neves, Jason Paz, or Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Sweet Willie Schubert. Now, Eric, I know because Reggie often sings songs to start his books, Eric, and he only has one book this week. I have a, a musical blurb for you, for your enjoyment, and here it goes. All right, now here we go. Everybody, it's a stroke squatter. Have you heard? Slate's got a team. Who's that joke? Who's this I don't know. Don't need to like him, but he changed his ways. He was in speedball. Extended version. Eric, Stroke Squad. It's called Stroke Squad, right? Of course. Uh, the, the thing was ruined once they came out with the name Defiance. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> son of a bitches! Ah, uh, yes. I don't hear you interrupting Reggie's songs like you did mine, Eric. I but only uh, also, I will never have acapella, because I think that's what ruins the whole concept. I like to have the full production. And I, I think I'm going to talk to Reggie next week. Me and him are going to do another duet to drive you nuts. Uh, but yeah, this the Stroke Squad is in full effect. This is the cover that I loved, we were waiting for with the whole deal. And uh, I love this issue. the whole fucking JLA look to it. I love it. And it's funny because, oh yeah, I love it. I, I'm telling you, this issue even has something that normally would drive me fucking insane. Christopher Priest, unlike some other writers, Eric, has my full, I, I'm with him. No matter what oh, yeah, he does, he's proven himself in he my has mind. proven himself fully that he will end up explaining everything, tying everything back, and doing everything that I like. Telling because it does start, it does start with Willow. Eric, and you get this, and obviously you're like, oh. God damn, did this throw me off immediately? Yeah, because you don't know what's going on. It's another character that's getting added in. Hot as hell, Eric. But she's in, yeah, she's in an alley. She looks like, you know, you don't even know what's going on. Some guy looks like he's kind of kissing her. She's there. Uh, But it ends up that, and she's in Chinatown, and she goes, and there's a guy cutting some potatoes. He's making a soup there, and she ends up going to him with a knife, and it basically is Ying 
Ming Zeng, who is actually the the uh, the guy making the soup or just at least peeling the potatoes, and they have a fight going on that seems to be from the year 222 BC. And he says to this woman who's Willow, he says, you know, you are martyred princess warrior. You've traversed the oceans of time to kill me. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but it, it was really cool. I like the action of the sequence. Uh, and obviously, this is where I say, I read it and I go, okay, I don't really think this book needs any more characters at the moment because we have a ton uh but i know that christopher priest will give us more info going on and everything that we see is going to be important because it always ends up being that because they just end up fighting uh, basically to prove who is worthy eric and she ends up beating the shit and killing uh these bodyguards that are with this guy and end up killing him with a broom handle uh in the fucking through the chin right because he's coming at her with a goddamn two cleavers and she grabs this broom handle and shoves it through his chin and then puts his face in the fucking mop bucket and drowns him and then she says she's worthy. And I mean, it is an extended scene. This is half of the issue almost. And while that seems crazy, I know, it was crazy. The other half of the issue, though, is fucking chock full of. Like, it's weird because in this 10 remaining pages or 11 or whatever it is, there's so much packed in story that ends up to me, even if you took out that part with Willow there. It's still a full issue to me because you like, end- I'll tell you by the end. Once I got done with Willow and this whole Chinatown thing, which I didn't understand, I'm like, okay, you're seeding some shit for the future, yeah, but yeah, you know, I'll go with yeah. it now. By the time we got done, I forgot all about it and just got right in the Stroke Squad. And it yeah, and like the Stroke Squad. Itself. And the whole thing, like I said, the Stroke stuff is like 11 or 12 pages. And there is more story in those 11 and 12 pages than a lot of books have in fucking half of an arc. Because you have Adeline, and she's talking to the government. She's trying to set up this defiance team and trying to justify why Deathstroke's on it. Now, we realize, uh, we know... She has Deathstroke on it because that's the only way she can get Jericho on it. Yeah. Everybody in this book has a scheme, and everybody's doing something to try to get something on other people, except maybe Power Girl. Aaron, she is pure at heart. She's in it for the puppies. Spears. Yeah, she's in it for the puppies, all right. And even that, I'm still angry at that goddamn puppy uh, because of Roscoe, but I'll go with it because, you know, we go. But I, I, I like this. I just wanted to mention the whole idea this motherfucker killed my dog. I like yeah. what she just. No, like, forgot all about it, it seems. Like, oh, yep. he got me a new puppy. That makes everything okay. Yeah, and then you go and you get Adeline, who, I don't know. At first, I thought that she was pleading her case to get Defiance, this Defiance Stroke Squad. Right. It actually seems like she may have been called in to get a little flack because I, they I, like, are— Explain yourself why you yeah, have slaves yeah. fucking— Why Deathstroke's involved. And we realize later she has Deathstroke involved because she wants Jericho involved. And at this moment, Jericho is trying to figure out who killed his fiance. And I, you, I really like this part too because not only you find out that you know Adeline is using Slade as a way to get Jericho on the team, but also catches everybody up to what's been going on in fucking yeah. Deathstroke. Yeah, and even says this is the part where you have to keep pushing this thing where she says, listen— He's had a change of heart. He is not the same guy. He's had a religious experience. He's changed and says, Admiral, I think he's ready to come home and I can keep him on his leash. And it's this, again, it's the crisscross applesauce through everybody. Each person has their own way and reason and things like that. Now you go off. Now, it's funny because as we go, 
there's a lot of people who are reviewing this book and online and saying things like, oh, you know what? Slade's lying. He hasn't had this religious experience. I, I beg to differ. And I think I'll tell he has. It. Everything we've oh. seen from the Lazarus contract makes you think that. Yeah, well, when what he does in this book, they just go full out. But no, I'll tell you when we get to it. It's hilarious. And really, the reason why I scored the book so high is because of Deathstroke and what he does. Uh, but yeah, you go off then and you have Slade sitting there and he's watching TV. He wants to find a way to get the team, the Defiance team, up and running. Get him in he, action, needs yeah. them, he needs them to get in action, kind of become a team for what he wants to do. Now, again, we don't know fully what he intends to do. Like, is it something that like he just wants to be? Team? That's right. And like, what, what kind of team? With? And what is he? Is he? Are they just going to be a team that's like a Teen Titans that they just wait around, or does he have something in mind that he wants to fix? Is this going to be Deathstroke in a uh, "My name is Earl" type thing? Because I he's actually got a list th- of shit he's got to cross I off. I actually think that that's what we're kind of going to get from this. Is he has a couple things that he really wants to rectify that he fucked up, and it's part of it. And I, you have to realize too, if you go down the team that he has a lot of these people on the team he has wronged oh yeah or, he's fucked over completely yeah, and i think that that's basically one of the main things the main thing is him wanting this team to be a team with him so that he can say look i want to make you better superheroes he even said when tanya that's spears the first start of his 12-step program yeah and the tanya spears stuff from the very beginning when he was you know friends with her when he was blind and things like this he constantly would say to her, she's like, listen, I'm a superhero, and you are 10% of a superhero. You know, you're not quite super. You're this and that. I think that he wants to train all of them to come out of it better uh, from just him and trying to pass the experience. Now, the thing that I said— the whole thing with Rose as well, where he just wanted her to yeah. choose a side. Whether you're a villain yeah. or a hero, whatever you want to get off the couch and be the fucking yeah. best you can and be. And he wants to be around her. And he now he tried to go back, and the, the whole thing with the Lazarus contract that was nonsense because you had the whole thing with grant and stuff like that and it was so like and grant was such a non-entity you know well, what i mean even that, during it one, you didn't even think thing about we have in here with wally west friggin you know kid flash talking about how he saved deathstroke i'm like yeah i don't really remember it that way yeah and it's weird but with that I don't know if he's saying save. You know, he may. I don't know him saying save may actually be the religious experience that he's saying possibly. Maybe but, it's weird because it didn't really seem like. But again, he did wrong him. He got him kicked off the Teen Titans because oh, yeah. what he did and used him. So I get that. But the thing about that when I came out of the Lazarus contract, the, the the thing that really bothered me was you never even got like the idea that Grant was ever going to come back. He was no. never going to. So Grant was like. Like I said, a non-entity. It wasn't even like he was a real character in that story because you only saw him a little in the past. But it was so nonsense because what the real problem is, if you weren't reading Deathstroke into that Lazarus contract, the real problem he has is with Jericho. He has been he slept with Jericho's uh, fiance. I mean, he has screwed Jericho over. And I think that this is the start because of his actions when he was yeah. a kid, breaking his you know, throat slashed. Yeah. I think that this is the start because pretty much up until now of the 20 issues or maybe 18 issues of Deathstroke, it's been all about him trying to get together with Rose, trying to make a connection with Rose and try to be a good father to Rose. I think that this is the start of him doing that with Jericho as well. well. And from the end of this, we do realize – the last issue when he was just outside when Jericho was at his NA meeting. He's just waiting outside and picking him up and taking him wherever he wants to go. He's just going to be there for Jericho, wants to be around him. 
But yeah, as we leave him, he kind of gets up and says to, uh, he sees something on TV that we don't know right away, but he does see his in. He sees a way that he could cause uh, trouble because Deathstroke is not a guy who's just going to wait around for things to happen. He's going to make it happen. Uh, but we get to that in a little bit. Especially because, when he finds an in like he does on yeah, the goddamn yeah. TV But screen. before that, you do have Wally and uh, Tanya, and they're talking about how they, you know, they're part of Defiance now, how they were both part of Team I just Titans. love the interplay between them because Wally is just such an awkward kid hey so what grade are you in like what yeah, I have two yeah. phds what the yeah, fuck are you talking like, about uh, yeah. and he's just trying to make small talk and he's as bad at us as you are yeah he is and he's like so uh why are you on the team he bought me a puppy i'm like Catania, just remember what he did to your other God dog he it, snapped roscoe. his neck god damn it roscoe uh but yeah then t- while he's there Pretty much because he has nowhere else to go. No. So he's like, yeah, you know what? I was on the he's Teen on the Titans. Outs with Flash right yeah, now. and he's, he's like, I got kicked out of the Teen Titans. And she says, well, at least you were invited in the first place because she wasn't. She was part no. of the new 52 Teen Titans when it formed with Damien. He didn't yeah. even call. Yeah, he didn't even call her. So she was a former Teen Titan that didn't get the call. And I like that. So that's a really cool way that those two can kind of become friends and things like that. In yeah. the meantime, you do get that whole thing where Wally of says, the yeah, I kids saved on the him. team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, then you go off and then you see Jericho. Jericho has a wall of who killed Etienne. And it actually just says that. He taped it up too. <laughs> who killed Etienne? And everybody's In case on I it. I forget. Who yeah, killed Etienne? Yeah, there's Amanda Waller. There's Wintergreen. There's Pop. There's Ma, Rose, Hussan. They're all on there. And there's more. I mean, oh, there yeah, is a bunch of people on there. And there's Rose saying, you know, hey, why am I on there? She's like, God damn it. He's like, no, everybody's on there. You know, it could be any everybody's of us. Everybody's a suspect. And it's a weird deal here that she says uh, to Jericho, hey, have you seen the ridiculous costume Slade wants us to wear? They're wearing them. That was the one thing that I was like, "Eh, it's a little off there, buddy, because they are wearing them already, especially Jericho's just standing in the costume. But uh, Rose is like, I think all the costumes were based off of what Jericho already had because he wasn't willing to trade up. Maybe. It just looks like he has the full custom, and she already has the colors. At least that sweatshirt is kind of the already the deal right. and looks like she has them. But, yeah, she shows up. Hey, look at this. You know, nobody, nobody liked that TN, so, you know, she deserved to die. Kind of like that. But she's like, you know, we know that Deathstroke did it. And then I like Jericho's. I don't like, know, yeah. Well, I like uh, Jericho's. Like, of course he did. <laughs> and she's like, why are you obsessing? And nobody liked her. And they go. And she's like, listen, there's a reason. She was working for Amanda Waller. She was sleeping with dad behind your back and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, you've, you're getting all the motivations of everybody joining the team. Uh, that's why Jericho's going to join as well. him. Like, what if this is the one murder that Pop didn't commit? Yeah, yeah. And he wants to get there next to him and close to him so that they can figure out. He and can figure out if he did it. And have too where like, you know, he wants to make sure that Deathstroke has changed. He's starting to think maybe he has. Yeah, and we see that he ha- – I still think he has. This is where people were thrown off because <laughs> – this, this was a bit of like, you know, what, what's it called when you get like like fall back into bad habits? Yeah, it, I don't even think that. I'm telling you, this is my whole theory because of the fact that what, is Je- what did Deathstroke do when he wanted to be a good father? He oh, ended up putting a hit out for Rose. He doesn't know any better. This is not – you have a religious experience like he did. doesn't mean that you change your way of thinking. I mean, if all all of a sudden I want to, you know, oh, I'm going to be a better person, I may still do some of the stupid things I did thinking in my mind that's the way you do it. Deathstroke does not know how to be a good person. He is doing this just like he was doing things as a father 
as he thought was the way to do it. He wanted to be close to Rose, so he put a hit out on her and then protected her. This is yeah. just Deathstroke. So it's not – people are like, oh, you see, he's lying and he's setting them all up. No. To no. me, this is just Destro doing what he knows. So he wants to help Defiance train. Nothing is good enough for going. He sees an in. He goes, and he's going to start a goddamn national incident. An, an international so they have something incident. to do. Yeah, because he, yeah, because he goes. He notices on the TV that he saw an ex drug dealer that has a running contract out for years. That actually, you know, a bunch of kids died because of the drugs this guy Fucking was peddling. Pushing, yeah. He ends up as a second chauffeur for this guy who uh, runs this country. So he goes off, and it's the uh, Chetland United Atlantic Islands is this yeah. guy who runs this. So he goes, he ends up killing the chauffeur. That ends up causing an international incident where this guy and ends up... And not only up- that, in my mind, I think he killed this guy. He's like, you know, I'm not really killing anymore. Uh, I renounce killing, but right after this one, kills him. And in my mind, he sent, like, you know, there is the body, which is going to cause some problems. But then he also called, like, in my mind, went to the fucking news and gave them the information about this. I don't think he like, did. I think it just came sleeping up. with the freaking guy. Yeah, wife. I just think it came up because I don't think he would have even known that. And the the way you know that he's changed his ways, he didn't go collect money. He And no. Deathstroke does not do shit. If it's not from, you know, it's all about the contract and things like this. And he's like, I'm not going to collect on the contract. I'm just going to kill you because you're a piece of shit and I need you to, you know. It's one of those, it's a means to an end to start right. this goddamn thing. I actually think that when it happened, this guy, they ended up looking out, to looked into it to see who might have murdered him. And all of a sudden they find all these fucking, you know, text messages and shit like wife. that. And yeah, and this guy, the the president's like, you know what, this is an American ploy to make me look bad. So I, that's it the embassy we're taking the the american embassy power yeah so the american embassy there's hundreds of hostages right now and deathstroke you just go next and he's sitting there on the thing and he goes much better he's much better now he got us a game and he you know he's there with the dog again but then you go and you see roscoe too yeah roscoe jr and this is where you get adeline and wintergreen this is where you realize that wintergreen is not on the up and up there's something going on with him with adeline he is, and I, I wouldn't even be surprised if we find out he's sleeping with Adeline and things like that. I think he's uh, but it even that goes, ever since he walked in on freaking Deathstroke and her back naked. She was a yeah. hot-ass piece of fucking oh, mom yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah. And it's like all this, and he's saying, listen, you're taking an enormous chance letting Deathstroke in on this. And she's like, listen, I wanted to, uh, this for my son Joseph, and you know, Slade can just go to hell. Uh, but he says, listen... Jericho believes that his father murdered his fiancée, which we both know is not true. And then Adeline says, Slade is a necessary evil. I I do think that it is very in your face, but I do think those are the two. I think that they set that up. They didn't – Adeline, we thought, might have done it before anyway because she would have thought that Etienne was not good enough for her son. And Wintergreen just seems like a guy who just goes with the flow and wants to – and also we even said before too that we thought that Wintergreen was kind of looking out for the whole family as well. That Etienne would have been the worst thing for the the, the, the Wilson family. I think got screwed up because this whole defiance coming around where she wants to do this for her son but like in my mind she wanted to get him away from Deathstroke as well I made it look like Deathstroke did this whole murder but now they need Deathstroke on because that's what Joseph's obsessed with. Yeah, because with, he so. wouldn't have been involved. He doesn't yeah. seem like he would have had any reason to be involved. Now he wants to be involved just to be close to his dad to figure out what's going on. Uh yeah, there's this big international incident. Destro calls up to Cyborg, who's Cyborg obviously on monitor duty, on monitor duty in the watchtower and he says, Listen, it's so good. Uh he's like, hey 
League, the league can stand down cyber. It's very odd for Deathstroke to just kind of yeah, call well, this be out. Monitor duty. It'd be so great. Aquaman's up there. Uh, but yeah, he's like, we got it. We got it handled. It's Defiance is taking this one. And it's funny, too, because he does end up calling up to Cyborg and tells him this. They're already there anyway. Yeah. I saw some people have issues. Like, why would Cyborg, you know, care? They're already there. So I and think that's that just even a before, fun little moment right there yeah, to show you that they're like, you know, you know, stand like, you know, go look aside, just like there's a new yep. hero in town. And it's an awesome it's an awesome splash page with the whole team. I think it's so cool. And I'm telling you, Wally West, I love Wally in that outfit. I think it looks I. so fucking good. But yeah, then you end with uh, Wintergreen and Adeline just talking, you know, hey, here comes newly born again Slade Wilson. I hope you know what you're doing, Adeline, because now the game is on. Like Deathstroke says, we got ourselves a game now. And now her ass is on the line as well. Because if shit goes wrong here, she's oh, yeah, going to have Slade. That's why Christopher Priest, I think, had that scene earlier because – Whatever she can hate Deathstroke, she could do whatever. But her reputation and possibly life is on the line with whatever he does. And yeah, they're gonna go and kick ass. And they're talking about it. And she says, "Listen, I finally found the way to end Deathstroke forever." Saying this to Wintergreen, that is, if you've got a stomach for a little backstabbing. And then somebody from off panel says, "I hope so, because as you know, I'm always up for a little of that." And it's Tara. And yeah. it's crazy because we were waiting because we saw this defiance the stroke squad cover and she's on it tara's on it we and recognized we, her we didn't as know who tara she was we had to assume that she this we was assumed tara. it this was tara crazy, yeah so we had assumed that she was going to be in the Lazarus contract because she was a huge thing in the teen titans judas contract and when she didn't show up i was i was wondering what the hell's going on because yeah. we knew she would be in and in fact she shows up with the defiance <laughs> outfit on and she says the what they go tara and she's like the one and only now let's get to work and this is the classic tara she's smoking like oh, yeah. a badass has the the short blonde hair or whatever i just wonder how they're gonna how christopher priest is gonna get her into the book with deathstroke and all and what sort of uh history think they're gonna, gonna show play the whole ravagers fucking comic that's where what, she was that's in there what and I Deathstroke think. seemed like he killed her but actually the film that's what i think they're away. gonna do this is the you, thing about this book because that, i'm telling you in, in in the ravagers book deathstroke and Terra do have some history together but yes. in my mind they were just gonna throw the, all that ravager shit away because beast boy was in that as well as he the was like yeah Avatar beast boy was in love with Terra at one yeah. point correct yeah in yeah. the ravagers book and the the thing about it though is this is what i'm excited to see because you have her there, and are they going to go the Judas contract sport. type deal? Or are they going to go to the Ravagers? Uh, the thing that I'll tell you that makes me think that they're going to go with the Ravagers stuff a little is because he put Power Girl in this book and did not even have to do anything with her about the team. Nobody cares about her being in that new no. Teen Titans. That was – he stuck with it. And he went with it fully and really even had her crazy emo Chuck powers and yeah. things like that. Like he really stuck with something that nobody really wanted anybody to stick with and made it awesome to me. And even had like Beast Boy showed up at one point to start the Lazarus contract in this book where she, he saw Deathstroke and actually said to Power Girl, that's fucking Slade. That's Deathstroke. <laughs> she didn't even know at that point and it was really good. And even with uh, Wally showing up. And she's like, hey, at least you got invited. Christopher Priest has a way of actually tying in some nonsense and making it awesome. So I, I do 
think that we're going to get a little bit, maybe a combo of the you know old continuity and the new whatever, but he's yeah, really good at doing it. And I, I'm telling you that beginning with that Willow, I did look up and there, there's White Willow, I believe, is a character that was from before. That has to okay. be it. Um, I'm just going to wait and see. And I like, I mean, just as an action scene, I thought it was great. Oh, uh, awesome. I, we just have to wait and see. Is she going to be? And it's funny too because in Deathstroke. And and as we go into this, because it's a thing where the team is just being introduced, we're just seeing the team and and their motivations and things like this. For some reason, I automatically assume that was going to be somebody that was going to be part of the team later. It might right. be the villain. This may be, be the big villain, and it'll be revealed. Now I'm excited to see what's going on with that as well. Uh, but Christopher Priest has, uh, you know, he has earned my trust, Eric. I gave this a nine well. too, uh, because it's just when I read this, it's just so smartly written uh it just everything ties into everything we've already read and it gets me really it makes me giggle and even how, the backstory is well placed in there where it's one page and it's necessary for yes. evil to fucking catch everybody up but also yeah. move us forward with what's going on but in the story it, and isn't it isn't it the thing that uh, and i know people think we're already neg- i hope people enjoy us when we actually both enjoy a goddamn book because Seriously. when you have the backstory it's actually thrown in there to also show you that adelaide's ass is on the line it's such a great way to show a back you know it's not just fucking narration of Deathstroke went through this and Deathstroke went through that it's so well done that you don't even look at it as recap because it actually is recap that pushes the story forward and everybody should read that all these writers should read it and realize that's how you do it because it never feels like oh geez here we go again Uh, but it is now again we say that there was that recap this is not a jumping on point in my mind some people are calling it that I guess at any point you could jump on but there's so yeah. much in this book. Well, they even you like on the cover, they're like, you know, the, the, the first issue of the new the era. The new era, yeah. I, I'm telling you, if you really want to get the most out of this book, ju- just go back. It's worth reading it all. Even the at the beginning when me and you had no idea what was going on. Uh, it's one of those that – it's a weird thing. Me and Reggie talked about it last week. This is actually one of the books that would kind of go against what you normally like to do because we – if you took our scores for the first six issues – they it would be say, say it would be a six eight. If we went back now and read the trade because of how far we are in this and knowing things, I guarantee you it would be at least a point higher because now we know how that evolved and what oh, yeah, it probably, meant yeah. and things like that. It's one of those few ones that I would say you can go back and you would actually have a higher score looking back at it now than when we just read the trade because it's not one of those six issues. Okay, that's a contained story. Leave that go. Let's go to the next six and things like this. Ongoing. Everything's built on it. It's really good. Uh, but what would you give it? I'd give it an eight point five out of ten. I really like the art in this issue, and yeah, I uh, like the art too. Like I would like the reveal of friggin' you know Terra at the end, and the whole setup, you know, the whole way of you know Slade going about things the wrong way to do the like the good thing to get the team going and started. Yeah, it was all fun. The Willow thing threw me off a bit at the beginning. It was a lot for and how that, long it was. That's the thing. I think that that is very. The only thing I can say is it must be very important because exactly. we have not seen something like that in this book where nine to ten pages. I, I think that basically we had to know who she was. She came through time somehow, and also that she is a badass that kills. I think that that is. I like to wear and, short shorts. And Jesus, and as hot as hell. What she is a nice piece of butt. 
and sure then when, when it but when it ends up i i do think that we were supposed to you know really see that she is brutal she will kill and that she really is kick ass she takes down three guys or four guys uh pretty much with ease it seems yeah. so we'll see i do think she's gonna well, yeah, be 8.5 out of 10 i had fun with this issue and i look forward to the next all right well we're gonna go off to mail section number two Mail oh. with Eric. We don't need no Jim Warner. Jim Warner's no, no, sick. No. Jim Warner feels like shit. Because we're breathing mail in section. fumes. This is mail section number two. And we're going to start off with Dalton. He says, hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the GFC. Boop, boop. 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 I have a habit of writing super long emails, so I'll keep this one short. Just something that keeps popping into my head. Anytime you guys bring up something that doesn't make sense or continuity or that doesn't jive for what we had in the New 52, I think of Superman Reborn. With the way they ended that, with Superman's history being rewritten and anyone close to him being affected, do you think they have been using that as a tool to establish new continuities to fit whatever story they are telling? No, I don't. But the thing is, I go with that. When Jim and I discuss this stuff, we're talking to it. Like, I always come back, you know, you can do anything now because of Superman Reborn. So it really throws a goddamn monkey wrench in anything we're dealing with. But since they never come out and they're like, you know, see Superman Reborn or something like that, it'd be nice to know that they acknowledge the chains themselves and and just not throw shit out willy nilly. Because I, I got in a fight with Brett about this, and I do think that they're playing six degrees of uh, Superman. So right. if you had, say, uh, Dollmaker, not even that, you have Joker, you know, hey, that's not really a bad uh, Superman thing, but he is, you know, you could go down the line. I think that they are doing that, but in a grander sense that they're just telling people, listen, uh, a lot of this continuity, if you want to reestablish it, you got to reestablish it and go forward and do what the fuck you want. Because Sam Humphrey seems to be doing it in Green Lanterns, uh-huh. and I don't think that that's anything to do with Superman. But at the end of the day, I think that you can kind of say, well, you know what? Things at are kind of a little day, wonky. We have no idea. No, we don't. So it's basically, it has beaten you down. I told people this week, it's beaten you down. It's gotten me upset. And basically at this time and place, we have to just accept what we see last as what you go with. There's nothing left for the continuity kid to do because they've they've written me out of the continuity. There's no place for me anymore. Yeah, if they say, if we see an origin of Volthoom that doesn't involve the Manhunters and the Green Lantern mythos doesn't involve it, we have to go with it. But the problem is, like you said, Willie Nick. Uh, we see a Manhunter fucking head. We see at the beginning of Green Lanterns that they fight a Manhunter yeah. construct. Like, you know, what, what? which way are you playing? But like I said, because of that, you have to go with what you see last and just go with it. And it sucks. It sucks and for someone like you. I just want and, – and here's the problem. I was What I was just going to say is I just want good stories. Where it's infuriating to me is you change it, it doesn't – and it doesn't make it better. Like you change this whole deal and then the story sucks, then fuck you. You just fucked it up. And I'll say, we we go back to the New 52 where in the beginning of the New 52, the writers were given the, you know, given a free pass. Hey, any guy you want, you can establish their, you know, origin. You can redo it. You can do whatever. 
and Scott Snyder ended up making a new origin for Mr. Freeze, and since then, he has said that's one of his biggest regrets, that he did it. So sometimes the changes aren't, they don't hit. That's one of the big things that we hated in the whole New 52 was a new origin for Mr. Freeze that just makes him a fucking sad sack, fucking insane person instead of trying to save his wife, uh, Nora. It is Nora, right? Now he's a crazy stalker. It wasn't even his wife. It was just somebody he saw and was infatuated with. And and Scott Snyder said, and told it to a lot of people, including us, that he regrets doing that, but it was something that the DC uh, editors and the higher-ups said, you know, have at it. Just have some fun and and do this. I think that that's kind of what they're doing now. I do think that there's higher-up guys like, say, a Jeff Johns who probably is concerned with – so, sort of continuity and things like that, but the problem is he isn't involved. I think the editors themselves are involved, He's and they're just Hollywood kid. Well, we see half the time these editors they can't even keep shit together from one issue to the next. They're going like Dancing Mike said in his rant and rave earlier: "Is it baby cheeks or baby cakes or is it baby face?" I mean, well, get it right within panels. Suicide. They had the friggin' you know Westler for friggin' yeah, they of messed Wester up so much in that book and shit like that. It they is funny that Julie's name wrong. Is is it just me? Or is it funny that a lot of these things seem to happen with Tom King issues? I don't you know think what it's I mean? very funny. I think it's infuriating as well. Yes, but he then says, uh, where is it? Now I'm trying to get oh. it. But I got the impression that Superman Reborn would cause a massive snowball effect through the whole DC history. So we can't really rely on anything that's happened in the New 52. I think that was their intent with Superman Reborn, but was just poorly executed because they didn't explain what had been changed exactly. Nope. So it left us scratching our heads about the inconsistencies. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I do too. And he says, I'm sure Continuity Kid loves this idea. If I think too hard about it, I get a headache. And yeah, I I just think the problem is that most of the time, they're just letting individual writers and editors go and do what they want. And it's not meshing. Even even to the point where in the Nightwing book, Tim Seeley grabs villains and it makes no sense. Kid Amazo's in the issue. You know, that that seems very odd. But yet they're just going to go with it. So thank you, Dalton. The next email is from Taylor. Hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Hope you guys had a great fourth and hope Jim had a happy birthday. I didn't. I have officially decided to change where I order my books from. I found out Wednesday they still haven't shipped my order from the 28th, and that was my last straw. I can now throw shade at the crappy company called Things from Another World. I had to listen to my email from last week to make sure it made sense. I may have been intoxicated when it was written. The only real mistake was when I mentioned my favorite pre-Flashpoint trades, which we still got to hear America's Sweetheart list. My favorite trade isn't Green Lantern Rebirth and Brightest Day. It's the entire Jeff Johns run from Rebirth through Brightest Day. Last week, Whitney and I went to Denver Comic-Con for one day, and it was awesome. We had no idea Comic-Con was ever going to be uh, on, so it was a spur-of-the-moment decision. It was a bummer. There was only like two people who have done work on Rebirth there, Frank Cho and Hope Larson. Cho seemed pretty uh, cool, and Larson was really, really nice. Now when I read Batgirl, I will have guilt for hating it because she was really great. I hate when that happens. Yeah. We also met Neil Adams, who I don't know if he's done anything for Rebirth off the top of my head. He's done some art and a lot of covers. I got to say, he was kind of a dick. And I, I've yep. heard this. Reggie was uh, Reggie actually has an interview with him talking, and he kind of was a dick to Reggie, too. He's just an older guy who, you know, he says what he wants to say. He's very outspoken with stuff. I've done so. every documentary or whatever. I see an interview of him, and he has always just come off as a dick in my mind. Yeah. 
Susan Eisenberg was the nicest person we met. Do you know who that is? I do not. She is a voice actress. She follows us, and she's very, very nice. I believe she did Wonder Woman in the uh, Justice League cartoon. I believe it was Wonder Woman. She actually had a conversation with us for about 10 minutes. We also did, and and she is really, really nice. We also did the photo op with Kevin Conroy and John Cusack. And when he said he was about, he was in line for John Cusack, I said, ask that motherfucker why he doesn't like Better Off Dead. He said, you can't. They're so fast, you, you can't even say hi. So I can't really tell anything about them being nice or whatever. You go in, picture gone. I was re-listening to the pop show where you guys did your top five fears. Heights and death have always been my top two until earlier this week. I read a true article about a girl or a kid who got tuberculosis in his brain and went into a vegetable state. Four years later, he gained consciousness but still couldn't move or anything. He was completely aware of everything but could do nothing about it. Years later, he came completely out and was able to tell the whole story. That is now my new fear. Fuck that. I'm sorry for the long email rambling. So it's just, it's the guy in one, the Metallica video. I am with this question. SOS, he's banging his head. I am with this question. If they were to make a new team like Just League International or something, who would you want as the seven characters? I'm going with Mara Zatanna, Guy Gardner, Marsha Manhunter, Shazam, Green Arrow, and Red Hood. Thought about adding Duke instead of Red Hood, but I couldn't give a shit less about Duke. Looking forward to your answers. Have a great week, and thank you for everything you do. I'm telling you, I mine's going to end up a lot like JLI at first because I'm just going to name. I would actually, I'm even going to go with Mara because I thought that was awesome having Mara in that last issue that we talk about this week. Uh, Mara, Guy Gardner, Booster Gold. Uh, I would like Green Arrow. Huh? Dick Grayson. I'm just going to name characters. I like Supergirl and Orion. Eric, what do you think of that? I oh, don't Ryan. know. I'm telling you, I didn't know about this beforehand, so I'm I scrambling now to come up with shit. Fucking, um, I think I'm just going to name characters I like too, but uh, things I think would work cool in a team. Like right now, I'd want to see Firestorm, Shazam, Supergirl on a team. Like I want to see Supergirl, how she would act in a team setting yeah, because right now so I don't I. like the book, but I like the character, and I think if she's written and drawn well, it would work better. But, um, oh, God. Blue Beetle, I don't know. Uh, who else is cool? Um, who else is cool? Hawkman. You like your Hawkmans? Right now, actually, Hawkman and Shazam, I'd probably leave off the table because I'd like to see them in a a, a JSA or something like that. Even Mr. Terrific. That's what he's saying. He's just saying any book like that. You could even name a book you think JSA. He just says a team like Justice League International or something. So it could be a JSA uh, book. I don't. I, there's a bunch of characters I'd like to use. I just can't name Doomed. them all. Doomed. My head right you're gonna, now. Doomed. You're gonna throw Doomed him. Doomed. I'd in. like to show back up in the Teen Titans or something Fuck like that. that. We are never gonna see him ever again. And if we do, it's gonna be him getting killed. The idea Nobody of a hero freak that. who could turn into like a Doomsday type character, even yeah, a he was on the Teen Titans, cool. and all he was was smitten with issue. Wonder Girl. That's all. I think it was two actually, hey. and yeah, he was he was worthless. Nobody wanted him on there. <sighs> Fucking doomed. You and nobody else. Actually, I liked the book, and I wish it would. I liked it, but it's terrible. It it was an awful book. Uh, We liked the concept of the character. The book was awful. Uh, But yeah, that is Taylor. I named just characters I like. Can I put Spider Man on that? Put Spider Man's on the team. How dare you? Wrong turn would. I like the Spider Man's. He said, "Why, why?" And it's funny too because he'll come up to me and go, "Why can't? Why don't they ever have the Spider Man's fight the Batman's?" 
And the funny thing about it is I have to give him credit that he realizes that they have never, you know, really have done that yeah. much. Because I'm like, oh, they're different companies. And then his eyes get crooked. He doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Companies? Brandon's the next one. And he says, sup, fellas. Hell of a sup. week over in Buffalo, New York. I haven't yet achieved that feeling this week where I don't feel like I'm behind in everything I do or I'm doing, which frustrates the shit out of me personally. Holidays always throw me off because, or to begin with, but this middle of the week nonsense when you don't really have a job that gives you off holidays can be nuts. So I'll sum it up quickly. Pretty sure I was supposed to go into work on Tuesday, yes, sure. July 4th, and just flat out convince myself I didn't have to. Long story short, I never showed up or called to find out. Nobody said anything when I went in on Wednesday, so Perfect. no harm, no foul as far as I'm concerned. We get paid well on holidays, but fuck, they feel twice as long as a normal day of work, and there's never much to do, which all reminds me I need a new job again. <laughs> Wednesday was the worst I've felt at work in a long time. Since I didn't go on Tuesday, I literally hung out with family and friends and drank all day, oh. which made me so hungover Wednesday. There wasn't a minute that went by. I, com- I didn't contemplate suicide via stapler. Uh, That's why July 4th is the worst. Tony, we had off Monday and Tuesday yeah. this year. Usually, like I'm talking, the whole idea of going out and having a picnic or a barbecue or just having a party for the 4th of July and you're out there drinking – it sucks so bad. I would never do it just because yeah, I know I, I have work the next day. Yeah, the whole yeah, idea, I though, like, I would, I would celebrate the shit out of Monday into 4th. I don't give a yeah. fuck if I feel like shit 4th of July, but That's right. I hate fucking drinking the day before work because I know I'm not going to get up, and if I do, it's going to be the worst fucking thing possible. Yeah, I, I haven't drank in a long time, and I don't want to feel hungover ever again in my life. Thursday, yes. I go to start my car for work, and it won't turn over, so I actually have to call in this time and have to go get a new battery that day. Saturday, and uh, partly why this is in so late my phone starts blowing up at work it's the old lady who has been driving me extra crazy since we've been trying to buy a house lately so every spare minute i have consists of the lady sending me off uh sending me off or begging me to look at shit house after shit house which is driving me nuts and makes me just want to rent forever and keep all this money i've saved i had to fight for every minute i got to read a book this week his books i hate a in general uh i I hate a, in general, decent week of reads with nothing that really stood out as amazing or bad, but just okay enough to keep around. I got Batman, Superman, Green Arrow, and Deathstroke. DC-wise with Deathstroke, the best of the bunch, and Batman, the weakest. Superman and Green Arrow, interchangeable in between. The only one that really strikes me enough to care about and write about in this week is Batman. I'm glad there is at least one website podcast left out there who isn't afraid to tell it how it is and call a spade a spade, admitting this war of jokes and riddles is complete boring-ass bull. Bullshit. Psst, it's us, Eric. Ooh. He says that. I thought he was talking about somebody else. I've never been so bored to tears reading an arc where two villains are supposedly fighting each other in my entire life. This is by far the worst arc so, so far I've read from Tom King. By a long stretch, it isn't even funny. Well, I'm not I the one think, to drop. Uh, I am suicide is worse. Well, I, I don't know. At the beginning, we loved it. That's the problem. Because there was only a couple issues. Because going to be something huge. Yeah, but though. I'm saying I looked. I was in nines the first two issues, and then all of a sudden it went fucking disastrous. This has started boring from the beginning. Well, I'm not the one to drop the main Batman book. I find myself most likely trudging through this arc unless something changes quickly, like I had to in the Bloom story only a few issues in. I'm never crazy about stories from Batman's past because it always uh, always feels off and never comes together in a grand fashion like the writer thinks it will. Zaz can be around, sure. He's just a serial killer, but all these villains in one year picking sides and fighting for and in Gotham is just way too much too fast, and that's Agreed. just 
just the start of my problems. I won't bore anyone with the continued uh, continuation to elaborate about that. It's extra aggravating to log into Comic Book Roundup or listen to a rival podcast because everyone seems to do nothing but give Tom King mouth hugs regardless of the quality of his product. Brandon? You, yeah, yes. You cannot like something someone you enjoy creates and still be a fan of the, of the creator. It's hard to take any review of a comic Tom King does now seriously because people just slap a 10 on it and call it a day and rationalize the rest of the way. I, a particular podcast I hate listen to has one host who basically has an orgasm anytime Tom King's name or books or future titles oh. are mentioned. There's nothing more annoying than trying to listen noise. to crap like that. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm glad you guys aren't that cookie-cutter bullshit nonsense, just filling in the blanks with the popular opinions found on the internet to cater to all the pussies who don't like hearing something that doesn't agree with their precious sense of good and bad comic books. Let's take bets now. How many tens does the Kite Man issues receive? My guess is four. That's what he says. My guess, My is, guess is nine. Seven. Mine's nine. I think more people are going to jump on as well just for that, and nobody's going to give it a bad deal, and he'll say, fucking, we'll get the origin of why he says, hell yeah. Deathstroke. Love me some Deathstroke. Glad my favorite book of Rebirth gets hot again after the garbage crossover. Thank God. To end things this week, I would like to say thank you, Poison Ivy League, for allowing me and everyone who knew where to look the pleasure of witnessing a freakout I knew was coming in real time this week on Twitter. I wish I cared about anything as much as that group cares about Ivy. And he says, I, gent, sorry for my awful spelling this week. Jim, super rushed. There were so many spelling mistakes. You have a daughter, Brandon. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, really. I'm telling you. Every time I, I hit a road bump in this email, I'm telling you, Brandon, your spelling is the worst. It's You're all still red. Hungover. Everything. You should see. Brandon, you got to really look up the spelling of seriously. It's Siri Sowley. <laughs> and you know what the best part is? Still better than anything I spell. I am the worst speller ever. When I get done a review, I have to just go, and it's like the, everything is underlined in that red. But that is Brandon at B Muir. Three, six, six, zero on Twitter. And we're going to go off where he is going to talk about, I believe, Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again, again. number one. Something like that it's called. But, yeah, that's what we're going to go off to and listen to Brandon and try to talk about that. Double wedgie achievement unlocked. Dang, Skippy! Where are my manners? Introductions! Call me Deadpool. It rhymes with no school. Too cool, ain't no fool, and I'm the best that there is at what I do. Cool. Moving on! I'm on a mission to find the secret HQ of Taskmaster, the big boss for these cheese clowns. And nothing but nothing better get my way. What, like the dozen swords in your back? (laughs) I don't have swords in my... Yuck, gonna go hurl now. (laughs) That's gonna leave a mark. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. I have a healing factor. (laughs) Yay, me. Excuse me while I pull these pot stickers out of my spleen and knock some heads. All right, guys, welcome to the Marvel Minute. This is Brandon. As always, I'm joined by Trevitt. Trevitt, how we doing, man? Pretty good. Not too bad. Yeah, and we uh, we had a late poll this week because my uh, holidays in the middle of the week tend to throw me off. So I, I had no idea what day it really was this week until probably Thursday, uh, late Wednesday when I put this poll up. So I only threw two books up there. It was only a 24-hour quick bit. So you might have missed it because it didn't drop on its usual schedule. But it was between Deadpool Kills, the Marvel Universe again, and... What, what was the other one? Spider-Man Master Plan? 
Yep, Spider-Man the Mask yeah, so Plan, which was so I just pretty kinda, short. Yeah, I just pulled out the really two number ones, and I threw them up there this week. That was that was the extent of my planning. Uh, so so if you were mad about the choices, that was why. Uh, but but this one is one of the always continuing Deadpool miniseries going on. My daughter in the background, I'm sure everyone can hear. It's, it's going to be going throughout. I'm home alone today with her. Uh, so we got writer Cullen Bunn, and then an art team. I'm not going to nail any of these names here. Uh, we got Dalibor Telegic, Goran yeah. Sudzga, and Sudz- Miroslav Morva. Uh, Goran Suzuka. <laughs> Goran Suzuka did the art in um, the last two uh, Daredevil issues. He's the secondary artist when it's not Ron Garney. Okay. He did All the right, so, Luke Cage. So uh, that's the art team I will never repeat again. <laughs> they don't do other work, but I hope they're never on a book together again because that is a hell of a trifecta right there, name wise. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marvel Comics, of course, being the Marvel Minute here, and we're going to get into a quick blurb uh, before we go through Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe again. Uh, did you read the first miniseries at all? Uh, no, I didn't. I've never read it. I'm not a I big like, Deadpool fan. Yeah, see, I, I like some of the, the miniseries they do. Uh, the first one was pretty cool because uh, it had like a lot of fourth wall kind of breaking ending going on uh, with, with like Deadpool yeah. promising to come after the creators for making him do all that stuff in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I kind of thought that's where this one would pick up, but that's, that's really kind of not what we get at all. Um, it, it's really just a totally independent story. It's not connected to the first, uh, yeah, first mini series. So, so you just have to know that going in if you're a fan of the first one. So sit back here, relax, and, and Deadpool is back to kill the Marvel Universe again. Uh, only from what I've read so far, it doesn't seem to be much of a continuation at all, and instead more of just a sequel released to squeeze money out of the loyal Deadpool fans' wallets. Uh, so it's worth... So Pretty it's, much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what, they always have a Deadpool miniseries going on, like... As soon as one ends, a new one is fresh on the heels of that one. So, um, so is it worth watching Deadpool chop his way through the Marvel Universe yet again? Why don't you guys sit back and find out as we spoil all uh, in the coming minutes here. Um, and I, I'm fresh off of uh, seeing Spider-Man Homecoming. I know you saw it a couple times, you said, already this week. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, coming off a of Spider-Man high to talk about this book is a little disappointing, I guess. <laughs> just, just to, did you like yeah. it? Right? Did you, did you yeah, like it? I, I liked it a lot. I liked all the Easter eggs and shit I was picking up on. So it was hilarious too, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it's a good, it's Michael a great movie. So yeah, um, we're we're unfortunately not here to talk about that, but Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. So um. It starts off in New Orleans, and you get the quick, the gist uh, pretty quickly of what's going on. And we're staring at the aftermath of a murder scene involving a hero who we find out um, to be Gambit. And the only reason I know that is not from art art clues, really. It's just no. because his name is stamped on panel, because that doesn't look like any Gambit I've ever seen. <laughs> could be anybody. He looks like his name is Ted or something. He does not look like, like Gambit. It looks like a dead carrot top. 
for some reason. Uh, <laughs> it looks like the fat old Captain Boomerang from Identity Crisis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. It does. That's what we got going on here, a boomerang carrot top <laughs> uh, amalgam who happens to be named Gambit. Um, he is stabbed through the chest in, in this bar, and it lo- we don't really know who's talking. I guess it's just detectives or maybe possibly S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I just assume detectives. Yeah, um, ju- just giving a rundown of the murder scene, saying you know this isn't the Guild of Thebes uh, who who Gambit works for. It's not really an X Men related thing. This seems like it was done by somebody who enjoyed their work. You know. Um, so flash forward to that narration, taking us to the next page, uh, and we're on Aim Island, um, and and for kind of. Uh, a group of former bad guys gone good. They they still like to portray them in like every scene of random bad guys ever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so like, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> is it a rogue? Is it a rogue splinter group? Did they explain that? I forget because nah, I, I don't even think they said that. Right? No, they they don't really get into too much detail here. Or, I I think it's just kind of takes place in Marvel Universe classic because the reveal of villains at the end is also like what. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Too. But we'll get there. Uh, so, so this is basically a room of Deadpool and his Uncanny Avengers team. Um, that's what they're called, right? The the mix of mutants and Inhumans yeah. and Avengers, and they're taking on again various unnamed AIM scientists, um, just in the yellow bodysuits. You know, the the ridiculous radiation bodysuits. Uh, so everybody's just got weapons going at each other. Um, yeah, uh, rocket launchers. Yeah, yeah, we got a rocket. They all have rocket launchers. Yeah, in close quarters battle. They're going to be just suicide mission here, I guess. Uh, They're run by Modak, so I guess that makes sense. You know, Modak's nuts. He just wants everybody dead. Um, And from what Green Mohawk. Yeah, from what I can tell here in this scene is that it looks like everybody, everything's taking place as it should, like normal, right? Yeah, and it's not until really the next page where Deadpool gets close to Modak that this uh, this so-called enchantment occurs, and even then it's still a little fuzzy on if it's working. Yeah, he just starts saying shit. Uh, I think it's in quotations, mm-hmm. and uh, that's like the trigger. Yeah, so so Modak. Is one of the bad guys, from what I, I understood, connected with the reveal at the end. And at this point, he's he's like triggering. There, he's like triggering this. Uh, I don't know, possibly inside, you know, Winter Soldier type message hidden inside Deadpool. Uh, that, that's what I got out of it. He's trying to get yeah, De- tricks them into doing what they want. Yeah, he's trying to get Deadpool to turn on the Uncanny Avengers. Uh, what ends up happening initially is it looks like Deadpool turns on Modak and kills Modak. Um, and then we go through a crazy art change after that happens. Um, so I guess this is the point where the mind wiping or the enchantment takes, takes full effect because Deadpool thinks he's going after these guys called uh, Modak's genetically modified anti-uncanny Avengers. <laughs> That's a fucking mouthful of words right there. Hands, hands, I love the names. Hands off, cowgirl, snarky, raptor cheetah, Doctor Voodoo doll, and, and they just look ridiculous. Yeah, and and brainwave ninja. And 
I was trying to figure out who, who was who, and Brainwave Ninja is Synapse, right? Doctor Voodoo Doll has to be it, just Doctor Voodoo. Actually, I think um, yeah, Brain um, Brainwave Ninja is Synapse, yeah, and Hands Off Girl is Rogue. Yeah, who is Snarky Raptor Cheetah? Is who is that? Did you figure that one out? Uh, no, it's got to be Quicksilver. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Quicksilver because okay. Quicksilver is the only other one. Because he, uh, what did he do? He hit somebody. I think he punched somebody or something. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, a random aim guy. It just says Quicksilver, and he's like pushing some guy. <laughs> yeah. So, so Deadpool's seeing his teammates as these crazy Avengers run by Modak, which isn't really what's taking place. This is all going on in in Deadpool's mind, and and he starts hacking limb from limb from these so-called genetically modified anti-uncanny uh, Avengers squad or whatever. <laughs> well, I can't remember that name again. Uh, yeah, yeah no, uncanny Avengers. Sometimes they call the Unity Squad, that's why. Yeah. But only in the book. Um, but, but you really get the hint towards the end of the art before it changes back that Deadpool was doing things he shouldn't have been doing and killing the heroes because... Yeah. Synapse is like, Deadpool, what? Why did you, you know, before he chops her head yeah. off? Uh, so, so then mm. the art comes back to normal, uh, and you see Deadpool just standing in a room uh, full of dead, uncanny Avengers, and just everyone around him in general being dead. Um, so, so you really see where this book is headed uh, <laughs> at this point. And I could. <laughs> Dr. Voodoo's head on a spike. Like yeah, everybody's oh, like yeah. oh. Quicksilver's got a foot chopped off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really you can kind of see what where what he did to the cartoonish looking Avengers. Um what happened to them in the real world now. You know what I'm saying? Uh as as everything yeah. changes back over and then we flash over to the uh group of good guys trying to piece together what's going on here. And it's really a random group of people, if you ask me. It really is. Jessica Jones, Kate Bishop, Cable, Moon Knight, Misty Knight. Um, and they're sitting, I don't know where they are right now. Are they at the crime scene, basically? Uh, I have no clue. Uh, they showed this yeah. castle on some island. I, yeah. I assume that's I, where I they are. I think that's AIM Island, where, where the whole fight was going down, because eventually... Uh, all right. As they're sorting through what what happens, and they they ask Cable, you know, can can do you got a sense of what's going to happen in the future? He's like, it's That's all right. blurry for me because you know I'm probably that means I'm going to die. And yeah. uh, Moon Knight stumbles upon a giant Deadpool smiley face drawn in blood on on the the ground at some point. Uh, so essentially confirming that Deadpool is the one that uh, attacked everybody and killed everybody at this location. Moon Knight was the best part of this issue for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, like all those character voices just sounded like you could have put anybody in their places <laughs> and it wouldn't yeah. have mattered except for the whole cable part where he's like, you know, I, I can't get a sense of the future because I'm, I'm going to probably gonna die. die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than I just that, like to see Moon Knight doing something not in a mental hospital. You know what I yeah, mean? Like actually yeah, being a character. Interacting with other heroes. And he's got the <laughs> yeah. like white business suit get up on at this point in time. So kind of from his Ellis run. Uh, Mr. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost makes you wonder if this was drawn a long time ago and just kind of kept in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Just the way the teams are formed and the bad guys used and, and the costumes people are in. Um, 
That's just kind of the sense I get. But but then from the good guys discovering Deadpool behind this, we move on to uh, Schaefer Theater, and this this we discover is kind of where Deadpool's hanging out, um, and where he thinks a base of operations is for him, because uh, he's mm-hmm. still enchanted. So he walks in and he thinks he's being congratulated by like Captain America, Cap Falcap basically, and uh, Cap Captain Marvel. Um, when really he's just staring at a fuzzy TV screen and eating noodles straight out of a can. Uh, so you can you get a panel-by-panel panel comparison of what Deadpool thinks he's seeing to what's really going on. And everything he, looks so dirty and gross yeah, in oh, comparison to when he sees them. Foul and disgusting art look. Yeah, it's they, they so do a gross. good job of conveying how nasty it is. Um, and then Deadpool thinks he's getting a message from Nick Fury. Uh, kind of sending him on a new mission, uh, which we find out is to the Egan Sea, and he's going to uh, start some shit with a bunch of gods, basically, here. Because uh, we got, what, Loki, Thor, Hercules, Valkyrie, Hippolyta, and Ganesha. The, I was even aware of Hippolyta like was a character in Marvel the Marvel character? Universe. Yeah, me either. Me either. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie. I guess Valkyrie. I've heard yeah, of. Yeah, Valkyrie was in some Ultimate stuff, and she's been in some 616 stuff, too. And then kind of like, what is that, the Indian god of Buddhism or something? Ganesha? Yeah, or... Ganesha. <laughs> Ganesha, um, I so, think his name is. Yeah, so all these gods are gathered, um, and, and then the art changes drastically again. Like, you get kind of like this 80s pop art-looking scene with Deadpool in a toga. Um <laughs> Thinking he's like talking to and and amongst this village of like gods playing volleyball and string bikinis and I don't know what the fuck that was good. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, it really was. But uh, what's really happening, and we find out on the next page, is dead. They all kind of approach Deadpool on this destroyed altar, and they're all looking at him. And then Deadpool pulls pulls out uh, a Medusa head and quickly. Turns them all to stone, which is mildly disappointing because I was looking forward to that fight. Uh, and yeah, how me that, too. That would be handled as opposed to just pulling out a Medusa head, you know? Happened just pretty quick. I guess because, uh, you know, they, they would put up more of a fight as where a bunch of other heroes, you know, will get to see them chop them into pieces because it's easier for them to kill them, maybe. And they just wanted to get these guys out of the way. So they put them all together and McKenna, turn don't them put to those stone. In the Sorry. <laughs> Got my kid, I got my kid trying to stick, like uh, Mardi Gras beads down the air conditioning vents. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> that's not good. No, that's not good at all. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we we go again to the heroes who have uh, now arrived at Schaefer Theater, and um, they've you know stumbled upon Deadpool's base of operations, uh, trying to piece together where he's went off to now and they they seem to be just like a step behind him um so as moon knight starts piecing together moon knight's really kind of like the detective in all this he, he's like driving yeah. the heroes forward to the next spot so yeah I, I get why you say you liked his his uh parts in this um yeah he really stepped up yeah and he's keeping uh, everyone cool like you know telling punisher like you know just chill out before we get the evidence yeah, we need to yeah. get punisher just wants to sh- put a bullet in his brain chop his head off and be done with it you know <laughs> Uh, and there was a funny scene earlier where he's, uh, um, 
he's like, yeah, we got to go get him or whatever. And Jessica Jones is like, who says it's a him? Or, and, and Deadpool's like, or uh, Punisher's like, you know what I mean, God damn it. Uh, don't, yeah, don't he's like, don't stop social that. justice warrior crap on, on me, you know? <laughs> um, so, so there are, you know, some enjoyable jokes and parts to it, but uh, that Jessica Jones lifts up a pizza box and she sees spelled out in noodles this, help me. Uh, which means Deadpool kind of has some sort of wits about him uh, t- trying to get some help, even though it, it feels like he can't control his actions, like he's being directed. Uh, so that's that's the first hint we get of, you know, Deadpool trying not to kill everybody, but still going through with what he's been sent to do. Um, we get a, a recap quickly of, of just the places Deadpool's gone and, and the people that he's taken out so far, like the Uncanny Avengers and Gambit, uh, now with cards stuffed in his mouth I didn't notice before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Oh, did he? I, I yeah, guess yeah. I just didn't pay attention. Um, and that, and then like the gods all chopped to bits now is in stone because Thor's like you see the hammer and the hand separated. Um, that might have been funny seeing him chop them to pieces yeah, while they were stone. Know, that's a good idea in case somebody comes and unmeduces them, like you know God could yeah. probably do. Uh, but then we really start to discover who's behind all this and, and where the narration on this page is is leading to as we start seeing uh, these suggestions of who should be next pop up in the background as the shadowy figures are all revealed at the same time. Um, and we have a, well, uh, what quintuplet of bad guys. I was trying to search for that word in my brain there. Of uh, <laughs> Red Skull, Abomination, Magneto, and Doctor Doom. Who, who, a quartet. Yeah, quartet. There we go. Who appear to be behind Deadpool's brainwashing and, and sicking him after, uh, you know, the good guys he's, he's gone through and killing. Now, you see, like, some of the bad guys and other people on TV screens. Are these people they want him to go after? Or do you think some of these bad guys, like, you can make out, like, Kingpin, I see Zemo, Doc Ock, Goblin? Are they yep. also all in on this? What do you think about that? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think they're on the list. I see Namor at the bottom over here, and Namor's kind of a dick, so I could see if they yeah. want to kill him. Mysterio's um, in the straight background, it looks like. Hey, there's a guy on the left who looks like it could be Batman. He's got the two pointy ears. He really does. I was trying to figure out who that would be. I'm like, yeah. is that Wolverine? Or I don't I don't know if that's supposed to be a shitty Wolverine haircut. Um <laughs> So yeah, yeah, that I mean that's what we got going on here. Um that's the end of the book. It on the page count on the digital, it only said 19 pages. So I don't did this Yeah, mine said 20. Well, 19 count on the cover and well, 18 with the credits page too. Yeah, did this um was this a digital first or what? Uh no, it it was uh it was at the comic book store on Wednesday, yeah. so that I just feels, that feels yeah. like a short first issue. Uh so, really you know. Was. That's how we do. Th- we're going to wrap things up here and t- remind you how we do things. Um, buy, borrow, or forget it all together. You want to start here? Or should I do the honors for, for um, Deadpool kills? I'll the go, go for it. Again? All right, I'll, I'll start here. Because uh, then I'll mute while you go so my kid isn't screaming over your your uh, <laughs> ending thoughts. But um, I don't know. I, I'll say right now, I think it's a borrow. I can see why Deadpool fans would enjoy what's in here. But, but you'd have to be somebody that buys every Deadpool book, 
regardless. Like, I, I think there's some quality to be found in, in the book. I don't think it's total crap and a, a straight up forget, but I don't think a casual Deadpool fan or somebody that's just a fan of the movie would find this super enjoyable. Um, I, I thought my favorite parts of the book were when the art went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like when it went to that eighties pop art style and when he was fighting the, oh, yeah, the totally. crazy looking Avengers, those were my favorite parts of the book. Uh, the gritty art style I, I appreciated, but um, it was almost like too dingy and dirty to to make the book wholly wholly enjoyable. You know what I'm saying? Like it, when I was reading yeah. the parts where Deadpool wasn't under the enchantment, um, I just enjoyed the story less. Uh, so um, you know, I, I respect how it's put together and and the way the story is being told because you know you're able to really piece together. Uh, what's going on here and, and determine from the first issue if it's something you want to continue with or jump off. Uh, but but it's not something I, I'll ultimately keep reading and following, and, and I'm a little disappointed it doesn't pick up uh, and follow the ending threads of the first miniseries because um, I would have liked to see how Deadpool would go after the people that sicked him after all the heroes in the first place. I thought that would just be a more interesting story than kind of like a generic uh generic way they did this one which is basically like stealing a page out of the old man logan book like i killed all the heroes and and you know i was yeah, brainwashed I, I was brainwashed doing it so ultimately yeah. a borrow i could see why people would be into it but uh it's not something i would recommend again anybody but hard hardcore deadpool fans that follow the series and all the mini series that come out to buy so borrow for me uh, but but it's a step above forget. So that's where I'm at. What do you what do you think? Um, I'm not really a big Deadpool fan. Uh, I the the art was the art was pretty good. The colors were like really really muted. Uh, at times it was I don't know it was hard to press on. You know, I there were a lot of things I did enjoy about the book though. Yeah. Like um. You know, I did enjoy those those goofy the goofy sequence of like being a cartoon and have all like the stupid versions of the Uncanny Avengers that yeah. he sliced into pieces. Yeah, I think that was my favorite part. Like, <laughs> it was just bonkers. And when he 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 slices Doctor Voodoo's head and he's like, "You're spewing stuffing all over the place." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's just fucking hilarious. Because you know it's blood. You know it's not stuffing. It's blood. Right. And it's all spilling out everywhere. Yeah, it's not some stuffed animal being destroyed. Yeah, I, I did feel the same way about it um, being like Old Man Logan with Wolverine. It, it that that's the the first thing that came to mind when when I saw like how you know how he was tricked into killing people. It, it just felt exactly the same, you know. Yeah. Uh, only he didn't come to and be like, "Oh my God, what did he, what did I do?" <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Going. Keeps going with it. He's dropping hints towards the end of the story that he needs help to to get off of it, but. Yeah. I uh, I enjoyed Moon Knight. I enjoyed Detective Moon Knight. You know, he he right. He would he was the one, like uh, signing all the clues, taking them to the to the next place. You know, being the person that was keeping them on Deadpool's trail. And it was nice to see him not dealing with his psychosis or in a mental hospital or in some foreign dimension that you don't even know if he's in. So uh, the God stuff was I don't know it it. it, it it was kind of funny. I, I like the toga party thing with the pop yeah. but I, I felt like it was kind of. <laughs> but it was kind of cheap, just to like pull out Medusa's head, turn yeah. into stone, and that's it. And then you see them like chopped. What you see one of them chopped into pieces. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it might have been Hippolyta or, uh, or Ganesh. No, I think it was Ganesh. You see him chopped up off panel somewhere, and that's it. But, um, yeah, it's a bar. I mean, there's, there's a lot of – there's a few things I enjoy about it. Um, once once I get into my head that, you know – I mean, I didn't read the series before, but, you know, that it's just, just for fun. I mean, there are some fun things to it, but uh, – you know, I wouldn't technically read it, but it's not bad, so it's a borrow. Yeah, yeah, I'm there with you. I, I find some. I don't know. I might pop back towards the towards the end. I it, the first issue read so quick. I'm like, if it reads kind of like, you know, I'm reading an injustice okay. comic, and it's just something I can sit down and and skim through for five minutes and enjoy. You know, I I might pop back in and then see if I uh, like the second issue and continue with it, but. I don't know. I think I need maybe one more to make an ultimate decision. Um, is it going to be the same art? Is it is it bi-weekly or monthly? I don't. I don't know. I think it might come out every week. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think it's it's <laughs> one of those coming out quick. Maybe which is maybe why it was only nineteen pages. Uh, Probably. Maybe it'll be different art every time. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't hate the art, but I enjoyed the the like side visions that we saw more than the main main shebang like his costume looked a little weird in the main art uh like loose fitting and not just off a little bit um and he didn't have any eyes like it was all yeah. blacked out yeah and um i don't uh, there was somebody else i was reading a comic with oh um the all new wolverine issue where deadpool's in the beginning like i hate when they draw him with no pupils it's really just weird and creeps me weird. out kind of um, yeah it is weird yeah, but but anyway, that's that's a nitpick for another day. We're gonna wrap this one up because I still got to get this edited and off to Jim. It's getting late here on a Sunday. I've been so behind this week, I can't shake that feeling, and it's driving me nuts. Um, but anyway, uh, you guys looking for us throughout the week? You can find me as always on Twitter at Beamer three six six zero. Trevor, where can they find you, man? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Afrenatics. And then, uh, as always, uh, we're joined by Carl for Marvel Madness uh, Comics Podcast, and that drops on usually Monday afternoons. Uh, we record late Sunday night. So uh, if you're looking for a little more Marvel talk, that's where you can find us this week. Uh, but we're signing out here, guys. McKenna, you want to say party's over? Okay, say it. Go ahead. Party's over. All right, guys, we're cancer. out. So have a good week. It's Talk to you next week. Body. I gave myself up to a gang who could fix me. But they were evil, Francis and his cronies. Now I see. They shot my asshole in the midst of a freeway fight. X-Men came for me, so I fled right out of sight. I miss her so much, my broken heart is my plight. I ain't right. I will kill all the henchmen like a Sam. Right. I will slaughter all of them. Zero fuss will be given by me. I am on a vengeance warpath. This will be a violent bloody bath. I will kill all Ajax henchmen. Stay out of my way or you'll die today. My swords trip when they decapitate Henchmen shake when they see me irate My girls hate, I'll go right for it Cause this is my fate, kill them all with hate So I stopped hating, 
On these two X-Men freaks Iron Russian Ripley from Alien 3 Attack the bad guys Free my love from suffering Bet it stings We will kill All the henchmen Like a nuke And crane We will slaughter All of them Zero fucks Will be given by yes I am on Avengers Warpath This will be a violent bloody bath I will kill all Ajax henchmen Stay out of my way or you'll die today My swords drip when they decapitate Henchmen shake when they see me irate My girls I'll go right for it, cause this is my fate Kill them all with hate Just as we slaughter all like a wrecking ball At this Francis Crow's awake I'll put a balloon in his brain Make his brain blood stain Then my chick reclaims it day to day Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say Just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shea. All right, Eric Shea. Yeah, that's me. If I listen to Dancing Mike's song there and take it to heart, I would say. That the books aren't good or bad, in this section at least, yeah. but just okay. He just okay. just okay. And this is the green section. We're going to paint this room A little green. bit on the downside. A little bit on the yeah, downside. Yeah, um, I'll tell you that it's a weird thing where we have the green section, and that means green lanterns, green arrow, and then Justice League. There's a lot of green in it sure in is. this one, especially Mara's costume in that because Mara is featured. I would say that all three of these books, not just being the green section uh, – tie-in but they're also a weird kind of bunch of issues that don't really mean much going forward there's a lot of catch-up a lot of even back not backstory but some flashbacks in the green lanterns green arrow seems a little odd going forward like stories that don't seem to matter for the time they just don't hit they don't hit fully uh but each one has their own kind of reason why i would like to think eric oh, yeah. i have some i have some theories as i always do um but yeah you want to just jump into it or you want to start talking nonsense about a sexy brother <laughs> it's up to you no i'm all right baby i don't know you're right you're ready to go in you won't want to talk about talking about my you... brothers mike and scott They're no i was hell. talking about my brothers uh Even... eric and reggie oh steven Brother, I have no brother, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. Let's get right into it, Eric. The green section starts with what? Green Lanterns number 26, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Ronan Coquette, Ulysses Ariola, and Dave Sharp. The momentum of the series hits a speed bump again, because instead of continuing off where we were last issue with Simon and Jessica being sent to some unknown location in space and time, we have to go over everything we've learned about Valthum and the Guardians and their time together that led to the first seven Green Lanterns. The only saving grace is that we get one new piece of information when Rami uses the Traveler to go to Earth-15 and discovers that Valthum was the reason that his home world was destroyed in the first place. Yes, it is there. That is a little 
retro continuity for you. I'm changing things up, right? No, I'm saying that's not bad, the retro continuity, the whole idea of that. It is a new piece of information that we didn't know up until this point, you know, and uh, Valthum didn't know himself, it seems. I don't know. It is so weird thinking about it because the idea this was, like, I didn't even think about it until right now, actually, that this was, you know, fucking 10 billion years ago when Valthum would have found out to this. So leading up to where we are now, is he just still in denial? Like, he hasn't gone, like, obviously he hasn't gone back because he hasn't gotten his travel lantern, but the whole idea, like... You know, maybe, you know, Rami and I were friends. Maybe there's something to this whole thing. You know, he had 10 fucking billion years to think about it, but no, he's still a fucking dick. Yeah, he he is. And and I get, I like the idea that they're showing Rami and uh, Volthoom kind of be, kind of going off on their own against the the Guardians. Not even against. It seems like they have their little science project going on. Uh, Yeah, and they were real good friends. They both think they're goddamn geniuses, the the two of them. Uh, And I don't mind that. The thing that made me laugh the most, and I don't think that either, I don't even think you were bothered. It's just funny that it is 10 billion years ago, and it looks like Rami was scribbling on note paper. I, I don't know why that made me laugh. I'm thinking, okay, 10 billion years ago, he's got little fucking note paper. He's got he's, a legal pad. It's a legal pad. Why? Why is it a legal pad? It just made me laugh. I don't why know. do you want to go into the vaults of the Guardians and shit like that? Or they have, like, books and filing cabinets. Yeah, well, that's why they have them, because Al Brahmi and all those, they were writing on legal pads, just scribbled around. It makes it seem funny, because that would have been something that I did as a kid. I'm like, am oh, yeah. I that old? Ten billion years I, ago. I still do that. Yeah, yeah, I know. You were doing you it today. Exactly. You actually you, were. But yeah, it, it but did you, make you me start- laugh. You start this out, though, and Rami has what looks like a fucking iPad right away. So why the hell is he fucking bothering pen and paper? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I mean. Is this supposed to be like – I don't think it means anything. I just no, think they doesn't. grab that as, hey, we need a, a little bit of a, a, a placard there of what would be taking notes. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like you said, he has an iPad there, and he's writing on notebook paper. Hey, he's keeping it secret. Eric, that's the way to keep it secret. He's off the grid. Uh, but yeah, at the end of last issue, had Simon and Jessica uh, and Valthum fighting. And they ended up, it seemed like Jessica and Simon had been whisked away to probably Earth-15, possibly. you know, and, or the uh, with that, Or just the past. I thought the past of Earth-15. Uh, obviously, it should have been. Who knows? But maybe this is why they're doing this to show you why it would be intact. Now, I don't it, know. It's because- just so odd, though. I'm telling you. My, well, I'm saying in my mind, it would have gone back because we had that whole thing where Tyranir, I believe his name was, one of the original seven yeah. Green Lanterns, he knew who they were. So in yeah, my mind, they went they back were. to 10 billion years in the past yep. with the freaking, you know, the, the Guardians, all the shit on the planet Maltus. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see. But it was weird because Valthum was yelling, take me to Earth-15. And then Jessica was like yelling, no, you know, you're not going to do that. Do it for me or do it. Get us out. And it seemed like that would have been the last thing to hit. And then that would have been where maybe we go, do go back and Jessica and Simon end up stopping Valthum when he says he's going to. I don't know. It's it's all timey-wimey now. And it it pisses me off. It hurts my head. I'm not that smart. Uh, But the big point of it is... You know, we wanted to see where they went. Obviously, we're yeah, talking about I'm it now and t- trying to debate bumps. it. And yeah. the whole idea is that we keep going back and talking about you know how we have dealt with this freaking history now so much that Rami and Voth were friends. We've been dealing with it for fucking the last 15 issues, mm-hmm. I want to say, at this point. And to go back now and to actually see the stuff we've been talking about, I'm like, it yeah. just feels like a complete ripoff to me. And even the way we go about it, because we start out, we have the freaking – the whole story is told through the journal of Rami where yeah. he is doing – being the narrator through his journals, the different days throughout, like day 53 to two, day 200 and some. And we see the friendship of Rami and Volthum uh, evolve. Yeah. 
and I'm like, right away, I'm angry because the whole thing is, in my mind, I'm telling you, I could be wrong, but the way I've always taken it is that the the Maltusians, they they I expunged. Gonna, I know what you're gonna say. How can yeah. you have a friendship if you have no emotion like that? Is no, that no, what no, 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 that's not okay. what I'm, no, it's not at that's all. That's what I, I thought. I because no I, I, I consider my, I consider me a friend with you. I have no emotions, Eric. Exactly. I, I do no, though. No. I have anger. The thing is, like, it seems that they're trying to say here, you know, the Maltusians, they, they expelled their emotions into the yes. great heart. And ever since that happened, they began to <laughs> they shrink in size. Yeah. I mean, like, immediately, within, like, yeah. a fucking three months, maybe that, they started to shrink. And I'm like, this was 10 billion years ago. I always took it that the Owens it was, became yeah. small over, like, billions of I, years I just time. thought it was just a natural thing because people do shrink. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that basically it was after all these years. I didn't even know like 10 billion. I never had a year that I really put on it, but it's been centuries, centuries, yeah. you know, crazy amount. And yeah, I just thought that at this Since point, the time. they had kind of, you know, gotten small by withering away. They're just ancient. So they've exactly. gotten small. Or I'll even go, I even thought that, you know, back in the day, they were just small guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I really so didn't I, need I, to know. I knew know. that they were normal sized people when they, were, when, when they were the Maltusians. The thing is, over the fucking billions of years, it makes sense that they would, you know, wither away and get smaller yeah. with that. But the whole idea, I think we get to like, you know, day 200 and some in Rami's yeah, goddamn they can't, He can't they, reach the corn on the top shelf. No, he needs help. By the, by the day, that's day 53, yeah, I think. Yeah, day that's crazy. They are down to the size that you know Guardians to be. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. that's fast as fuck. How does emotions have to do with that shit? I know it's, I know. it's, it's no weird. emotions, stunt your growth. Well, and again, it, it to me, if you want to tie it in, it goes with the one guy we were talking about trying to explain to him about Wonder Woman and how she was born on Themyscira, you know, she's going, and then she aged up to a certain point and then never aged again. It's yeah. kind of like that. All of a sudden, boom, they are like small and then they world. never shrink again. Like, you would think by now they'd be a speck. They, they wouldn't even be around if that's what caused it. It is weird. And the, the weirdest thing to me is it's just one of those that he throws out there for no reason. I didn't need to see that. No. I really didn't. I didn't it need to see. It could have been full size the entire time. It wouldn't have mattered because it was back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, there's a lot of things in here, but I, I do like the interaction between Rami and Volthoom. The problem is we're past that point that it's really going to hit hard for me because yeah. we've already seen Rami at this point that we left. Rami is half dead laying there and Volthoom is with him. Now, maybe this is a setup is why Volthoom doesn't just walk over and kill Rami uh, while they're in the uh, the Vault of Shadows, I believe, mm -hmm. is where they are. Maybe yeah. that's a setup. Maybe this is the setup why he got, you know, maybe he goes over, he's going to kill Rami in the next couple issues and he decides not to because he remembers his friend here uh, but I don't know it, it just seems so weird to set up a friendship now and also set up basically everything well, we've already set well, up is, and we've, we've already known that since the day that fucking you know Frank Lominsky was around that Rami and Volthoom were friends yeah. so Going back and having to actually see, I'm telling you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We know all this. To go back and freaking recap the whole thing so we can actually see that friendship evolve. We don't need that at a part no, of the no. we're at a really cool point in the story yeah. that you just fucking put the oh, brakes yeah. on. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, we got, and we also we get recap of him, why he wants to have the travel in, or why he came, why he wants to get tapping into the emotional spectrum. He wants to go back and save his mom and the planet, uh, Earth, Earth 15. 15 yeah. uh, you also get a little uh, recap again that's pretty much the whole Frank Lament 
Lemetsky thing of when he got the lantern inserted in his chest. Not Frank Lemetsky, but Volthoom. But that yeah. was the big thing. That was why, you know, he bitched and moaned to Frank Lemetsky that whole time before he had a body, before he took over Rami. That was all he would talk about is, you know, oh, they did this and I tapped in. And that's why the ring that Frank Lemetsky had uh, really the did. Ring. Yeah, the Phantom Ring tapped into that and he pretty much went nuts just yeah. like we see Volthoom. And I just don't know why we need to recap that. It, maybe this is a good issue again for people jumping on. But if you're reading it, you you only get one thing. And like you said, you get the idea that uh, Volthoom, I almost called him Frank Lemensky. Yeah. He, he, he was the one that at some point went back and he was the one tr- time traveling and destroyed his home planet. Yeah, he went back, I'm saying, at our current point yes, in time. Yes, because like, he's at finally Rami, go back and be the monster. Yeah. Because Rami went with the travel lantern then and went to see the destruction of the planet and saw that it was him. Now, you have Jessica and Simon going, and I thought, you know, right when I read this, I thought they were going to Earth-15. Like I said, mm-hmm. you thought they were going to go to, you know, Malthus, wherever they were going to go. Ten, Malthus, ten I mean, ago, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought they were going to go to Earth-15 and actually fight Volthoom at some point or be there when the planet destroyed. Now it's set up that that would have been pretty cool, that maybe they went out – wait, they go back. That's where they meet all the original rings because they went out. They meet all those guys, including the guy who was watching the Vault of Shadows, and they fight off Volthoom who's trying to destroy his planet because he's insane. Then you mm-hmm. get exactly the reveal that you get in this issue, but it moves the story forward, and, and you don't get this here. You're just no. getting a re- Recap like it's like, hey, just wait, you know, we'll get back to our main story. And not only does it, it doesn't infuriate me, but I I would like to have Jessica and Simon in most of the issues because it's their book. Uh, But when it goes to a point where me and you are actually excited again about the book and where they went, no, this is going to be cool. They're going to meet the guy with the Vault of Shadows because he obviously knew who they were. Oh, that's intriguing. And then you don't even get them in the book and you get all recap. Now, we do see one of the other original lanterns we did say they were setting these up yeah. uh, over and over and we get that again because we do see uh, Rami then gets upset yeah. Rami gets upset at Volthoom sees that he was the one who destroyed his planet goes and pretty much after Volthoom that, attacks at that point them. where you know he tells the guardians like look you know he, he's going to become something terrible because he already saw his emotions changing yes. for the worst at this point and when Ra- Rami saw this you know the guardians fucking shut this shit down we are taking the travel lantern away from you you can yeah, no it's, longer it's it's it funny and that's too because the fucking lose his shit they could have been i know that you could say they don't have emotions so they are they're almost like autistic guy they don't care about other people's feelings they yeah. will just tell you that's what they wanted they wanted to be the judge and the jury that was not swayed at all by anything but man they could have thought a little more into this about letting them down a Easy. little bit easier or yeah. maybe Maybe get them under wraps before you say it. You know what I mean? Like, plan ahead a little. Because you are now going to tell the guy that the reason he has been with you this whole time is for one purpose only. Now you're going to tell him that he's not allowed to do that. And then also say, you know what, that cool toy you brought... We're going to destroy it. Like, you're done. You have nothing now. And we're just going to destroy this uh, travel lantern. And he freaks Fuck out like you. he would. Now, again, it's cool because he does have the lantern. And if you don't know, he has the lantern in. And basically, his emotions just drive whatever spectrum. Oh, yeah. The, the great go. heart that all the uh, Guardians put their emotions into they to put their themselves. Emotions they, in. they place that in Volthoom's chest to power yes. him up. So he can have and again, I don't know that they. The emotional yeah, I don't even know that they spell that out. 
that well in this and like you Mm -hmm. said like and i always say we really go through things thinking that hey everybody's read exactly what we read or whatever so i i do want to point out that the the great heart that they put into volthoom to give him the tap in that emotional spectrum the emotions in there are all the guardians that's their their emotions that they purged out of themselves and put in the great heart then they insert it in so he has a it's like a raw nerve yeah. Of emotions. Any emotion he feels, first off, seems to go 8 million times. And also, it taps into that emotional set. So if he gets mad, he becomes a Red Lantern. And it's it's a cool thing. And like and they the do purest it. form, because it's not exactly yes. a Red Lantern. It is just Like I said, it's a raw unleashed. nerve version. It is the ultimate, like you said, there is nothing holding it back. He has no, you know, there's no fail safe. He no. is it. So I like that. I wish they would have tapped into more here, because really he is scared at one point. You kind of see a little yellow, and then he gets furious, and he's pretty much an ultimate. Just red slaughtering lantern fucking and yeah guardians. just slaughtering him because he right there he's a red lantern and i wish they would have went through and shown all of the emotions just so people could see that because that was the neatest thing with the phantom ring and yeah. uh frank lemensky and that's kind of what you're reminded of here but yeah he he's pissed and he's going through and rami wants to stop it so he goes and just starts going to town he starts fucking you know fucking i'm a hammering man travel lantern to <laughs> yeah, use that to, he to cannibalize it. parts to create the first green lantern wings, yep. which is kind of weird to me because you know you have this these technological marvels that tap into the yes. freaking you know motion of willpower and shit like yep. that and you just see him taking the goddamn parts of and the travel and takes them He's apart. just hammering away. Yeah, and maybe puts a little bit of his own energy into it. But really, for what you get here, I'm like, this is the crudest goddamn ring ever. You know, like, it's it like is. even like, you know, how Jordan making his own ring out of willpower was more intense was than what's more, going on yeah, here. Yeah, because he's just going and it looks like I'm even looking to see. He has this, this hammer that he has, but he's just a little guy. He's yeah. making the rings and he has the rings. I actually wish that you would have gotten that uh, crazy Hal Jordan with the rings on him, but you, you yeah. wouldn't do this because he doesn't have it. Or even Jeff Johns always does that, too. You can see the picture of him, but he has the rings and sends them out. And I'll say one thing. Sam Humphreys is changing up the Green Lantern, you know, history and mythos yeah, a bit in no this. Fucking man but here. he's keeping with it. So yeah, he's you know what I mean. His own continuity. Yes, you have to give him a, a bit of props. At least all of a sudden he doesn't change it. It is the you know the travel lantern. We actually see the rings being forged from it, though. Like you said, it's very quick. All you get is a couple hammers, a sweaty brow, and evil looking eyes. Boom, rings. It, it's just uh, so but it's odd okay. to me though the way he's doing this whole thing because you know we have the travel lantern. We don't know what the travel lantern's power source is. It just is, you know. Yeah. And then we yeah. smash it apart to make these Green Lantern rings, and they are just sent off, and I'm like. What is the energy behind this? I, I, I gotta I assume that Rami put some of his own energy into these things to work, but since there is no central power yeah, battery I, to fucking communicate with these things, it is such an odd concept that they would go out and be the actual green yeah, lantern ring. Well, and again, the, bay. the thing that makes sense to me, again, this is in Sam Humphrey's uh, mythos that he's making. Pretty much Volthoom the whole time is saying he has to collect those rings to get his, you know, lantern. Travel lantern I don't yeah. know how you get these rings and remanufacture the travel lantern, or is he going to just put them on and it becomes it? But at least that goes with what he's saying. Like I said, it's funny too, though. He ends up forging the rings. He's hammering away. Yeah, he yeah. has them in his hands. And then he, next panel, he has them in a, in a case. <laughs> what did he do? He put him in the case. But he went for lunch. He, he took I'm a nap. Look, look. He, he's a bit of a clumsy guy. He has him in his hands. He, he knows he wants. has to walk out to the balcony. He, doesn't he want does to have any, to walk so to the balcony. He puts it in the box. 
So you maybe think that maybe it's funny though he opens them up, opens the thing, and they shoot off to go find the. the yeah, their, I, I don't understand how. Like they're they're not connected to anything <laughs> as know, far as I know. But like, I'm saying if they would have even went out of his hand. I'm saying in the actual Green Lantern myth, though, so it made sense because we had the Manhunters first, the robotic army yes. of the Guardians. They failed, so they had to put together a new army, the Green Lanterns. And when they did this, they had everything already set up to go, so it all makes yeah. sense here. Oh, I'm just going to make some seven Lantern rings, send them out. It yeah, and it's a shame. Me, it, it's a real shame because me and you both like the Manhunters. And yeah. the Manhunters would have fit easily into the story. I mean, they would have. They they would have been and, – and all you have to do is mention them and show them right here or before. But, yeah, he just makes some rings, opens up the suitcase, and off they go. They're off It's like we're running. almost skipping a step because we saw him slaughter a bunch of Guardians ball through him, that is, right away. Yeah. So, like, you got to you, – maybe you can assume we've never been told this directly in this book or by Sam Humphreys that, you know – this war might have been going on for a while. Maybe they created the Manhunters. The yeah, Manhunters the failed. Is, but like, we, yeah. the thing, that doesn't even make sense. I'm no. trying to put it together. And it yeah, you can't. You, you're not going to be able to put a, a square peg in a round no. hole here because we would have seen a little inkling or mention. All they had to so do. Just, and just then the there was the Manhunters. The man and then they like, failed. They went off on their own thing. They wouldn't just yeah. fail and then create it because the Manhunters had their own fucking set of goddamn but problems. But you know what I mean? I like, well even they could have had something. I guess yeah. they didn't want to go through that. I guess they didn't want to take the time. So they went. You know Manhunters, let's get rid of them. Yeah, but then we go off even to the planet. Even though we see a Manhunter in the fucking Green Lantern's Rebirth, yeah, we saw it. Jessica yep. have to fucking train again. Yeah, we saw it. Uh, the planet all stare. Yeah, that was weird. That Why did they do that? He almost treated it like a panic room, uh, danger room danger, fucking yeah. uh, sentinel. And he didn't know what it was. It just was a sentinel to him. It just was odd. But yeah, you're right. They did fight that in that beginning, and they knew what it was. Yeah. And, and it was frightening to them. So that was odd. But yeah, we go off to the planet Austere, and that's where you see this other uh, Green Lantern. And uh, it's funny, too, because this does seem, and if it is, I don't know, because when Volthoom was going through the universe, he did go to that one, the planet that was part of the uh, the great, uh, what's it called? The uh, Great Disaster. Remember when right, he got right, there right. and this almost exact scene happened where a little sprout went up and we're like, you motherfucker, you're changing everything. This is not the same deal, no. but it, it seemed very similar to the point where I actually went back to see because I'm like, is this that plan he went? And I'm like, oh, no, that was the great disaster that we were so upset that it seemed like he was changing everything willy-nilly. Uh, but, yeah, you see it, it grow and you basically get this planet's like swamp thing. Yeah, you uh, get the plant elemental of this planet and yeah. she becomes a green liner. And I'm like, you know what? A swamp thing green liner? Sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Uh, it's almost like even if you go with a uh, uh, what's his name, Alan Scott in Earth Two, he yeah. kind of had that I elemental. Always, I really deal. love that concept. Yeah. The whole you know, you are the Green Lantern. You you are the Green Avatar. I'm like that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, to me. so I that's like what it. I thought right away, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I knew that you would like it as well because that is even if really you know cool. you tap into that whole thing when you bring Alan Scott back. I'm all about it. Like in the main continuity of this, like you know, Earth uh, Zero oh, yeah. right now, yeah. I'd be all about I, it. If you yeah, kept with I, that, I, I you know, too. if you got to reintroduce a character, why not? Because it worked for Earth Two. Do it here. How about how about that? How about if that's how they bring Alan Scott in originally? Because you have Green Lanterns. It doesn't mean two. You can have yep. as many. And Alan Scott comes back to kind of mentor them as well. That'd be really cool. I would like it. I'd or be all kill about off it. Simon. <laughs> we like Simon. I wouldn't want to kill him. But if you were going to get rid of one of those, Alan Scott wouldn't be that bad of a kind of replacement. No, we'll, and even if we we'll like, you know, the idea in my mind is at one point Simon Baz will go over to the JLA once Lobo leaves. Yeah, so yeah. If you have that and you need another Lantern and you bring him yeah. in, Alan, Alan Scott, Scott and would be awesome. the Green Lanterns. We love down. Alan Scott. 
uh, especially that avatar type deal that he had, and we'll see what they how they play it. But yeah, I'd go with that. But I I really like the art in this. I think so the art's I. really good. Um, I think that it's a better issue for people who want to jump on board. Uh, the problem is we're getting these over and over in every book, and I'm getting yeah. sick of saying it because at some point you got to start writing books for the people who are reading. Not Seriously. just trying to get more people. This is like to me where you have you have the Goo Goo Dolls, Eric. The Goo Goo oh, yeah. Dolls are rocking the house. They're playing that song, uh, No song. Way Down. Them. And Fuck, then yeah. all of a sudden, they have the song Iris hits oh. in the City of Angels. And, and that song is a huge hit. Now the record company just wants them to play the shitty songs like that. To get more fans. The problem is you're leaving your other fans behind. You're killing the fans you had, yeah. This book is the Goo Goo Dolls, Eric. I don't think that you're going to find a podcast that will ever say that the Green Lantern's book is the Goo Goo Dolls. Do you think that would happen? I like early Goo Goo Dolls. (laughs) So do I. Uh, But yeah, you're you're, you're kind of stuck between trying to get more people involved, but leaving the fans behind. And and eventually, most people are going to leave. And we have, when we talk about these things, the problem is, you guys listening have to realize when we keep saying this, when we say in books, oh man, you know what, more more uh, of this recap and stuff, and it really frustrates. It is because you guys can drop the book. We can't. And, and no, sometimes and it's it, week it gets, in and week out, it gets very fucking, frustrating. Your whole life it, becomes these goddamn stories at one point, especially yeah. like we're writing the reviews, we do the podcast, yeah. we, and we talk about it all goddamn day at work to get ready for everything. Yeah. This, this is, is our, life. our lives. This is. This, I, I hate to say it. We talked about DC Comics enough. We showed up in fucking Green Arrow. That's how much it's yeah. our lives now. I mean, you know? this is We're what in the we, universe. And like you said, at work today, we worked eight hours, whatever it was. Yeah. We, we like to leave because we can't do it. Uh, we're there. And probably six hours while doing work is talking all about these books still. Yep. That's what we do over and over and talk about the continuities and talk about old stories. And yeah, it sounds like fun, and it is. I actually love doing it. Yeah. Uh, but when you get down you to the nitty-gritty of the books, then. yeah, and you get recap after recap, knowing that, Eric, even if you don't review if I take over this book, you know, for, you know farewell that if this – Freaking book goes to issue number 780. We would have read and reviewed every one of them, yep. whether it's me or you, but we're still both talking on the podcast. So when we sit there, it's like we're just being left behind. And, and other readers that are reading every Daddy? issue of this, <laughs> Daddy, you're sitting there. Every All these longtime readers with us are sitting on the p- fucking stoop waiting for the goddamn Daddy with the suitcase. We ain't watching uh, Terminator 2 tonight, Eric. We're not watching Terminator 2 tonight. Uh, We're not going to go see arachnophobia. Good. (laughs) Terrified. The eight-legged freaks. That's fine. The big spiders don't count. What did you give this? I gave this book a 5.8 out of 10. And I'm telling you, I was angry when I read this. And that's why my score is so low. Because I love the art in this book. Yeah, I do too. The fact of the matter is that I read this until, like, you know, we we had this great momentum. Like, I'm talking about building with this fucking Simon and Jessica getting sent through time and space. So we don't know yet. And we still don't know because we have to stop to fucking catch everybody up. I'm like, that's infuriating to me. And the only piece of new information that makes this book worth reading is to find out that Volthoom was the monster that destroyed his home world. That is a big piece of information. Not enough to fucking stop the story we're having to fucking, you know, give us a recap for. I'm telling you, it, I was just so angry by the end. 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, that's a lot lower than I would go. Only because we did learn a big thing with Volthoom. I do like the art, though. I can't go that high. And this is where you'll, you'll later on in this section, the next two books are almost the same. Yeah. And 
because of that, I'm going to give it a score that I give later for the same reason. It's not quite a seven because nothing goes on. And we're getting a lot of recap. I do like the art. I do like – so I'm going to give it a 6.8. I'm actually going – I could even go as low as a 6.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't infuriate me, but it does upset me just – and especially in this book, it's beginning because to – it it's happening. starting to beginning to infuriate me because they – the pacing – you know, you have a pacing in a book. But you also have a pacing in a series, and the pacing in this series is the worst of any book in in the the rebirth because you have highs and lows that come one issue well, I'm after you, another. We've been dealing with this Volthoom shit since Frank Ominsky. I wish yeah. I could pick. I, I knew an issue. Well, and you have the top of my you head. had the deal deal. Like if you remember, like the first part that the, it really threw it off was when we finally saw Volthoom going to Rami. And we're like, oh, this is going to be good. They think Rami is Rami, but it's Valthum. And then we waited like four issues to get back to that. First we had that backstory to Valthum, which changed all the continuity up for the characters Mm -hmm. we know in the New 52. And then we had the freaking, you know, the Batman two-parter. And then yeah, we had the Dr. There was Polaris that part. goddamn. Yeah. And then, like, then you had Dr. Just, Polaris. And then, and then we finally got back, and it was some training goddamn exercise, which I'm okay with. And yeah. then, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to get finally back to it. Finally get got to back the deal. Story. And we have another fucking recap. And I'm like, what yeah. the hell are you doing in yeah. the Sam This is issue 26, right? 26. Yeah. I would say that the actual – this arc seems to be going 10 issues, and we've gotten three – issues of, of info of it yeah. and it's it's killing us it, it really is but yeah i'm a little more positive just the art i thought was really good I and i do like art. the idea of both but i want to see and it says at the end you know next see what happened to simon and jessica i'm like oh you're you're laughing at me now sam Humphrey, yeah. you son of a bitch but we're gonna go to the next book which is green arrow eric and it's written by ben that's green arrow number 26 written by ben percy art by stephen byrne and nate Picos. Does a green arrow flash team up sound great to you, Eric? Sure does. Well, sometimes things look better on paper because this issue just isn't as fun that I as I was hoping it would be. The biggest problem is that Barry comes off as a big dick and the story never gets going by the time it's over. Still looking forward to the hard traveling hero story, but this is a disappointing start. And really, this is the start of this hard-traveling hero where you have Oliver leaving Star City, and he's going off to find out, you know, all about the Ninth Circle to try to figure out how it's, he was I'm framed. You, but it, it seems, it like, seems he's like he's got it's all about the Ninth Circle now, which it is yeah. a, it is a part of the underground men and their fucking slave circle, whatever they're doing, they're slavering. Yeah. And like when we left, though, it just seemed like. Yep, going to go after the underground men and their slave ring. Yeah, but now the, the, it seems like i got to take the Ninth Circle's entire empire across the country down. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't well, get this Well, here's the, the deal. This issue. is where you get this combo because Black Canary definitely is going to do underground men. It seems like Oliver, how they spell it out, especially when Emiko talks to yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? Freaking out. Kate, Kate Spencer. Spencer uh, says like, hey, Oliver's trying to uncover evidence uh, that the Ninth Circle, you say that it's just a conspiracy theory, but it's real and he's going to get the evidence. I'm like, well, the evidence should be in Seattle. Where you had this happen is where the evidence in in fact. There's no more Seattle. Star City. But the problem is also, where's Victoria Much? She had almost all that info. She should be there working with Kate Spencer. They have documents and things. She found documents that actually showed that Oliver was set, you know, not fully 100%, you know, but there was this conspiracy shit going on. Yeah, but the whole thing is he's just going to leave now and trace them. And the fact that by the end, he basically said he was already heading to D.C. No, stay and clear your name. You clear your name where the fucking crime happened, my man. 
but he's just he goes off the problem in this with that involved is him and the flesh because the flesh shows up very quickly here they're almost it's it's again it's one of those like not seeing the forest for the trees type of deal because flash comes in is like hey there's an anomaly in the speed force but it's so surface level uh, the plot and the writing here because shit's going wrong and there's really something going on with the speed force here that really should be looked into more than just, huh, we defused a bomb, let's get the fuck out of here and go to Washington, D.C. I, I'm no. telling you, they, they turn the speed force into this thing that, like, you know, the speed force, as we know, it is a, it's a very contained thing. Like, yes. we, we know that Black Hole and the Flash book opened up a speed force yep. storm. That was an anomaly that was fucking created, yeah. you know, yes. purposely. The, like, you know, Barry created the Speed Force when he goddamn, like, you know, got struck by lightning yeah. and all this other shit. For it to have, like, you know, fissures and fucking leaking through, there's a yeah. bigger problem going on there's right now than Black problem. Hole in the Ninth Circle. Because yeah, this, this is, will this tear is apart the main problem. Everything. Yeah. And in the meantime, these animals, it, it's like, it's going off into the wild and animals are getting Speed Force abilities. And at one point, Oliver and Ben Percy, through Oliver, is kind of making it seem like it's like an eco problem. Like, oh, it's going to spill out. Now, who knows yeah. what's going to happen when it hits the waterways? Like, I don't know that Speed Force works that way. I, I really don't, don't know how Speed Force works and the way they're describing it in this because they're just doing the craziest shit. Because yeah. where it bestows, you know, speed powers on people and different of like elements yeah. of the Speed Force, here a lot of the times, people are fucking like – we saw a baby bird. It hatched. It fucking grew up and it died right there It grew right up there immediately much. and died. Yeah. But in the one point, it's a – when it opens up, you see a wolf – have the yeah. speed force basically it's going around zipping around and eating a deer or you know fleecing and even a deer the, there even that one doctor that was working you know black hole was forcing or ninth circle actually was forcing him yeah. to work against his will to do this whole speed force bomb out of the fucking yeah i guess now i guess that picture. was black hole because they say it's black hole being funded by the ninth yeah, I'm circle telling you, I with the guy of the burned on. it's nonsense it and is, the, and the whole thing too. It threw me off so much because we have even been talking about just like you know going back for the Green Arrow book and the Flash book, how the yeah. black hole and the Nice Circle logo, it, it, in they my mind, are fucking similar. identical. Because I can never tell the difference. I and see we one haven't of my, seen oh, we haven't seen matter. the black circle or the black hole thing in the Flash in a while. Anyway, I did look. It's a little different, so but they what, do what look gonna alike. Do they're they're going to combine themselves and become the black circle. The black. Right? Circle. That'd be okay. That actually wouldn't be that bad. Uh, but, but yeah, Oliver's heading off this, to. It, it's right just, away, it's nonsense. Oliver feels off, right? I'm telling you, this feels he like does. we've got a new they artist on here we don't, don't normally have. And, and Ben it's Percy, okay. while he's it's writing not great. It, it doesn't feel like a Ben no. Percy. Uh, and, and Ben Percy, if he does anything, please stay away from the Flash because this Flash does not feel like Barry Allen and the uh, Stephen Byrne. When Flash shows up, when he first shows up and Oliver's like, you, that is not a good Flash. No. <laughs> he looks chubby. His face. Like a fucking makes, cherub. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what he looks like. Yeah, his face is all. But, yeah, even though, like, Oliver's there, he, he says, that pretty much Henry has given him some uh, intel that in the Cascade Mountains, the uh, Ninth Circle is up to trouble. They're up yeah. to something. He goes and he stops at this gas station to fill up. He's going on his motorcycle. He's like, the guy's like, haven't I seen you here before? And then you're supposed to get it. Oh, no, Oliver, he's on the run. You know, they're going to know. And, and that's the best part is 
it's Oliver who's won it, and he has not changed his look at all. Well, the <laughs> is, this whole talk of haven't I seen you before, I do think, like, I didn't go back and look. I I just have to assume, though, that this is a callback to the hard traveling heroes when him and Green Lantern it might were on have the been. road. I actually thought that this was supposed to give you the little hint, like, by the way, people may recognize him because he's yeah. a one-it man. I think he tries to get through that and, like, hey, uh, no, no, you know, I came here with my buddy. Like you said, that might be a call-out to the original deal. Yeah. Um, but then he's like, oh, you know, I'm just here. What's going on and this guy's like i don't know some new energy company bought a bunch of land off a government auction supposed to mine it or frack it he knows a lot of info and he's like they're called black something black so basically you're supposed to believe that the black hole came into the area and then just started naming their name they are a bad organization this organization that we know is up to no good that is you know an illegal fucking like you know organization by its core yeah what it's doing Went to a government auction, said, hey, okay, you can put yeah. this lease of the property on their name Black yeah. Hole, please. Black Hole. Just like, put it Black it Hole. very odd. Yeah, like, hey, did, weren't you tagging places and killing people? No, no, that was the other Black Hole. That's the Black Hole in, oh. in Me- Metropolis. Where the? No, no, I, th- I think that it was in Central City. No, no, you got it wrong. You got it wrong, bub. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing? Uh, through, though, when it goes around to the end, when they have the Ninth Circle involved, now you have something where, okay, I can say the Ninth Circle, while we know they're bad, they have they, they own Queen Industries, basically. Yeah. They have a lot of ins and outs. This would be a way that they're not only funded, but could get that. But this guy kind of spells it out. He this knows all knows about what's going it. On. Guy knows. It's like the Kumite. Everybody yeah, knows seriously. about it. But yeah, but then he, Oliver- even this part though, when Oliver takes off, it just yeah. feels odd to me because we saw in the last one, you know, Oliver's got to get off. You know, he's out on, he's got to go find us some information to, you know, stop fucking Nine Circle yeah. and also clear his goddamn name. And he knows he's fucking, you know, jumping his bail by leaving and it's going to mm-hmm. fuck Kate Spencer or something fierce. But he, it seemed to me he really intended on being back by his trial. I believe he even said that. Here yeah, he's he on did. his goddamn bike. He's running. I'm a wanted man, after all, in violation of my pre-trial conditions, like including the $10 million bail. But I didn't tell kill Wendy Poole, and I'm not about to sit around and wait for the guillotine to drop. I'm like, yeah, it's like a, sit, almost you sound like, like you're yeah. just running, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, and then now he's like, fuck this. I know that they're going to find me guilty, so yeah. I'm out. I, I don't think that that – but Ben Percy's off. You're right. He's off in this. And he says, now we get recap. I've been framed by the Ninth Circle, a hellish uh, nightfall that funds criminal activity over the last I year. They wrestle I'll... control of my company, my city, my life. Yeah, we know this. We I, I know that you always want to catch the first the person off. But the you, have, of rebirth. you have to give people enough credit that they're not only that, they're going to go back and find out. Yeah. If you're writing an interesting book, they're going to want to start from the beginning, at least the beginning of, you know, to find out info. You don't well, have to. Now, that's this is the problem. Now, the and, and people will be yelling, oh, Jim, you son of a bitch, when Tom King doesn't give you the info or whatever, there is a difference. That, you know, you have to have some information, but you don't need to jam it down the throat of what and happened the in the past. information we've already been given. Yeah, so, and even then, as as Oliver's riding around, he's going, uh, a fucking beaver that has speed force makes a dam instantly. I'm like, I, I don't get it because later as uh, uh, Barry comes, he mentions, but it looks like like every bit of wildlife is infected by the oh, yeah. speed force. And he kind of, I'm telling you, they kind of make it seem like it will go away. But there's a fissure there, and they don't even seem to pick up the pieces at it's the causing end. Causing goddamn earthquakes and yeah. shit like that. And I'm telling it's you, when they go into really the goddamn cavern. When they take out all this thing, I'm like, you know, we see that that doctor who was forced to do the work against yeah. his will, he was affected. Yeah. Why wasn't anybody else like the people there? I'm saying we have wildlife and we have this one doctor like, 
We had a bunch of people here. Why was he the only one affected? Why wasn't yeah, Ali uh, fucking affected? Yeah, well, Oliver even and points out to it. But before that happens, he's still driving, and a bunch of deer go by with speed force. Yeah. And there's a big fu- the Whoever was in the car is, is both cars dead. The one car looks like it's a fucking 80 feet in the air from these speed force deer. Oliver h- hits the ground. He skids on his motorcycle, and Barry shows up looking like a cherub. And he's like, you, and now we're going to have this very nasty dialogue between the two. And I know y- there's ways to play this, and I know what he's going with because Oliver had always wanted to be in the Justice League. They were always turning him down. It never really was fully because you're a dick. No. It wasn't because it was just uh, – we always by say his own the, rules. And the joke is, too, they already got a Batman. They don't yeah. need it. Like, like, that's our, always that our joke. Uh, but still, this comes out like Barry just starts making fun of Oliver. He's like, oh, ne- never really saw you going national. Doesn't your limited abilities limit your superhero zip code? And Oliver's like, fuck you. And he sure. says, hey, you know what? I bet other people are mistaken you're a nice guy. You're not. You're a dick. And he's like, huh, I'm here to investigate the speed force. And it just goes back and forth. And he's like, hey, you know what? I think we're going to team up. Team up. I don't need you. Fuck off. And And it goes off. I know we don't have the complete timeline for the events because we, like, when we started out the Justice League in the New 52, we were five years, like, you know, in the past from where every other book was. And in that timeline, like in that early timeline, we saw the Green Arrow try to become a part of the Justice League. Yeah, but that was just one time. And that was one time. We had the whole Trinity War where he was a part of the JLA and went yeah. up against them. But, but the whole still, idea, like, we had this whole thing. They anymore. barely know each other's scenes, but yeah. all of a sudden, he knows he's Barry Allen and he knows, and Barry knows that he's fucking Oliver Queen as the Green yeah. Arrow. It's, yeah, we have this and, and Barry that's not even earned at this point. I know, and, and Barry even hints at like he knows that uh, you know, hey, you got your own problems, you mess yeah. up, and it's funny. He goes, "You've got a rep." This is Barry saying, "Oliver, you got a rep. You know of making a mess wherever you go." And I wish Oliver knew more and just stopped and said, "Listen." You're the motherfucker that ruined this whole goddamn universe, you fucking right. asshole. You went back to save your mother and fucking ruined it all for us. Because how dare Barry say shit like that? And again, like you said, Oliver to me, especially how he feels in this book, is just – he's in Seattle and, and keeps to himself. Uh, the way he's saying it's like everywhere – and I know, like you said, Trinity War and things like that. But even that, that's not a rep for everywhere you go, you make a mess. No. It just is odd. And then he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going out. And then his last bit of shade is, hey, the goatee, it looks like roadkill. I'm like, that, that's not good. That's no. not good trash talk. That's, that's uh, terrible shade. Th- then we, and it continues. Now we have Emiko and Kate Spencer. And obviously Kate Spencer is there. She's supposed to meet with Oliver for you know, one of their attorney. meetings. And yeah, that's where – uh, you have Emiko going. And it's funny, too, because they're making her seem like an r- attorney, but also kind of like a parole officer or somebody who's supposed to keep an eye on him. I think there would be a court-appointed person that he's supposed to check into as well. I don't know. That's just me. I'm telling you, you have a murderer out on bail? I think he's got to check in a couple times, but they make this like a be-all, end-all person where she's supposed to get Oliver to check in. Emiko shows up, says, hey, I'm his half-sister. Well, you know, mother, different... Uh, same dad, different mothers, very different mothers. I'm here uh, to check in for him. And she and Kate Spencer's like, I thought you were missing. 
And then she's like, I'm right here. It's Ollie who's gone. I'm like, why, why are you telling her this? Seriously, You're supposed to me. say, like, he he got caught up uh, somewhere else. Or, Don't say he's gone. And she's like, you're kidding me. And then Kate does the weirdest thing because this is when Emma goes, like, listen, he told you about the Ninth Circle. He's trying to build his own case against the people. Now, right away, Kate Spencer is going to be like, this is fucking bullshit. I gathered that $10 million, all this shit. I'm supposed to do this, and he's building his own fucking case. Like, why am I even here? Uh, she lights a cigarette and then immediately puts it out in Emiko's cup. And I was like, ah. and I thought, I thought it was just like she lit it and then was like, "Fuck this, I'm getting out." And it was her caught. It wasn't. I looked. You, you can tell there. It is Emiko's oh, yeah. thing. And Emiko's just sitting there. And I'm telling you, that is the worst thing to me because I've had times where I have been when my band was playing in college. We were playing a frat party, and I went to grab a, a drink out of you know it was like a Dixie, like one of those plastic cups. I go to right. drink it, and there was like seven cigarette butts in oh, it. I'm it telling you, I didn't know it was a, you told me the story because like the whole thing of mine, mine are beer bottles from bars and different no, parties. Mine so I have people to put the cigarettes in so you can't it's see disgusting. it beforehand. And the, the problem is, oh, it's fucking lit. So I go and I'm there, and then you look in, I'm like, oh God, because I felt something. I'm almost yeah. ready to vomit right now. It's the worst. And I freaking, I'm done. But yeah, Emiko would like, what a bitch. I just bought that. And I, I said to you, it's like, I wish Emiko, because Emiko's a badass. And even says later to Dinah, like, hey, uh, you know, that Kate Spencer, she's a real ball buster. I wish Kinda that like Emiko would have been like, hey, thanks a lot. And started drinking that tea or coffee with the cigarette. Your and, move, uh, bitch. Your, your move, whore. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, yeah? And then she goes and goes, is that your soup? And fucking takes a big shit in it. Fucking huh. gets right up on the table squats. Oh, down it'd be so good. Right and then Emiko's like, go. huh. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Touche. Touche. Be so great. Starts <laughs> eating the soup right there and like, all right, oh, yeah. now take me to the hospital. <laughs> take me to the nearest hospital. But yeah, it's so crazy. She And again, it's just to show that she's, you know, she's hard edged and she, oh, yeah, she no ain't going to take no crap. Uh, but in the meantime, she's pretty much getting played. But Oliver better get his ass back. Uh, then you That's go. That's the he's going to. No, and then uh, Emiko comes out. Now, I'll tell you also, I, this is just me, and it's it's not appropriate, Eric. I'll, I'll hit the Jess thing if you want me to. But I don't like that symbol on Emiko's shirt because every time I see it, I think it's a boob window. And it's not appropriate, Eric. And it really threw me off. It's just a decal there. I sure don't is. know why. I don't know why, though. I'm like, I don't like the way that looks. But she comes out. And uh, Dinah's, she's writing a new song, Eric. Yeah. I was even gonna, I was gonna sing the song, but I'm not. I'm not gonna sing in, in the, the book, book of silence. silence the, it's there. called. Does she say what it's gonna be called? Actually, I don't no. think she says it. She just says it's gonna be a heartbreaker. I just like in the book of silence, I have written your name. Actually, it sounds like the Google does now. Yeah. I don't remember your name. Oh Jesus Christ! But yeah, she's Long writing the song. Emiko yeah. comes out and like, hey, that that Kate Spencer reminds me of you. She's a real ball buster. Like, and then that's when Dinah's like, hey, you're gonna help me take down these underground men. And Emiko says, but Ollie doesn't want me. You know, superheroing. He wants me to have a normal life. Since when? Since and he I'm just left? Because an issue ago, she was full off. out. Emiko. What's yeah. that? Every character in this issue feels off. Yeah. It's like Ben Percy hasn't written these characters before. It's so almost like Ollie somebody else weird. wrote this, and then he uh, it, they ghost wrote it. And then yeah. he's like, okay, I'll just put my name on it. Because we've seen her over and over, arm in arm with Ollie as Red Arrow fighting. And doing Red Arrow stuff. The last time we saw her, she ended up showing up at the jail, sneaking in and almost breaking him out. He didn't say, listen, I told you not to be Red Arrow anymore. He said, no, no, I have to do this the right way. You better get out of here. It's just weird. 
It's just, it's all. And not, I'm saying, not only that, the whole Black Canary, you know, singing a song and playing the guitar outside of this fucking, yeah. like, diner, wherever the hell they're at. That's, like, like issue yes. two. Yeah, exactly. It's been so long since we've ever brought, we brought up the idea that she yeah. was in a band and she was a singer to fucking do like, oh, it's like somebody came in and wrote this like we're talking about, like a ghostwriter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I remember when Black Canary had her own book. She was in yeah, that band. So I'm going to write about that. The guy was too lazy to read the other 25 issues. He got yeah. to issue four because it's also like the whole thing. Like we had the end of last issue. I legitimately thought Black Canary was gone. Yeah. She was watching Oliver say goodbye to Henry and Emiko from the top of like a cliff type deal and crying. And it really felt like she was going to get on her motorcycle and leave and be out of this. And maybe – Let's go back it, to Gotham. Be part of no, the I'm play. telling you. You want to know what I thought was going to happen? And this is ridiculous because I haven't read the solicits. I actually thought that they were going to continue the Underground Men possibly in the Black Canary uh, freaking uh, Barbara uh, – what am I say? Batgirl and the, the Birds of Prey. Because it seemed like that was her story and she was going to go off to do that. Uh, but even the point where she's like, hey, uh, Dinah says to Emiko, no, no, no. You know what? You're going to have – you're going to – be a superhero with me. I know you're going to do it anyway. You're going to help me get the auctioneer and his underground men. And Amicus like, yes. And but I'm like, why? You haven't stopped. It's why, been why probably, is she acting like yeah. she's a normal girl? Who hasn't yeah, it's done been. It's I'm been probably like she eight is, hours. In my mind, like a very comparable figure to like Damian, Damian Wayne. So the idea is. that she's acting like a normal girl who doesn't get to do this stuff normally. Yeah, it's weird. It feels so off. This would be like if we would have had a setup of twelve issues of her wanting to get involved, and even having Roy was there, and the whole thing was Roy and her. She, she kept saying Red Arrow, Red Rebel. Arrow, Red Arrow. I'm going to be Red Arrow, and he kept saying, I don't know if you want that name. I kind of ruined it. No. No, I'm going to make it good. Maybe if you had Emiko just on the sidelines and Roy showing up and like, I want to be involved. No, 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 you don't. You want to be a regular girl. Just have your life. We've never seen that in this book. She's never been a re- – she disappeared with her mother and then came back and has been just Red Arrow. It's nonsense. It really fell off. Then you go back and there you have Oliver and he's breaking into this cavern. You end up seeing that a flash comes over. And it's weird too because Ollie puts a uh, freaking arrow through one of these two guards. And then the yeah. other guard starts talking shit. You know, broadheads don't mix well with bullets. Ask the fucking guy who's sitting there with a goddamn <laughs> arrow in his chest. That guy's dead. He, he ain't and, yeah. talking, Jim. No, he's not. Uh, then you have what is the weirdest thing because you have the one guy, and then another guy comes out, and it looks like Iron Man threw me off. But, yeah, they're doing this. Flash comes and ties these guys up. And then they go in to see what this whole – and then you have the, the Speed Force Wolf attack Barry. So now you've had both of them show their abilities to each other. And so I'm they telling you, don't let any fucking other. animal rights activist fucking read this issue because no, now actually, Oliver's just did, killed a goddamn wolf right there actually, with a goddamn arrow. did that throw – you off because yes. it threw me off. I wasn't even going to mention it. Uh, but the way this book has been, and the fact that it seems like this wolf is overly fired up because of the speed force, it seemed really odd to kill it. And both yep. ways, Oliver, who is a green hero, and basically in this book, but also flashed with the speed force deal. I think that he would be like, no, no, it's it's just acting that way because it's it's fired up. But also, I wanted to know why. Barry doesn't go and at least examine any of these animals that have been affected by the Speed Force. To I don't know what Barry's been doing. I don't know. He's not doing anything because they go in and they see this big – I'm telling you, freaking Oliver, without the Speed Force, 
beats Barry to where the fucking shit's going yeah. down. Like, yeah, it's, Barry's yeah, been right. running around doing what exactly this whole goddamn time? I don't know. Maybe he just, maybe he was doing, maybe he just didn't know. Oliver did have inside information from Henry, but it didn't seem that much inside. Like, no. they just said the Cascade Mountains, but that's the problem. When we go on to finish this issue, you have a lot of this kind of half info shoved in. You have a little info dump stuff because they go into this cave and they see what appears to be a pit of speed force. I mean, this does not look like a bomb to me. They say no. later it's a bomb. It, you have a, a fucking backhoe shit going on as if they had dug into the ground. It's mentioned about the plate tectonics and the continental plates crashing against each other. So you That's do mumbo jumbo. You man. do seem to go though. Oh, everything that that Barry says is mumbo jumbo here. Yeah. But he does explain it to me as if this was almost. You want you want me to tell you what I took it as? It is a speed force kind of Lazarus pit. It is a place where you could actually tap into the speed force that doesn't make sense and these people are just and are they containing it because you see something like this but it ends up that this is a bomb because they just say it then oh it's a bomb a bomb to me can be made anywhere this seems to be a speed force pit and it doesn't make sense and in the meantime barry doesn't really seem taken aback that much by it like, this, this is a big fucking some... deal. Yeah. And where's Wally? Both Wallys. I mean, this is something the Speed Force seems to like. It should really be causing a disturbance for anybody uh, with Speed o- OG Force. OG Wally's got a pacemaker. He can't do much right now. That's true. And, and Kid Flash, he's with Deathstroke. Defiance. Go. Defiance. Stroke he's, Squad. He's on the Stroke Squad, Aaron. But yeah, and then basically it becomes a let's fight, and you have to have. We, we got a big ass fucking burn guy. Who yeah, has I was going to say, you have to have now, something else. We, we don't else. talk about him at all. He's just yeah. there, he shoots some fire out of his hands. And, yeah, and he leaves. The, I'm like, the weird what, thing what is about this guy? it is, we've not seen anything like no, this. No, and you have it. It's almost like, to me, it looks like those big fucking orcs, like the really big oh, yeah. ones in the Lord of the Rings, like the ones that are almost like the lieutenants. Well, I forget at, at what first they're I called. I'm beyond an underground that. man, but they say he's one of the burns. Yeah, and then he they say the burn. Like, it's like they took one of the fucking mutant goddamn underground yeah. men, turned him into the burn, and somehow gave him firepower. Now, this is the problem with me. Uh, you have it set up. Why can't this be a combo villain now? Why can't this be a new thing that the Ninth Circle's working on that is a burned with speed force powers? It's yeah. right there. You have, and this isn't even script, Dr. Eric. This is just so obvious to me that they're at this fissure. Everybody else is being affected by the speed force, except the bad guy, who should be, because that would be and cool. Ollie. Then you'd have Oliver. Yeah, Oliver is. He actually says at one point. He feels a ah, tremble. He, feels you know, that, he thinks that it feels like he drank a bunch of fucking, you know, uh, Red Bulls. But he is affected a little. But yeah, why not have it that the this whole thing is based on the black hole and the ninth circle teaming up because Broderick wants to infuse the burned with speed force powers to take over the fucking country. That makes complete sense to me and why they would have a team up because it is. It's not just a team up of Oliver and Barry. It is a team up of the ninth circle and the black hole. They're two yeah. villains. It would be the perfect opportunity to kind of make an amalgam type villain here that they both have to take down because if they don't, it'll destroy the world. And they don't. They end up making it that this guy has fire powers out of nowhere. He's shooting fire out of his hands. And and they, they're fighting. Barry goes, gets the scientists out of the way. That's all he does. And yeah. then and then you have goddamn fucking Oliver have to decide to kill this big guy with his fucking burn powers or destroy what they call a bomb, then. No, not only that. It's like, no, it's a battery. You can stop it. Yeah, it's it doesn't a, make sense. It's a battery sense. as much as it is a bomb. But listen to this. 
destroy the particle collider at its heart, and the power buildup inside would drain away. And so that means, Oliver, shoot the control panel. I'm like, yeah. I don't think one uh, goes yeah, together there, Yeah, and it Barry. seems like they have dug in and tapped into a tectonic plate collision that is going and getting speed force. Why would this control panel – what you what you should have had is them having to bring down the whole goddamn mountain. Yeah. And it just – it's nonsense. It really is. It's now it's getting me angry because everything is just solve this by doing this and then we won't talk about it. We'll just go because after this, he shoots the panel. The doctor says, you know what? Uh, I didn't mean to do it. They forced me. Now, it seems like what you're telling me now is the speed force. What Oliver says is I hope the speed force doesn't you know, make me old and wither away and make my roadkill goatee turn gray. But in fact, the destroying of the speed force bomb ends up making the scientists grow old and die. Yep. And I don't understand it. It's like the opposite. And do, do we have to think then that there's still speed force? Because there's speed force going around. And what about these poor animals? What about the whole area? Oh, they're all dead now, Jim. What about somebody who – because it doesn't seem like all they do is blow up this thing. It seems like all the Ninth Circle and the Black Hole, because they're probably going to show up. There was probably more than three guys there. It seems like three guys they fight. What happens yep. when the, the night crew comes and starts tapping into the speed force again? Because they really didn't stop. They're going to rebuild this control panel, and it's game on again. Oh, but no, this it guy matter, the, though, because while he's on his way to Washington, he's Well, yeah, because he was want. already going there, though. Yeah. And he says, uh, that guy says, the bomb. Oh, what do you mean a bomb? What were they going to do? Oh, they were going to go Washington. Oh, we're in Washington. No, D.C. Okay, let's go. Hop on. We're going team up, baby. Let's hit the road. Easy rider-like, and let's head off. <laughs> telling you freaking i want flash to give somebody the finger uh, they're going and it's like hey just keep up and now it's funny too because you have what should be the biggest thing that would be worrying barry which would be a speed force fissure trying to figure yeah. out what's going on oliver is a wanted man uh, you know he's gonna be found guilty of murder he hasn't solved anything and they are having the time of their life as they go off fucking smiles <laughs> okay flash just try to keep up oh really are you serious? Because ah. I, I'm furious. <laughs> and, and my score doesn't really show how ridiculous I now realize this issue is because I read it. I'm like, okay, you know, it, it's trying to be fun. But yeah, you spelled it out completely. The worst thing about this issue, it does not feel like any of the characters involved are what we have seen no. previously, even Barry in his own book. But I, you know, you'll always have lead way with that, with a guy who isn't writing that book. It's not oh, yeah. Joshua Williamson. That's Joshua Williamson's character at the moment. It's not Ben Percy. So I can say, you know what? He doesn't get Flash quite how I would like him, but you know what? I'll give him a pass there. Uh, Oliver, Emiko, Kate Spencer, Black Canary, those are the only characters that are in this book, and he does them all. There's regular characters. They well, even all when feel we, off. Even when we see the only burned character in there, and it's a different burn than we've ever yeah, seen before. He's a goddamn gi- a Goliath with fucking firepower. I'm just Why saying, isn't it, just, that? it all feels off to me. This entire story, even what we're dealing with the speed force, is the biggest problem in my mind. Because no. it, it's nothing that we've dealt with. Yes, you could say Black Hole is doing some fucked up shit, but the idea, the it's concept is different. It's set up to this, be a reason why Flash joins. Hole. And it's so, like I said, I say it a lot, but it's surface level stuff that it's like, we need Flash to show up, so there has to be a disturbance in the speed force. So we'll have the Ninth Circle and the Black Hole get together and be making this thing doesn't make sense. And then you have the animals involved every place around because at one point they're like, if this blows, it's going to affect the whole state of Washington. It kind of did blow. I mean, you may have stopped it by, but it looks like it blows up. Like, and no, what is it was the, the effect? battery. It's dissipated. Yeah, oh, I see Speed Force flying everywhere when he shoots that goddamn thing. 
Uh, yeah, dissipated. But what what was the effect? Because you know. see a guy go old. Uh, it's nonsense. I gave it a six five. I, I didn't mind the art after a while. Uh, when Barry first showed up, I thought that flash was a little off. And it is a this is uh, Stephen Byrne is the third artist on this book. There's not many books that you can say this is the third artist. Yeah. Uh, and it's that good. You know what I mean? And it does. It does kind of go well in with the other art. You know, I love Juan Ferreira. Otto Schmidt, to me, is the second. Then oh, Stephen yeah. Burns, third. Uh, but this kind of does. It's not such a crazy art sure, that you. doesn't go, you know, that far off. Yeah, it's not a great departure. What would you give it? John, I don't like the art. I think Oliver looks great. Green Arrow, I think, looks perfect. Even Black Canary looks cool. I think Emiko looks off, and I think The Flash yeah. looks fucking terrible. Yeah, he does and look cool. the whole story is just this nonsense fucking bit of garbledy gook. They threw together real fast to have a yeah. goddamn team up, whether it made sense or not. And this is the start not. of a big... A big arc that we know, uh, we've heard, Ben Percy, and we've talked about, Ben Percy is supposedly a huge fan of the history of Green Arrow. Yeah. And he is throwing that hard-traveling hero out there, so this should be very, very important to him. And it, it starts off pretty lame, but what, keep it's going. It's really I lame. I end up, I'm telling you, the characters fell off, nobody felt right in this book, and it just, it, it seems a complete yeah. departure from everything we've had up to this point, and because of that, I have to go, like, you know, my whole Green Lantern score is well, 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, that's where I said, like, I think that I'm about almost a point above you on these recaps and not yeah. doing things, but yeah, it's consistent. The, the characters just fell completely yeah. off me. Even well, Oliver going about, I'm telling you, that guy is dead, and Oliver at this point should not be killing people, or no, even animals, I not know. even saying a goddamn word about it. It's funny. The animal meant more to me, and just because yeah. it was also an animal that was seemed to be like it was affected infected. by something. Yeah, it didn't seem right. It, it was. A it victim. seemed like he should have just kind of scared it off or, or something like that. It did. It did feel wrong to me, and I'm now I'm no social justice warrior. Oh, Eric, you don't but it, heart? It, No, it just it just kind of felt weird to me, especially as Green Arrow. Like it would have been something maybe Flash would have been. Even then, Flash doesn't kill either. So either one of them seemed weird. Like almost like that that Wolf should have attacked one of the uh, Ninth Circle Black Hole guys, and they were about to kill it, and that's when they swoop in and and take care of those other guys. Script Doctor. The last book on the green section, though, Eric, is it's okay. Yeah. Here we go. Justice League number 24. It's weird. In my notes, I just wrote Green Arrow and Justice League. Luckily, these numberings are easy to remember. The only reason I remember Justice League is 24 because at, because the, end, 25 it, next, yeah, yeah. at the end, it gives you the whole, hey, we just wait till next oversized issue. Extra size. Isn't that Extra what they're calling it? Extra anniversary issue. Yes. Justice League number 24, written by Dan Abnett. Ooh. Art by Ian Churchill. Adriana Lucas, it's not that crazy now, and Richard yeah. Starkings. We get yet another Just League issue without Brian Hitch, and I'm all for that, Eric. I did like this issue featuring Marin written by Dan Abnett as a companion piece the ongoing Aquaman book, but there just wasn't enough here for me to go nuts over. Mara takes apart the League with ease, and seeing her as the badass she is is great. But at the end of the day, this issue felt like something left behind when Aquaman went monthly and just inserted in here to let Hitch catch up. And yeah, there's nothing to this. I, no, I see people go over exactly and over. exactly right to me, though whole thing where this was supposed to be an Aquaman issue and it was just substituted yep. into That's a Justice That's my theory. League. I told Makes you, the minute I me. read it I thought, you know what, when they went monthly, this was going to be one of the issues, but it's not strong enough to have as a monthly. Like, you yeah. would go and all of a sudden you have this issue... It makes sense, though, to me that at one time you are going to want to see Mara go crazy and not be able to get into Atlanta. So you have that check. Then the next part is you would wonder why the Justice League is not 
concern with Arthur, with Aquaman, yeah. and that gets rid of this too. So I really, really do think, and I don't think anybody can convince me otherwise, that this wasn't going to be an issue of Aquaman. And when it went monthly, you have a couple issues that kind of are left on the, the cutting room floor. And when they had a... You know, you needed Brian Hitch. Brian Hitch has a 25th issue that's oversized, extra-sized anniversary. But also, he has a couple coming up he's that he has, he's been saying, and he's been right. He's going to be writing and art coming up in a bunch, and that's when things really go wrong for him. So I think they're letting him catch up with these issues. We haven't seen him in, in months. And yeah, it's we're been gonna, three, you know, three issues now. Yeah, boy. so you have this, and it just seems like it would have been okay as an Aquaman issue, but in the Justice League... Especially if you're not reading Aquaman. I mean, I don't know what you think of this because even even if you're reading Aquaman, you don't get much. You, you no, get it's a, if it's you, a lackluster Aquaman issue. It's yeah, a if you love really disappointing if, Justice League. If you're issue. a Mara fan, though, you're gonna love this. You really are because no, it no, does do. You, I'm I telling you, it, it's the, the one the time I, that Mara gets to to stand up and and kick ass like we had a bit when she was the Aqua Woman yeah, at the end of the new Fifty Two. Yeah, and and that was yeah, I know. Uh, but you actually, you know, you you're never going to get an Mara centric issue, and she, you know, she's kind of been pushed aside because in the Aquaman book. Unfortunately, all she's going to be doing is trying to get into Atlantis like she is here. The main gist of it's going to be, you know, Aquaman in the under underground of the Atlantis and going yeah. through that. And I do think that at least you get some Mara, but there's nothing to this. Oh, I'm it, telling it you, though, the whole off. idea behind this, the concept where we have Mara be this bad. I'm a big fan of Mara. Mm -hmm. And the idea that we leave here that what the like, you know. We could end up with, you know, Mara being a part of the Justice League. I think that's one of the coolest selling things. Oh, I, mean, I think it's I awesome. always love a Justice League shakeup. And when you add you're not going to get it though. like that, I would, I would be all about yeah. it though. You're not going to get it. People, I, I, you know, I see our man Noah in Nerd Church Radio, and he loves Mara, and he's pumped. And I, I almost want to message him and say, I hope you're not heartbroken because I don't think she's joining. I really don't. It seems I, like at I the hope end, it's but the case, I don't expect it. That no, happen, I don't though. see in any solicits her being involved in anything with Brian yeah. Hitch, and he still has over ten to twelve issues left. So how you know what are they going to go back to her on issue forty that she's in? And hey, by you then did a real Aquaman good job when you be. kicked our ass before. So and what are they going to say? What Aquaman's just going to be like? Okay, baby, you know I I don't need to be part of it. I think it's awesome. I'd love it. I'd love more of a shakeup than just her. Oh, so I'd like I. a bunch of people to shake up. Uh, but yeah, you have it where it's it's off to me right away because all of a sudden the the Just League's hanging out. Of course, Cyborg is working the monitors, Eric, as he yeah. always does, and he's like, it, it makes me laugh every time it happens because you know it just you know that I laugh when it happens because I'm like, yep, proving my point again. There's Cyborg. Cyborg That's all he does. Life, the monitor duty. Yeah, and he's like, oh my god, hey, there's a problem, and he's like, listen, I just I don't know why it throws me off when he says, hey, something monumental just went wrong in the Atlantic to get technical it looks like a superstorm on a non-terrestrial scale i'm like i don't even know okay. what those words mean together uh but yeah he's like hey i'm reading this there's a vortex and hey we got to go do this and it's funny because superman th the characters all seem so okay dejected da yeah dan abbott writes most of these characters pretty well only because to me they don't do much you can't really no. fuck it up Superman is so he, – if he, he is he off or is, does he just seem depressed? No, because, no. Th and you, is he is, just – he hates Atlantis. The, this place in the Dan Ad, this Aquaman, he's been doing because Superman has been having a problem yeah. with fucking Aquaman. So it does make sense. But it, story, so it's it just – I'm telling you, he hates Atlantis so much because he's like, <laughs> Atlantis. 
Again, that's all we, that's need, all we to need, know. need to know. And they go in and they they get the whole thing. They see this crown of thorns, and it's weird because it's the water is kind of going away from it. I don't think the art does it justice. I don't see that, the crown of thorns. No, because well, it's just a big ball, and that's kind of the crown because the water is going away from it, and they can't understand why. They're saying the ocean's being ripped back to expose it, but exactly, you know, since when was Atlantis covered in a dome? And we, I get the whole deal. Uh, but yeah, Cyborg has to scan it. He's like, oh my good God, it's reading as unbreakable. I, I love this thing. He's like scanning I, I the material that, that dome. And scanning the material that dome, and it looks like he's just pinching his fingers together. And then he's like, it's not composed of anything I've ever. Good God! It made me laugh so much. I it's sat so there. weird, too, because I'm, telling you, I'm downstairs yelling at the other point, day. But yeah. it's small text. Yeah, it just made me laugh. I, I'm telling you, I was downstairs repeating it. I just, good God! And then Wonder Woman, she has a good sense of smell. I smell magic. And then there's I'm Superman nobody again. Nobody said here, I hate magic. Yeah. And then there's Superman. Huh, could be some new Atlantean weapon. <laughs> He's not going to stop. He's going to kill yeah, Atlanteans. Nobody but, hates Atlanteans more the, than Superman. The last thing he wants, he's like, listen, they, I'm an alien. Yeah, you can hate me, but these stinking Atlanteans. Stinking uh, yeah. water dwellers. And, uh, that, but the problem is. Not just going and telling you about Dan Abnett writing this issue and jumping on. I'm telling you, not much happens, but you know what? He gets everyone involved, and oh, that yeah. is something Brian Hitch can never, never do. do. Every character gets involved, and even the dialogue going back and forth. That's all you need. All there you need is Aquaman. Uh, ooh. Yeah, ooh. Yeah, really. But yeah, they're they're trying to do this, and there's a tidal wave heading, and this is where the whole issue to me, if you're a Mara fan – it gets thrown off for me because they're doing, they're trying to get, and this is the perfect storm. I mean, there is no way they're stopping this. I don't care all their abilities that they say they're doing. I know we saw Simon and Jessica stop something like this during the world, the ground, or was it the world breakers, whatever it was in Justice This is like 80 times the size of that. I'm guessing, I would love to think that's Gotham, and I know in Gotham, those buildings are over 84 stories high right there, Eric, so this wave (laughs) is above those. Kite man can't even stop this bitch. But yeah, they do stop it, it seems. And then they go, and Mara comes out, and it's Mara. And she is controlled by her anger, controlled by something else. At first, I thought she was controlled by something else. She's just mad. And she is completely insane to the point where she is risking the lives of millions. And that is not Mara to me. And it's not Mara to get that upset that she doesn't see the ramifications. Back back in, uh, what was it? the Blackest Night and shit like that. When all the rings went out, like, Mara has a problem with rage. She became a Red Lantern yeah, because of still, her fucking rage. that's not rages. now. That's not here. She's just there. Well, she found out that Arthur was alive, and she's trying to... But yet she says, I don't want you to cause an issue, but she's causing an issue. There's nobody in Atlantis right now that does not know that Mara is trying to break into that crown of thorns. There, there's nobody that doesn't know this, and she's trying to act like she's just trying to do it herself and not cause an incident, and she is about to kill everybody on the East Coast. I, I know you're saying I have is, it. Uh, it seems like she's been using this aquakinesis to try to fucking break in for. She says days. I'm like, yeah, it's why been are we days. just getting the tsunami now? 
I don't know. It seems like she's up the ante. I just I find it very odd the way this book has been spelled out and how she's been down with Arthur and all this that she is going to do this much and not realize that there is a tidal wave that's probably the size of who knows how Love tall. Love crazy just things. Got, yeah, I'm telling you, it's just weird. And then she doesn't. They don't even mention that they, they they really go away. And this is why I think that this would be something that would have been an Aquaman because if this was just her showing up, I think she would have spelled out more about yeah. the listen i thought he was dead i thought he was this but i got word and things like that but if i was this waiting go- for the recap and it never came like that but if this is in of the regular aquaman run you don't need that recap because nope. you would know all this and she would just say oh he was deposed you go from there but if this was like i said just a one-shot just league story from the beginning i think you would have gotten more of a recap to them like oh my god they tried to kill him that's why i'm so mad i thought he was dead i just found out he was alive uh but in the meantime she's still just pissed and she can't break out of it and she just goes to town on the justice league and she is and i'm you telling know, you the freaking superman and wonder woman are the most useless characters yeah. in here because because yeah, they just you, get she meticulously away. takes out each of the Justice League members, but to start out, she rages out, you know, no, and then like cre- creates a wave that not. It seems like it takes Superman and Wonder Woman out completely yeah. in the beginning, yep. and then like even flashes. Oh, you took out two of our like our four of our heaviest yeah. hitters because then she takes out the Green Lanterns yeah. by making their rings fall off their finger by yeah, creating it's funny. a fucking. It's funny too because water uh, yeah. shield around the finger, or whatever. And, you know, and you can do that. It's like that's when the tactical things come in. Uh, the problem to me, and even that, it looks like uh, Wonder Woman throws them away and then in, and puts them in like a ball of water prison Mar- there, uh, whatever it would be, and sends them off. And the thing is, to me, is like you really can't have Mara. Like, what is she gonna do against the heavy hitters? Because really, uh, uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Superman are just gonna grab her and stop yeah. her. So and she doesn't. So like, Dan Abbott just gets them out of the way right away. Oh, you know it's what? That's ridiculous. the thing. I didn't see that. I'm, I, I'm just looking at the top part of that splash page. Yeah, and like, then she oh, kind okay. of puts them in I didn't a prison that water of water. Stuff. Yeah, I didn't realize but that still, was But still, you right. would think that Aqua... Yeah, all right, I keep wanting to say Aqua. You, you keep... You would think Wonder Woman and Superman could just break out of that. Yeah. <laughs> because then later... Magic, she Basically, later she oh, does magic. what she should have done to every one of them immediately when Barry goes and starts running and says, hey, you got rid of heavy hitters because he also... She also sends cyborg flying up at one point does yeah. all this stuff but uh basically to barry she just dehydrates him she have done that great. to every one of them she would have yeah. done it to every one of them and uh, that's fine enough but we do have the thing where she throws the uh gets the water between the rings and the fingers of jessica and simon and it it continues that thing that drives me nuts and i know me it drives well. you nuts when the ring comes off so does the outfit that outfit yep. is made by the ring, and we keep seeing it in these books where the ring comes off and the Green Lantern outfit is still intact, and it throws me off because that basically is the sign to show you that the ring is no longer on when they're yep. there. You know, you have Guy in his underwear sometimes and shit like that. So basically, the last we- the last place or last things you were wearing, you're wearing still. It's just the outfit's over, so it threw me off. Cyborg gets just thrown off, and then Batman comes up like he's goddamn Jaws. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm telling you of all the art which the art in this book is really really good issue i love that batman sneaking up in the waves it makes me laugh because she knows he's there and and he comes up and she just grabs him when he he, he's sneaky until the last second and then jumps up and she's choking him out she's like a trank gun and she's oh that's right out of your playbook which leads into later uh when they're talking because then you get the idea when she's centering on Batman like this I can get the idea that now the the Green Lanterns you know the water that was on their fingers that wouldn't let the contact go that goes away because yeah, she's yeah, more yeah. concentrating she's and not all con- that the thing is though, Superman I love and Wonder Woman had- break out 
she has freaking Batman by the throat. And by the yeah. time everybody, you know, her concentration wears to the point where everybody can yeah. get free. Freaking one of them. Great Hera, she's going to choke Batman. I'm like, bitch, she's already choking. Yeah, she, she already is. And uh, you know what? In a, a little side note, I actually really like the idea that it. she really, how Dan Abnett plays this, she's very much a water Green Lantern, like a yeah. water lantern, the way she kind of, she can even make kind of constructs and the things oh, yeah. like that. I really like that, but you tell me about it, Eric. T- tell you about it. Freaking, I had to uh, sneeze. Freaking, oh, okay. yeah, I, I wanted you to just talk, you son of a bitch. I just sneeze so loud. Uh, yeah, you can. T- but really, there's not much to it, right? No, I'm telling you, the whole thing too, where like you know, Batman stops it because he had a trank gun that she knocked away when she started choking him. Whole thing is he pulls out the sonic capsule, hypersonic screamer. He I says. don't know what the fuck this thing is because it looks like a little capsule in his hand. And he's like, "This is gonna hurt." I'm like, "Why is it not hurting everybody else?" Then? Yeah, I know. It reminds me of the. Uh, the Harry Potter thing where they got that in the, uh, the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, when yeah. They, yeah, and they had to put it underwater. But it, she, he brings it up, and I, it's kind of a funny thing that Dad Abbott does, though, where he yells it, hypersonic screamer! And I laugh. <laughs> All right, Batman. Uh, but yeah, nobody else is affected, but no. it breaks her out. She breaks out of this rage, and then she's embarrassed. And she's like, oh, my God, you know, you can't be here. Atlantis is, you're going to escalate things. And like, escalate shit? You just nearly washed away the East Coast. <laughs> Super man and uh again the art is so good i'm looking at that superman i really really like that superman the with wet, his hair. wet hair yeah sexy eric he looks so good <laughs> holy moly how does he get out of that outfit how does he get into it Eric? a couple drinks <laughs> couple drinks i was waiting for uh but yeah and superman's like hey would Arthur Arthur have wanted that? And in the meantime, he's like, that stinking Atlantean. Uh, but she's like, listen, I wasn't thinking straight. I'm sorry. This isn't what I wanted. Uh, you can't help me, though. And the best thing is they're talking to her, and they're like, you know what? You're lashing out at nothing. You got you know, you to come down. And she's like, listen, you guys don't know me. You're not my friends. Uh, I don't want to have this. Attitude. You're Arthur's friends and whatnot. And there is a weird line because – uh, there's like, listen, we're going to help. And she says again, weren't you listening? I don't want you doing anything that risks escalation. She's, and Wonder Woman's like, no, not that. If you want us to, you know, want us to help you move against Atlantis, we will, but only if you say so. But also, we just want to listen and we'll support you. And it just, I, I don't know. They, they go off to the thing, but he says where Amara says, and what I was getting at, I forgot what I was even talking about. It's really weird when Mara says, why? To replace Arthur, you are his friends. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Really Calm down. Slow your roll, Mara. But, and it's funny too because that's just Batman saying. I suggest we take her back to the Watchtower, and then Mara's like really jumping to conclusions. Oh, but so it's nobody not... said fucking anything about it, like indoctrinate. Like no, you know, but it ends up. You're not in a funny. goddamn like a like a uh, decoder ring here. No, and the funny thing about it then it's like Wonder Woman's like, no, 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 we want to make you friends with you and stuff like that. It's like really weird. But they go back to They're the child yeah they go back to the uh watchtower, watchtower. and that's where i laugh so much because they're like she's like i can't go home again and then superman's like you know mara surely and she says what <laughs> i have no home and i'm telling you i have the the quote it, it is bella lugosi but it's yeah. an original bella lugosi but my favorite is the redo of it in the edward Ed movie yeah. and the minute i read that and both me and you because i said <laughs> when we started like i have a clip eric and you go i have no home <laughs> I have no home. <laughs> that's how I, 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 every time I read it, that's all I thought of. And I was like, oh, it's so funny. And she's like, listen, you know, I can't go back to Zebul. Good and God. This is, this, this is good. Good God. 
<laughs> it's unbreakable. But yeah, she I can't go. No and she's like, and she doesn't. And it's pretty good though because she says, you know, Zebel hates her because she pretty much is looked at as a traitor there. And Atlantis, they don't want her ass either. And she's like, well, you know, I just, billions. I feel ashamed. And I, you know, Arthur lost the throne. I was excited that I actually thought we we're gonna have a life together free of politics. And I do mention that in the podcast. Uh, during Nightwing, I believe I'm like, fuck yeah, that's what I thought too. I wanted that. I wanted. I thought this was an out, so that in the Aquaman book we can have some. Give me some hard traveling heroes in that book where they just go around and start doing things. Wonder you know, Woman. You know I want. I want this like you say, Amsty Bay. I want what we're getting in the yeah. Superman book, and that's Superman funny too because with Aquaman, basically you know, you have Mara, what Aquaman she, is salty. Yeah, basically where she went from here was her home in Amnesty <laughs> Bay. Now Arthur isn't there with her, so is it a home? Home's where the I heart is. I have no home. Home. But yeah, then they're like, hey, look, uh, by the way, look at this view. See that? Did, did anybody ever tell you how much the planet Earth's made of water, Mara? Did you know that? You because little look, idiot. there's Earth, and we're all outsiders, and we're all alone, but we're all together. <laughs> I'm like, all right. It'd be funny. Superman's like, look, this is where we came together, and that is what keeps us together. Except that stink in Atlantis. Look at it down there. We hate them. Because, yeah, <laughs> Superman is so funny. But, yeah, then out of nowhere, Simon comes flying in. And I'll give you one thing. Doesn't seem like Cyborg's on the fucking, you know, the, the monitors right now. It was Simon. Uh, they just said, Simon, you, you got, you're new. You get to the yeah. monitors. We got to talk to Mary. Come on, here. Rook. And, yeah, and he's like, sorry to break in. Looks like Quarty and Hate Drones. Like, what? I'm out telling you, we, we have not mentioned the Quardians in so long. The whole no. idea, too, like, I think the last time we got to hear about the Quardians was during the Godhead story arc and the freaking uh, New 52 with the Green Lanterns. Actually, all the Lantern books were part of that. But, like, the whole idea just throwing out the, the Quardian hatreds, like, I don't know what those are. Just having them no. show up in fucking Pakistan, I don't know. That, that's ridiculous to me. And just, why would you use the Quardians? Yeah. yeah. And then they go off and he's like, we got to go. And they're like, hey. Mary, you want to come? And uh, yeah, and I'm telling you, the best panel is when she's running, and it looks like Batman's looking at her ass, and that I is was. one sexy piece of butt, Eric. And and, and that then they're like, hey, and then Simon, of course Simon's there. Hey, you saw what you did, exhausted, you know? It, it, I don't even know what you do at full strength. And Batman's like, exactly. You saw what she did to us, and there you go. And, and it's so I'm funny because she's like really right expected, in the front with Flash. I expected one more caption. Imagine what she could do to them. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, mean, I expected. It's supposed to be implied. It's funny. Down, I'm like, oh, it's not there. It would have been funny because you go and they're like, yeah, well, we better calm her down though. She might kill everybody. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, that that is the issue. But and no, Mara's Mar- one of her okay. big things though is her rage. That's why they made her a red lantern. I'm just in the telling you, black. I don't I... think that it would go that far. I really don't think it would go that far that she was about to destroy all the U.S. Yet her big thing is not to escalate things between Atlantis and the super and the, the service straight. world. She was about to do it. But really, but that was just her finding out there. I just it didn't play out enough for me that she right. would be that insane. Like to me, she'd try Crazy. to go. It doesn't work. She's days. She's doing this and it's still insane to that level that she. I, it just seemed off to me. And off budget. to me that all you needed to do was a supersonic deal. And she's like, oh, what was I doing? I don't even remember. Yeah, bullshit. I just think there was they needed they they tapped into that whole deal just because they needed her to fight the Justice League and there's no other reason why she would. There's but no God other damn reason why she I would. I really fight. like her on this team. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. But uh, I gave it a six eight, Eric. 
I gave it the same that I gave the Green Lanterns because I do think it was fun enough. You didn't get enough. It was just her taking yeah. down the Justice League and then going off to fight Quardian hate drones. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I, I thought that it was okay. The art was great. But I, I couldn't go as high as a 7 because there just wasn't enough oh, there Oh, there's not enough story me. here at all. It is just them trying to fucking knock some sense yeah. in her and get her to stop fucking being a goddamn lunatic. And yep. with that, you know, we get the little bit of the recap about what happened with Aquaman. If you're reading that story, it does nothing for you because you yep. saw this. And then the idea that she puts her fucking, you know, love on hold with fucking Aquaman to go fight some Quarty and Hatros yeah. with the Justice League, it feels odd yeah. by the end. Well, again, I love the art. Uh, let me go into the whole thing where she was in full rage trying to, uh, you know, break open this thing. And then just because the Justice League shows up, she just stops that and goes off to Pakistan. Yeah. Like, it's like, eh, Pakistan sounds good to me. Let's roll. Well, my yeah. grieving time's over. Eh, time to move on. Very on. But uh, what, what did you give a score? No, I didn't give a score. I think I'd probably give this around a six point three out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I'm still a little positive. Than yeah, you, but, but I do not really like. I think enjoy I'm one the of, art in this issue. I'm one of the lowest scores though with my six eights. People were giving it tens, and they really there like was it. nothing to this issue and at all. This is where like last, just like, and last issue, yeah. And last issue, I talked. Uh, Dalton wrote in, and we were talking about review scores and what one book is to another. And I'll say some of these people who did review this 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 week are people I see in the reviews who gave up on the Justice League and they're back after like say issue number seven they jump yeah. in that's part of the reason why they would even love this even more than us because it's just it's readable and it's it's fun enough it's definitely yeah. more than a Brian Hitch it has a beginning middle and an end and yeah it doesn't mean much in the long run to me and people are even saying it's this is must read for Aquaman fans involved with the story I don't think it is it, to no. me it's not at all but uh, we all we know that Mara's going to try to get in Atlantis, and she's not going to use the Justice League now. So as that's soon as she's done with the Quardian hate drones, yes, in Pakistan, Quardian hate but drones. But off Jesus we go, Christ. and Eric, me and you are going to go fight Quardian hate drones, and then when we come back, we're going to have some mail. Good. If you would read my mail, Jim, wanna tell my words would tell. But if Eric tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. Ah, uh, yes. Besides for the epic fail, he is speaking to my soul. Taking a break. Mail section number three starts off with Jeremy Dawn. He says, hi, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, doop, beep, bop, boop. Up, it's Jeremy? been a long time since I've written in. To be honest, I'm a little ashamed that I've allowed myself to fall so far behind in listening to the podcast. Took me an age to finish episode 121. Not, I should, hit 121? Not, <laughs> I should point out, because that particular episode is poor. Far from it, because I treated myself to Arion's new album. It's Dutch progressive rock. 
rock metal concept album featuring people like James LeBray or Bray and Floor Jansen. Don't worry don't if you have no idea what are. that is. It's pretty niche for my birthday. As a result, I've been listening to music more than I have nonsense on the way to work. I can only apologize. Anyway, the allure of Dutch progressive metal has finally worn off. Enough for me to start catching up and listening to you two discuss Bane Conquest Issue 1. As I type this, I'm writing, so it is 121, it yeah. is a bit behind, I'm writing largely to give you guys the top five things I'm excited for about in the DC September solicits. So here it is, number five, hardback collected editions. The main reason these are down at five is simply because there's no way I'll ever be able to afford any of them. Nope. But in September, you got two volumes of the Azarello Chang coming out in absolute format, an absolute Wildcats hardcover, which you want to know more about some of the Wildstorm characters and have the money you really should get, not least because of the amazing Alan Moore stuff, a Bronze Age House of Secrets hardcover, a JLA Detroit hardcover, and a nice. Jack Kirby Demon omnibus. I can afford none of them, but I can dream and sigh in that yearning, slightly pathetic way I did as a teenager when yet another girl said no thank you shortly after I asked them out. At least oh, he asked them I out. usually I just go up afraid. and say, can I be inside of you? No, yeah, thank no, you. Oh, you're no, very polite don't. about this. Thank you. Don't you don't do that. You get arrested. Uh, the next Wonder Woman Conan they crossover. They like you playing games. They, they like when you just are straight no, up and just fucking throw it yeah, out there on the table. That's that's why you're with Jess all these years. Simone's yeah. writing, and I think this will be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Wonder Woman Conan crossover. Uh, number three, Dark Knight's Metal One-Shot tie-ins. I know, I know, but there are some pretty good creative teams on these, and those covers look pretty intriguing. Don't they, or is it just me? It's just me, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> I am not looking forward to those. I think they're just going to be nonsense. Uh, number two, new creative team on Wonder Woman. It seems a bit wrong to celebrate a new creative team on this book before I've had the chance to read Shay Fontana and Mirko Andolfo's take on the character. But the prospect of James Robinson writing the character is pretty exciting, particularly considering that he's going to be dealing with the whole issue of Diana's brother. Plus, Carlo Pagulan's artwork is pretty impressive for what I've seen of it. I hope they're on the book for a long time. They are only... Uh, uh, what's it called contracted for six issues so whoever knows if it'll be uh the deal but why just do that i just think they're there to tell a story and move on they'll get somebody else number one dastardly and muttley miniseries garth ennis and liam sharp thank you very much i think i will I know you guys hate the Hanna-Barbera comics, and with good I reason do. to be fair, Wacky Raceland was a bit of a mess for a start. Yeah, Wacky Raceland, that all those people fucking threw shade at me because I said it's nonsense. That nobody reviewed it after like three issues. I nope. bailed. Uh, come on, how could you not greet the prospect of that creative team working together with at least some excitement? So September's looking good for my collection, but bad for my wallet. Fair enough. And speaking of my wallet, Sajik on Aquaman and Jim's review of Deathstroke 20 on it convinced me to start picking them up. Sajik is a great artist, and Deathstroke leading a team particularly. This team is just too good an idea to pass by. My collection thanks you. I won't tell you what my wallet's saying. Hopefully by the time September rolls around, I might actually be caught up with the podcast. That would be nice, would it? Yes. Yep. Anyway, mustache. I've downed a pint of Belgian cider in the last hour or so, mustache. and I'm feeling pretty sleepy. Take care, guys, and keep being awesome. I won't. I don't say it enough, but this place, and it is a place conceptually at any rate, continues to be one of the friendliest, most wonderful ways of passing time on the internet. It really awesome. is a fantastic thing you've built here. All the best, Jeremy. And he's talking about the Get Fresh crew, the Slack <laughs> chat, all this stuff. And yeah, everybody's nice. They get Thank in you, the Jeremy. Slack chat and start screaming and yelling about. Sp- 
spidey scents and things like that that's today. That's what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's all nuts. Everybody's all pissed off. But the thanks, Jeremy. And the next email is Havlin. Havlin says, hello, Jim, the Get Fresh crew. Not Eric. And welcome back, Eric. Insert oh, whoop you. whoop of choice. I am going to go classic. Get Fresh crew. Whoop whoop. Classic, Eric classic. So I bought my first issue of Justice League this week. I knew this was going to be a Mara issue, but I had no clue how Dan Abnett was going to justify Mara being in a JL book without Arthur. I welcomed the attempt, though. Two weeks ago when I talked about Aquaman number 24, I lamented the fact that Mara never seemed to get any focus. I agree with her, even though mm-hmm. her powers rivaled Aquaman's. Forget that. I, I suspected cool. it, but I didn't want to outright say that she was more powerful than him. I'd like to see any someone make that comparison in light of this issue. I skew on on the side of Mara being more powerful so than I. Arthur. You guys are going to talk about it at length, so here are just a few notes I made about the issue. I always hear you guys joking that all Cyborg does in the Just League book is stand around the Watchtower. So I got to chuckle when this book opened with that exact image. By the way, have one. If you don't read it, just take my word for it. He's also doing it in Deathstroke. He's no, just he sitting there. Every goddamn time. The best thing, too, is... Throwing in my face. Destro calls up to the Justice League, and I'm guessing he's on the phone. Now, Deathstroke, in the meantime, video Cyborg phone. has a video. I don't think Deathstroke's in video because you see him going in. He's just going through a comm. Uh, you don't see him holding anything because he's right. talking when that happens. He doesn't even need to, to even guess who's on the other end. He just says it. Hey, Deathstroke. Hey, Vic. You know, we're taking care of this. It made me laugh so much. Dan Abnett is clearly interesting in introducing Merit to the greater comic book reading public. I like that this is happening in the Justice League book. Basically, a showcase for Merit in the jail book gives her a big stage to make an impression. Merit is essentially DC's Jean Grey with water, right? Red hair, a history of mental instability. Something's boring Some and a little rage goofy. Some going, bo- yeah. Sometimes boring and little goofy boyfriend. Merit has been trying to get into Atlantis for days. Days. No wonder she loses it. She's been at this since she learned Arthur was alive, well, and we all know she wasn't taking care of herself before that. Yeah, I, I just think she would have given up by then. But it's not even she's not even making a dent. I'm not crazy she about would do some of the dialogue. Anything for love, Jim, but she will not do that. And by yeah, that, it doesn't I mean seem give up. like I don't know. She didn't seem. It's funny though because once they say, "Hey, snap out of it," she forgets all about Arthur and heads off to the Middle East. Fucking There's definitely some over-explaining. I get the reason behind it. Dan Abbott is trying to show the reader the full extent of Mara's powers, and he wants to make it very clear what she is doing. They don't show much of it, but I think Flash gets it the worst. I know Barry has super healing, but how do you heal uh, heal dehydration? Uh, cause he recovers very fast. When Batman suggests that they go back to Watchtower to talk, I assume Mara puts everything back as it was. I mean, that's where we're, what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah, everything's a wreck. Yeah. In the end, Abnett turns this into Mara's welcome to the Just League. I hope we see her in this book in the future. Although, I'll say now for the record, I'm not a fan of the Aqua Woman code name. I think we can do better, especially because her powers are so different from his. Uh, There's got to be a better name for her if we even go that route. I have no problem just calling her Mara. Overall, I really enjoyed this book. Two more issues. This good from Dan Abnett. I'm adding Aquaman to my pull list. I give this a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, you're going to have to add it to your pull list to get some good issues from Dan Abbott because the only other thing he does is Titans, and that's not real. We're not that hip on it. So It's and, been rough lately. Yeah, and the next Justice League, we're back to Hitch. Uh, that's the only DC book I read this week in time to write. Hope the rest of the books were at least as good as this one. I acknowledge I'm wishing for a lot here, and that's from Hamlin. P.S. I got last week's Suicide Squad after listening to you guys talk about it. Can't believe I missed the Stephen Sedgwick. 
Or as uh, Greg Capullo said, that Steven sidekick <laughs> was drawing it. I wanted to get into this book at the beginning of Rebirth, but didn't like the things you guys were saying about it. If I continue to hear good things, I might jump on board. It's kind of like just a book that's out there. It doesn't I mean, if know you what like it, yeah. to do yet. Yeah. It, it was, really, it was yeah. so fucked up from the beginning because Jim Lee was on but could only do half a fucking issue. Yep. So, And then we had all They're the freaking Justice versus problems. Suicide Squad thrown in. and this It became a mess and it's still trying yeah. to find its goddamn legs. Yeah, hopefully with this Harley leading the team, that's going to be the start of it. Thank you, Hamlin. And that's the end of mail section number three. We're going to go back to some books right about now. Shake. Uh-huh. He's a dude on a podcast. Shay. Uh-huh. He takes shit from every one of us. Uh-huh. You know his daddy's dead Shay Uh-huh uh, Ten books impossible And we're back <laughs> Oldie but goodie uh, I love that A classic <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's the unedited version, too. I love that long pause. I'm between... telling you, it went on. I'm like, I don't uh, remember it being this long. Uh, I, was, I was about to giggle and mess it all up. I love you that. You know, I love that, that is dead. I love that. I, I really, I, I'm so glad that I went to hit it because I'm like, you know what? It's time we pulled that one out because Eric asked him I still had it. Was that the first submitted song? Yes, that I was believe it was. The, I, I think it was. It. It. Yeah, because yeah, I said we needed on. some songs. I love it. I love that song so much. So do I. And, and uh, I was worried when I said that, hey, guys, I'm going to start up here. I was worried I wasn't going to have that anymore because it's just been sitting on the, the soundboard. But I know for a fact now, thinking back, no way I'm deleting that, baby, because that's mm-hmm. so good. There's Shay. There is Shay. Uh-huh. He is Shay indeed. And in the background, it's still going. I had the volume down because I, I had to go. It's pretty long, but I do love it. Uh, and and just people who haven't been around that long and wondering what that is, uh, that is a treat is what that is. But we're sure. here with Reggie, and Reggie has one book. One and book this one week. Book this week. Well, it's crazy. Can you believe it, Eric? Yeah, good job, oh, there's a guy at work that used to say that. He used to say the crazy, I don't believe it. He'd say that walk away. And it really, uh, it. is it me, Eric? Or when you think about him, uh, the guy's name was Kelso. And when yep. you think back, do, do you picture Don Knotts a bit when you think of a Kelso? Yeah, I do as well. Oh, he made me laugh. No problem guy. with that. You know? No, no, I love Don Knotts. I actually little tiny when, Don Knotts walking when, around. Yeah, Can you yeah. believe it? Can you believe it? He'd say anything he'd say. I lived on Don Knotts Avenue in West Virginia when I went to college one year Can ago. You I it? lived really? in a house on Don Knotts Avenue. Yeah, was it named after Don Knotts? Yeah, yeah, he's a no, West Virginia man. He that's is hilarious. a West Virginia Morgantown, West Virginia man. So yeah, that's named after him. Can you believe it? <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, I, so it was We're so doing funny Don Knotts too. Impersonations at work today. You didn't even bring this up. 
Yeah, no, I, I've told you this way, way back. I don't know. I, I, yeah, you don't, you don't listen. I, uh, no, that was one of the things, and I used to like having that as my address as well. It was pretty oh, yeah. cool. It was like Don Knotts Avenue or something. It was a real shitty street, though. It wasn't like a main street in Morgantown either. It was kind of a side street, but I did like it. Uh, but yeah, well, you have one book, and this is going to happen over and over because uh, Aquaman went monthly. And yep. this is like the first week that it's actually affected you. Aquaman would have come out again this week, uh, but it's gone monthly. It threw me off because uh, when you said, I have one book, I'm like, one book? That doesn't make sense. And I'm looking, no. I'm like, oh, and I, I either message you or was going to message you before I realized, like, ah, oh, they must have delayed Aquaman. Yeah, they delayed it till next month. <laughs> yep. That's uh, right. They delayed sucks. it and set it up for another dollar. And, and it's kind of silly to me because here we are. We're going to talk about Harley Quinn. And you're going to hear us talk about it, and we're going to give our scores at the end. And I can't say that this book is better than Aquaman. Like, this should be the one nope. legitimately, in a regular, normal world, would be the one that would be monthly. And we'd Seriously, be getting Aquaman canceled. twice. Yeah, I can Probably see it I, going I monthly. I think it might be better for the book, for both books. I don't know. Definitely yeah, for Harley I actually, Quinn. I, I actually think, think oh, schedule. yeah. I think that this book would benefit immensely by going monthly and tightening it up and things like that. And in fact, we, me and Eric have already talked about Justice League, Reggie, that I don't know if you read it this week. Uh, but it is a Mara issue showing the Justice League. I heard it's Justice almost like a continuation. I haven't, I haven't read yes. it yet. And I said, and I'll say it again because I think my theory's right. And Eric agrees so with me and rarely do we agree on things like yes. this. But I do think that that issue would have been one of the regular issues of Aquaman if oh. it would have stayed twice a month it w it really mm. feels like one of those extra padded in you know twice a month issues but because it was pulled back to monthly you don't need that issue anymore you go put it in the just league because the just league's there and it allows brian hitch to catch up because it seems like he must be behind because he's yeah. been off for three weeks so and the next issue <laughs> is issues. him yeah three issues three uh different weeks of the book so almost a month and a half. and uh, But when we go to the issue of 25, he is doing that. That's an oversized, extra-size anniversary issue. So, you know, he seems There it is. High. You have cracked the case. I have. This okay. has happened a couple times where I thought I was all into it. And then the people, and it was the one time was Jimmy Palmiotti. I have this huge-ass theory. I mean, this oh, yeah. theory was ironclad. And then I asked him. He's like, nope, nothing nope. like that. It was all about when... Uh, when uh, Jonah Hex, when All-Star Western, all of a sudden he went into the Our Present and was going around with, like, B uh, Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, they really made yeah. you do that, right? You know, you had that uh, freaking Jonah Hex got his face fixed. It, it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, they're making him do this, the sales. And he's like, no, nope, that was all us. He's a, oh. he's a team player, though. You know what I mean? Oh, he's not going to sure. say. He knows what not to say uh, to get yeah. in trouble. But we have Harley, which is Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, And... uh I don't know. This book, it just keeps going on. <laughs> not yeah, a lot happens. It's really become a, a kind of a drag. Not not a drag in the sense of like it's miserable to read it, but it's getting you just there. get you get yeah, little bits. Well, it's just it's just unpleasant because you get little bits well, of yeah. Little bits. everything and nothing little ever bits. comes. Little bits. You know? I got a little sandwich. Yeah. Uh, the the thing about it to me is it's now down to like 16 pages because of the backup, right? The main uh -huh. story is like 16, 17 pages. Why does it seem like 30? Because it's now less of a main story. And I'll admit, 
I sit there. When we get to the backup, I I put on the uh, it's not autopilot, it's Reggie pilot because I'm like, yeah. you tell me about it, Reggie, because I just <laughs> I have no investment in it, and I will this tell you. This is actually one of the better. One of the okay, better yeah. Backups, but says you. How dare you, Reggie? But no, in the, in the meantime, I'm struggling to get through the main 16, 17 pages. I, I just really am. And this issue is just – it's it's so wordy it's, with nothing going on. There's it's no buildup. Uh, no. You know, okay, so, so I mean I, I don't know if we want to dive right into it. You want to just get into it? it. Go Let's into it, Reggie. It's How a dare you? <laughs> Harley Quinn number 23 written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor Paul Dini art by John Timms Jeremiah Skipper Brett Blevins Jay Bone Alex Sinclair even though I kicked her ass Harley sins running off at the mouth if I didn't have dinner plans I'd kick her right out of the house while I'm on a yacht with Goat Boy, the mayor's punched by Chief of the Fuzz. And when the issue's over, you'll wonder what the point of it was. It's just another Harley setup. Oh, I wish you would let up. Stop writing for the next up. And settle story debts up. It's just another Harley setup. Ah, uh, yes. I yes. wish it would oh, let we up. <laughs> oh, God. We're not done! now I just regret up even reading the backup. That's it. We can stop. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I thought you were done. Uh, I was even going to jump in. It's a two. For... It's, a, it's a chorus 2X right yes. there. You know, uh, well, I was going to jump in. I did jump in that little bit, but I, I did, did not feel my inner Susanna Hoffs. Uh, though, you know, it was written by Prince, so that's a little shout out to our man I Prince. Well, I mean, little... basically, basically, the beginning of it is just Listen, party, is fucking party time. Just uh, yeah, yeah. The Prince song, two thousand zero zero party. Oops, are you a fan of shit. Manic Monday as a song? Are you a fan? No. I'm not no. either. I, I, even when it was big, I just I and I like the Bangles. I actually, so, yeah, I, I have a feeling. A little too corny for me, frankly. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, ridiculous. and I have a feeling. And I never understood one thing. I never understood. What? Who the fuck's fun day is Sunday? I know nobody's fun no day is Sunday. Actually, no. a lot of people's fun day is Sunday. No, Sunday, Saturday. It's, it's, it's Sunday Christians. fun day. No, Sunday fun day. Get out of town. Sunday is the day that you sit there and go. I gotta go to fucking work tomorrow. Can't have any fun day so, on Sunday. You gotta so, go to work the next day. Saturday. Masons have just pounded Sunday fun day into into your yeah, head. Yeah. No, the the thing is, I I'm guessing in my mind when the Bengals came out, you said they are no fucking go gos, and you were probably against <laughs> them a bit, weren't you? Well, you were, I, weren't you? I, I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, uh, they I, are no fucking go-go's. You, they are no sure. go-go's, but believe me, Belinda Carlisle is no Susanna Hoff, so if you know no, what I, I mean. Like, I did Whew. like uh, like an Egyptian. You know what song I actually like that sucks, but I do. I still like What's it. That? Is their take on Hazy Shade of Winter. I love that, hear that Yeah, that was a less than zero. Soundtrack. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. I, that it's is one of my favorite. Like, God it, damn it, 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 that's one of my favorite covers of all time. I, I really think that is, is a great like cover because, like you said, it changes the whole atmosphere of the song. Yeah. That is a great cover, and I, I, I like the Bengals. I like uh, "In My Room" or whatever the fuck because it, it's oh, sexy. Right, right, right. That is sexy. That song, and believe me, any video, video on, pants off. I, I probably, I probably have pleased myself. Like an Egyptian. Those. 
I'm even, telling you, even Susanna Hobbs is one. Fusion by Genesis, that one too. Pants yeah. off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I saw the puppet of goddamn fucking Ronald Reagan, <laughs> pants off. And then just go with that. Two Tribes uh, by freaking Frankie Goes to Hollywood continues that whole puppet thing. I am in. I, that is a double shot. Double shot all over my fucking chest. I'm telling you. Uh, but Susanna Hobbs is so hot. That I even thought the rest of the band was hot just because she was around them. I'm know, telling you, they weren't the greatest looking band overall. I think Go-Go's had the same kind of effect, although Jane Whelan, though, I, is one of my favorites. She, I think Jane Whelan is it Whelan? How do you pronounce her last name? I don't in know. The I, I would have said Whelan. Whelan. Yeah, I'm telling you, she is one of the cutest women that I've ever seen yeah. in my life as okay, well. She has like a pad jumping around when she's up. on stage with no shoes on, be bopping around. That voice of hers. Erica no, has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, oh no, it was just that she just seemed very nice. And I've never heard anything bad about her. I, she seemed like a you, very have you ever, nice Have you ever heard the stories of that with the groupies backstage? They used to like like do fem, like femdom BDSM. Oh really? Like uh, kicking the balls and stuff? Eric's into that stuff. He's into I, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you you know, then they kick them in the balls. You're oh, I don't that. like that. You're into that. It's the Gokos. Uh, you know, you, you have Friends. them. I'll hang out yeah, with the Bangles instead. Belinda Carlisle, <laughs> I was never a big fan of. I have to admit, she was not uh, anyone that I was that into. She did look a little better later in her solo days. Uh, best, best, the uh, We Got the Beat video, she looks like she just came out of a goddamn cardboard box. I, I don't know <laughs> what she's doing in that. She looks like a, a goddamn fucking a hobo. They were young as hell when, the, yeah, you know, they, when they started out. They, they really were like I like both. Whatever, I like 19. both of those. I, I, I love the Go-Go's, actually. I really do Me like – I like girl bands, like full – even like the Donna's later and stuff like that. I, I really were in them. Heart? Uh, not, well, yeah, but they, again, they had some dudes in it, but I'll even say that. And like I was going to say, uh, Veruca Salt, they had some dudes in it as place. well. But, uh, I did like Veruca Salt as well. I'm a big chick. I'm not a chick man. Did you like, did you but like, I like the girl the chick band, band, Millie Vanilli? Uh, yes. yes, I love that. Plus, my favorite girl band, uh, I don't know, was it either Duran Duran <laughs> or Wham? Were two of my Black favorites. Seagulls. Oh. Yes. Culture Club. There I'm you telling go. you that, yeah, yeah, I like all those. I'm a big 80s band fan. So I, I. Obviously, we're talking about this because I'm avoiding talking about this damn issue. Yeah, yeah, I don't really feel like talking about it either. It's, the uh, art's good. I like the art, except one, I there's like the one I know page. Eric doesn't, but. No, 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 I, the I, thing is, I'm not as big as a fan as you guys. I still enjoy the art, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, get, um, you get a nice heaping helping of it here, I'll tell you. I like there's John no, Timms. Like, villains on the main book, so that's, no. that's cool. Yeah, I'm a big John Timms fan of the art. Uh, there's only one page that I really find off. It's when Harley is eating and looks like she has gained about 70 pounds. And it right. threw me oh, off. Oh, and when she's eating with her parents. When she's there and she's just, it's like the first moment that you see her eating and she is stuffing her face. She, she's going to town and you look at the plate. It's one of them fancy dinners that only yeah. has like little strips of fucking, you know, sauce on one little, uh, you know, silver dollar of meat. And she looks like she is stuffing her face. Face, but, she probably eh. ate Goat Boy's shit, too. That's what Probably. Tell us about it, Reggie. Tell us about this whole issue. So really, like I said, this book, you get several bits of setup for future stories, but you actually resolve no stories. And in fact, we will begin a new story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to throw just to throw more shit. Nothing is being concluded at all. We start out leaving like pretty much with the last issue left off, where Harley Sin is in Harley Quinn's apartment. Telling her, I need you to help me kill the mayor because he's the source of all the bullshit that's happened to me and my yeah. dad's an asshole. 
uh, Harley's undoing, you know, untying the, the mat- timeless yeah. tale. The macabre's, yeah. oh yeah, you know, classic tale. Yeah, yeah. I need you to help me kill the mayor because he's a douchebag. And my daddy wasn't asylum. nice to me. Yeah. So uh, eventually pushes Harley's buttons. Harley knocks her out, tells the macabre's, take her downstairs, and uh, essentially we'll deal with her in a future issue. This will come to bear. And make yourself scarce because the cops might be looking for you. That's true. You know, they, you know, I, I they, like, though, there's the other part, though, too, because it's like Mason seems like he thought that he was still this long distance boyfriend. And yeah, yeah, Harley looks like weird. And, like, and like, it did. And I like it from behind. I like, actually hey, like the way they you. did it. And, hey, big boy, she says. But I, I actually thought it was a really good way they played that out because you're in you're off he wasn't in jail but he was in witness protection yeah. and when he comes back it's like he doesn't think anything has happened like you yeah. know Harley should be exactly where she was before and she is not and she even says ah oh, we gotta catch you up yeah it, it's it's crazy because yeah she really comes off as like she doesn't want anything uh, you know ambush hug she says which is kind of I funny like that. But, I, yeah. I did chuckle but there on. that was okay uh, then we go. She's going to get ready for dinner with her parents. She's going to go with Goat Boy. Goat Boy is dressed in a really fresh kind of 70s, uh, I don't know, disco pantsuit kind of outfit. It really, he really looks fresh as hell. Big old collar on him. They share some light banter when, the, as they walk to the Coney Island Stillwell Avenue station where you can catch what the... What the fuck is EDF up with this guy? N&Q. What is sorry. up with the dialogue? No, sorry, I interrupted you, but I'm saying with the, the dialogue, this whole part of going to the restaurant with Goat Boy... Was so much filler just talking about the it's personality. I'm saying, there's of the so city. much talking in this issue that yeah. does nothing. And, it and just and does it's nothing. Not even, it's not even funny. No, you know, I can see if they were setting up big punchlines or whatever, but yeah. it just—it literally sounds like a boring conversation you would have with someone you really only kind of know. You know, just some light thing. I did like, like a some little kind scene of goat boy. Thing, nothing. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. I mean, how close do you want to get to a goat boy? And. uh they're the, so they're in these uh, they're in the, on the subway for a minute. This even this scene actually even does nothing. Just they look at people on the subway and That's sort what of I'm talking about on. the whole personality of the city and what's being taken away by like you know like uh, the yeah, rich I hipsters and shit. And I don't and I don't give a shit about any of this. You know no. what I mean? If this is supposed to appeal to me as a New Yorker or people that yeah, love New yeah. York, I don't give a fuck. This so this is all a bunch of unbelievable nonsense. I'm not really sure what it's about, but it doesn't matter. Then we shift over to Midtown Manhattan. Where Chief Spoonsdale's having dinner with his wife at Carmen's, where everyone eats, a place I've never heard of and yes. that I don't think exists. All right. And he, he can't get over this shit where uh, Madison Berkowitz and the mayor got off from having sent cannibals around to eat everybody up. He just can't get past The time was tail. Of course. And, and you know? he pushes it too much because you know at this point, like, he's there at the restaurant with his wife. Yeah. So wife, they. like, all right. Arrest, yeah, right, I'm not- she's just, and and basically the mayor's just like, hey, you know, I'm gonna kill everybody that you know, and he just won't stop, and it's just so over the top to me. He should just be like, okay, you know, like the mayor has pretty much admitted, you know, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. You're gonna do yeah. this. Why can't he just back off for a little and look into it? Don't put your whole family in jeopardy, especially your wife who's now a hundred yards away eating. It just—it's just, it's just uh, in so. His, in his defense, time. every member of his family is a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, don't, don't say that in the comments. He doesn't so that's care. That's what you're saying. He's yeah. almost he—he he wants to have a divorce. He does not want to pay exactly. any sort of child support exactly. or alimony. So this is his way <laughs> out. See, yeah, they don't tell you that. that. Anybody ever tries to threaten my family for something like, "All right, whatever you want to do, fuck yeah, off." Really, <laughs> really, I'm, I'll, I'll help you. Yeah, is what I'd say. 
But yeah, go yeah. on. So yeah, he the mayor shows up at Carmen's at that same moment. Chief Spoons does no trouble going over talking shit. Mayor's like, come to the bathroom because that's what we do when we tinkle. We like to go talk. That's how uh, heads of uh, local government fucking are. Wrong turns in the stall, fucking meowing and fucking meowing belting. and woofing. That would be that silly. That'd be great. Meow, meow. They go in the bathroom. Basically, just like just like Jim said, the mayor's like, "I can, I'm gonna kill your whole family. I'm a mafioso. Hey, yeah. look at that! Don't, hey, you know, you can't do anything about it. You work for me." Yeah. And uh, then she punches him in the face. And I mean, even this. I mean, whatever. Obviously, this is just for the narrative. I mean, you know, his guards are right there. You punch yeah. the mayor in the face, his guards you're will dead. be over you like a you're fly, flies on yeah. meat. Yeah, yeah. But the mayor's like, let him go. We got bigger plans or whatever, you know, later yeah, down. He's going to regret stuff. this for every second of his life. That's yeah, uh, whatever, you know. So, so that's so that's more of that story unfolding, and that's going to happen later. The Harley sin, that's something that's going to happen later. Then we go to the – now we're at the meal with her parents and Goat Boy, and they're aboard a yacht called the Moodlighter, just off of Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn, basically not far from Governor's Island, I would assume. And so uh, I would are, assume as well. <laughs> this is where this is where uh, Jim says she looks. Fat. I see it. She has a little. Yeah, you see it. Doesn't she look crazy right there? Yeah, she looks huge. Oh, yeah, maybe she's got like a wad or something. Why you got a body shamer? But, shaman, but that's God the problem. It. It, like the wad, but you look at the plate, and it's one of these fancy places that does not have any wads. But maybe she maybe she got the wad steak. And I just I wonder why nobody's looking at Goat Boy. <laughs> He's just there. This whole why thing, is nobody well, looking at Harley? The whole thing, yeah. too, going into this is that I was under the impression, like, from what we got last issue, that Harley's parents did not know about her past. We even talked about this whole thing. And she's there she with a goat. And not, not only that, I'm saying, like, she had the makeup on because she was going to her work, mm-hmm, and it seemed like mm-hmm. she was putting on this whole game. Yeah. Now it seems out of nowhere. It's all in the open. They know eh, all about her past. Up. She's dressing up. She's still pale ass skin. Yeah, but she's still white skinned. I mean, I, I thought that was unusual also. And I do get I get the impression that they're trying to say her parents are like very liberal or permissive yeah, yeah, or they're yeah. cool. But last issue she wasn't shown to be Harley Quinn. And even if this isn't the Suicide Squad Harley Quinn, this is still the Harley Quinn that left the Joker, still did all those things, you know, to yeah, me. Like yeah. she's still she's a redeemed homicidal maniac you know yeah. and i'm willing i'm willing to accept that she's redeemed and people can chill with her but her parents should know that about the, the character harley quinn uh that was that was kind of annoying we also learned that her parents her dad went to jail at one time so yeah little by little we're uh, learning well we're, every this this is two issues we learned she has her brothers and they were kind yeah. of into some shit we're learning a little bit more and more about her family every issue yeah i just don't know that i care no, Frank, no, I don't I really, really. Don't you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I guess I expected a different interaction. Yeah. Uh, next is the seating for a whole new story that's brand new. We haven't even seen it yet. Where Poison Ivy, one of Jim's top favorite characters, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. is there? Looks like she's outside of Arkham Asylum. I, I do love her in that us. costume. Yeah, that's the costume that was in the uh, the Villains Month yeah. uh, thing that we just ran on the site for a Throwback Thursday. I reran Eric's review. Of the Poison Ivy Villains Month, it's exactly that costume. It Interesting. You, it actually like made it. me laugh when I saw that. I like it a lot. I, I yeah. do like it myself. But yeah, she's I like just it. I like red it tools. School, it's like a villain's, you know, it's a typical superhero, whatever, body spandex, but it's yeah. got, you know, kind of like green splotches and yeah, ivy. I, I like it. And, and it's so, not, you know, it's not so over the top. It's just a regular costume, and she's there. So and I, I mean, do like it. This, this even, and, you know, 
I, I really like the way these pages are drawn, especially yeah, that I like too. this splash page. But it's two pages, two entire pages of just Red Tool going to Poison Ivy saying, I, I want to do something for yeah. Harley Quinn. For are Harley. you in? And she's like, you know, wherever Harley is. And it's like. And it just goes on. I do like the beginning where she's there and she's, like you said, it looks like maybe Arkham's in the background. And she's yeah. there looking at this flower that grows only in the moonlight. And Red Tool's peeking out from behind these bushes. Mm-hmm. Hey, psst, hey! <laughs> it made me laugh Hello. so much. And I liked it. But yeah, you get a bunch of, basically, Poison Ivy just keeps saying, like, you know about us. You know me and Harley. I know. Yeah, you I know. know me and Harley. Yes, we know you and uh-huh. Harley. We we know. Uh, but yeah, nothing much goes on. And yeah, then you go back to the yacht where you have them eating, and it's Harley wanting everything in sight, right? And then yeah. it ends with what, Reggie? Oh, your two favorites: the clock yeah. gig and the sportsmaster, yeah, and a bunch of pirate bandits are boarding the boat. And now it's time for Harley to spring into action now, if you and remember, show her parents what Harley the, can do. The I best guess. about this is is that they, these two actually, and I believe it was clocking at that point with Sportsmaster. I know for a fact it was Sportsmaster. But when Power Girl first showed up with Harley, when she, you know, was had amnesia before the actual, uh, you know, mini series that they had right. but w- during the yeah. regular run, they fought them. And I know I, I can't remember if it was actually clocking. It was Sportsmaster though. They fought in a mall, and I thought it was uh, hilarious then. So it's kind of oh, funny that they go back to that. that actually. Yeah, I remember, I remember they were in the mall confused. eating. I don't know if I read that one. It was when Harley uh, was trying to explain. She was actually in the middle of explaining to Power Girl how they were a super-powered team that have been together all along because Power Girl had the amnesia. Harley yeah. wanted to be good. So it was one of those first times in the Harley book that you got the idea that Harley always wanted to be a hero. It just never worked out. So when uh, when Power Girl crashed to Earth and had amnesia, she just dumped on and basically made them Batman and Robin together. And Harley was just like, no, me and you do all this and then out of nowhere sportsmaster and i believe clock king was with them at that point they showed up uh sportsmaster was shooting tennis balls at them and shit like that which was funny uh so it kind of made me laugh but in this i'm like we we don't need another story here let's uh, you know what I mean? we're getting another fucking story you know? yeah like, and in, in the oh, meantime man. i actually while you were talking at the beginning i went just to make sure i could get all the things do you know that harley sin was introduced, including the Gang of Harley's book that she was prominent in as well. She is now, it's been 46 issues since she has been introduced since in the New 52, and it's still not resolved fully. 46 issues. She's yeah. been hanging around. This is where, like, as and you're most talking, of them, like, she's literally just standing, just standing, yeah, just around standing there. Talk. She's, she's there. She's what in she's going to do. What's going to happen? In the gang of Harley, she was the big villain, and it seemed like, okay, we're done with her. And then all yep. of a sudden, she fucking came. In. She pulled me right back in. Is what she did, and it's it's just too much. She's not that good a character to be in 46 issues. Now, she wasn't in every issue of those, but it's been since she arrived, 46 issues. That's too long for for a crazy villain like this and nothing getting resolved. And, yeah, it just continues. But then there's the backup that you're going to have to tell me all about, Reggie. Uh, The backup's cute enough. You know, we're still kind of having this thing where we're not sure. It seems like Joker is developing actual feelings for Harley Meanwhile, Harley's working with the Carpenter from the animated series primarily and fixing up the... Uh, I don't even remember her from the animated Uhad. series. I don't remember that. She was like part of like the Alice in Wonderland gang. I don't remember that episode. Oh, well, she was the thing. She was actually in more than one episode. That's why I th- really? yeah, it was like, I really think uh, Paul Dini must have had a thing for 
Yeah. Her, and there was a walrus guy, too. I don't know. You have to, I guess you have to go back and check it out. I think it might even be called, oh, I don't know, the carpenter. Walrus guy meets stuff. hot walrus and the carpenter. Is that what it's uh, called? In, in the end, he slaps her with the, or she, the carpenter slaps uh, Harley with a big $3 million fi- uh, bill. Oh. So that's going to be tough to build. At the same time, uh, Joker brokers something with uh, with the penguin to kill Batman at the Iceberg Lounge. Well, that's what happened. Maybe that goes directly from the jokes and riddles. There you go. I bet it does not. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But, yeah, uh, like I said, I like the art throughout. I'm looking at the backup now, and, and it, it's the same deal. I, I yeah. think that it would read better as a, as a one-sit-down trade. Uh, it will. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the regular story, is just it's just not doing anything. It's just there. And we used to say, hey, and Dancing Mike used to fucking make fun of us all the time. If you're a fan of Harley, you're going to be a fan of this. I can't even say that anymore. I don't even uh, say that for months. Yeah, the really yeah. all. All I can say is to change that is if you've stuck with it this long, then you know what you're getting into, so don't bitch and moan. I mean, uh, because... the, tenor, the tenor is basically the same, but you're not getting any fucking story oh. resolutions. And then when we do get story resolutions, they're as short as these little yeah. vignettes or whatever. Yeah, you know? like I, I'm telling you. We waited I... so long for that future... You know, that, that, that yeah, thing where the they... Future the future background. And then she was there for a couple and of years. And then what happened, disappeared. it was like five pages and i remember she's like i'm gonna go and see what i can do and she has a year before she goes back because that's when they teleport but even so uh i said this is one of those books now that i think it's not and i i hate to say it i said it last time we were talking about this and it's not anything like oh jimmy pomiani and amanda connor are awful they're terrible they're not it just seems they've run out of ideas for this book it seems like it's gone stale for them and you just don't get that, you know, that flair that they had and the fun that was kind of in there. Yeah. Uh, it's just not there anymore. And maybe it's one of those that I, I would say to me, me and Eric have talked about it before. Uh, and back in the New 52, when Charles Soule uh, decided he was off, he, he quit uh, Swamp Thing. And they basically just canceled the book. I think that that's what they should do with this. Oh, if sure. Jimmy Palmiani and Amanda Connor decide, listen, I wouldn't give it to it's anyone over. Else. No. Don't. Just just cancel it. Just cancel it. I know it's tough for DC to see because this is not the worst-selling book by any stretch no. of the means. Uh, and it's no so, longer the best one. Yeah, either, but it's like one of those that maybe for the best of the character and the best of the whole deal – just let her be in Suicide Squad for now, and then maybe later you can have a mini, see how it keep goes. Keep that but... black book, keep the, the Harley's little black yeah. book thing open. Is that still going? Anybody. I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't, haven't seen that thing in forever. It shows up like three times yeah, a year. I'm, I'm telling you, you say that. We have an annuals month in August. End of August is going to show up. Where it's going to shock the yep. shit out of us. But no, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't seem to have anything to, to tell anymore. It's not even yeah. one of those where... You can't even say, oh, you know, there's jokes they don't hit. There's no jokes. It's nothing. It's a lot of talk. There's just nothing happening anymore. Yeah, it's just, it. you know, wait. we will wait and see what happens with all these stories. And they will yeah. all be developed, and they will all reach a conclusion, and it's all going to be very boring. Yeah, you know? but even if you have Harley with her parents. That seems like that's, and even uh, Ivy I, I says. I thought that was going to be wacky. Yeah, and even Ivy you know, says that I, sounds I, like I a sitcom. Moms, you know, mom yeah. is coming. Ever, you thought right? you know, it would be like Three's Company or something. Have a scatterpoint. Yeah, yeah like, have like, anything. Have have the mom up on the roof seeing what that is and get fucking shot across goddamn fucking go. Manhattan or something. I don't know. But yeah, what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, in the end, you know, I don't feel like this is just a piece of shit comic book. I just feel like it's sort of not doing anything, doing anybody any favors. I gave it a 6 out of 10, but I would definitely say 
I don't recommend it. Yeah, I'm going six out of ten as well because I do like the art and again, it's it's not infuriating. It's just kind of boring and it's there, but it's not like you said. It's not a piece of shit. It does maintain its own continuity there. Uh, you have especially some, with this different clocking from the yeah, animated the clocking series. Yeah, the is odd because it is the white clocking from the animated series, not the new clocking that we just saw in Nightwing this week. So it really yeah. throws it in. Uh, but we've gone along, and I didn't even mention it because we've basically said this seems like its own continuity. It's just that DC won't go the extra step to say it. And no. say, listen, you know what? Because it has the rebirth branding and all that. I said to Eric, I am not going to be shocked that if, say, this ends in September or October, they decide, and it ends with Harley waking up in Bell Rev and this was all a fucking dream. And usually that would infuriate me. It would not infuriate me here. No, it makes sense. It would make complete because. goddamn sense. It would. Or even if it's like the Batman wakes up, it's his goddamn dream. I don't care. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's so goofy. It, yeah, it's just so goofy, but it's not goofy. Like the whole no. premise is fun, but the comic never is fun anymore. It it really feels stale to me. I'll give it a six because I do love the art. I I always have. I maintain that I think John Timms is really good. Uh, it's yeah. just the story is just so oversaturated now with word bubbles and things that, and it doesn't mean anything. You have Goat Boy talking so much here that nothing happens, and at the end, I'm just like, I don't even know what the fuck happened here. I just want to get <laughs> on with it. Uh, Eric, what would you give it? It's so uh, it's so weird to me because you know I don't think this is a like a really good book at all. I don't care about it at all. And the fact that we have a shorter stool, like you know page count yeah. to go with this for our actual story, and we cram so much stuff in here that doesn't mean anything. I'm like, yeah. I like the art enough, but the story it, it's a it's a chore for me to read every goddamn time it comes out because nothing is ever happening. And before anything ends, they're gonna throw a shit more ton of stuff at me. But like yeah. before we even get to the conclusion, I'm like. I don't care about it anymore. The jokes aren't there anymore. There's nothing really hitting. And the backup that they have with Paul Dini, it's not doing anything for me either. Like you said, we say it every goddamn time. It'll probably yeah. be better as a trade. Here I just get these little snippets that I don't care about. And because it's like I got to give it a 5.1 out of 10. Yeah, you do. so it's right above a fuck you Back five. Off that fuck you five. I'm telling you, the one thing about it is too, like normally if this, would, if this would have been back in the New 52 when I was chatting, you know, when, when Eric reviewed it, then he gave it to me, then I gave it to you. We passed this down the line. And if you remember, it was – Jimmy Palmiotti that said, I just remembered this last week when we were talking. Jimmy Palmiotti was the one yeah. who told me, it, stop reviewing this. And I said, okay, you know what? You're right. I'll give it to Reggie. He can have it. I think that and, was the sixth issue, Many with Power Girl. Yeah, but it's still, it was all in all yeah. because I just, I wasn't big on, like, hardly I'd lost the zeal of it as well. Uh, but back then, even, you'd see the sportsmaster show up and you'd be like, oh, this is going to be funny. Oh, what are they going to do now? I see it now and I just, I'm, I'm numb to it all. Yeah. I really am. I'm just like, eh, here's, and actually more than numb, they I'm actually like, that. here we go again. And, and yeah, no, and that, that's all we need now. Another fucking setup because it's two setups. We actually get two because, you know, Red Tool's going to do something with Ivy and then yeah. you also have uh, Clock King and Twitter. I'm like, in the background God, as well. I'm like, oh out god it's just it's so not nonsense. ending and then you still have the parents there i'm assuming you know yeah. i want them and and even it's funny because you have in that where obviously did they meet Eggie yet did hardly and i'm like and she's like that'd be hilarious i wish i was there i'm like yeah, yeah. so do i i want to see that why mention that where that sounds fun and then not yeah. do it have a fucking the mayor uh, fucking get his clock wrong. I know you. I know you don't want to see Harley's parents be pieces of shit. But the fact that they're so cool with Goat Boy at dinner seems a bit odd to me. 
Yeah, I don't know. Then you get the idea that, you know, at least they're not like, oh, Harley, you can't do this or that. They're just nice people, and maybe that's Agreed. the I'm whole point. Jimmy Palmiotti says you spare the rod, spoil the child. Like, Jim feels like if some of his sons had brought home goat women in the past, he would have been fine with it. No, I just th- I actually think it's the opposite. I think that Jimmy Palmiotti hates parents that let their kids do whatever the fuck they want because that's what you end up with, a homicidal maniac. So, like I said, it's the spare the rod, spoil the, the child, boy. and he's pissed. Jimmy Palmiotti gives backhands when you if you need him or not, allegedly, wow, with his allegedly. leather jacket on. <sighs> But yes, that's oh. it. that's it. That's all your books, Reggie. But you do still have one other book that you're talking with Chris about. Uh, but you didn't true. have to review it on the site, right? So you just had uh, that one book. This nope. was a fucking great week for you. You know that because I you had that. I was off all yeah. week too. I went you had to off all week as well. That's awesome. That that yeah. is awesome. Not I me. Time. Went to the beach on Monday. What a time! Yeah, really, the beach. Yep. You and Chris Christie on the beach, enjoying yourselves together. Uh, But yeah, I, me and Eric had our regular work. We were off till, you know, two, we had Monday and Tuesday off and then we went back to work and my whole week was fucked up. I didn't even know what the fuck day it was half the time. Yeah, Yeah, it was the worst. Wednesday felt like Monday or whatever. And listen, me and Eric, you know, Eric may blow kisses at himself, but you know, we're we're no Brad Pitts and basically at work we sat and stared at each other all week. It wasn't a pleasant sight. We just sat there. That sounds bad. And it's fucking hot. So basically, you have seen the Shawshank Redemption, because that's basically what that movie is. Yes. Yeah. So there I can, Two I can put that. Two dudes staring at each other the so, whole time. So uh, later on, you know, the, behind the scenes, we're going to be recording our top five 90s movies, Necessary Nonsense podcast for Patreon's uh, stuff. Uh, I can put that on my list now, because now you, you say that. I've seen That'd it. That would be hilarious. It'd be great <laughs> if I put that just to piss Eric <laughs> off. I'm like, I heard good things about it. Yeah. Uh, but but you are going to be talking about Shade and the Changing Girl. Is that what came out this week? That with Chris? is the one, issue number oh, 10. Shade issue the number Girl. 10. So we're going to go yeah. off to you and Chris talking about that right now. Once in every lifetime comes a love like this. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have a fantabulous, is that a word? No, uh, fantastic. It is now. It is now, sure. A fantabulous comic uh, issue for you. Shade the Changing Girl number 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, double digits. You know, we have. this is the first book to crack the double digits in the Young Animal line, I'm pretty sure. It is, yes, and, and I uh, think it now has it has more issues out than just about every Marvel comic out there. That's now. right. It's 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 blasted through <laughs> several of the Marvel comics uh, output. So, uh, why don't you tell them all about it, Chris? Yes, it is. Uh, the title is Atomic City. I think this is part three of. Uh, I don't remember what the na- the main story was called because it wasn't included in the yeah, title page. Uh, There's something like either. Little Girl Lost or something like right, that. Right, right. Um, written by uh, this, the uh, the same creative team is involved here. We have written by Cecil Castellucci, with art by Molly Zarcone, Andy Parks, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. We open on July sixteenth, nineteen forty-five, uh, but not really. No. Uh, this is just Shade has visited the uh, Trinity site in the 
oh, was it Jornada del Muerto Desert in Socorro County, New Mexico. Now, Trinity was part of the Manhattan Project and was the first detonation of a nuclear weapon. It's so weird because this is uh, the the same thing happened on uh, on the new Twin Peaks a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so really? They went to the Trinity site. Yeah, it's like this is uh, it, I, I I I was I managed to sidestep Trinity for uh, you know 37 years and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm being bombarded by. Oh it. boy. <laughs> Now, when they did do this uh, this detonation, the resulting fireball was 600 feet wide and was powerful enough to turn sand into glass, and we'll get to that in a second, and blow out windows 120 miles away. So, pretty big bomb. And, you know, there's, there's six panels on this opening page that are really a, a redrawing of a really famous footage of an atomic blast footage, yeah, yeah. that peeling apart a house. You, you've almost certainly seen the footage, and it's a pretty good representation for illustration in this style you know i was able to recognize it i know i'm sure you were too chris so oh yeah that was cool absolutely and uh now after admiring the site and the sheer madness of it uh shade reboards a uh, tour bus with the other tourists because you can actually visit this Mm -hmm. uh this obelisk here uh or is it an obelisk uh is there an obelisk i have no idea i don't even know what's there i've never (laughs) been there there. well Uh, it's there in the uh, in the panel um Oh, okay, she... yeah, yeah, it's like, a, I guess, I don't know, a trying a pyramid? Sure, whatever it is. Sure. <laughs> now, before she hops on the bus, she pockets a piece of trinitite, which is uh, some of that glass that was, you know, pre- you know previously sand. Uh, we do find out that that's illegal to take, but, uh, you know, an avion is going to avion. She's got to have stuff shinies for her nest. That's how she mm-hmm. rolls, you know. Back on Meta, Hellboy's sister reports to Rack Shade's lover that the madness tracking worked, and they've located Shade and the M-Vest. Speaking of locating shade, we jump to Valleyville, where neighbor River is making a hot pocket. It's actually a crispy pocket, if you if we must be, you know, <laughs> truthful about it. No copyrights were infringed <laughs> here. Uh, while waiting outside uh, for his meal to cool, and uh, the inside to thaw, he peruses the internet to track the madness across the country. His room is set up with a map of the United States with the words, where is shade scrawled on it, which is <laughs> maybe a little unnecessary. You know, a, maybe he's got several maps. You know, he he's might. got one for Carmen San Diego, one for Waldo. This is now he's doing shade today. But anyway, sure. uh, probably thought it would look cool. Uh, luckily for his search, madness events have been occurring since shade vamoosed. There was that Sonic Boom concert, which we were there for, where she turned all the olds young. Uh, a sinkhole in Ohio that appears to have teeth. A politically partisan tornado in Missouri, cows jumping over the moon in Texas, and uh, also the moon. I would think that between Texas and the moon is where this is really <laughs> happening. Uh, okay, well, really, they tried to jump over the moon. They didn't quite make it, but it's, yeah. it, it, both locations are involved here. I don't see why we just lo- stay in <laughs> Texas. This is true. Now, our next transition is depicted as a board game in a two-page spread. It's pretty neat to look at. Yeah. It's, uh, it's basically Shade's trek to Honey Rich's house. And you see, like, it's like, you know, uh, nuclear protesters go back to spaces, all the, all the you know, silly board game stuff. It's pretty neat. I mean, actually, unfortunately, I went, you know, going through it, it's not a very fun board game. No, no. It doesn't really have don't. a lot of moments where things happen, but <laughs> the idea of it, you know, the design of it, it was is pretty cool. Well, did you have a six-sided dice to play with it? I didn't. I had no tokens. Same, I was same, just sort of yeah. fi- so maybe I should have really given it the old <laughs> the old full try. 
This is true. Now, uh, it ends with Shade arriving at the uh, the Honey Rich house. And uh, we see that the uh, the house has a historical monument plaque affixed to it because it was part of the, I guess it was a legendary or at least, uh, you know, a pop culture culty sitcom. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's you know, it's the I Love Lucy of this world. It's a cultural touchstone. Although it's, it's really sort of strange, like, so they, they filmed it. Outside of a real house, at a real house. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would have thought this would all happen on some studio lot somewhere, but uh, it's funny. I guess it, maybe it was the real life. Maybe of it's honey. like the maybe it's like the Brady Bunch house, where that's like actually a house somewhere. And Possibly, yeah. The exterior was was one yeah. shot, and the interior was something else. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now she knocks on the door, and a man who is definitely not Honey answers the door. <laughs> and he isn't very pleased to be bothered. Uh, he tells her more or less to beat it. He says, uh, "He's he's used to tourists coming by." So he says, "Just take your picture of the house and shuffle off." Uh, Shade's confused, and you know she really wants to meet Honey. That's the whole point of this trip. Mm. Dude tells her, "Try Hollywood before slamming the door in her face." Yeah. So I mean, you get the impression then Shade thinks that this. Life with Honey is a documentary, you know, that it's the real that life adventures legit, of yeah. this real person, which uh, is kind of strange. I would thought she would have understood t- television to some extent, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's such a pervasive show. People think it's how Earth life really is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Valleyville, we observe a support group at the Bloomer School. It's River, Teacup, Wes, and the Mean Girls. And this is set up so they can might process their feelings regarding Megan's disappearance. Uh, the reactions are pretty mixed. Teacup is being purposefully distant towards River. Uh, she obviously feels badly for screwing, uh, you know, Shade Megan in that issue. What three issues ago now? But uh, so, yeah. she's got she's conflicted. She obviously has problems with what's going on. River pleads with Teacup to meet with him later so they can try and find Shade together, and she storms out. River also mentions that they've had the support group every Wednesday during lunch, which tells us that Shade's been gone at least a couple of weeks. Um, so this is this is going on. Back in New Mexico, Shade runs in with a group of anti-nuclear activists, which I think is only a scene to facilitate her delivering the sign, "Stop amassing weapons of mad destruction." I think I think so too, or at least to get that <laughs> quote out there: "Weapons of yeah. mad destruction." Uh, after that, she tweet that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or like uh, <laughs> I can just see the shirt already. You know. Um, after that, she wanders into the Atomic Lounge bar, where she's almost immediately booed for being underage, booted for being underage. But it's a good thing that uh, Shade stole that old woman's ID last issue, and that they look, like, similar. Yeah, they have the same haircut. Same kind of haircut. They're both white girls, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> a bartender takes one look at the ID, starts pouring. That's a bartender kind of guy that I would know. And Shade <laughs> drinks, surrounded by a bunch of sad sex. And we hop back to Meta, where Rax Lover uh, sends a pair of Metan agents to Earth, and they appear to materialize at that Trinity obelisk there. Uh, we briefly check in with NASA, or ASEA? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's like a legit thing. I couldn't find anything in the research, but... Uh, no, no, no. I, this this is this is fake NASA. Yeah, it's AC. <laughs> this isn't the first time I think we've seen this. It's just some weird... I think so. Yeah. Because uh, what I was able to find that they're a uh, direct selling and multi-level marketing company based in Salt Lake City, yeah, or I don't think that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Or a scammy water bottle dietary supplement company. Yeah, probably. So we'll just probably not. Yeah. We'll, we'll just say it's a it's a uh, a phone NASA and uh, they smell aliens at the mm-hmm. moment. 
Um, back in Valleyville, River is pleading his case to Teacup in his makeshift war room. Uh, Teacup argues that the madness events might just be a sign of the strange times they live in. She wishes River well in... (laughs) She wishes River well in his hunt. She says she'll back him up at home, you know, she'll cover for him, but uh, as for, you know, doing the footwork, he's on his own. Uh, we uh, get a, a series of vignettes here. We hop back to Matt Meta for one panel. Uh, we see our old friend LePuck, and he knows he's being used as a tool. He he calls himself a divining rod to find Loma. Uh, now, uh, he needs to forget her with all his hate yeah. in order to make himself unusable. He's turned a corner here, though. He does not love Loma anymore, folks. He is really mad at her. He is. Uh, we hop to uh, New Mexico. We have Shade drinking with the sad sacks, and they're all making bird noises. Yeah. Uh, tweet, tweet, cuckoo, cluck, cluck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we jump to a single panel in, uh, we're going to guess it's Hollywood. Okay. Uh, where uh, Honey Rich is diagnosed as terminal. And the doctor tells her that if she wants to live, she would require an entire new body. Well, there's no way you can get a new body in this <laughs> comic, so I guess that'll be the end of her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back in New Mexico, the Mettons arrive at the Atomic Lounge, and a fight breaks out. One of those sad sacks is performed to a pile of, like, seeds? Sort of like, I don't know, uh, beans? Uh, kind of looks like pink orzo, you know? I don't know what yeah, it is, but yeah. sort of shatters or dissolves into whatever it is. Uh, Shade is ticked and refers to herself as a weapon, and then starts to scream. And we can see this: is, there's a pulsating light, or that's what it kind of we imagine something emanates out of her like belly area, uh, out of like a little pink circle, and uh, probably something she ate, you know, a few issues back, if you recall, maybe when she nibbled on that. Uh, what was that? What she was eating? Uh, she ate that guy. She ate a no. She ate a piece of uh, Megan. Oh right, that's right. At the very, that was like the last dissolution of of her being. Yeah. Uh, then she erupts with rage, destroying the entire place. Mm-hmm. Back to Meta, Hellboy's sister and the lover, or Rax lover. I can't remember if we were referring to him as a his Rax boyfriend or Rax girlfriend. I don't remember. It seems to be both apply. So whatever. Like. <laughs> I think so. So we'll just say Rax lover. Yeah. Uh, they lose the signal. They and it's weird. They they call it the M vest and the M coat throughout this issue. I've noticed so, that uh, too. Uh, yeah. I I was taking it to mean originally that you know the M coat is what she's wearing now it's sort of an updated version but i it seems to be interchangeable so i, yeah. I don't know but the M uh, you know item whatever it is yes the M attire yeah uh, now they hook lapuck up for another round of uh, tracking hoodoo but this time it it just ain't working because you know he hates her now mm-hmm. he he says it many many times uh rax lover threatens to send hellboy's sister to earth if she can't figure something out uh, back on Earth, we see a hazmat team arrive at the Demolished Club, and we learn that they can see those mad, madness paisleys. Mm-hmm. On they're the sort couch. of like lying on the ground and in between things, and they're they're, mm-hmm. they're like they say definitely looks toxic, not from Earth. So they're they're gonna they can see do them. something with them. Yeah. Now uh, the event is reported on the news, and River is watching. He texts Teacup in a last-ditch effort to have her join him. Uh, she doesn't reply yet. Maybe she will, maybe she won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrap up back in the desert where Shade has built a nest out of twigs, flowers, and animal skulls inside the limbs of a cactus, which doesn't seem terribly comfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, we hear that nest, er, next issue, we're uh, we're going to be Hollywood-bound. All right, or Holly-weird, as it puts mm. it there. I like this last page. There's something 
creepy and funny. This last panel of her like in the nest. Yep. Kind of creeps me out. Kind of is silly, but is also like, you know, meaningful. Obviously to this sad, character. Yeah. Sad. There's a sadness to it, and it's uh, it's strange that we can look at a picture of a young girl sitting in a nest and think of it as a sad, sad picture. <laughs> uh, that's I guess that's what it is. Uh, the backup, which Chris doesn't read, was just more life with honey. <laughs> Uh, same kind of, you know, pluses and minuses as before. This time, Honey and her best friend neighbor, they decide to uh, increase awareness of uh, nuclear proliferation and ducking and covering by making a little song about it. And uh, it turns out that uh, it, it makes everyone freak out, so her husband calms them down and says, don't mind what the pretty, what the lady says. So more of the same kind of thing, basically. And if you're interested in that, they uh, they actually included all three pages of the backup in the preview. Oh yeah. For the for the issue. The oh issue really? Preview oh, so there it is. All three pages. So if you are with honey. if you are just reading this for the backup, there you go. You don't need to buy <laughs> yeah, anything. It's pay. right there yeah. in the preview. Uh, I mean, you know, I really I don't I can't say I hate it, but it is the same thing over and over. It's the same joke, you know, mm-hmm. crazy, uh, you know, gender roles in the 1950s and uh you know all that usual stuff so whatever it is then in the back there's the who's who this month seems to be about john rivera who writes cave carson has a cybernetic eye uh there's a little bit of his script there's a pinup of uh flex mentalo mm-hmm. some sketch of that and that's really all there is i, I like the pinup better than the usual letter yeah, is that is that something? Because <laughs> the letter was a little a uh, little too cute by half. It gets, um, it gets a little got a little indulgent at times, yeah. but you know, I you know overall, uh, I don't I don't mind that stuff. And you know, the the writing stuff is cool. I mean, if there's people out there that are want to write or draw comics, and these might be their first opportunities to see the nuts process. and bolts of it. So yeah, the process of it. So I would I would give that stuff a. You know, general thumbs up in idea, if not execution. But uh, as for the rest of the issue, what'd you think, Chris? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's. I don't know if it's just that so many of the stories that we're reading right now are like still going forward, but there is a little bit of fatigue where it's like, yeah, I'd like to get, I'd like to get through this eventually. Um, hopefully it's coming, you know, sooner than later, but I can't hold that against the issue because I did really enjoy what we were presented here. Um, I gave it an 8.25. Whoa. Out of 10. Whoa. You went into quarters on this one, huh? That's <laughs> yes, uh, I really, broke into the hundreds. really slivered it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd say, I'd say my biggest problem at this time is the, I just want to see this this connection, this meeting of you know all these different people looking for yeah. shade to convert. It's clear that's what's going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen at the Trinity site. Although if she's going to Hollywood, then they're going to miss her. Uh, but mm-hmm. Eve, that might be something too. Maybe everyone shows up where they think shade is, and she's not there, and then it becomes a, it's a mad, 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 mad world race together or something like that. <laughs> uh, but I really I have no problems with the issue itself. You know, there, there was. Uh, you know, a little bit of commentary, but it wasn't like hit you over the head or out of place. I felt like, you know, as far as like, you know, what nuclear proliferation means. And uh, well, you know, I I originally thought that nuclear war was a good thing until uh, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, pro pro nuclear people might come away with a more negative uh, feeling about this, but if you think that nuclear war is pretty much a bad idea, then I think you'll be in accord with this. And and yes. again, it's not the it's not the crux of the issue. No, which, no which not at all. It would have been in some other comics. I think that would have been what the comic was about, <laughs> and that's not what this is about. I thought it was uh, it was cool that it was used as a 
site, you know, indicative. Yeah, it, was just, it was just sprinkles, yeah. It was, for, you know, it suited the story instead of the story suiting it. Uh, yes. Other than that, you know, yeah, I, I have a great time with this comic. I would love to see it go into a new chapter, but I would have to say, knowing comics like we do, we probably have at least two more issues. Before that probably. happens, right? You know, we, we gotta we gotta hit Left those yep. exactly. We gotta hit those uh, divisible by six marks usually, but who knows? Uh, I've been wrong three times before, and I won't mention them. <laughs> anyway, I would have given it, I think, an eight uh, mm-hmm. personally, uh, but I would have been, you know, thrilled to do so. And you probably could jump me up to an eight point five on a on a good day or something like that. So uh, yeah, that was uh, this issue, and I guess the next one's out next month. But next week. We do have yet another Young Animal comic. This is becoming what? a condition, right, Chris? How many weeks in a row is this now? I think this is seven. Seven weeks in a row with Young Animal comics. I think they figured out when they don't put out three on one day, they actually can spread them out the rest of the month or something. <laughs> uh, we had a couple of weird ones like that, right? We were two, two in one week and then uh, yeah, so many. Yeah, and then nothing just, for a month. And nothing for, you know, weeks, yeah. Uh, but next next week is uh, Bug, The Adventures of Forager by the All Reds. That should be issue number three. I'm sure it will be more Kirby stuff. If I recall, they're going to go hang out with Atlas, right? I think so. And that's where we left it last time. They walked through the portal of convenience. <laughs> next <laughs> next issue, convenience, and I think that's what they said. So we'll be looking forward to that. But I think I don't really have any – I don't think any Young Animal news happened this week. Actually, you know what? I did see that uh, sort of Young Animal related, but – uh, the Umbrella Academy got picked up for a series Netflix, at Netflix. Yeah. That's Gerard Way's like first comic book series, and that doesn't really directly affect Young Animal. Although if he's going to build a relationship it might set with them, back. it could do that too. You know, <laughs> exactly. Really, the, the, a lot will hang on this. But in the hope upon hope, or what could possibly, potentially, who knows, happen in the in the distant future, if he has a good relationship with them, we could see something like a. Doom Patrol show or a Shade show or something, you know what I mean? I I don't know though. It's uh, those are also DC characters. There's a whole other true thing in there, but I think that's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's other other hands in that pot. But uh, you have anything else for him out there, Chris? Nope. Think that'll do it. Well, if that's all we got, then until next time, I want everyone to keep it young and animalistic. See ya.
Powerful stuff. There, take that mail with Jim. And we're going to do just that with our last mail section of the night. Mail section number four. We're going to start with Batman Beyond Mark. And he says, Sup, Jim and Eric. I am, as of this writing, sitting in my hotel with one day left in Israel. And it's been a fun trip. I have to say one of my favorite things I did was participate in an archaeological dig in Tel Marisha. Pretty badass. From actually digging and helping excavate in one of the stone quarries and actually finding pieces of pottery, even some glazed. Animal bones from the chicken and other animals eaten 2,000 years ago and pieces of charcoal and snail shells. It was very exciting. Two members of my group each found completely intact bowls that were museum quality. No, they didn't get to keep them, but if ever displayed, their name will be on it under the discovery. By. We were also taken on a tour of a partially excavated water basin that was near the other dig. We were crawling through some small openings that felt like Indiana Jones, except out the without the deadly traps. Yeah. So yeah, Jim, when your dad said you couldn't be an archaeologist and that you couldn't make money as one, he was completely wrong. Like everything else he told me. He told me a dozen eggs was 12 bucks. From around like 1988 to 89, there have been tons and tons of excavations in Israel. They are understaffed enough that they have tour groups come out and help. But seriously, there, since 88-89, there has been constant well-paying work for archaeologists in Israel. Heard from multiple sources that every week, if not every day, there are significant finds. Heck, there were people in the tour group who had been here two years ago in some of the places we went to haven't even been discovered then. So, Jim, if you ever abandon your family to pursue your childhood dream, Israel is your place. Seriously, though, they make a pretty decent uh, bit of money. Speaking of money, Eric, I was not able to find out how much that statue cost. Oh. Uh, that thing was humongous. He it sent was, in a great picture. It's a fucking gigantic predator statue. It's a just chilling here in a fucking mall. It's humongous. I'm telling you, what what do you think that was? Twelve feet high? It looked like it was. I don't it know. Was the huge. Thing is, like you know, it was for sale. He couldn't figure out how much it was. I can't even imagine how much it would be. Yeah. And then the He's, idea of trying yeah. to get that back. Get to the it home. How much money? Exactly. Home. How much would that cost? My Hebrew is limited. He says. Anyway, guys, have a great Mine weekend. I'll talk to you later. Batman Beyond Mark. P.S. We'll be re-listening to episode 120 on the plane since its 12-hour runtime should be just about enough to cover my flight home. And I listened to 130 over the week on the bus. P.P.S. It occurred to me just before I hit send on this email that while you are recording the listener mail i will be on a plane over the atlantic ocean he says peace sorry shalom so yeah shalom. he is coming back home and yeah it sounds pretty home. cool we said that we would be there we would go on this tour bus and we'd be there and we would get kicked out of the archaeological dig because we would be reenacting all the scenes it'd be like <laughs> like a be kind rewind we'd reenact the scenes next thing you know eric's pushing boulders that i'm trying to get away from i'm freaking they're like hey jim can you throw me over those rocks or something i'm pretending i'm indiana jones with the thing of uh freaking sand in a bag and, and i'm and just I, dressed as chewbacca because yeah. i confused easily Aww, you do that and i'm like hey listen you son of a bitch that yeah, would be funny it's like <laughs> who you calling the furry or whatever I don't know. i'm so sick right now i want to just 
kill myself there. The last mail, I believe this is the last mail I'm going to see so Thank I don't you. misspeak. Last mail of the night is from Hussein. And Hussein says, Stop hey Hussein. Jim, Eric, and the fine folks at the Get Fresh crew. Eric, I don't <laughs> know what to say other than I hope you feel satisfied and it's good to have you back. All right. He's being nice. Imagine my surprise day when I look at Comic Book Roundup and found that Jim had the highest score for Deathstroke number 21. It was a pleasant surprise, but honestly, it felt totally justified. I told you guys I added it to my pull list, and this issue was seriously stunning. Diogenes Neves' art has me really excited going forward, and the story is just so fresh and interesting. I always ran about Green Lanterns. This is genuinely one of the worst books coming out of DC right now. Can't stand the horrid pacing, and I feel like people can be a bit too easy on the book due to the interplay between Simon and Jessica. You guys included! Ooh. Says that we're we're nice to it. No, we were at one point. But the pacing, I, I don't agree. Think I've really it's been terrible. nice to it for a long time, except for like my big issues are the freaking you know the character building issues where they sit down and just fucking t- hang yeah, out and they, talk. They, Those they, are the ones but, I like. But yeah, and that's overall, the ones you like. But the series. problem is. We keep going back to that for no reason. So I'm done with those two. Last issue was simply a total waste of time. The twist at the end of the issue could have been presented to us later on down the line for a bigger emotional bang. I wanted to mention the news that Scott Snyder dropped today that issues two to six of Stark Knight's Metal will no longer be four ninety nine. Will be a dollar cheaper at three ninety nine. This is such an awesome move by DC and Marvel has to follow suit. I don't know if you guys are aware, but the Marvel Legacy One shot is priced at five ninety nine with fifty pages. The obvious comparison will be to DC's two ninety nine cover price for Rebirth number one that was in the eighties, and yeah. uh, I I thought that was a brilliant move by DC because it even so if good. you weren't that it you know eh, eh it's two ninety nine I might as well I'll give it a it fucking yeah. shot you know everybody probably picked it up just because of that I know I'm probably gonna sound Get really ignorant for your here fucking buck. how do you guys maintain a pull list while also reviewing books we don't. Not I don't even have a comic shop around here. We get most of the books that we read, we get. And if there are occasional ones, it would just be individual ones that I would get digitally. I do not have a pull list. I don't have anything because we already – and I'd love to. I actually love the idea of going into the comic store and they give you things. First off, our comic store is a bunch of bullshit. Sure. And second, I don't have any time to read anything other than the stuff that we review. Nope. So we get those, and that's all we go with. I mean, we have a DC-only podcast, obviously, and when we do the reviews and things like that, because we do every one, it takes up all our time. It sucks. It actually does suck at points when something else comes out, and we're like, oh, man. Because even so, I'll, I'll get another book, and I'll really like it. Say, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, that you didn't yeah. like the first issue. I, I read not. a couple of them, and it got really good, and I said to you, man, it's pretty cool. Uh, you should read it, and you're like, yeah, I would. I, maybe I will. You never will. It's like no, Scarlet Spider. I ain't got time for that. I'm telling you, I had a freaking uh, free How's Ben Riley like, holding up for you there? Shut up. How's that doing? Shut up. No, yeah. no, like uh, when we had uh, the, the 4th of July weekend, uh, I think I took that Sunday, maybe that Sunday night when I got home from freaking the Poconos, and I read like uh, – maybe it was the week before. I don't know. But like it was a Sunday night after we got done with this stuff, and I actually read that Ash versus Army of Darkness. So it was like the yeah. first book in a long time. Yeah, which we got a review that copy I actually for. got to sit down and read. Yeah, we got a review copy for, so I sent that to you. But yeah, even then, I'm at that point, I was still freaking trying to edit the goddamn yeah. podcast. I just don't have time. For example, do you guys buy Superman if you're already reviewing it? Now, he's saying that he also gets the review copies. He just keeps uh, maintains a pull list as well. And he said, I tried to do it with All-Star Batman, but I had to drop it when I started reviewing it because I found it tiresome to read again 
only a, free, a few days after reading it now and reviewing it. Now, I'll tell you, uh, Hussein, you now know the shit that we go through for this podcast because I end up, I read my, sometimes I read my issues on Monday. Then I read them again on Tuesday to review, and then I at least read it one more time for the podcast, the pod, if yeah. not a couple. So it all depends. Sometimes I'll go like, oh, we're going to do a book on Friday. I'll read it Friday, and we decide not to do it. I'll have to read it again on Saturday just so I don't forget shit. But yeah. Maybe you guys are doing something that I'm dumb, too dumb to notice, so please let me know. Yeah, drop your pull list. Uh, Johnny, I, I have a bunch of long boxes. I have not collected comics like that in so long now, but they just sit there. I'm like – yeah. Thank God, because I I have a one bedroom apartment. And there's no fucking room for this goddamn comics. Yeah. I'm happy as hell just to fucking stick with my goddamn review people copies. People would go from nuts DC. because DC does send some print copies, and I have this bin that I throw them. In. People would be like, "God damn it, Jim!" But I do You're have one thing. I will tell you what I do like doing is getting trades, and I've been getting yeah, a yeah. bunch of trades, so I have them on my bookshelf. I yeah, wanted I to address a few of those too. I wanted to address Dalton's email last week concerning your guys' misuse of the 1 to 10 scoring system. Dalton, I very much disagree with you, but it's cool you have your own opinion. Of course, I review comics as well, and a reviewer has a certain relationship with a book, which I'm sure Jim and Eric also have. Sexy relationship sometimes. Mm. You go through the ups and downs. You can't really drop it because it's always good to cover a lot of books for a site. Yeah, we don't get that opportunity. No. Reggie finally just said he was dropping Hellblazer, and me and you could care less about Hellblazer. So we're like, yeah, but if I was like, hey, that's it, Eric. We're not doing Batman on the site anymore. You'd be like, no, I guess I have to do it. You yeah. know, the word that you shouldn't And compare. even with that, you, like Reggie dropped Hellblazer. I know you guys didn't read it like I reviewed it last week, but I, st I was at the post yeah, and I was I like, fuck, I better read this yeah, goddamn book because I don't Reggie know what like, you know, Tim Seeley's doing in August. So yeah, I better I be up on it at least. From what I heard, it's not going to be a continuation. So it's just going to start anew. Uh, you shouldn't compare an 8 out of 10 for Superman number 50 to an 8 out of 10 for Batman number – or number 500 to Batman uh, number 500 because scores should be compared with other scores of the same book. Say a 7 out of 10 for Superman 499 and a 5 out of 10 for Batman 499. I hope I'm getting my point across. But I agree. There, there are so many things involved because you may have an issue that is a great jumping on point for new readers. We say this all the time that if you're a new reader, this would be great. But we're not new readers. We've read all this and it's all recap so, yep. so everybody has their own deal going into a book and like Hussein saying there's some things in my relationship with Tom King and Batman gotten so frustrating I had to give it up and gave it to you because I did admit that maybe I'm looking too much at the negatives uh, just because that's kind of in my head. So yep. before I go, I wanted to deeply thank you guys for this podcast. I just moved to a new place and moving is such a nuisance. On top I of that, my father went into surgery for his heart without even telling me, and I had so much to juggle. But your podcast was able to calm me down and let me reassess my situation. That's good. At least it's good for something. Yeah. There. It's not good for – most of the people say it's not good for comic news. Uh, we've heard all. that. Trust me, your hard work has more than paid off. And that's the thing. I, I'm glad that we at least made helped them get through something. I know a lot of people even say, you don't understand that that makes us feel so good. Now, obviously, you're saying, I hope that everything works out. Me but as well. we do this podcast mainly just so people can get through their day. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, their shitty day at work. And things like that, work. but just anything. When you hear about Eric talking as he means, you smile and maybe forget about troubles for a couple minutes until oh. he opens his mouth again, and then you get oh. infuriated by him because of his jerk-off fucking voice that you can't stand, Eric. I can't stand so much. That's it for <laughs> me this week. Sorry for the long email, and I hope you guys have a smashing week. I hope I start feeling better. I, I'm telling you, I feel like such shit 
right now. And me and my son Logan have a big plan tonight. Where we bought sushi. Eric, we're gonna eat Real. sushi, and I I love sushi. The problem is. It's not that I feel shitty and not want to eat the sushi. I actually feel so shitty. I don't think I'm going to taste the sushi. So I'm going to lay it on with the wasabi. That might clear me up. I have a big plan coming. Yeah, we got sushi at Walmart. It's actually frozen. It doesn't look bad. And we've been wanting to try it. And then Logan last night said, can we go to the Chinese restaurant? We have a buffet in town. Uh, that I am against, but it does have sushi, and we were actually just going to go and have sushi, but they're assholes. They always cause trouble, but when we drove by it, Eric, because it's in the same parking lot as the Walmart, it looks like the windows are all boarded up. Holy shit, really? And I've, I've said to Rafe and Logan, please, I hope this place goes out of business so somebody else comes in with a buffet and we can go back to eating. Oh, I I'm love Chinese buffets. I really buffets. like that Japanese buffet that we had over by the freaking the giant Yeah, and then they closed and haven't yeah. ever come back. That, the I problem really is, thought they were going to beat out that freaking uh, China yeah. Garden, whatever. Oh, whatever, yeah, whatever they did I thought they were going to no, beat it because out completely. Then, at that one point, they changed and went to like a hibachi grill. That shit ain't playing in Quakertown. You're not going to get this hibachi grill for 40 bucks and have any of the, these fucking scumbags in our town eat there. We need, low, we need low cost shit. Uh, the one thing I will say that at some point it'd be funny to have a podcast from a Chinese buffet because when I go to a Chinese buffet, me and anybody does, I think that most people end up feeling sick afterwards because it is the one buffet that you end up eating the craziest shit together oh, yeah. that try you would crab, never like, eat. Octopus, fucking yeah, I'm telling you, if you had ever. a standard, like the standard, uh, you know, buffet that's just, you know, American food, quote yeah. unquote American food, or you, you, know, you don't mix and match shit that's as crazy at the Chinese. I'm telling you, buffet, I went to I that one that the, the Japanese one. They had fucking like I think it was deep fried crawdads. I don't even know. Maybe like fucking this fried crawdads. I got I got a couple. I put them on my plate. I set them. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know how to eat you. Yeah, I, yeah, really. That's what a lot of people heard from you. I went mm-hmm. to uh, the regular buffet that's in Lancaster, and like the craziest they get because it's p- pretty much Pennsylvania Dutch, um, you know, that sort of deal food. Uh, so the craziest is you could have dried corn or scalloped corn, Eric. Ooh, but really, everything fancy. just kind of makes you stuffed. It's not anything crazy. Like you can get at the Chinese buffet. That's the only place that I'll eat just the craziest shit. But Me that too. place we've talked about on the podcast. That place, the people there are bitches. That fucking the one lady was yelling at Logan the one time we ate, and he not eat his food. I'm like, lady, we we paid the money. And then they were the one time me and Rafe went and we got like two or three plates. We're just sitting there talking. We're enjoying our meal, and they came and just kind of like, you have to leave. I'm like, what? Like, does this sound like a man who's had all he can eat, Eric? (laughs) Is what I thought. Because I was not done. And then I got mad. I'm like, no, we're staying. We are staying. And they kept trying. They didn't refill our drinks trying to get us out. And then at one point, the one waitress came over and basically said, what kind of ice cream do you like? Because we're getting it. You're leaving. I'm like, no, no. It's not happening. It's not happening there. But yeah, so maybe we'll get a new Chinese buffet, and maybe if they do, we'll have a live podcast from the buffet describing all of the lovely food that we eat. But and it'll right be now, loud there, so it'll be terrible quality. That is correct. But we're going to go off now to Vermilion's Vision, and then we'll be back to finish up the podcast. Hey there, little red riding hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything a big bad wolf could want Little red 
Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this week's installment of Vermillion's Visions. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week and hearing what I have to say, spouting nonsense about, you know how I do things, non-DC, non-Marvel, usually sometimes dip my toes into those two companies a little bit, but like to keep it outside of the big two. And this week, I'm actually going to be doing a request from Taylor, Taylor Swanee, uh, in the Get Fresh Crew doop doop snap, or the Slack chat. Um, and, you know, you said that Whitney really likes likes this book, and we all know that Whitney gets what Whitney wants. Um, so this week, I'm going to be talking about The Grim Fairy Tales Volume 1 from Xenoscope Entertainment. Um, and this is written by a bunch of different people, but mainly written by Ralph Tedesco and Joe Tyler. Uh, and it's also art by just just a ton of different people on the art throughout, throughout the book uh, on the different issues. Um, and the people listed on the cover of the trade are actually Joe Brucia and Ralph Tedesco. I'm not really sure why Joe Tyler himself isn't listed on the cover, uh, but it's Brucia and Tedesco on the front. Um, but Tedesco and Tyler do the writing throughout the book. Um, and this collects the first six issues. Um, but I will say that it's not really an interlocking story throughout these first six issues. Um, the only real constant between the issues is a woman named Sela. Sela, Sela, I'm going to go with Sela. Um, she's kind of the only one constant between these six issues. Uh, but it is, it all does get collected as one trade together. Um, I'm guessing there's a little bit more of an interlocking story going forward, but you know I don't don't really know that because this this is the only thing that I've read from this so far. Um, but I feel to go however many issues it did over 130, I believe I want to say. Um, I feel like to go that far, you got to have somewhat of an intertwining story. Um, but so far up to this point in this one, not really much intertwining not really a big universe being built it's more just individual stories within the six issues with Sela being that one constant uh, so each issue centers on a different uh, brother's grim fairy tale uh, but not the way that Disney and you know traditional media make them out to be but more the way that the brothers grim intended them to be very dark creepy and focused on on the human flaws um, so throughout there are different people that are facing tough decisions ahead of them that reflect uh, the different fairy tales themselves, but in a more modern setting. And when these tough choices arise, Sela comes in with her book of fairy tales and reads the fairy tale pertaining to the situation, while the art uh, then inserts the uh, the characters themselves into the fairy tales. And in the end, the people you know usually use that fairy tale to make the right decision uh, back in their regular lives. Um, I know it's kind of confusing when I explain it like that, uh, so I'm just gonna jump in and explain one of the stories here, um, and that'll give you a better idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, so the fairy tales presented in the first six issues are Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel, Rumpelstiltskin, Sleeping Beauty, and Robber Bridegroom. Now, Robber Bridegroom was 
actually probably my favorite of any of these stories uh, in this trade, but I'm not familiar at all with with the general fairy tale because I never really heard a lot of fairy tales growing up. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm not all that familiar with Rumpelstiltskin or Hansel and Gretel either. Um, I know the basics, I guess, which is more than I can say for Robert Bridegroom, uh, but not really a whole lot of details about either one of those stories. Um, so for the purpose of this review, I'm just going to go with one that I know and go with Sleeping Beauty, which is actually the fifth issue collected in this trade. Um, so I'm sure we all know the basics of the Sleeping Beauty story. Uh, princess falls asleep and can only be awoken by the kiss from her true love, all that jazz. Well, this follows the same basic story, but just has a few twists that aren't there in the Disney adaptation. Uh, so starting off in the quote-unquote real world, uh, we focus on a character named Brett, who starts off taking in an economics midterm and letting his crush, Haley, cheat off of him. Uh, so after the exam, Brett and his friend are talking about how, you know, she's just using Brett. Uh, but Brett thinks that there might actually be something here. Uh, and then later they run into each other outside, Haley and Brett do, and she comes up to him and begs him to do her a favor and go and buy her and her friends some some devil's grass, some reefer, some ganja, some sweet sticky icky. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, basically she just wants him to buy her some weed, and if so, he can go to her party at her house where her parents won't be there. Uh, so, you know, he gets that... He gets maybe maybe a little bit of growing down in his nether regions, hearing that the parents won't be there, and he's invited to a party at this girl's house. Uh, so he gets pretty excited about that, and he actually agrees, and he goes into a bad part of the city. Uh, what city, you ask? I don't know, because it doesn't say. But uh, he goes into the city to buy it for her, and it's kind of a rough neighborhood. Uh, and when he gets to the spot early... Uh, good old Sella walks by and just so happens to drop her book of fairy tales right in front of Brett's car window. Uh, so Brett runs over and picks up the book, tries to get Sella's attention but can't, and decides to sit there and read one of the stories since he has a little bit of time before he has to uh, meet the guy for the weed. Uh, and the story that he reads just so happens to be Sleeping Beauty. Uh, so jumping into the Sleeping Beauty story, we see that Sophia is set to meet her prince at her 16th birthday party, uh, but her dad has a has a little bit of a secret to tell her about the day she was born. Uh, so he tells her that when she was born, she was blessed by the 12 wise women of the kingdom. Uh, and these women have, have just strange mystical powers, uh, or it's rumored that they do anyway. However, there's actually a 13th sister uh, that was banished by the others, uh, and her name is Ophelia, and she shows up and puts a terrible curse on Sophia. So on Sophia's 16th birthday, Ophelia says that she will accidentally prick her finger and fall into a deep, deep sleep, and she won't be able to wake up for a hundred years unless she's kissed by a man that loves her unconditionally. Sophia, hearing this, you know, she kind of just blows off the story and thinks, you know, it, it'll be no big deal. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, during the festivities, we see Brett's character uh, inserted into the story as Tristan. That's kind of what I said before about how the art uh, shows these characters that it's focused on in the real world and kind of puts them into the story with just a, a different name and kind of so you can see where they're coming at from the story. Now, one thing... 
just a little side note here. Um, he's admiring Sophia much the way he pines after Haley as Brett, um, but he's just a simple servant, and Sophia shows him shows no interest in him really. Um, and one thing I would have liked to see here would have been if if the art had been Haley as Sophia, but it just so happens that Haley has has black hair and uh, the Sophia in the story has blonde hair, so clearly not not the same person. But I would have actually liked that a little bit more if it was Haley inserted into the story as Sophia as well, much like much like it does in some of the other fairy tales. It inserts all of the main characters into each fairy tale. Uh, but here decided to go with with a different character for Sophia. Um, but at at her party, a mysterious woman shows up to give Sophia a rose from an anonymous admirer, and this is how she comes to prick her finger on one of the rose thorns. Uh, so she falls into that aforementioned deep sleep, and nobody can figure out just how to save her. Um, but her father realizes, you know, this this is the curse; it's coming true. Uh, so a week later, her first potential suitor and one Prince George shows up to attempt to awaken her. Uh, but when he kisses her, he actually feels a horrible pain rack his body, and his body just starts disintegrating until his skin melts off of his bones. Uh, and this is because he doesn't truly love Sophia. Now after this, naturally, uh, no man wants to try to awaken the princess. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to kiss a princess just to have my skin melt off my body uh, but when word gets back to Tristan he has to try despite this this obvious danger and as we've seen he does truly love her and his kiss actually does bring her out of her slumber uh, she's awoken by true love's kiss uh, so it sounds pretty normal up to this point aside from the whole skin melting thing right well here is where things start to go bad and go different Sophia is obviously grateful to have been woken up, and her father arranges for the two to be married, uh, but it's pretty obvious that Sophia isn't exactly thrilled at the thought. Later on, we see Sophia being visited by a man named Alexander, who walks in and they just start making out in her room when, as soon as he walks in. Uh, Tristan is walking by and overhears her tell Alexander that she doesn't love him. Uh, so he bursts in, just yelling about how how she betrayed him. Uh, but she says, you know, she she's not betraying him because she would never willingly married him. He isn't royal. He isn't rich. He's just her father's lapdog, and she could never never love him and never willingly marry him. So sometime in here, uh, Tristan realizes that Sophia isn't really as amazing as he had her build up to be in his head. Um, and he starts yelling her, yelling at her, telling her he no longer loves her and that she is selfish and spoiled and is in the middle of a tirade when he suddenly can't catch his breath. He doesn't know what's going on, uh, but before you know it, his skin it starts bubbling up and melting away just like George's before. Uh, so since he no longer loves her, the curse is put back on. He disintegrates and Sophia falls back into her slumber, cursed once again. Uh, this time, though, cursed by her own shallowness and her own, uh, you know, self self-centered nature. Um, she stays asleep for the next hundred years, as no man is willing to try to awaken her again. And when she finally does wake up, she's an old, decrepit woman uh, who who goes on to die alone. Uh, and that's kind of where the fairy tale part ends. And going back to Brett. 
he finished this finishes this story and it it hits home with him pretty hard uh he goes to Haley's for the party her boyfriend actually answers the door and when brett asks her about this boyfriend she blows him off kind of like how sophia blew off tristan in the story brett though he doesn't have to die uh, there's no curse on Haley. Instead, he just gives Haley her money back and wishes her good luck for the rest of the year in economics. And the issue ends with uh, Sella driving up to get her book back and just kind of giving a wink to the reader, breaking the fourth wall for the final panel. Some, uh, you know, I'm not usually a very big fan of that. I don't always like to see fourth wall breaks in my comics, but I didn't mind it too much here just because she is that one constant throughout the story. Um, so that is where uh, the Sleeping Beauty issue of this trade ends. Um, and like I said, I'll just go through what the other what the other ones are in here. There's Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, Hansel and Gretel, Rumpelstiltskin, and Robert Bridegroom are the other five um, five fairy tales presented in this in this first trade. Um, so I, I really, really enjoyed this trade a lot. Um, I like to see all these different stories as the Brothers Grimm intended them, uh, you know, to be kind of creepy and kind of just, just a lot darker than the, than the normal fairy tales that we're used to hearing. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this so far. Um, and there actually was, uh, six, six or seven just little backup, uh, called, called legacy um at the end of this trade and it focuses on Sela and how she came to get this book um so it in this backup she is a teacher and she's talking about these these different fairy tales and one of her students comes up to her after the class and after class and asks her about the book and she just tells her you know the book was given to her a long time ago and we see how Sela came to acquire this book. Um, basically, um, she went into her and her brother went into this house in the woods. Obviously, a long time ago, um, they're walking through the woods. They find this house. Um, their uncle tells them that a witch lives there. Uh, but when Sela goes inside, um, she finds this book and she picks it up. And then this lady appears and and asks her, you know, do you always trespass in strangers' homes? Uh, and then the lady goes on to tell her that this book carries a lot of power and that it's it's fate or destiny. It's her calling that Sela ended up here um, and that it's her turn to take on this task that the lady has had uh, throughout her life where when when people are faced, especially young people, are faced with difficult choices um, that could have bad consequences. She shows up with this book and uses the fairy tales inside to guide them on the right path. Um, so what happens is Sela, you know, she kind of passes out, and when she wakes up, she doesn't know what happened. She she gets her book and she walks out, and she's in the middle of of a town or a city. Um, where it used to be woods, um, it's a lot less, lot less forest here. She doesn't know what this place is. Um, she walks up to this man, bumps into him, uh, says, "You know, pardon me," and he goes, "No, ma'am, pardon me." And then he just gets this shocked look on his face. He says, "It, it, it can't be," um, and find out that this old, old man is, is actually her brother. So she's somehow 
jumped forward in time to where he's an older guy and uh you know she's still the same age and this is obviously due to the fact that she now has this power where she has to go around and help help these people with their with their decisions that they have to make and that's something that you know i really thought i thought it was cool the way that they explain why she's that one constant in each issue of the trade so far um so i i I really like the backup a lot it kind of gave gave some good background to the rest of the story so far that we've seen um so another thing about this book i like most of the time is the art um throughout most of the stories i think the art is really great um it's it's a xenoscope book and from what i've seen of all the xenoscope books that i've even you know just paged through or glanced at looked at covers everything's kind of very over sexualized you know the girls are all have their boobs about to pop out you know they're all very busty gals um but you know, it's not overdone in a way that that takes away from the story. It's just something that you notice, especially if you look at the covers or if you're really looking at the art, you notice that, you know, all the girls have have a lot of cleavage showing and, you know, they're obviously meant to look sexy. And that is accomplished uh, pretty well. I thought for having so many different artists, it's not really, you know, it doesn't it doesn't put you off to go from issue to issue and see a different artist in there. So I, I like the art. Most of the time, there were a few times where, you know, I thought it was a little off, um, not quite exactly what I would want from the art for certain, you know, just certain sections of the stories, um, but still, still pretty good and still, um, it, it doesn't throw you off uh, from the story. Um, the story is engaging enough to kind of distract from just those minor, those minor art things that, that don't really, that just aren't as well executed as I would want them to, but they're still good. Um, so overall, I'd have to give this trade. You know, I, whew, I really, really enjoyed it. I'd have to go with, you know, gut feeling 9, maybe even a 9.5. And you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go 9.5. I really, really, really liked this. Um, and just something to kind of give you guys an idea of what's going on. Uh, there's a little introduction uh, written by David Wool. Um, Wall? Wool? I think it's Wool. Um, you know, uh, you guys might know him as another, as a comic writer. Um, he wrote uh, The Darkness, Witchblade, Aphrodite 9, uh, different things like that, as well as, uh, you know, he's an assistant editor at Marvel. Um, so, and, and those those books that he worked on were for um, Top Cow. Um, So he has a little introduction in the beginning, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Um, It just says, "Uh, Now, thanks to the fantastic folks at Xenoscope Comics, we've been presented with a re-envisioning of those classic childhood tales for a new generation. Whether it's the self-centered narcissism of Sleeping Beauty, the newly vengeful Cinderella, or the true consequences of Rumpelstiltskin's tempting offer, we get to see, from the perspective of everyday people, exactly what the brothers intended us to be afraid of. Um, and just the way I interpret that is the brothers, the brothers Grimm intended for these stories to show uh, that people should be afraid of each other and of the the different flaws in humans and you know just like it like it said the self-centered narcissism 
of Sleeping Beauty, the vengefulness of Cinderella, um, just these different flaws across across humanity and across different people um, is what's truly can be very scary. Um, it doesn't always have to be these, uh, you know, monsters and and undead and zombies and things like that. It can be just just people themselves. Um, there's there's darkness in people. Uh, there is light in people, obviously, but you know, I think that's what the the intention of this book and the Brothers Grimm Grimm's original original fairy tales were to show the darkness in people, uh, which is something that I really I think is a really cool concept, um, especially since you know I knew going into this that all of the you know the Sleeping Beauties and the Cinderellas and stuff, uh, the versions that I had seen and heard weren't what they originally were and they orig- and they were originally a lot darker but I didn't know you know what in what way were they darker you know how were they different uh, in the originals in these fairy tales so it was really fun for me to go through these and read the different stories um, I, re- I like I know I probably say this every week on the segment but I really do want to keep reading um, and eventually get around to doing, you know, another volume of this story on a segment. Um, I know I've done all volume ones thus far, and I want to move on to some volume twos, and beyond that, it's just hard because there's so many great volume ones out there. Um, but eventually I really would like to get around and do another, do another trade of this for the segment. Um, like I said, 9.5 out of 10, I really, really, really liked it. Um, and I highly encourage you guys to all check it out and give it a try. Um, whether you know the classic stories, don't know the classic stories, don't even know the, you know, the, the lighter kids stories. Um, I think there's stuff in here for every, everyone to enjoy. Um, and I think I, like I said, I highly recommend that everybody, uh, go check this out. Um, so yeah, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and giving this a listen. Uh, it means a lot to me when you guys, when I know that you guys are out there listening to this. Um, so as always, you guys can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3, uh, but that pretty much brings us to the end here. Uh, so I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric. Thanks guys. with you once upon a dream I know you that gleam in your eyes is so familiar a gleam and I know it's true that visions are seldom
<laughs> I don't know why either. I thought that was Thing a review is, song. The best part is, I'm I like singing it along though. the whole time. I'm like, it never I struck me as wrong. Until the end. Until the end, I realized, wait a second. This is supposed to be a review song. But you We know don't what? have a long way to go until the end of the episode I, because that's what this is. Yeah, and you know what? I like that song so much. We're keeping it. I'm not playing it again. I'm not going to give you a review song, Eric. This is mail with Eric, but it's actually reviews. It's okay, the end does of that the... mean I can mail this one in? Eric, you mail everyone in. Oh, I mean, really, what me. are you talking about? You know, you mail this in because it is. Right here on Weird Science. Yes, it is, Eric. You son of a bitch mailing it in. Uh, these last two books usually are things that we wish we could mail in, correct? Yeah, seriously. These are pretty bad. Uh, the, I, I hate to say it. Sometimes we have one out of three at the end that we're like okay but we're down uh, there weren't a lot of books this week so we have two to end with and they're not great one being the first one of these is one that's a mini series or maxi series that i think i think me and you are the only ones who are going to be reading this past this issue i see a lot of people have started i mean the series just gets started from this issue yeah well the thing is it uh, that is true the problem is i'm not that interested going forward but uh, it is Bane Conquest, but as we go, I see people on Twitter are like already like, this is still going on? I'm like, still going on? Jesus Christ, we, we still have, you know, nine issues. Yeah. It's still going on. Like you said, it just started. I, I really think that I, – I, I hate to say it. I think that maybe if it wasn't Chuck Dixon, this would have been canceled a, after like six – it's hard though because it's 12 issues. Right. If this was six – it's one of those six issues you go, hey, it won't be canceled because, hey, let's just end it. Sorry, this yeah, is two over. trades right. – wor- it's two trades worth of a story. And I don't see people buying it or caring. And I mean, when when I put up your review on Twitter, I think there was like four comments right away of, this is a piece of shit. I mean, they were not nice comments. Or somebody like, I buy every bat book there is, not this one, and shit like that. Because I guess you would consider it a bat book. Yeah, because yeah, it's Bane. I don't know. After last issue, I was I was pretty pumped. I was I actually high. was yeah. Uh, the first issue, all that time when it was announced to the first issue, I was like, oh, that's Eric's. I'm not yeah. looking forward to it. The first issue didn't really grab me. The second yeah. issue, full in to the point where when it showed up, I actually was like, oh, cool. I, I like Bane Conquest. It's gonna. It's like a, a palate cleanser again. It's yeah. like one of those you don't have much invested in it, but you can have fun. This wasn't that much fun. It really wasn't. But tell us about it, Eric. Bane Conquest, number three, written by Chuck Dixon, with art by Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright, and Carlos M. Manguel. Bane and Batman continue to go through Damocles' complex in this issue. Bane in search of Damocles himself, and Batman in search of the master behind the curtain, which he's calling Dionysus. Both our characters find their prey, but in the end, it seems that only Bane gets satisfaction because he breaks Damocles and persuades Dionysus to make his empire his own. While all this is going on, Batman hightails it off and feels off this entire issue. Yeah, I just... eh. The funny thing is, was it Double A, Ron, who's like, he can't read this because you said Damocles? Or was that Pete from NYC? I don't know. I didn't see that comment. It was like one of those two, like, I can't read this book anymore because every time I see it, it's Damocles now. I I know what it bothers me. 
Uh, but yeah, y- you see a little of Democles here. Uh, uh, basically, you want me to tell you what this issue is? I'll put it in a goddamn nutshell because there's not much to it. It would fit oh. in a nutshell. Batman goes to find Dionysus, as he calls him, while Bane kills everyone. There you yeah. go. The end. And then it's a monstrosity. Dionysus is actually a fucking fucking robo head on a goddamn thing that looks like a He-Man figure. And basically Bane just tosses him around. No. There there was some figure that was like this. That was a guy who was part like a head on a tank. I don't know that it was He-Man per se. But it was some sort of action figure. God damn it. That was one I was going to make for my uh, line of He-Man. Yeah, there was somebody that – Would you call him Tank or – Basically, yeah. everything that is He-Man, you just say or after it, and there you car or, car or, no, piece of shit or. I'd like it if he was a piece of or, and he was or 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 war world. No, uh, but you know, world juror. Yeah, that, goes, it's just Bane goes through and murders everybody. On the <laughs> you don't like my damages. He-Man talk. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, and, and uh, before you even go, as you're, the the main thing is they're really playing off the whole thing with uh, Bruce and Batman not killing and Bane doing it and them teaming. And I really do think that Chuck Dixon was trying to start this with Batman included because it does seem like after this, you know, Bane's going to go his own enemies, way and yeah. do things. Um, I think that that's the problem. You have this issue is kind of like the extended, okay, we have Batman to get everybody in here. It was too much. You know, you didn't need it this long, and it really shows in this issue. And I'm telling you, the last really issue was happens. really fun. The way they're playing off each other. Yeah, Here's and that was great. Straight up, look, we're working together. I don't fucking like you though, and yeah, then they go yeah. off on their own. But it's weird. It's like you have to get them pissed off at each other again, just so that it ends with that in continuity. You know what I mean? This continuity, yeah. whatever it would be. But it just seems just over. It, it's too much. This three issues of, of the Bruce and and Bane to me was just a little too much. And the whole thing was Dionysus there and the fucking tank or it's basically like, who? How could you? Uh, you know. A partner up with him. He's a killer, and you have that a code. All against all your things right there. And it right just there. keeps going on and on and on, and it just, we get that, but yeah. Uh, well, you do I see, do you like get, the art, You do though. get to see fucking Bane finally meet up with Damocles, because in the yeah. first issue, we saw Damocles just beat the holy hell out of Bane and fucking put him down. Here, Bane gets his goddamn comeuppance, and, like his revenge, actually, yeah. and just breaks him completely. Now that he has, like... Before he had the venom tubes that freaking Dam- Damocles just cut off to severing his thing. Here, when we start this issue, you see these two little bows. He just fucking jabs them into his head yeah. and gets all fucking juiced up. And he just goes to town on Damocles and breaks the shit out of him. Yeah, and it's funny too, though. It starts off and he does that. And I wonder if some people would be a little bit confused because you do have it. And he does jam it in his little, you know, those holes where he yeah. usually has the thing. But he's not with the mask on. And I no. want, want, it just was weird to me because then the next panel, he's got his mask on and he's with Batman and he's all juiced up and he, they have their outfits on because they did go there to grab their outfits off yeah. the, like they were on mannequins. It just wasn't well played out to me at first. I actually thought that was Damocles getting ready to almost do the thing because you don't even get to see the holes where right. the usual venom is. He's just boom, boom, gets the caps and boom, in. But it, you know, once I, I'm like, okay, I'm a fucking I'm idiot. I see it. I'm on the trolley and you, you get him. And yeah, just bang 
going through and just ripping through. And you have the the standard action movie thing of like, uh, you know, force number one, come in, unit one, what's going on? And they're not yeah. answering and like, huh. And it's almost like an alien type thing because totally. as it's going on, each unit that's calling for the others keeps getting wiped out while you have Damocles listening in and trying to, you know, get it. Hey, and then, you know, at one point Damocles is like, okay. He, he's here. He's going to get us. Yeah. Everybody, let's go. How, how many of us? All of you. Let's, ro- let's roll. Yeah, like that. It, it really is very standard action movie deal. And I do like, I'm telling you, without Batman in this, I think I would have liked it more. I want to see Bane. It would have been a straight rip. up goddamn yeah. action movie. And I want to see Bane rip through people. I want to see him g- swinging on fucking, ca- you know, fucking catwalks, shooting a gun and things like that. The problem that keeps going is you keep going back to Batman, trying to find Dionysus and talking about he doesn't kill. And it's just, okay, I get it. And just it. odd, I, too, I because this that. whole time that Bane's going through the complex, we see we go back to uh, fucking Dionysus and Batman, yeah. which really just breaks up the action. Yeah. And Batman is trying to find a way out. They're going to the helicopter freaking launch pad so they can get out of here because he's telling you, look, you're going to find mercy with me. You will find no mercy with Bane. So let's get out of here before he shows up. But it doesn't work that well because Bane shows up with a broken-ass Damocles, and now he wins retribution from Dionysus. Yeah. Damocles yeah. was not enough for him. Yeah, because also it he's like almost like listen, I didn't kill him because of you, but here I broke him. Boom. That's the funny thing is Damocles is such a, a monstrosity, or I mean Dionysus, Dionysus and it's yeah. even funny too because his name isn't Dionysus. They no, Batman gets there, and, and it's so funny because Batman gets there and says like, "Huh, Dionysus, I found you," and he's like, "Dionysus, I get it, I no, no, like the it, best the master part is- of." But, the uh, best part of my mind is that he keeps calling him Dionysus. Yeah. And it takes a while for the character to get on the truck. Oh, I get it. I like yeah. that. And it's funny to me because you didn't really need that. You could have just went with it. But I actually got a humor out of that, like you're Good saying. Luck. It is kind of funny that he's just like, Dionysus. Like, he might not have a name, but I'm going to give yeah. you a name. Yeah, his guy's, Go the guy's name's now. Tom. You yeah. know, and he's just like, hey, Di- Dionysus, that's a pretty kick-ass that's name. But yeah. Tancor, yeah, and I like it too, is there, you have the one point when he's like, Dionysus, I get it, I like it, the master of, uh, I almost said Democles, Damocles, <laughs> and all he has, he has this joystick that works his goddamn, uh, it's like a uh, freaking, what, a wheelchair slash tank, Yeah, and he goes to do something, and Batman throws a fucking batarang <laughs> You don't even know what he was going to do. And he's like, want to get out of here alive? No tricks. That's what Batman says. I'm like, what is going on? He's just a guy. He's just a head on a tank, for Christ's sakes. Uh, but yeah, then you have Bat- uh, uh, Bane. And you told me, and I, I it, it definitely comes out in this issue, where uh, Chuck Dixon really, really wants to remind you that he is Hispanic. Because yeah. out of nowhere, he is speaking a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of Spanish. Which we used to do a lot of back in the day when Bane was yeah. running I like it. I've really gotten away from that now in the current runs of Batman. Yeah, I like it. I I actually like it because then you're like, okay, it gives him more character. And it's his character. And it gives him more of a character there. But yeah, he just fights his way. He gets to the end. And like you said, he's there. He breaks uh, Democles, as you say. I'm telling you, now that I said it, I can't unsay it. I know. 
you killed me now. I'm done. I'm never talking about this. But yeah, and uh, Dionysus and Batman are there, and it's crazy because Bane just grabs the fucking tank or, and they, well, he fights Batman well, at one thing. point. He's fighting Batman because Batman wants to take Dionysus in so they can get actual justice yeah. and take down this whole empire. And Bane justice just wants isn't what goddamn he wants. retribution for being fucking, you know, humiliated in my yeah. mind. And while this fight's going on, Dionysus is like, smell you later, suckers. And yeah, fucking yeah. Tank, the tank fucking wheelchair has so a jetpack at the bottom just flies off it just flies off and it's hilarious i'm telling you the whole thing with dionysus it's it's pretty hilarious just his whole concept and things like that but yeah he takes off and bane's like fuck this no and jumps off and grabs on it's and almost this goddamn like complex on the side of a mountain so this is a long ass free oh fall yeah at this point. i'm telling you this is johnny utah jumping after bodie he jumps yeah. after him grabs on and then they start talking and bane's like you know i'm gonna fucking kill you but dionysus is a smart guy he's a criminal genius and worldwide mastermind and basically says listen you don't kill me but, uh, you know partner up with me we can like, rule the world this is not my only complex i have yeah. places yeah, all I have over tons the of these. world i have you... an entire empire that the law doesn't know about yeah we could be partners partners okay i can be your tool damn yeah. right yeah, exactly. And then Batman gets in the helicopter that was and there and away. basically just says, what's the largest? It's such a weird thing. He's like, what's the nearest population center? And there's two. The largest of the two, that's because. And he's like, okay, let's go there. <laughs> Off they go. They there's leave. nothing for me. No. And then there's the freaking tanker, Dionysus. He's in pieces. <laughs> just sitting there like uh, he's Help such a mature. He looks Help a little me. like he looks like Eggy. He's there. He's okay. like Eggman, just sitting there. But yeah, then Bane just goes and grabs him and starts fucking just grabbing him through the snow. And he's like, please, put me upright, please. <laughs> like, Oh my god, you're just a head on a fucking it's robot so goofy. body, He's just you? a head on a robot, and he's going, and then that's Bane going, you know... Fuel up the thing he goes yeah, with his guys. Yeah, and he drags him to whatever, like, uh, I don't even know how to fucking pronounce this place in Romania, but he gets there. And freaking, to you know, Masuara, bird, Romania. Bird yeah. and zombie and all of them, the freaking, they're yeah. ready to take off. He's like, hey, grab my luggage. And you see the freaking Dionysus. <laughs> Is it a yeah. cat carrier? Zombie looks. He's in a cat fucking box. He's there just ahead. And then zombie's like looking at him. And then Dionysus throws shade at him. Never thought I'd say this, but you might be uglier than me. There it is. I'm telling you, this is That's such it. a it's such a quick read, and it says next the cat, so you can only assume it's Catwoman, uh, but uh, or Wildcat, Eric. But as I'm, Bane, I'm telling you, and in my mind, this is the issue that actually starts us off on the whole Bane conquest, where he yeah, goes this is where place he, to place to yeah. uh, create this world empire. Yeah, that this Dionysus is what we is heard. For. We heard that when this was starting off, that we were going to have a Bane who wants to con conquer all of the you know bad guys in the world to be. The main bad guy, and that's, yeah, it seems like the this is going to kick it off, and it's good. You get Batman, just he just leaves, and yeah. it's fine, because I think that it held back this issue. Him being there kind of did throw the brakes on. He was just there to keep Dionysus company until Bane came and, and you know, jumped and ended up crashing with him and then agreeing to go with him. But, yeah, yeah it's okay. I like the art. I actually – I Graham love Nolan's the art. art. I'm telling you, yeah. the Graham Nolan, when I read this, it just brings me back to being a kid yeah. and just the whole nostalgic feel. And I think that's the main point of it for me is that I just get so much joy out of the art because it's what yeah, I used to, I'm with to read you. as a kid. And I didn't – I never read Nightfall or any of those. Uh, but I will tell you that it usually takes me – this is the same thing with like Neil Adams uh, when we were reading The Coming of Superman and stuff like that. And all these things, when I read these guys, it usually does take me a couple issues to kind of settle in with the yeah. style. 
And when I do, though, usually it, it ends up getting me pumped up, and I love this. I, I actually think that the art in this book is great, like past just being it's okay. Just fun. I love it. It is. It's just fun. You have that cool Dionysus, like I said. <laughs> he looks just like a crazy action. Actually, you know what he does remind me of? He reminds me uh, of something Sid would have made in Toy Story. Yeah. He actually looks exactly like something. I think there is a tank thing Some with the head in that. Yeah, it's a monstrosity. Sid that made tank him. with the baby and doll head? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looks exactly like that. He, he really does. So I, I think that the art, though, is, is great, and that's probably most of my score is going well, to be art. The art is a lot of my score as well, but the thing is, this I actually gave it a bit more because now we are actually getting to what this freaking maxi series yeah. is all about. And I did still have fun with it, even though oh, it is have, a lot I, of freaking not a lot of I had a lot of fun. Off. I'm telling you, the Bane stuff was so much fun. The Batman stuff just was nonsense because he doesn't belong here at this point in the book because you want to have a Bane who's all out Bane. You don't want him to be held back by Batman being there. And, yeah, I wanted to see him rip the fucking arms off of uh, – uh, I almost said the monsters Damocles. Again. Damocles. You're killing me. And it's all from what, what the first issue. It was two months you ago. Yeah, I know. Up with all this. It's just because I mentioned it at the beginning. But, yeah, I wanted to see him rip his arm off and beat him with it. I wanted this to be a ni- early 90s action movie where it's fucking gore and blood and stuff like and that. All of a sudden, I, he's fucking commando. Yeah. That's what I want, and I think it's going to go from here to be that. Now Batman's out. He doesn't have to hold back. Not that you can say he was holding back, but he kind of was. But, yeah, what did you give it? I gave it a 6 out of 10. I give it a 7, Eric. I'm telling you, the art, I think, is worth buying just to have fun with it. And even uh, his Batman is really, really good. It made me laugh because he's got that purple cape that uh, Dancing Mike hates that kind of puts him into the continuity. Them putting that in the fucking – him in that costume – Really screws me over with where this is supposed That's to play in the continuity because this is not the bane that we've been dealing no, with. And in I don't Rebirth. think it, I don't ever think that this is any kind. I think this is the Chuck Dixon continuity. That's all yeah. I would you know call it. It's his own continuity, whatever he wants to do. And I think Graham Nolan. We said this before. I think we said it in the first issue, even or last issue. I think that Graham Nolan's just drawing what he thinks looks cool, and he must yeah. like that. So we're gonna go with that. But yeah, I'll go seven out of ten. Uh, and just for the fun factor in the art. But the next book we're going to talk about, Eric, the art's incredible. Sure is. There is nothing else to even bother with. This book infuriates me every time I have to read it, and I blame you. I blame you for it. I'm telling you, I for some reason in my mind, the book is still in existence only because of you. Somebody thinks you like it, and they just keep I mean, it going for you. You wouldn't tell that by you. my scores. I don't know. I, I know, but I, I don't think they look at the scores. They just say, oh, Eric Shea, he's still reviewing it. This book is, is garbage, and it, it's it, it's a monstrosity. But go. Let's Cyborg. hear about it. Cyborg number 14, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Will Conrad, Ivan Nunes, and Rob Lee. Cyborg XE variant and anomaly wind up in another world after their trip through the singularity, and it turns out that things weren't too bad in our world because in this one, anomaly actually did create a cyborg revolution and has taken over the world. Yeah, it ain't pretty, but it seems that our heroes and villains are going to have to uh, are going to try and change that when we find out that the voice inside anomaly's head was actually cyborg's mother of this world, driving the monster to get them there so that they can pow- so that it could, they could have the power to take the world back from the dirty, dirty cyborgs. I'm not even going to ding you, Eric, because this book is such a goddamn ridiculous. Uh, One thing is, 
is you this is an aftermath issue it says singularity aftermath and i open it up and i can't say that anybody who was reading this book up until now like i i would venture to say not many people have been reading it every month anyway especially since it went monthly uh but because of that distance between the last you know the month that we've had since the last issue I thought we missed seven issues. I'm telling you, I started reading. Well, that's this. all right. I'm telling you, I review this, so I'm more invested in than you are. But like, even going in, where you know we had these characters going through this goddamn wormhole to this yeah. other world, I'm like, where the fuck's Doctor Sarah Just, Charles? And I completely forgot. I didn't go back and look because this is one book where I will not go back and do yeah. some research because I don't like it so much. But like, uh, somebody called me out on the on the site saying, oh, you know. Uh, Dr. Sarah Charles, she was saved by Black, Black Narcissus at the end of the last issue. Yeah, and I went she looked, was. and I'm like, oh yeah, she was. My yeah, bad. I kind of remember that now. I, I didn't I remember just, it at all. I, there is no way. I I started reading this. Obviously, I just have to read it for the podcast. So it was earlier today. Yeah. I open it up and I see them their phone through something. I'm like, okay, I kind of remember something going on. Mm-hmm. And when they came out, like the talk that they had going on, and then when they came out of it, the problem with me, uh, normal or number one with this is that you have John Simber Jr. that has played around to the point that it's infuriating with this. You know, the boom tubes going wrong, the virtual world, this and that. He's done so many fucked up, stupid things that I can never tell what the fuck he's doing now. Because I'm like, is this like a virtual world? You even have at one point there's symbols in the background going and there's this and it looks like – and then he's fighting a mecha. That's that's the whole thing. It really fucks you up when you start this out because when you left off the last issue, you were getting – they were getting sucked into a wormhole. And here we see that them actually going through this wormhole. Yes. Then all of a sudden, Cyborg just hits a bottom of just a white yep. existence where he's forced to fight a robot. And then after that's done, Blue's just there to the tell you advice. Like, you're oblivious to the obvious. So let me sing yeah. you a song or play you a song on my saxophone. And like, and then yeah. all of a sudden, it's all a dream. Xy wakes Cyborg up and they're in this new world and none of that seemed to mean anything. And it, it, the weird part of it is the way John Semper Jr. wants to go at it and the way he has with everything else you can't even tell me that it's fully a dream. You no. couldn't tell me that we don't end up next issue finding out that Blue is also a cyborg that was made this thing. I'm telling you, it's I or, think if they or, were, they would have fucking given back. Or I'm telling you, sight. all of a sudden you go out, cyborg comes in, it goes back to his own reality, and you find out that there never was a Blue, Eric, and you're like, oh my god, because at one point they're like, even when cyborgs there, they end up in this Detroit that has obviously been through what they say is a nuclear war it seems so right. you're like okay cyborg's like this isn't a different reality but it is it, he yeah. ends up and they keep going back and forth with this the only thing he's like i'm gonna look at the stars oop they don't match up there's an error but at, when it first started he's like oh no this isn't another reality this is like it goes back it's so and i'm telling you when we start this off and we meet and we, we do find out that this is a parallel world of some sort where the re- the cyborg revolution did happen it really just throws me off because I'm like John Semper Jr. This is not one of our established fucking Earths in the multiverse. No, the fucking, you know this the main multi. Like now you could say there's other shit going on with the dark multiverse yeah, or playing within the metal or the multiple multiverses that we've seen for a lot of multiverse. I don't think he's playing but with that at all though. Just I the think fact that he's that he just throwing it like out this. There. Just saying willy nilly. Oh yeah, this is one on a uh, parallel world. Like you, yeah. you can't just do that. You, I'm you have telling to tell you, me what I actually I got it that he's playing that this is a 
different timeline that's made technological. I'm telling you, it's just nonsense. I, I don't even know what he's saying. But that in the meantime, you also have – you end up finding out that the muse, that they have to shove down your goddamn throat because yeah. you have anomaly there. If, if it's me, I don't care what the fuck timeline, what variant fucking Earth we're on. The minute I come to a cyborg, I am killing anomaly in a second. I'm ripping his goddamn head off and saying, he said all fuck this time. you. He's waited all this time. Why would he start now? I'm just saying, you know, and he's just there. He's and they just he grabs him at one point, but then they're like, "Hey, let's figure out what's going on." It's like he, now he's a partner with them and going, yeah. and it just I'm like, "Fuck this!" And you find out that the voice that he's heard all this time is Cyborg's mom from an alternate reality timeline yeah. Earth. And how did that happen? How was that to be? And and I, also, I don't know. I'm telling you, the whole thing is like, you know, since I don't know what Earth this is because it, they don't tell you that it's thrown out there all willy nilly. Somehow, for some. Cyborg's mother's alive. This whole cyborg revolution happened, and she reached out to Anomaly of the Other World to bring them there to bring Cyborg, but I don't know exactly why. It's yeah. the whole idea that he needs to come over here to fight the metal men so we can get to the cure. I'm like, I, I don't understand the yeah. fucking train of thought that you're working with here to get us to point A to point B. It's just yeah. happening because. And the thing is, I, I'm still going to say that when, when his mom comes, she never says that they're from a different Earth. They say we're from a different reality. Yeah. And I'm telling you what's going to pull around that it's just another virtual reality type deal that like ended the, up being. I'm, I'm telling you, they're going to do this. But the whole this. idea is that we get this whole idea of like when we get there. Because before all this, like the, our team now, with your XE Cyborg variant anomaly, they are attacked by a bunch of cyborgs that are trying to inject them with nanites to turn them into monsters. Well, kind of like Brother Eye did yeah. in Future Zen. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Yeah, They're like met by Beast Boy, who seems grown up in my mind. Like he's yeah, older he, here. I actually uh, thought that they were going to say – I thought he was going to introduce himself as Beast Man. Which he and did I, in the teen uh, – no, I thought that would that. have been so cool. Actually, that was that like the one something. point. It was in Future okay. End, I think. Future Zen, sure. probably. No, what but, it was. It was it was Teen Titans during Forever Evil, I think for, okay. it was, when they were going to the future. Yeah. Oh, it would have been uh, – they missed the opportunity to just kind of make me smile if he would yeah. have been like, I'm Beast Man. Uh, yeah, but he shows up. Like you said, it's kind of like a brother ideal. It's nothing that we haven't seen. No. Uh, the issue I have is like you find out that like that, hey, that voice, your muse, you were telling this and that. And then you have Variant there to say, no, no, he's telling the truth. And it's all so hokey and yeah. also pushed in because they do end up when Beast Boy shows up and says, here, you know, he almost like a, uh, you know, almost like a John Con I don't Come know. Come with it's, me if you want to live. Yeah, it's just like that. And they go off and they end up. But I don't know. I still can't tell you. Tell me what the plan was where Cyborg's mom in an alternate reality ended up having the voice in their reality that was driving Anomaly because – Nothing makes sense to me. It never makes sense in this. Everything that freaking this muse that was talking to Anomaly, which just seemed to start out halfway through this goddamn arc where Anomaly, yeah. out, out of nowhere, oh, I've been talking to this muse the whole time. Like, since yeah. when, motherfucker? But it turns out that everything that she's been telling him that he's been doing is leading them to fucking open up the singularity to get yeah. them to this world to help them fucking fix what Anomaly did. Because in this world, we find out that, you know, uh, Eleanor Stone, you know, Vic's mom, she did yep. have cancer. And, you know, Silas, Dr. Silas Stone, he created the OTAC, he created Anomaly. Yep. But in this version, Anomaly came to life, like, when he was working on him, stole the OTAC formula, and freaking used it to create this goddamn cyborg revolution. And, and, and even and before like, that, though, she was cured of cancer. So that's yes. why she lived. So thing. she's like, yes. there, yeah. 
He uh, succeeded, the, but OTAC, I mean, uh, Anomaly came to life, stole the OTAC formula, and brought about the end of the world. Now it, and now, yeah. okay, go ahead. No, go, go, because I'm just looking, I'm just getting I'm angry just saying, looking And now at we it. find out the whole point now is like, like, Eleanor has talked Anomaly into all this. It seems like just to bring him here, this is what you wanted. Now, see, because now that we've mixed, like, you know, robotic parts with human, there's still the human ego, and it wants to destroy. I'm like, Really, guys? Come on! Yeah. It's like, and now Anomaly so... sees the fucking error of his ways. I'm like, yeah, you have that, a bunch that's... of fucking cyborg monsters already that fucking have yeah, like, you know, but, like Anomaly didn't thing. see his fucking you know ways. But and the thing that gets me is you you get the idea because it never really happens. It's never like cyborg hugs his mom, but it makes no. it seem like like she is not the villain here. No. But she is. She has caused so much problems for them in their regular reality by doing this stuff to make them get there. Like, how many people died uh, she because only cares of about what her she reality. did? I know, but the thing is now, Cyborg never says, like, God damn it, Mom. You know, it's great to see you, but you really fuck shit up. Like, you know, what, they don't even mention, like, she doesn't even mention... Uh, fucking Silas, it, it, they're yeah. there. They're, his dad is in their own reality, still fucking cap. It's just nonsense. It's like this book. Basically, John Semper Jr. thought, you know what? This book's not going to last that long. Who the fuck cares now? I'm, I'm going to f- fucking have some a uh, fucking ball here because this happens. This issue seems so disjointed with everything we had. Now you can say, well, this leads into that. This leads. Now, it's such a weird, like, okay, let's just go to a different reality so we can do other shit. Now, the thing I, is, though, I did give this issue higher marks just because we are doing something different finally. We are doing something different, and but it I doesn't... actually found it interesting just because it's just not them fucking you know, doing this nonsense over and over again it's that never so leads to weird, a conclusion. Though, because I'm telling you, this basically is the cyborg version of a... Hey, everything you saw before was a dream. Now you're in a different dream and you're going to do this because it's just nonsense. And he never says like, you know, mom, dad's still back at our reality. He's fucking, you know, he might die. You're yeah. a bitch because you're his, the muse of anomaly and you're making him do all this stuff just to save yourself. You know, you're fucking selfish issues bitch. now dealing with this motherfucker because of you. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's he's there's the villain who now in one issue is like, Oh my God! And she she tries to play like I just wanted to show him that he was wrong. Yeah, like, yeah, he's wrong. Your your world's. Cl- but I don't like you said. The the problem with it is they don't spell out an Earth. So nope. if it's not an Earth and it's just a reality that they keep pushing, I, I can't even say I'm. I, I can't even say I'm invested though. No, I just I I don't know. I it, haven't been like, invested in a long time. It, I know. I know what you're saying because yeah. It, basically, though, also, I'm like, this is like Future's End. I want to yeah. kill somebody to bring this back up. Uh, but, yeah, Beast Boy's there, so you got yeah, him and I... A grown-up Beast Boy looks really cool. I yeah. love the way the art works with him. But the whole thing is, I'm telling you, I gave this just because I got a little bit excited because I've been so... I, I think the last three issues of this book, I've given a fuck you five because it's been nonsense. At least here, we're going somewhere, we're doing something, and we it's got cool funny. characters coming in like Beast Boy, I, yeah, and we know I'm telling moving you. forward... Because We're gonna have to take of, on the metal men be, to get to the guy. Yeah, and door. the metal men, I I know. I'm like, oh, that he got him. Yeah. <laughs> he got Eric Shea. Holy shit! But even then, I can't even. Can you tell me that? You know, out of nowhere, we're not going to fucking next next issue, Cyborg's going to get zapped by something and wake up in a, the no. regular reality and go and whatever. Nothing. Plus, you had the metal men back before. We already we, saw them in the Cyborg book, and they were fucking nonsense. No, man. they were so, in the last series. That's what I'm saying. I said, But they were nonsense then, so you, you get in this series fun. and throw them in. 
it's like n- nobody can come up with a new fucking idea because it, all of a sudden, if you say these are techno sapiens and tech breakers, I'll fucking go. I'll go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like everybody who writes cyborg only has three ideas, yep. and and it just ends up. But because, like I said, my main thing is the whole part where we have spent all these other issues. We spent 13 other issues where Cyborg has gone into a virtual reality. He's gone into a video game. He's gone here, gone there, that I I can't grip what he's doing here, and it's out of nowhere. Like, yep. this is a point where if you read this in a trade, you would be probably this one. This would be the second issue of the next that trade. I don't know what the fuck you'd be thinking because all of a sudden he's there. You see Blue playing out of nowhere like he's a goddamn dream fucking angel. It's like highway to fucking heaven. Send me an angel. I'm telling you, he's there playing. You know what? You're oblivious to the obvious. That sounds like a song. Oblivious to the obvious. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you know what? This isn't reality. What is reality? You got me there, Blue. You son of a bitch. Yeah, Blue. Who knew that that guy would be in this book so much? Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. And, and the whole thing when John Simber Jr. was announced on the book, his whole speech when he was at that big conference that they had is like, this was the whole thing. Look, Cyborg can the see everything. Cyborg, Cyborg yeah. can see everything in the in all of the internet and the news and this. But then he meets this blues man, Blue, who shows him that there's not just one plus one doesn't always equal two because jazz, that's all improvisation and stuff like this. Who knows that he'd be this far on? Uh, you know what I mean? He's yeah. goddamn fucking. Uh, this is like the goddamn fucking retarded Matrix going on in this issue, and it's fucking <laughs> driving me nuts. Telling you, it's driving me the goddamn nuts. Hooey! The art's incredible. I'll okay, tell you, the I, art I, is great. I love great. the art in this issue. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go to my score because there's not much else to talk about. But no, I love I'm the art. I'm telling you, I'm just going to keep calling it the retarded Matrix, and we'll, we'll, we'll pad this out there. Yeah, I'm telling oh, you, yeah, the yeah, art's yeah. great, like we we're saying, but like it the whole is. thing is, I see the Metal Man, I saw the Beast Boy, and I saw us yeah. going somewhere, doing something that was a little bit yeah, different yeah. than what we've been dealing with. I gave it a little bit higher marks, because like I said, given the last three issues... This might be the five, only book that I'm lower than you, this whole this podcast. Is, I gave this a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, it's tough to go lower than that. The art is so good. Yes. Uh, usually we say like I I could never say anything of this though as being worth the price of admission though because this book is a fucking wreck and really we we are not argue but we kind of so we kind of complain the whole night about oh you know what they want to give this a good jumping on point that and this uh, there's no jumping on point there's for this jump the, if you're on, on there jump series. the fuck off and this is and one of those books have. and this is one of those books that. It, we wouldn't be reading or, or reviewing if we not. didn't kind of force ourselves to uh, just as – it's like a badge of honor being on this I book. started this out thinking – like I was all about a You were all book. about it. And I, I and initially, John Semper Jr. was throwing all these fucking cues to me from Frankenstein movies back in the 30s yeah. and 40s. I'm like, Which was okay, cool. I get what you're saying. You know, it was very and that subtle. makes like, sense for a cyborg. Yeah, man yeah. or monster. I get you. Yeah. And it was really good and then it just fucking went awry. And no, then it became stopped. a goddamn monster. That's yeah. what it became. Whew-wee. Next so is Cybergeddon, Eric. God damn it. This book needs to be canceled. It needs what's to be your canceled. Score there, baby? I, I, I'm still thinking. I'm going to go with your your classic, 4.9. Right. And 4. Point, I'm telling you, I give it a 4.9. 5.5 5 of that 4.9 is art, Eric. <laughs> so that just shows you how much. Not, this book, it's like if, if we had a virtual reality where eventually – it's in uh, it's 5D 
Like, you, you can actually feel. Th- this book was beating the fuck out of me the whole time. It was beating me up. And I'm turning it. I'm like, I got to get this done to get ready for, you know, do the podcast with Eric. And I'm like, God damn it. You're killing me. This book, you're, you're fucking beating the crap out of me. But, yeah, 4.9. I, I can't say I still anything. think it's better than Harley. Probably. Maybe. I think it's about the same. I think it's about the same bunch of nonsense, but that's yeah. it, Eric. That's the podcast. Uh, what do you give your book of the week? My book of the week is Deathstroke number 21. Mine is as well. I, I really did like that. And it's one of those, uh, obviously, I gave it a 9-2. So it's that is a strong score for any you know time. It's oh, not, totally. we, I'm telling you, Deathstroke could have been an 8, and I think that would be close to my book of the week. So I really was an 8.5, like, and it was my book of the week. Yeah, now I'm trying to get this app going again. This this is the worst app on my phone to talk about next week. But I will mention again, we do have a Patreon account where we do have a Patreon-only spotlight, and they are voting on it. And I do still think that the lead is Red Hood, but it could be the Forge or uh, the casting, casting right? Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm off. You tell me. Tell me a little about your week, Eric. How was your week, Eric Shea? My week? Well, I had to go back to work on Wednesday because it was the 4th yeah. of July this it week. It seemed and you know weird, what? though, right? Going I back. hate fireworks, and I fucking I made sure that I got all my reviews done early on the fucking uh, Tuesday so yep. I could go see the fireworks with Jess because she loves them. And I figured, you know, I a lot of times I bail on it, but I wanted to be there because like celebrate the 4th of July with her. So we went out to see the 4th of July fireworks, all this stuff. And I was having a bad time. I don't like being around people. I don't like loud noises or bright lights. That's what this is all full of. That's we really fucking, what it is, right? We got a blanket <laughs> out there. We're fucking sitting there at the goddamn no, school. Like and two lovers. Like, oh, like two lovers, Jim. Two and lovers. At this, this, the freaking the freshman center, which is like, oh, you can see them fine from here. You yeah. couldn't really see them that great from there. The fucking the tree coverage was a little high, so the fucking fireworks weren't shooting as high as she thought they would. But I was trying to enjoy myself once they started because I was being a real stick in the mud before. A lot of oohs and ahs going on oh, for yeah. it. Like all yeah. that good shit. But the thing is, I started to get into it. I was having a good time with her and stuff like that. And then right as the finale starts, this motherfucker and his little goddamn kid come walking up right in front. There's an entire goddamn field of grass. Yeah, they come yeah. walking up right in front of Jess and I, blocking our view. And then the mother comes up. Come on. Hurry up. Come on, baby. And then she finally walks her fucking fat ass up there. They lay down a blanket. <laughs> and as soon as they sit down, the fucking fireworks are over. That was the the entire finale was them fucking saying, oh, it's Man. a good spot. Come on over. That's Quaker Town. And then they get up and they walk back to their fucking home. I'm like, you pieces of shit. I fucking hate you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Quaker Town people, including No. Here is what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast, though, Eric. A full slate of books. Action Comics number 983. You ready for a little Superman Revenge Squad, Eric? Are you? All right. We have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 12. Not ready for that. No. We have Dark Days, the casting, number one. That's the big book, Eric. That is the big book. Have you read it yet? I have not read anything new. I have not either. Detective Comics number 960. There's a little Asriel action and Zatanna. We have Gotham Academy second semester number 11. Damn it. It's still going, Eric. One more issue left after this. Yeah, it's going to be done then. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps uh, number 24. We're going to have a little trial there. We have Justice League of America number 10. And it's funny because I went through this uh, earlier in the week to see how many books I had. And I forgot 
forgot that I do Justice League of America. <laughs> oh, God. We have new Superman number 13. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and on the site this week, Repairman Jack has an awesome article about why he thinks new Superman is the book that personifies Rebirth the most out of all the books. I suggest you go to the site and read so that. We have Red Hood and the Outlaws number 12. Uh, then I, I can't say anything about that. That starts the Bizarro story. Sure so we'll see how Who that is. Who is Bizarro, Jim? Who is Bizarro? We have Suicide Squad number 21 with Harley now the leader of the squad. We'll see how that goes. We have Supergirl number 11, Eric. I hope she gets out of that Phantom Zone. Fucking nonsense. I hope that the Phantom Zone is something that I can recognize. Uh, Superwoman number 12. We'll see if Skyhook and Crash have made it out of the Nightwing book. Yeah, they should be dead. I, I saw the sub they were on explode, Eric, so I don't know what's going to go on. It'd be so, how, how much would you give thumbs up to Kate Perkins and also just laugh if at the beginning it just had a thing like, uh, before we start, we want to have this in memory of Skyhook and Crash, and then basically uh, <laughs> Lana's like, you guess you don't have to worry about them. they dead. That'd be such a weird conclusion to this art. Wouldn't that be so funny if that's <laughs> what it was? I would laugh so hard. We have The Flash, number 26, and I did page through this. I just want to mention because – Started page and thought, I'm like, God damn it, who's on art? It is Howard Porter on art. Oh, that nice. you know I know you're not the biggest fan no, of No, but Howard I know Porter. you really enjoy it. You know I'm a huge fan. I I love the way it looked. I didn't read any, but uh we have Titans number thirteen that I can't even tell you what I I don't remember what was going on. Are we gonna they still were going deal after with... a freaking hive, I know that. Oh yeah. Pacemaker Wally. Pacemaker Wally. Pacemaker Wally. And the final book of the week is Shea Fontana's debut on Wonder Woman number 26 and Mirka Andolfo as well. So they'll be on uh, Wonder Woman for those six issues. Getting some Wonder Woman five or auction. Six. And yeah, and I said the auction because uh, we had an advanced preview that I put up on the site and I said in it, it looks action-packed. And I Man. think that that – if I was the one going on pet, you know, from Greg Rucka, I think I'd go that path. I think I would have a lot of action and adventure because that was the one thing I think was missing from Rucka. There was not a lot of action. It was a lot of personal, you know, things and, and emotional and stuff. Arms and shit like yeah, that. yeah. I I think that that'd be the way to go, Fucking and I think that's where she's going. Cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll have Cryotar that. or something. I don't Cry- even fucking know. Stryotar. You goddamn Ferdinand. Tank ore. Is that what it is? Tank or... You know what I would do if I was Shea Fontana? I would come in, kill off Ferdinand right away just to prove a point. Don't go in and <laughs> yeah. fuck everybody else's stories up. I, I would go and I would just actually read all of Greg Rucka and just... I, no, I can't say I'd do anything against him. I would just go and just do what you want to do. I would not get caught up in trying to outdo anything or prove that I'm... Wor- I would just go and have a good time. Have a good just time, go. yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe even... I think if it was me... I would probably not go with any standard Wonder Woman villain. I think I'd make up a new villain, and I'd just have a, a you know three issues with that villain leading into another thing that I make up as well, just so you don't have oh look you know if all of a sudden she has Cheetah that oh you know she went to the fucking easy well to grab Cheetah and it doesn't make sense to that or this. So I don't think Cheetah's going to be involved at all. Uh, if she's smart, and I think she is, but I would make my own villain. I'd make something else up and have it go and maybe even have guest stars bigger than the last, 
Eric. I, I would have everybody in this book, and I, I'm telling you, it would start with Swamp Thing because I saw how people went nuts when he was in Batman. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Swamp Thing would show up because his dad is dead. This was this is a story I've come up with in my head, and then Wonder Woman and Swamp Thing go and and beat up Kite Man, and then they go and then and then Wonder Woman yells at Swamp Thing as he goes back into the green. I think you've got a problem, Jim. Ten out of ten, baby! There's a, uh, Actually, do you want to have a funny thing? Have Ron Themyscira as the fucking issue stuff. Seriously. <laughs> Good to be home! That's a, that'd be funny. I think that'd be funnier than uh, Ferdinand. Then have Ferdinand People go and have him. Then, shit. Oh, it'd be so funny. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. But no, I, I hope that she. I lose my yeah, shit too. Though. I hope that ever. And I'll, I'll tell you, most of the time we like to nitpick and yell and scream. I have not read Wonder Woman yet, uh, but I would. I'm almost begging everybody who loves Wonder Woman, even anybody on the listens to our podcast, give it a shot. You know yeah. what I mean? I hate to think of people just like fuck that. I'm not going to go on because remember, Greg Rucka quit. Shea Fontana isn't taking over. She is filling in, and she's, you know, really putting herself out there to kind of take a hit because people are going to be right away. I know that people are assholes, including myself, and people are going to be like, oh, she's no Greg Rucka. Well, you know what? She isn't. So just give her her own chance. Don't fucking go in there with preconceived notions like a fucking asshole like me. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, because you know, I, I try not to do that, but you know what? Sometimes most of Sometimes us are assholes. Right here on Weird Science. That is true, right. Dan. Thank that you, Dan. is true. But yeah, I, I actually beg people to give it a chance and see how it is, and don't even go by. You're reviewing it. Don't listen to Eric Shea. The fuck does he know? You know, Eric. <laughs> hey, Eric, you there? I'm here. You don't know what the hell you're telling. No, you like what you like, and if metal men don't show up, you're not going to give it a good score. There Fuck it is. them. If they don't metal, show up, I'm going to Metal men everybody. show up at the end. Next thing you know, it's a fucking 12 fucking out of 10, and I see you 10 never. 10 out of 10. See you never. See you never. Ah, oh, Eric, it's over. Wouldn't it that be funny? Over. I do finally give the 10 out of 10 and do this whole fucking spiel that I've been talking about. We're quitting when I give something a 10, and it's cyborg. Yeah, it's cyborg. It could happen. This is why. This is the craziest thing. I Just before we do go off, uh, this happens with me with Brian Hitch, that every time a Brian Hitch issue on Justly comes out, I'm like, this may be the one. Like, there has to be some time that he hits. Some people like that one, you know, let's do Kumbaya's underneath the, uh, Destroyed Canada, which I thought was nonsense. But uh, <laughs> people, But I'm just waiting for, like, maybe... All of this break that he's on, we have this big 25 extra size anniversary issue. Maybe everything that he's been leading up to, it fucking hits. And all of a sudden, I'm giving him a 9-5. And yeah, maybe that's my... If, if Brian Hitch is over a 9, maybe I see you never. But I, I just... it it. I don't know why this doesn't happen. Like, why can't John Semper Jr., like, he starts the story, and why can't the next issue be, like, a 9.8? Like, all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit, this fucking was great. It finally I happened. And I'm saying this. This is what I want. I want you to come into work on a Wednesday after we've reviewed all these issues, and you come in and say, guess what? The freaking Cyborg was great. It was, it was so great. You're like, this was probably the best issue I've read in Rebirth. And why can't it be? Why can't I come in and like, 
boy, that, that Justice League 25, it is really good. Wait till you read it because you're going to love it. And then we come to don't, the podcast. Don't you punk me, Jim. And we, and we could be happy the whole podcast and, and just talk. I, I, Brett had told me the one time, and I think it was when we were talking about Court of Owls on the New 52 Review where he said, you know what? I have not heard both of you that excited and happy about reading something since I started listening to the podcast. So he even suggested like – and this is where you have people say, oh, I – you know, this – this podcast is more positive than Weird Science. Well, they also pick and choose which books they talk about, and most of them aren't talking Cyborg. Most yeah. aren't talking Bane Conquest. Most aren't talking Gotham Academy second semester. Unfortunately, there are some smart. bad books, and we, we feel the obligation to talk about most of them, and sometimes we're down on them. But yeah, I would love it if one week... Actually, fuck just Cyborg or, or Just League. Why can't we have one week that at the end of the podcast where you're like, hey, Eric, what'd you give the book of the week? And actually, you have to sit there tell. and think and you're like you know what one was they're all their good last. yeah they're, they're all good and there it is book of the week every one of them every one it's like when we talk to uh you the know one guy wins, at work Jim? we all win we we would we talk to the boss's son and he i love that movie hey what's your favorite part every part because he didn't you see didn't it see you piece <laughs> of shit again I, I i see some people reviewing stuff with their goddamn fucking blurbs this book's better than the last one i read you'll be plucking you know you'll be putting your money down for this one and then i read the review i'm like you motherfucker you didn't read it you fucking <laughs> jerks i'm like i'm here reading it fucking racking my brain of what to give it and to talk about it and you're fucking you don't mention anything and then say that and then fucking i'll kill you I'll kill you, Eric. Now I'm getting mad again. I thought I was going to leave in a good mood. Say what happened? It's the end of the podcast. Well, Cheer up, baby. I'll tell you. I'm I'm very happy right now because for one time in our goddamn life, we're actually finishing up a, a part of our podcast before midnight. So nice. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm thinking of all the fucking wonders I'm going to do for the rest of the night. I got like five hours to play with, Eric. Seriously. Boom. But yeah, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Great Keep week. it weird. And Proud. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there it is.